Hey, welcome back, all you fine people, to the best goddamn DC comic Get podcast you ever heard of. And if you say Ooh, otherwise, yeah. I'm going to have to call you a liar, sir. Liar. Ooh, a liar. I'm America's liar. sweetheart, Eric Shea. I am Jim Warner. And this is episode number 87 of Weird Out Loud, or the name that everybody knows it by, the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode 87. Is this episode 87.1? Oh, God. <sighs> Don't tell we, people behind the scenes magic. Yeah, behind the scenes, we recorded a whole intro in a news segment, and it, it recorded you in this crazy goddamn echo. Echo, echo, God echo. Damn echo. echo. Yeah, I, I thought something was going wrong, and you did as well. We don't say anything to each other. We just keep going. This is what this is the actual attitude that allowed the Nazis to take over, Eric, and also allowed or made me sit through Fifth Element with my buddy Brett. Both of us hated it. We didn't say anything. We both sat through the whole goddamn thing. See, well, Nazis, Fifth Element. I weird sat through Fifth Element with my friends. They loved it, and they called me a piece of shit when I said how yeah. terrible it was. Oh, I hated that. I hated that movie. But yeah, welcome to. The official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of September 3rd, 2016. So now I'm picking it up, Eric. Pick up the pace, Pick baby. Pick up the pace because if anybody uh, is not aware, you will not be with us most of the podcast. You I'm were going to be with the news. You were going to be on the news. I did news. You're we not thought. anymore. Yeah, we did it. It's not going to be included anymore. Now Reggie's going to have to do the news for me, and nobody's going to hear your, the hate. That you were spitting out during oh, that I news. I couldn't even stop you. I said, listen, Eric, I lost this is a, a family-friendly podcast. It is, right? Family-friendly? No, absolutely. Maybe no, your it, family, it, but... It is not. Maybe my family, yeah. Maybe Dick Grayson. He'd let some of this language go. We'll talk about that later. That's badass, Daddy. That's badass, Daddy. Listen, John, <laughs> that's called kick-ass, Daddy. Not badass, you son. I, I really, that threw me off. In that, Watch that your issue. language, little man. Yeah, like, listen, I know that you look like a 16-year-old, and, and is it me? This is so politically incorrect, but hey, that's us. It reminds me of a retard. Yeah, Because <laughs> it's the body uh, of a 16-year-old with the mind of a 6-year-old. I, I don't know. Why am I saying this there? Now I'm spitting hate. You were the hateful one before, but that didn't hit the air. Maybe one day we'll have that as a director's cut, if people can listen to something that sounds like this. Hey, Eric, what are you doing this week? I, 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 I'm That's what it sounded like. It was terrible. It was so bad. But, yeah, you will not be with us the whole podcast. You are going to talk your two books, which are Earth 2 Society Annual and JLA. And that leads into what I was going to say is that this week is annual week. The catch-up catch-up, whatever you want to call it. But this is a fifth Wednesday week, and you get these weird books. You get Fucking all these annuals and stuff. I do too. And it never—it's weird though, because during the New Fifty Two, once you get involved, this will not be as much of a problem eight months down the line, because we'll get these fifth Wednesdays, and then you'll have annuals of the books you're reading. They still are a little nonsense. You're still going to get, you know, oh, Batman annual number one by some other writer, not Tom King. It'll be a side story. Usually that's what happens, but at least you'll be maintaining those books, and you can pick and choose what you want to do or not. This, because it's happening so quickly, it's the second fifth Wednesday that we've had since Rebirth, and it's the second time that it's a bunch of nonsense, because this they week we do get... They resurrected a book that was dead and buried yeah, for this goddamn J week. JLA, we will be talking JLA number nine, which was canceled, delayed, canceled again, resurrected, killed, canceled, delayed, and then delayed her. And then haunts that, me in my dreams. Did. Yeah, and when this came out, up until now, and we talked about this a bit on the um, 
spotlight. So uh, forgive me if this is a repeat of, of what you Man, already that was days heard. Ago. But, Who knows what we're talking yeah, about? And not everybody listens to that. They want to wait for the meat and cheese, which is the main podcast that we're doing now. Uh, we Good were selfish. really, we were really confused. We didn't know. We actually got a hold of DC and said, listen, hey, DC, is this real? Doing? Because I use the Fresh Comics app. It's what I go by fresh. to see what's coming out. Because it's fresh. It's comics. It's fresh comics. That could be an ad, right? No. You like fresh? You like comics? Try fresh comics. You like rapping? You like that? You like barbecue sauce? <laughs> but yeah, you, you have this. And I keep seeing, this has happened before, where and it's Dark Knight that it always comes up, that Dark Knight book, where it would keep saying it's coming up. Uh-huh. No, that's not coming out. No. They, they don't update it. So we kept thinking, well, maybe that's not the case, but it kept showing up. And it, it, you know, we're getting to the point where this should be off of the DC site, all this. So I got a hold of them like, is this really coming out? Uh, am I, you know, are my eyes deceiving me? <laughs> and what I was told was, oh yeah, it's coming out. And it was kind of like a little bit of a, a snicker after yeah. that from the guy himself, because really this book, it, right away, when we talk about it, it has a Batman v Superman variant cover. Uh, that is that right there. It's perfect too. Uh, we talked about it on the spotlight face. where, boy, why didn't they take that off? I'm glad they didn't. I really am glad just they so didn't everyone because everyone knows it's perfect. It it just signifies that that whole series. Uh, and the worst part is, I didn't mind the issue. If, if you came into this podcast hoping that you're going to hear me yell and scream about Brian Hitch, I still will. Get a little upset, but both of us like this issue probably the most of any of the issues we've had so far. That's not true, That's actually. Ridiculous. I started out oh, really, really strong Did you look on the back? series. I went back and looked. I'm like, I got it like 8.5, 8. I'm yeah. Like, you know who was by, on the – By issue three, I didn't it started like going it downhill. From, I didn't like it from the beginning. I can stand proud, stand tall and proud and tell Do you it. I did not like it from the beginning, and I did not. I did not, Eric. I'm going to whisper now. We're proud members. Of the Comics Podcast Network. If we're so proud, why are we whispering? Pass it on. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network. Proud. A lot of of networking. We're networking. And we're also on Twitter. Bebopping and scooting. Yeah, bebopping and scooting and scatting and the little scat. I scat all the time. I know you do, and that's the type of porn you like as well. <laughs> uh, we're on Twitter at Weird Science DC. Like us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. Also, email us at Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. And there is a lot of mail tonight, and I will mention right away. We'll mention it at the mail section as well. If you email us an email, you can say that you hate Eric's freaking shit looking grin, a shit eating grin. I was don't, trying to think, what like do you. That. What do you always say about jerk off face? Your jerk off face. If you you could write an email, dear weird science, I hate Eric's jerk off face. It's on the podcast. You Where's are now like you are now part of the podcast. You are the star. That what we are. We're the podcast of the people. We want to make you a star. We are the star makers. We're the dream takers, Eric. <laughs> sure. We, we we give people nightmares and dreams. You're not. I'm trying to it. pick this up. The the last time we did this and it echoed, I was a little down because I'll even say before this, before we even had troubles, I was having all sorts of soundboard troubles already. We should have known it was it was doomed. And so finally, I had to delete everything to get it on. Now I'm up. I'm up now. Remember last week we talked about the podcast while or talked while on the podcast about how there was a certain point in the day. That we both felt like the oh, euphoria sweep over us, and we wished that the podcast would happen then. It's like five we're, o'clock in the afternoon. By nine we're there o'clock, now because it is this. five o'clock. It's five o'clock right now. We don't normally 
uh, record this podcast when there's any sort of daylight except the daylight of the morning after. I don't when like we're that recording time. at 5 a.m. Right now it's 5 p.m. I'm up and at him. We're going to get this done. I'm going to eat dinner. Then I'm going to meet with Reggie later because that is what's going to happen. You are only going to be on this little intro and your two books. The rest is me and Reggie. Dude, I got a wedding. I'm a groomsman. You got a wedding to go. You're a groomsman. You got that. <laughs> you, you ended up, you were upset because you got a, a tux in the mail. Yeah, it was you, a weird the, thing. It was uh, Generation Tux where you take your oh, own Generation Tux. And you put it in the computer and they send you a tux a week beforehand. And I got it and I tried it on to make sure everything was all right and there was no tie. That's what I say, Eric. You heard that, right? The, the, I heard the board's it. working. You heard that? You know why? Because Generation Tux is awesome, Eric. That is now the awesome horn again. What do you think of that? You interrupted Ooh, my story. Yeah, I'm just going to hit these. I'm so happy it works now. Hello, Weird Science. Oh, hello, hey, Dan. Dan. How are you doing? How are you doing, Dan? I talked to Dan this week. But, yeah, you got the tucks in the mail, and you were very concerned. Like, you, you got the things to measure yourself, right? Right. Then you send in the stats, yes. and then they send you a tux, and then if something's wrong, you send it back for alterations. Then they send it back to you. But I know you. You are a man who does not like any sort of controversy or Absolutely any sort not. of nonsense. You like nonsense on the podcast, real-life nonsense you're, you're going to avoid. So no matter what, in my mind, this thing could show up. The only thing that would stop if you were bit fat guy in a little coat. If that happened, then you're going to send it back. But if it happened to be like, oh, you know what? The crotch could probably fit a little better down there in the inseam. Well, you're, really you're not going to do it. I'm not right? a fancy guy. I don't wear a tux all the no. time. So when this came in, I put it on. I'm like, all right, this fits. And then Doc sending me a, a message like, hey, how's it fit? I'm like, it fits good. Is that good? Because everybody else had to send theirs back. I'm like, why? What's going on now? What the yep, Now you're all thing? concerned. And then you want to know what's going like, on. All right, maybe this is like, I got a modern fit, it was called. Maybe there's no title, modern fit. Oh, modern then, fit. There's actually something called, like, you can select the modern oh, fit. Oh, yeah, there's classic fit, I think, and a modern fit. What the hell and is then, the difference? It's a tux. What What have they changed? Well, they, we don't have the freaking, like, what are they called? The flares anymore? The uh, ruffles? I don't, you say you're not a fancy guy. If it has tails and a top hat, that means fancy to me, and I'm ready to go. Top hat, cane, tails, I'm in. I haven't been to a wedding. I'm at the age now that I'm starting to go to funerals, Eric. Ooh. It's and you really don't a funeral. Funerals? No, but you know, I I get worried. My to. one friend, he died. I sure didn't did. even know that there was a funeral. I'm sure there would have been by now. He died like two months ago. Is, is that what they do? They put him on ice for two months. I don't even know what the hell happened with that guy. He might have burned up. Or, I don't. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He might have been decapitated. Who knows? That, that's how much I care. That's about. a closed am, casket right there. I, I am not a, a nice guy. But, yeah, you got your tux. You're ready to roll. You already had the rehearsal dinner last night. You got a yes. little drunk. You had to hand in your chip. Thankfully, though, we got, like, you know, the groomsmen. I mean, the groom gave out presents to all the groomsmen and shit like that. So I got a little Irish cap that we all have matching Irish caps. Oh, really nice. Fat guy cap. A fat guy cap, as you put it, which cap. I hate because I've been yes. wearing a hat like this for years. It really bothers yeah, me that cap. you call it a fat guy cap. But yep. everybody got individual ties, like different patterns of a green tie that go with our tux. I'm like, thank God. And he's like, well, if you were really worried about this, why didn't you say anything? You were just going to show up without a tie? I'm like, I would have been running out to Coles right away you to try been, to find something. You would have looked so ridiculous. Oh, tux my God. without a tie. The thing I'm is, so, I, too, none of the groomsmen said anything except for my buddy Rich. Really? So everybody would have showed up without a tie. Who we were supposed to have a tie, supposedly. I don't know. But we have everything's taken care of. And unless something is weird as hell the way I look, because I don't know how a tux is supposed to fit, everything should be fine. Mm-hmm. 
So the the uh, God, the, I'm wedding, so the wedding is tomorrow on a Sunday, which is odd anyway. A Sunday wedding. That's I'm telling you, I've had two Sunday weddings this summer. Eh, I used to you, think it was odd. It's the new norm. No, it's something that uh, has to. It's something that they're getting more used to, I guess. But it was always to me, it was just like you'd always have it on Saturday. Again, this is because I'm Catholic and you know Christian, whatever. You have your Sunday as church all day. There's no churches open on Sunday to have a goddamn wedding, so you'd have it on Saturday. But you guys are having it Sunday. See, my idea was everybody goes and gets drunk at the uh, reception, and they don't want to go to work the next day. That's why you have it on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But this time, you have Labor Day on Monday, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you do have Labor Day on Monday, so you don't have to worry about it. But yeah, uh, we have a weekend off. Everybody taking this weekend. All these other podcasts, that's the big thing. Oh, we don't know if we're going to have a a thing next week for Labor Day. What what does that matter? You know what I mean? What does Monday being off mean that you can't have a podcast on a Friday night? It's Labor Day. You don't work on Labor Day. We do not skip weeks. We I, I we used to laugh. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and we recorded. It just didn't go. We say we said before in podcast land, that land that everybody loves to live in. You cross the border over to podcast land. Hardest workers there, right? We're slaving away. These people. Oh, we can't have they our forty-five minute podcast. Holy moly! How could we fit that in? I don't know how long tonight's going to be. It, it may be uh, pushing it to get over five hours. We'll see. People listening to this will already see the length. And they're we're not right now. Push it. We're, right we're now they're like, go naturally. Yeah, yeah. Right now they're like, five hours. This thing's nine and a half. Because that's what usually happens when we say, oh, we're not going to have much to talk about. The next thing you know, it's a twelve-hour fucking fiesta. I think it was it's last a fiesta. Week you said, I don't oh, want to. We don't there. got nothing to talk about. It's going to be yeah, done I always at one say that. Yeah. I always say about these books. I don't have anything to talk about, and then I can't shut the fuck up. I look when I'm editing at the two tracks. There's my track and your track, and I don't shut up. My whole track, my track is just might as solid. Well be crickets the entire yeah. time. Yeah, it is. And fucking air horn, Eric. Air horn. Yeah, there you go. Listen, now you want to pick it up? You want to pick things up now? Pick it up. Who else in the leprechaun? Yeah. 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 God damn it, I see that leprechaun, you weird toothed fella. <laughs> I didn't know how to explain that guy. <laughs> you, you, you I thought, at some points when I see that guy in that video, I think he has a grill. Then other times I just think he has very bad dental hygiene. I, I think it's a combo. Uh, yes, we're on Twitter at Weird Sites DC, where you could uh, talk to me all day, all day and night. I like to talk to people on- online. You call me up on my phone, I'm not answering. I'm Absolutely fucking right not. to voicemail for that. Uh, like us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. Email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. We talk, uh, add everything. Anybody who mails, I don't, what am I saying? Everybody who mails gets on the podcast. We read everything, good, bad, and different. And also, uh, Dancing Mike, unfortunately, heard that spotlight. And people, you got to support my man, Dancing Mike. He's on the ledge. He's about to jump off. I like him on the podcast. I like hearing his he reviews of Rom. Entire time, of I love like getting praised. I love it all. Uh, but he adds that thing. But you have to realize, Mike. Mike is. I would say, would you consider him a new listener? Or an intermediate type thing. He's been listening for a while. He immediately, yeah. it seemed like the minute that he started listening, he was in. Yeah. He sent that 20-minute voicemail, all this. I don't know that he realizes that this is a trend in this podcast of the hate going back and forth between people. Because Constantly. when we first started, we had John. 
who used to email every week and just say we suck. That was basically, dear guys, not even dear guys. Here's the thing from John. You guys suck. You guys still suck. And then we didn't hear from him a while, made fun of him. He told us he had real world problems, real life problems. Then we really made fun of him and then he ditched. But also, if you remember, when Reggie first started sending an email, there were people against him, including me. I would yell and scream about Reggie all week at work. And at one point, my wife and Reggie got in a Twitter fight that I actually had to leave work to go home and calm down. Yeah, shit was getting real. But yeah, this is just a trend, Mike. Mike, you, you talk, send in your rant and raise, which he doesn't have one this week because he's upset. He, you'll hear in his mail. He's retiring. He's done. He's dropping the mic. He said he'd still listen to us. But he we need him. Who else is going to talk about the, the 1942, Golden Age 1942 comic store? Who is going to tell the masses, Mike? Mike knows I'm joking. I, I was talking to him all week. I said we love him, and I do. I think that he's yeah. fun, and I like people who are passionate and you know add something to the podcast, and he certainly does. But, yeah, you're going to get – you said when I was talking to him on the uh, – Sending emails back to him about it, trying to talk him off the ledge. You said the internet's a hateful place. Yeah, you know, you basically. I think you said, Mike, welcome to the internet, because yeah. this is what happens. This is the hate that you get. You think that when we put this podcast or not podcast, just the site first, then the podcast. You don't think that we were afraid that we were going to just get ripped apart? We didn't I'm have a podcast. Afraid. We didn't have a podcast for a year and a half after we started the site because we thought people would hate us. And some people do. We had people, when when DCR went down, we had people fucking complaining that the only thing left was us, and we're fucking awful. Yep. And here you are. Like I said, we're not the... They've got our number. We're not the podcast you want, but we're the podcast that you deserve, Eric. You bunch of terrible fucks out there. Yes. Yeah, just like us. Podcast of the people. Uh, The site that we have, Eric... It's Weird Science, DCComics.com, where we review every single book each week except Bombshell's Annual. I'm not reviewing that. I may have, I may get to it before Wednesday. Yeah. It's just weird. Well, I talked about it on the spotlight as well that it just seems like I'm faking the funk if I review that. I have not read one issue of Bombshell's. You might have read the first one, I think. I don't know. I think I paged through them. I think I glanced through them because you had actually read the first couple chapters. You reviewed them, and then I was going to pick – I was going to grab the fucking baton and take off with it, but it was well past. Like, I'm telling you, you did say up to six. Right. I forget exactly what it was, but it was around I want to say 11, but that even seems high to me. I don't even think it was that many. I'm I'm telling you. It didn't last long. And when it was at like 32 – I was going to join in. I'm like, I better get a little bit of an idea, and I was paging through. Reggie kept saying, uh, but I will announce now. Reggie did. Did you see that? He I is did. now starting to review it uh, because it looks like it's a new starting point. So if you are a DC Comics Bombshells fan and you're like, Jim, you're a piece of shit, bad-mouthing this book, <laughs> Reggie has the review on the site. So go to the site. Read it. It made picks of the week, Eric. Picks of the week. But also we're on Podbean at weirdsciencedccomics.podbean.com. And when you get this, when you listen to this podcast and you say, boy, these guys suck, I really want to tell everybody about it. Well, what you should do is you should go to wherever you get it and rate, review, and subscribe to our show. And then you can tell everybody that we're have a change of heart right before you do it. No, I think that what happens, we are, we're very hard to get into. 
It's like I have a chastity belt on, Eric. But once you open that chastity belt, boy, it's smooth sailing, man. There is. You, I have no lube needed. The next thing you know, everybody loves it. I do think that we're a an acquired taste. Uh, but as you go on and see how the you know the the flow of how the podcast is, and that we will talk about everything, and we're very potty mouth. Then you get in, and you get involved, and you love it. But yeah, yeah. this week on we're iTunes, we're your guilty pleasure. We are. This week on iTunes, we got two five star reviews uh, by S eight DJW three and Anders Doriel, which we do think is Dirty Drew. And also, if you listen last week, I said there was a review that was not coming up on iTunes. I saw that the number went up, but the review wasn't up. That's the one. That's right. so. That is that. But yeah. Two five-star reviews, Eric, and I do see from the stats that a lot of people are jumping on the podcast, and hopefully they like what they hear. They like a long and hard one, Eric, yeah. long and hard. But if you want to, and you're a new listener, we have a thing called the Weird Science Rant and Rave Line, where you can call in, and really, when I set this up, this was a line that was supposed to be, you read Batman, and you're, you just you have to tell somebody about it. You have a piece of shit friends who think you're a loser for reading comics. We're your friends, Eric. We are the Come friends on, that baby. you need. We'll hold you tight. We're not the friends you deserve, Eric. <laughs> We're the friends that you need. But yeah, you call up and just go, man, I just read that Batman. It's fucking kick ass. I love every bit man, about it. And Jim is. is right. Or even when we do do, 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 we do uh, the reviews every Wednesday at 12 a.m. So the minute that the embargoes lift, you will almost always see every Rebirth book reviewed right away. So if you're like, oh, man, I already read. Well, actually, you probably haven't gotten the books yet. But when, you, when you do get the books, our review is probably up. So you read Batman. You're like, boy, this, this issue sucks. I'm going to see what Jim says. And I gave it a 10 out of 10. You call the rent and rave line. God damn it, Jim. You're an idiot. Ah, uh, wow. Well, you know, a minute just yelling at you. You and your that's, jerk off face and your 10 out of 10s. Yeah. That's what it's about. Or like you, you think that Wonder Woman is great and you see Eric Shea gave it a 9.5. You can call him and go, you know what? For once, I agree with Eric. That ah. piece of shit, you know, a blind man is going to get something right once in a while. I, I don't, there was some fucking metaphor I was going to call. <laughs> what is that? There's like something a, a like. A clock is uh, right at least uh, two times Yes, a day. that's what it was. Next thing I think it's you being retarded. But yeah, we had one rant and rave, and it's not Mike. Here is the rant and rave we had this week, Eric. Oh, uh, yes, hello. I was just on your internet website, and I saw that you had a preview for Gotham Academy second semester. Yes, we did. I love that book so much, and I just oh, yeah. could not wait to see a little sneak preview of my favorite book. But I don't understand one thing on the cover. You got Olive Silverlock, and you got Maps Mizuguchi, yep. and Olive's there writing the graffiti, and Maps is over there. She's wearing a leather graffiti. bomber jacket, and she looks like she got maybe some kind of toothpick or something in her mouth. Maybe like a matchstick or something. And it's a dead of winter, folks. Now I want to ask you something. Does the second semester, does that, is that, is this just the first semester? Has that happened? This is only the second, the spring semester? Pretzel, Eric. the second year? Because I don't, did all those things that, that happened in the earlier book, was that just in one semester, in four months? I just do not understand. It does not really make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm, I'm really having trouble with the timeline, but Gotham Academy is one of my favorite books. So if you could help me out and let me know, is, do they work on a trimester? Is that how it is? That maybe maybe they go to school, they have a summer session, and then they have a winter session and a, and a fall session. Like, how does that work for them? Uh, I well, just want to know. Session. Also, how much is tuition? Yeah, really. And how much is tuition? He wants to know. Uh, that that voice, it, it just rings. It's like somebody I've heard before. That huh. that voice. 
Um, but yeah, that is that is actually a question. I never even thought of that of it being second semester. You just assume, you know, it's For it's almost reason, like a movie. It's like back to school two, second exactly. semester. You know, something like that. Yeah. But like that when I saw second semester on the freaking tag on there, it never crossed my mind that oh yeah, this is just the second semester, not that, a, like a whole brand new because year. Because like I said to me, that quote unquote second semester to me is a like a tagline for a movie where you would see if there was a back to the back to school two, second semester might have been a, an okay tagline for that, yeah. right? You have Rodney come back. Next thing that he's got another son that he didn't know about, and he wants to be a diver. Well, we also he, find out he the doesn't know the triple Lindy. He's also a boxer, and he has yeah, a special. Actually, that move. would have been he. He is a boxer and does the triple Lindy boxing move that he did down in Coney Island. That, that's what <laughs> happens, right? Down in Atlantic City, actually. But yeah, um, I don't know. And the, the tuition, I know that a lot of uh, big name uh, fellas have gone to and gals have gone to Gotham Academy. Uh, Yeah, all the Robins seem to have gone there. Not Jason Todd. He went to the Wayward School for Boys where (laughs) fucking Ma Ma Gunn Gunn was using them to go and steal shit. That's what Batman thinks of Jason Todd. That's what Batman does think of him. I like uh, you, boy, but not worth, you know... Fifty grand a semester tuition. Yeah, I would say that it's probably like twenty-five to thirty thousand a semester. And everybody in that school that we know, Maps, uh, her brother, and Olive, I think they're all on scholarship. I believe that Olive, if I'm not mistaken, Olive is there almost as a favorite of Batman. There was this weird thing at the beginning. I did read and review it at the very beginning. I can't remember shit like that. Reggie does that. It's funny. Reggie is doing that second semester. He actually put up that preview. And I don't know who this guy is. I, I don't know why this guy calling in the rant and rave line didn't just call Reggie and yeah. ask him. You know, maybe like in front of a mirror, Eric. In front of a mirror. But yeah, before we go, before you go off to your wedding, um, I do want to mention a couple podcasts that I really enjoy. I just want to give them a little shout out. So one is always uh, the 365 Flick guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. I really like them. I still want to have that Lost Boys uh, crossover episode. Once we, we get Corey all, Feldman on board, bam. All I do is talk about the sexy sex guy. That's all and I'm going to talk about. all I do about. is ask obscure questions of things I want to know about between the sequels. Yes, yes. And the other one is the podcast Comic Confidential. Uh, they're from Down Under, Eric. They're from the land Down Under. And oh, yeah? I, I remember you asked last week what they know Paul that Hogan? was. That, they might know Paul Hogan. That's not a podcast. This is a podcast. That's if I was an Australian podcast, I would get Paul Hogan. I don't, is he alive? I, sure I'd get is. him. I'd get him to do the intro for the podcast. And one of the guys uh, does talk to us and retweets a lot of stuff for us on Twitter. His name's Troy. Troy Spinner. He's hey, one Troy. of the guys. And I'll, I'll tell you, Troy, if you're listening, your accent is not as strong as the other guys on there. And I actually is he a thought fake that, Aussie. No, I, th- I actually thought he might not be an Aussie, but it seems like he is because I'm listening. And he even to the point, I don't know if it's one of those things when you're listening and just get an idea and you're, you kind of warp inside your head. I thought he had a New York accent at first. Oh, my God, no that's cool. Australian beer last Next night. Thing. Oh, really? What it was, was it called? Tasmanian peppers and seawater. Oh, and I'm like, I'm looking at him. Seawater? Like, I don't remember what the hell the beer was called. I just kept calling it the Aussie beer. But we're looking at it. Made with salt water from freshwater beach. Lousy Aussies can't get nothing right. Yeah, really? Fucking salt water? 
Salt really? water Jesus from Freshwater Beach. Just think. Well, now, yeah, really, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I, I just, in my mind, because where, where we live, Pretty we go beer, to though. we go to like Atlantic City, Wildwood, that area. And I remember at any point as a kid, because I have not gone there much since I got the shit kicked out of me on the boardwalk way I don't back. Take when. anybody off. But when I was a little kid, I remember getting when the seawater would get in my mouth, it just tasted so fucking awful. That's because that was raw sewage. Jim. Yeah, and then I'm pulling out a fucking needle yeah. out of my mouth and a goddamn fucking. I'm like, oh, a jellyfish. My mom's that's a that's a uterus. That's Stay a used away. condom, little Jimmy. Yeah, then yeah, fucking look, mom, party balloons. New Jersey's like, yeah. gross. And my mom's just there doing nothing. I, I'm just, I'm trying to remember when we did go to the beach. My mom and dad just, my dad wouldn't actually go to the beach. We'd be there at a campsite, and then we'd have to kind of get our way to the beach. My fat-ass dad would just sit and watch TV. He just, his idea of a vacation is just somebody else's cable. Yeah. You know, like it's cool now because they have the Dukes of Hazard on at 7 well, instead of at 530. Yeah, that's because that's what I learned. I went down there and they actually had the Duke's Hazard on. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Friggin, uh, but yeah, that the is it for the intro. Just like you're you're going to go. Yes. Bing, ding, ding, ding. Saw my kid just the other day watching Duke's Hazard in the familiar way. His there, pants were off. <laughs> his pants were off. He had his underwear on. Get me my cigarettes, Jimmy. I don't care if you're asleep. Fucking asshole. Would wake me up at five in the morning. Because that's one, the other thing with my parents, where I talked to you about them not paying a lot of attention to me. One of the things, the, the problem was they worked very early. My mom and dad both worked at like 4.30 a.m. So they would go to bed at 7. Is why they never saw any like the shows when they were originally on. We'd always watch the uh, reruns. But also, because from 7 until I went to bed, I was on my own. So yeah. I just I would sit there and watch sports and things like that. But Cry then when they would wake yeah. up, yeah, they would wake up in the morning and just start screaming for me to do stuff. It's 4.30. What the hell? And that, and that even because my dad was in that routine, Saturday morning, 4.30, he'd wake up. Jamie! Give me my cigarettes. I walk down. They are like two inches from them. Get those cigarettes shoved right up your ass, Dad. But that, that's it for me and you for the intro, Eric. Because yeah, I got a wedding Reggie, to get to, man. I'm going yeah, to hurry this shit up. Me and Reggie are going to do the other things and whatnot, but I want to say goodbye and uh, see you later. Later. Now it's time for Jim and the News. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. I guess Eric's there too. You know what though? Nope. Eric is not here, is not he? Not this time. Nope. No yeah, Eric this Reggie, time, folks. We're gonna have to have a part duh of that song just in case Eric isn't here for the news because Eric's off at the wedding. And well I was hoping uh Dancing Mike would do an edit there so it'd be like, you know, uh and I guess that 
Reggie is there I guess too. That you Reggie know? guy. <laughs> Actually, I was gonna fade out, and then I completely forgot. I was gonna fade it down. So yes, Eric is gone. He's off. He's he's out and about. Uh, I talked to him. If he would get on with us, like I actually did this whole wedding business of his with this wedding on Sunday, and mm-hmm. it, it's all screwy in my head. But I really did think tonight was going to be another drinking night for him. It doesn't seem that's the case. It seems I don't know if he's going over to this guy's house and staying over for the wedding. I, I don't even understand. Or they're just he, having a sleepover, maybe. Maybe it's just he may uh, be at home now, just sitting. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I'm really I, think not the, sh- I think the wedding is bullshit, Jim. I think he just didn't feel like doing it. That's all there is yeah, to and it. And then I forced him into a couple of his books that you're going to hear more. Like, this is the way our podcast goes, though, is that even when you take off, you're still on the podcast for at <laughs> least course. over two hours. It's like yeah. two hours, though, is a vacation. I said we were talking on Twitter. You even said about the whole thing. To me, a five-hour podcast, I don't know. that That's slacking off, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> that breezy. easy. Oh, my, my God, we did that rebirth uh, spotlight on Thursday night, and it seemed like we didn't even start, and it was over. I forgot <laughs> even to say a couple things, but I even went to work the next day. Eric actually showed the next day, and uh, I said to him, it didn't even seem like – just think of that was what we did each week. We didn't review any books, and we just had an hour-and-a-half podcast. Yeah. Holy it was Lord. an hour-and-a-half, too. That's the thing. It wasn't a short amount of time. It was like no. you know, no, that's a, a full-on podcast movie. for most. Yeah, yeah that's for yeah. most people the, the standard deal, and it was just over. We had no preparation, really. I wrote a list on a piece of scrap paper. I was ready to roll. Yeah, that sounds like heaven. That's what we're going to do from now on. That's it. Me, you, Eric, hour-and-a-half. Just talk nonsense. We're gonna do our morning zoo. That I'm telling. This is behind the scenes. <laughs> Me and Reggie have been talking. Our both our dreams is to have a morning zoo show every oh, yeah. day. Would every day have about an hour and a half, two hour show of just us talking nonsense uh, as morning zoo hosts. And lots so- of sound effects too. That oh, tons very- of sound effects. And it's a lot a two of hour show. And hour and a half. Yeah, call-ins. Oh, it'd be so fun. That's what we want to do. We need to. Yeah. What is that? GoFundMe. That's it. We're going to go something like that. that. Or if you know, if anyone from SiriusXM is listening, we are available to do, you know, yeah. morning zoos. K-Rock. Low K-Rock, six K-Rock, figures is fine. <laughs> Who is in K- the morning on K-Rock now? K-Rock. I don't know. Is, is that anybody? You don't listen to K-Rock? No, I don't listen to any, of that, any radio anymore. That's what Howard was on, right? It was K-Rock. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Back I in wonder, the wall, I know long ago. Went, remember when he left and they had David Lee Roth had that show and it was oh, fucking God, yeah. It was the that worst. Was, that might have been the worst show I've ever heard in my life, and I am a huge Diamond Day, you know, Diamond Day fan. His his first solo album is amazing. I love that That's thing. Eat even smile, right? That's the name of it. Smile. Yeah, I I like Diamond Dave. That Hell show yeah. was awful. It was, to, and really, if I could pick anybody of that, he seemed like he would have a good shot at it. You know what I yeah. mean? The guy yes. always likes to talk. He always seems to. He was He's smarter. And he seemed to have more of an intelligence than he let on a lot of times, but then oh, yeah. I don't know. He, he's just yeah, that show was terrible. But he was just another California party redart, you know. Yeah, that's all he was. But uh, that has nothing to do with the news. We have a lot of news tonight. Uh, right. I said I put put my foot down. Here it is. Listen. Uh, Whoa. I hurt. <laughs> I hurt my heel. Uh, I oh, said man. we're only talking, mostly talking. I'll say. Uh, comic news, and that has put a little damper on the length of the news. Not this week. A lot of news reported, and most of it is pretty exciting. 
Uh, there's a couple things. I'm glad that me and you are talking a little behind the scenes. Me and Eric already mentioned it before. Me and Eric already recorded this, and it failed. It, it was an yeah. epic fail, so we're going to do it. But there are some things that I – now I know what Eric said about them. I'd rather hear what you say about them. You'll have, <laughs> okay. yeah, like I said, you have an intelligence to you, Reggie, like a diamond David Lee Roth. So, oh, yes, yes. Uh, and I'm also a California party animal. So yes, you are. You're the things. Spicoli – of this podcast, right? That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said is to it? me. Yes. That's you are the demone of this podcast. <laughs> now that's the, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me to annoy Eric. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> there was a podcast on the, I think it was uh, something on the Potter family that they actually had demone on the podcast. The and real, the real actor? At a, yeah. At one point, I would love to have, if we started getting more guests. Now, also, I want to mention... At points, we had thought this week was going to be Scott Snyder's interview deal, and yeah. it didn't seem to come. He's, he has talked to me slightly. It's gone a little dark, that line. I think I, the bromance, bromance is over now, yeah. Yeah, the bromance, it was hot and heavy one day. I mean, one day, this was like a summer fling all rolled up into one day. I you think caught him. You he, caught him off his meds. That's what happened. Yeah, that's I, I think he may have read our reviews. He might have gotten a hold of that <laughs> Batman 44 review. He's never going to talk to Eric again. Uh, but this first bit of news, I don't know, what was I talking about? I was going to mention something before then. I got off on a tangent. Now You're I'm talking about interviews with uh, well, Potter family. Oh, well, they like had, yeah, they had Damone on. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I would like to start doing reviews. Me and you have talked about it. I'm not a huge fan, though, of podcasts with reviews, only reviews. Of course, on ours, that would just make the podcast a nine-hour podcast. That would be a <laughs> part of the podcast. But I would like to get people like a Damone. On as a mystery guest. We'll do that old bit. Well, I'm the mystery yeah. guest, and Eric and you have to figure out who it is, and I would just keep trying to get people that Eric hates. And we could do, we could do it like, like the dating game, you know what yeah, I mean? He could just that's keep what answering questions. Yep, it'd be, you know, 21 questions, that whole bit, you know, uh, what's my line, all those crazy old shit. I think I'll set it up. I think so we'll get Mike Damone, we'll get a burn victim. Oh, yeah, uh, and just a random good? burn victim. There's no just... possible way that anybody <laughs> guess who this is. This guy's name is like Tom Hardy, he, but it's Tom yeah. Hardy who lives downtown here and got caught in a, an auto fire. The door wouldn't open. He freaking burned himself. That's all. Yeah. Or actually, if I really wanted to, I could seek out that guy that Eric's afraid of in our town. Yeah, that would be <laughs> hilarious. This is your life, you yeah. know, and here he is. Eric, why don't you have him? Shake hands with uh, me. Uh, the, the story of when Eric was the bouncer at that bar, and if you went right or left, and it freaked Eric out. Yeah. <laughs> what a piece so of crap. <laughs> and people, people who think that that is a joke, that is no joke. Oh, it's no joke really to it at all. That. This has been something that he's been telling me now for three and a half years since I've known him. We've only done the podcast a year and a half. I mean, this is a running thing with him. It scares the shit out of him. It's that, his greatest fear, yeah. Yeah, that and uh, I mentioned it on the podcast tonight. The other thing that he's really scared about is when people take that drug that turns them into zombies that they want to eat people. And oh, yeah. Faces on. And that was That's in the news so cool. again this week. Yeah. And this week it happened again. I brought it up. Also, he hates that guy on Jeopardy that had no eyes. That blind yeah. guy without eyes. You ever see that guy? I know. You're just like a sunken oh, craters guy. Yeah, that guy looked like sucks. a Cabbage Patch Kid. And yeah. I just kept – I just had a picture of him on my phone. I kept going, hey, Eric, look at this. And it was that guy. <laughs> ah, he can't even see. And he'd see that guy. So it was funny this week. Uh, there is a creator, one of the Marvel creators. I think it's an artist, but I, when we did our Marvel Mondays, 
I started looking up things to to tweet out. We were tweeting the the reviews, but I was looking to you know send it to the creators. And yeah. this one creator has the same name as a guy who has like half of a head. His head is caved <laughs> in, and right away, hey Eric, do you ever see this guy? I send it on Twitter. I get back, ah, yeah. we got to talk about the news, right? We got the news. Yeah. I start Let's talking about what the it. news is going to be about, and then I start talking about Eric, and then we're talking burn victims. It always happens. <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, it's always that is the cycle. vicious cycle that we run. But this first bit of news is more of a press release uh, pat on the back, and the news report says, DC reports 12 million rebirth issues shipped this summer. And I will Ooh. say, when I saw this, the shipped is in quotes. <laughs> I just think they want to make sure you realize this is not sold. This is yeah. shit. And it was a DC press release, though. It's it's pretty good. But I have a little personal anecdote at the end that, that puts a little damper on it. But with nearly 12 million comic books shipped this past summer, DC's rebirth is showing no signs of slowing down. Comic book fans have enthusiastically embraced the superhero relaunch in staggering numbers. Since the debut of the initial book, DC Universe Rebirth Special by Jeff Johns, combined sales have pushed 12 million physical periodicals through comic book retailers worldwide in record time. And I just want to point this out. This is all the books. This isn't just the DC Rebirth Special. That would be nonsense if they said that that sold 12 million. Though it it did sell good. It's not 12 million. But yeah, it says a total of 11 issues exceeded 200,000 units shipped. It's pretty good. Oh, amazing, really. Wow. It is. An additional 60-plus issues shipped more than 100,000. If you remember why these are very impressive, in the pretty much once the New 52 got going, one book shipped consistently over 100,000. That was Batman. That Batman was it. And then Justice League was usually the next Justice one. Justice League would kind of go, but yeah, that was even down to, say, in the 90s. So 100,000 yeah. before was like, that was the upper echelon. That was Batman. Now they have 60 that have shipped over 100 and 11 that went over 200,000. Of course, all those are probably Batman as well, but uh, or a lot of them. But yeah, also in 21 issues have gone back to print multiple times. And this is a comment by your man, Mr. DC himself, Jeff Johns. Hope, optimism, and legacy are an integral part, are integral to the epic universe spanning stories that define what a DC superhero is to me, as is building on the foundation of all the amazing writers and artists, as well as characters that have been part of DC's history and celebrating it, said Jeff Johns, president and chief executive officer, DC Entertainment. I'm incredibly proud of the creative teams across the line and beyond, beyond grateful that readers and retailers have given Rebirth a shot. Stay tuned for more stories and secrets about the mysterious machinations at play behind Rebirth to come. Whoa. Are you gonna, are you gonna be waiting for that? You, you're, I'm, I'm gonna stay tuned. I can't wait for those machinations. Yes. Uh, it is pretty impressive though. You know, this is, I, I think a lot of these issues are returnable. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see what happens, and as a matter of fact, we we won't see what happens when the returns happen. They never tell us about that. No, but they're not going to tell us that. Uh, this the fact is that so many reprinted is a good sign that yeah. there's not going to be that many returns on some no, of them. Some of them will. I have a little anecdotal evidence here. I went to the comic book store last week. Did I tell you this? I, I did you know, I, Eric told I, me about it. Well, yeah, I got in Blue Beetle number one. I went there. We, me and my kids, me and my two youngest kids, were out and about. And we decided to uh, head down to the comic store that we hate, the guy there. He was not there. It was a girl. So we go in, 
And I wanted to find the Blue Beetle, uh, New 52, number one, that Eric didn't have found it. It's funny, too. I'm going through, and there's probably four copies of it. They're all bagged and bored. They're in their, you know, their back issue deal. And I'm yeah. going, and one of them has the bag and board, but it has a, a price tag on it, ten ninety nine. <laughs> like, oh, that, that's crazy. And I'm like, well, it is a number one, whatever, new 52. And then I go, and the uh, there was one that didn't have a price tag on it. I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take that one. Didn't have any sort of different price. Got that. We got some Dungeons and Dragons dice. My youngest son wants to play Dungeons and Dragons. So we got a bunch of dice and a dice bag. So then we go up to the counter. We put it down the, the Blue Beetle, the dice and the dice bag. And this girl is getting each thing and ringing them up. And it should have come to say, I think I thought maybe $13 because I had the 20-sided dice, a dollar each. And I got yeah. four of those. So right away that and the Blue Beetle, uh, the price was two ninety nine was when it came out. Sure. So I'm thinking maybe she's going to charge cover price for that, whatever. It seemed like she charged us only $2. Like they must have anything not priced in this back issue thing is 2 bucks. So we got that. So $2. And she gets these other dice. We had like eight other dice. And the bag, which was two ninety nine, she's like six dollars and ten cents. Really? <laughs> hey, look at that! How'd that okay. happen? And I, I, it was funny because I only had eight dollars in cash. I was going to pay with the card, so I already had the card out. It was going to be more than eight. And yeah. she's like, "Did it six dollars?" Oh, the card went back. I gave her the cash. I said, let's get the fuck out of here, kids. We grabbed the stuff. We fucking ran. But she she counted everything. She As she picked it up, she put it in the bag. I don't understand what she did. Well, that Blue Beetle number one is not is not worth 10 bucks and by any stretch of the imagination. No. So I'd, well, I'd even say you, you made out yeah. okay there. Well, like this one, like I said, I didn't grab the one that had the red price tag of, of 10.99 or yeah. whatever it was. So I thought I was going to, I thought I was already playing the game already and I got the help. Me and the kids got there as we were running. We were knocking shit over so she couldn't catch us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You, you, you she, there like the she was very nice. Juice. But yeah, the, the whole thing about this though that ties back to why I brought it up. Uh, there were so many. Uh, you could name any rebirth issue. They had at least 10 of each. I'm, I'm talking Batman, Superman, shit from the beginning. Oh, yeah. wow. And I don't know if these were reorders. Like they, they sold out their initial order and then got a little crazy with the reorders or whatnot. Maybe. There or or they might have ordered such a, a ridiculous amount oh, that I'm they could push every copy. Each I don't one, know. It actually it got me sad because at one point a guy on Twitter was talking about how Rebirth was a bomb and it was like telling us, you know, the weird science uh, Twitter thing. And I don't know. It came off as kind of like rubbing our noses in it. And I don't know why I cared, but I got really mad. And, and I, I kind of responded. He's like, Oh, my local comic shop can't give them away. And I responded with something like, Well, I'll send you my address. They can give them to me. I'll take them. Hey. And, uh, I don't know. I got mad. And then I went there and I'm like, Boy, maybe he's right. Cause there were tons. Uh, it, it depends on the place, but I, yeah. I, I'm telling you, all these things are returnable. So everyone ordered a yeah, that's why I don't amount. understand. That's no... why I don't understand why they would just have them there. The other thing that got me at this place is they had a bunch of other things like rebirth stuff. They had the rebirth number one, the actual 2.99 one, not oh, that really? one, and they had it in their front case. It was not bagged and boarded. There were a pile, and the top one had that deal where the cover was folding over because it was just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what are you fucking doing? You couldn't even see what it was. 
And they had a stack of them. Uh, and this this sounds like this might be part of that guy that the shitty guy that owns it is just you know well, yeah sh- well yeah he doesn't like DC anyway so he's not but, uh, and I I did notice too that on their Marvel they took a lot of care on their Marvel wall like each each company has a wall and their Marvel wall he took a lot of care of making these homemade placards for everything that was going to be coming out with the uh, the Marvel now. So if yeah. you went to look at, say, you were going down the line and you see the new Deadpool, there was a big placard thing that he had made. Coming in November, Deadpool, come and do this. DC, the guy just throws him up there, it looks. So oh, maybe, there you go. Yeah. maybe you get like a part, like, this reminds me of a, like, uh, you go to a bar and it's known as, oh, that's a New York Jets bar, Reggie. You don't want to go there, you Giants fan. Well, I, I mean, I mean, you're a DC fan and you hate going there for that reason. That, that he's just such a fucking negative. I haven't seen shithead, that. You know like, what I mean? The fat guy, the fat guy's a dick. He's not the owner. The owner is this guy that looks like George Lucas. And oh, yeah. I, I have not seen that guy in a year. I think he's the silent partner now. He's also, probably in his rickshaw. How about this? The other thing is we're waiting to, we're getting the dice. The dice are right alongside the counter. We're there. The phone rings. Girl answers. Hello, you know, I forget this place. It's called like uh, Forbidden Zone or I forget. That's how bad it is. I, I don't know. It's job. like uh, Tales of Adventure. It is. All right. Tales of Adventure. Can I help you? No, no, no. We don't carry hero clicks anymore. No, sorry. Hangs up. We're there. Okay, let's get our ring, ring. Tales of Adventure. No, no. Uh, nope, we do not c- carry hero clicks anymore. Hangs up another time. Three times while we wow. were just standing. Why wouldn't you carry them? Yeah, time they to get hero clicks, you know? What yeah, the they fuck? used to do it. They used to have a whole big thing of them, and they changed the store around. I guess that didn't make the cut. Three calls. They have them in 7-Eleven by me. I mean, you know. How can, you, how can you take any sort of calls like that and not figure, you know what? We just lost three sales right there. And yeah. me and my kids are the only ones in the store walking around looking at crazy. My kids like the craziest thing. I'm there looking at comics. I look over and my son, uh, uh, both of them are looking at a Yao Ming meme uh, <laughs> face mat thing for people who play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> uh, some card game thing. It's like a mat that you would take with you. You ever yeah, see yeah. that meme where he's smiling? It's like a drawn meme. Oh, that's ridiculous. I think that's I'm what they were looking. The black and white one. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, that's what like, they're oh. looking at. They're sitting over there looking at that, laughing. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, but yeah, they, they're 12 million sales. It is big. big. It's yep, it, yep. they're kicking ass finally. I, I do want to I do want to say one thing though about that that first rebirth, the Jeff Johns one, the one that's 2.99. You know, there was yep. a podcast you had me listen to. I don't think it was from this week, but two weeks ago that will remain nameless, and uh, they were they were promoting something where they were giving away the the yes. first three printings of Rebirth, and I was like, well, I wonder if that's a big deal. I went on eBay. Yeah. First printing of Rebirth sells for 10 bucks, or like, best offer. So it's, it's not as big, right? Eric it's has my huge. copy, that son of a bitch. Remember, we got it in the mail. Yeah, we got it in the mail, and then Eric wanted to review it. I did the non-spoiler review, and he was going to do the spoiler review, and he took it and never gave it back. That fucking bitch. No, <laughs> he well, has my copy. But... So it's not it's not even worth that much. I think that most people who are collectors they overbought it anyway. So really, yeah. this twelve million for number ones 
And uh, because that's a lot of it, of these where these numbers were reported were a lot of the rebirth number ones of each book and then the number ones, they're always an inflated number. So that's sure. fine and dandy. Rebirth is kicking ass. I want to see around February where the books are, are lying because I do think that's where you get the distance between, say, the Batman and the Green Arrow. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That they're really, you'll start to get the, you know, the premier books, uh, as opposed to the ones that are down below. We'll see which ones those are. Maybe they'll all be on our pull list that we did. <laughs> I, I doubt it. Not, we, not at 25 bucks a month. No, no, no. You gotta make some uh, tough, that tough is decisions. True. There's some decisions. I, I said that pull list of mine, if I had 24, $25 in a month, I'd be giving up my two favorite characters, uh, Dick Grayson and Barry Allen. I did not have either of their books on there. And I, it, it kills me. Flash is a book that I've gone back and forth on. Nightwing just doesn't make my list. I know that a lot of people like it. We're even going to hear about it in the mail. Some people have called in with their, or mailed in with their lists and also yelling at me of why I don't like Nightwing. So we'll hear about that later. But the next bit of news is that DC Comics has signed exclusive Rob Simroka, Otto Schmidt, and then later in the week, Rafa Sandoval to exclusive contracts. So they just keep doing it. They're, they yeah. really, at one point, I thought they were going to stop this, and they really aren't. I think they are going with the, the policy of let's sign everyone. If we can get the money right and whatever goes on, fucking tie them down. And it seems like around two-year deal for most of these guys. Yeah. Wait, they're, they're jumping on. So it's well, good. you know, with these, with these twice, with these like uh, hot and heavy schedules, they need to lock people in and oh, make they sure do? they're gonna yeah. they're gonna do their thing, you know. And yeah, and you can't on, have them just fail in the middle, yeah. and you're you're fucked. I think you're right, especially artists. Uh, writers sure. kind of you know write a script up, you throw that you know these writers have scripts hanging around, right? That's yeah, what Brian Hitch does. He just that's has the damn easiest job in the world. Come on, come clean, yeah. Snyder yeah, King. Really. We know the deal. Yeah, really. Freaking everybody goes for those writers. You don't hear these artists, but DC all these comics. Every every comic is just a variation of Planet of the Apes, and everyone that knows is true. It's just a it's just a takeoff, a kind of a, a change up from that movie. You know who? You know who's funny about this whole thing? I've seen at least three rants by Brett Booth on his Twitter, yelling that you know, don't even this this is nonsense. These writers, they could just write something in their sleep. We have to sit down and freaking <laughs> draw this shit. It takes a lot of time. I remember yeah. this one thing. He he was he he wasn't mad, but he was just kind of pointing out like all oh, this praise to these writers. These writers have the you know twelve scripts there on the standby. Uh, they they can't have that. It's not like you can draw up a Justice League issue oh, yeah. and have it yeah. sitting around. It just doesn't happen. But yeah, DC Comics has signed exclusive agreements with artists Robinson Broke and Aldo Schmidt. And uh, later in the week, I said Rafa Sandoval, but that'll come later. Roca is one of the pencilers for Green Lanterns. Which I like. I like the art in that. Oh, sure. I'm not a big fan of the book. And actually, we have talked about this, and I'll continue with the story. But we have talked about this before. I really think that all in all, the art in Rebirth, just as a generalized statement, is kick-ass. Yeah, it is. There is not a a book. There's issues or parts of issues that you're like, oh, I'm not sure. And maybe a style doesn't jive with you. But really, the the art has been really good. And – that's for Green Lantern's Roca, and while Schmidt is one of the artists of Green Arrow. As with most of DC's exclusive contracts, Robson and Schmidt will now produce content exclusively for DC and Vertigo. And uh, Eric seems to think that this Vertigo is something they throw out there to entice them in. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? 
And that's uh, going to get them. I could just see Robinson Rokas like, nah, you know what? I'm doing Green Lanterns. You're offering me all this money. I don't think that's going to pull. You know, I, 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 think it, I think it's something that entices the writers a lot of times. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it entices the artists as much, but maybe, I, you know. I, any of them. They're not going to have time to draw sell. anything else, though, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, Vertigo stuff just – I know – I said before, I wish that they would do something like – is it that um, – I can't remember the Marvel imprint. I know that Mark Miller's Empress – I believe is the comic that's on it. It's the only one that I ever see. But oh, that is, is that Max? That is, I forget what it is. It's Marvel's version of like you would think it's like Vertigo, but it's actually Marvel's version of a uh, author owned, a creative creative owned thing. So yeah. if you're on Marvel, they'll also be able to do this, and you're it's it's a creator owned type deal. And I wish that DC would kind of do that a little because that's really, what Vertigo used to be. They yeah, changed. And I, yeah, it just seems like they should do that again then, and it might get more people. Like that would really that would get you going. That you're like, I, okay, I, I get to I get to deal with DC, but I also get my own creator own thing with DC's push behind it. You sure. know what I mean? You're also getting their their vast, you know, whatever. It's way publishing. better than a boom or an image. You know, you get a yeah. big like uh, get some dollars behind it. I mean, the thing is, the reason that the reason they gave for not wanting to keep it creator owned obviously was all these comics turn into movies and they get basically yeah. none of the money or television shows. Yeah. But yeah. it was, it was good to bring in these good, these top tier writers. That's yeah. how you got guys like Garth Ennis and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brian Vaughn to write for regular comics, write for Batman and, and whatever else, you know? So yeah. it's worth yeah, it. it I'd say it is worth it. I'm trying to find it. this goddamn imprint. I can't remember what it was called, but nah, we're, we're not a Marvel podcast, right? So I, I'm not supposed not to. Not yet. Not yet. Indeed. Touche, my friend. But yeah, but as of now, I just think that the vertigo was just there. And yeah, you might do books on yeah. this. And I don't, like you said, though, some of these guys are too involved in there twice a month already. That sure. when do they have time? But yeah, I've, uh, this is a uh, Robson Roca quote. I've been a fan of comic books since I was a child, said Roca, who worked previously on Lobo and Sinestro. To have the opportunity to work with DC characters I admire and love so much is a dream come true. These heroes have helped me believe in a better and much more fantastic world. I hope that my contributions to these characters will help to inspire others. And I love the money, he says. He didn't Basically, say that. I'd really love to, I'd love to hear one of these guys one day say, you know what? I thought comics were bullshit for a yeah. long time. I never really read them as a kid. I thought they were for idiots, but. Yeah. They just offered me a fucking truckload of dough. I what, love them And now. you know what? And you would be like, you know what? That's a guy I like. He's yeah, I'd like, be like, you know I, what? Yeah. I, I went to school. I was classically trained. Comics were the last thing I wanted to do. I'm embarrassed to tell my mom and dad what I do for a living. But now I get the money. Back up the truck. You hear the doo-doo. The yeah. truck's backing up the money. Dump the money in my front yard. I'm going to lay on it, take a picture, and send it to my dad. He thinks I'm a loser. Yeah, some of these guys. All these guys. Oh, they've been a fan of comics since fucking day one. Day one. Shit. Next one's Otto Schmidt, and Otto Schmidt seemed to come out of nowhere to impress Jim Werner and Eric Shea. I wrote a weird science. He impressed you as well, right? Do you like uh, oh, yeah. Otto Schmidt's on Green I Arrow? I like it a lot. I like yeah. one for Arrow as well, but Otto Schmidt really. He's sort of a good counterpoint to it. Like it, yeah. it, it, it helps the book to maintain a seamless or a more seamless look. You know, it it's does. Not like, until next week when there's another artist on it, I'll well, tell you. you know. And it, it kind of threw me off, but that's that's for later. Working with DC on Green Arrow this year has been a pleasure, said Schmidt. 
the fan reaction has been wonderful. I'm excited to show readers even more of what they love. This is a politically and culturally relevant series, but it should also be sexy and fun to read. Okay. <laughs> Crazy, sexy, cool. Yeah. That's my that's goal. That's what I think every- of when I think yeah. of Green Arrow. Very yeah. sexy. That's my, that's my goal with every page I turn in. How could I not say yes to drawing more Green Arrow and Black Canary for their fans? And some of that Black Canary is a little sexy. I'll give you that. But you know a lot of you, artists jerk off to their own pictures. Do you, do you think they do? Do you I know for a fact they do. I know for a fact. You do know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. You telling me that's for a fact. Well, I'm trying to figure out what artist you would have talked to ever. Is this something I could just see? <laughs> you went to San Diego Comic-Con. You're walking down the thing, and you're like, hey, so-and-so, what's going on? Just excuse me, sir. I have a coat on my groin here because I'm jerking off to my art. Oh, you're like, oh. you asked the, the hey, uh, I do commissions. <laughs> oh, uh, what, what, I'd like to have green arrow. No, no, you want black canary, don't you? Oh. I'm pretty horny. This is the <laughs> artist got, saying. I got a Please. boner going. Yeah, uh, the, I got a DC, boner going. Let me draw Starfire. The whole DC panel was just a circle jerk over a piece of yeah. Frank Cho artwork. I'm They're telling just, you, that's that, what people, that's all they do. They just, yeah. they, they draw, they jerk off, they draw some more. They draw some more. They freaking, they, hey, this one's in Kirby style. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my goodness! That's some Kirby hey, crackle for you. Come over here, Steppenwolf. Oh, oh my goodness! I don't know. Some of these people with their art, half the time I want to fucking piss on it, or I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I just said that all the art in Rebirth was good, but yeah, yeah. We, we were around before then. We're not like these new podcasts. We were around in the dark ages that people yes. call the New Fifty Two that I enjoyed. But we were a very dark person. We, Yes, later in the week it was announced that current Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps artist Rafa Sandoval, signed an exclusive agreement with DC Comics. According to his agent, Ferran Toro, the exclusive was offered after he completed the first three issues of Hal Jordan and that Sandoval agreed uh, to be exclusive in late August. And the best part of this story is when I wrote it down, I'm thinking, boy, why did it take him so long to announce it then? I have a weird thing. I, I mentioned this when me and Eric were doing the part that failed this this news before, but I mentioned it to him at work. For some reason, I keep writing the date as October, and I keep thinking it's October. Wow, that's so it. when you I see September. August, I see late August. That's that could be two days ago, three days right. ago, and to somehow I'm like, boy, why did it take a month to freaking announce this? Oh, what's going on? You got a whole other month. You got it. What, what happened in September that was know. so traumatic that you blocked it out? I don't know. It's that's the uh, date of my brother's birthday is in September and his anniversary. That's and probably- I'd like to tell you, it's on a day that those are two of the three biggest disasters of that day. That is nine eleven, Reggie. Whoa! My brother was born and married on nine eleven, and actually the <laughs> marriage, legitimately the actual nine eleven. That it was that day. Wow. And I did remember. He go with it? Oh, yeah. Well, what the hell did they <laughs> care? They went through awesome. with it. They, I yeah. know. That's well, they, if you remember, it was a weekday. Obviously, was I was at work. They, it was just a justice of peace thing. They just went and got something signed and off oh. it went. There was no wedding or anything, but they did get married that day. And I, I've said all along that's, you know, there's three disasters that day, and you can pick and choose what you think is the worst. Oh. And I think that freaking that, that birthday of my brother's might have been the worst one uh, to yeah, me. In your life, and, yeah. And that hit me hard. I, I was, I would have rather have been an only child. I'll tell you that. I was already ignored. And then somehow, then I had my brother 
who seemed to want to claim that I got all the attention, but it was like almost like we were starving or uh, yeah, we were starving and I got the biggest crumb of a cracker. That yeah. was, that's what I got. That was my, you know, my whole, you know, my dad paying attention to me. But he, he got less than that. Oh yeah. He got nothing. And then he got, he got a speck of salt. Of that, the- just <laughs> abusive, just screamed at him all the time. I took everything out on him. I That's oh great. god, anytime and it, the same thing. Anybody who has a younger brother would, would have the oh come on Jimmy, let Stephen play football with you in the backyard. Oh yeah, I'll let him play football with us. He's never gonna want to play again. I'd yeah, fucking steamroll right over him. I'll give him credit. <laughs> he was so he was even more desperate for attention than I was. That he didn't <laughs> mind. He didn't mind being a punching bag as long as he was getting attention. But I will say the one thing I have to point out that's an odd thing is – and it's not odd. It probably happens to everybody in this sort of deal. Once we went somewhere, like we go to my grandmother's, then we're best friends Uh, you know, because fucking I'm getting beat up by a retard. I yeah, have him there with me. I can push him in the way. He, I, it's like, like, push it's him like being in the gulag together, you yeah. know, kind of strange bedfellows. Yeah, we did. And then the minute we left, I was done. I'm like, <laughs> nope, back to normal. Buddy. And I think <laughs> I even probably like gave him like – that sort of symbol as we went back i'd like punch him right in the face so he knew it was back to the norm <laughs> we're resetting this bitch now boom right wow. in his face take that steven take wow. that you son of a bitch i start crying <laughs> I love <laughs> but, oh, but in in total secret of course you know when he's out of earshot be like i love you i love you little guy <laughs> i love you little bro i love you <laughs> Actually, what'd you say i said go fuck yourself i said you fucking asshole I said there was probably two times in my life that I thought, man, I really probably screwed up his life and I feel bad. I got over that real quick. I got yeah. my own shit to worry about. I've, I've ruined my own life many times. Oh, yeah, times. Your, your life's a horrible mess. So what it you is. Got, uh, lord over anybody else. Yeah, really. Got this goddamn podcast and website we do. Takes up all the time. You're, you know, I said this last week where I was talking about how much time we put into this goddamn shit. You know. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of time. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Your I, wife I, has to be like, why the fuck are you doing this? And I was, say, I, I was know. unprepared for the amount of time that, uh, all, yeah. all this is going to take. Yeah. Tomorrow I basically do have to spend, uh, some wife time because I don't, I don't really hang out with her that much anymore. Yeah. yeah. But we'll I, see how that, we'll see how that happens. I don't get that, that tomorrow I'll be editing this podcast the whole time. Yeah, but your wife loves it when you don't spend time with her. My wife is upstairs <laughs> in the attic sleeping all day. She does. That's her hobby. Sleeping. Yeah. And my kids just to do with you. Yeah, my kids come up and they're like, hey, hey, daddy, can we – they don't even get that on. I'm already got the hand up. I, I fake the backhand to them. They go scurrying. <laughs> and then, then, I'm, then I'm free. Now, actually, tomorrow we're going to play some b-ball and play some All right. So, yeah. Today uh, we went to go get a football. My youngest son and my uh, my 13-year-old, Rafe, he's in football. He joined uh-huh. up football out of nowhere, didn't ask anybody, just signed up. He's doing really well. Until the other day, he got in school suspension, and he's not allowed to practice right now. He, he ended up shoving some kid in. Didn't the, school just oh, start? Yeah, yeah, it was like. Three. And he already got it in school. <laughs> yeah, in school. You suspension. learner boys, you'll be the, I know. You'll be the crazy. Yeah. He, his claim is that uh, his next older brother, uh, Ethan, had set a bad like he's the bad guy. So right, now yeah. at him. So anything that happens with Rafe, he he claims. I I know Rafe. He he did what he he claims he didn't push this kid. Him shoving another kid had nothing to do with it, right? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I, it was more of termed a hip check, 
and the kid ended up hitting himself. And then they also have a videotape of it. He's still denying it. There's a videotape <laughs> of him doing it. He denies it. So, That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, but I have another story later that Eric has claimed I have to tell about getting the cleats and the plunging the toilet. I still have not told this story. All that right. Later. It's a lot of nonsense. And see, this is what you get with annuals, Sweet. We can just talk nonsense. Oh, uh, yeah, you know we can I mean? stretch out, you know, relax yes. a little in this bitch. I am. Nice. I'm stretching my legs. We bitch and moan a little. It's like you're at work. That's what I consider when we're talking about this stuff. I hope people don't get angry or, or pissed off at us. And to me, it's like we're all sitting around and we're bitching about the boss, right? We're bitching yep. about work. And then some guy goes by in a goddamn fucking fork truck, hardly working or working hard. And you fucking punch him upside the fucking head. I hate Throw that. Throw a wrench at his face. This one guy, every time you show up for work, every single person, you hear it all day. Thanks for showing up. They appreciate you. Uh, and then laughs. laughs and walks away. I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. The guy's like, I one. I, I said the best thing about this guy is one of the few guys I can say is short. And I yell at him all the time. And the one day he comes back and he's like, hey, he has this fucking board. Hey, does anybody back here know how to measure anything? I said, I know how to measure your height, you five foot one piece of shit. <laughs> and then he got all upset. He almost cried. And then Eric was screaming at him. That's how we roll at work. Nice. God damn them interrupting our comic book talk at work, that's yelling real- at each other about shit. That's its okay. own show right there. They, they and that's a, all day. Right. All day we just yell stuff at each other, and then I sit there and listen to other podcasts and get so angry, and then I take my earphones off, and then I repeat everything they said. Then I put my thing up, and then I message you, <laughs> and I'm talking to yeah. It's always – it's the same thing. I get so angry. Uh, <laughs> the next bit of news I'm not angry about, Reggie, because this is something that me and you uh, – this is the one bit of news that I was glad that you were talking with me about because me and you will be big on this. Wonder Woman teaming up with Bionic Woman for oh, yeah. comic book crossover. And yes, DC Comics and Dynamite are bringing us a Wonder Woman 77 Bionic Woman crossover written by Andy Mangels. He is a Star Wars, Star Trek, and X-Files comic writer. And illustrated by up-and-coming artist Judith Tendora. That sounds like Judy Tenuta to me. Yeah. Comic. But anybody ever hear of Judy Tenuta anymore? You're a big fan, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not Emo a big Phillips. fan. I actually hated her back in the day. But, really? You know, remember Emo Phillips? the accordion, right? Oh, yeah. I remember Emo Phillips, too. Yeah. Emo as well. Boy, that's yeah, I told a- you. I think, I think we mentioned him once before. And I told you that for a short while, he was Weird Al Yankovic's uh, manager. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Emo. Yeah, and Judy Tenuta, you're right. She played, she wore a skirt all the time, yeah. like frills, and played the goddamn accordion. She had this, she had this weird, like spaced out delivery used to annoy yeah, the living she had, shit actually, out of me. Yeah, actually, to me, it was um very similar to uh, what's his name with tiptoe through the tulips. Um, uh, oh, I know you're talking about with the, with the ukulele. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. T- tiny Tim, right? Tiny Tim. It was a very Tiny Tim, but a woman's version of Tiny Tim delivery to me. It was like a lot yeah. of. Like a lot That's of right, stuff. a lot of that shit. Yeah, I remember back then, Ellen DeGeneres, Ellen DeGeneres used to do jokes about being, you know, being a uh, heterosexual, oh, yeah. sleeping around kind of woman, you know, kind of blew my mind when she came out yes. of the closet. I was like, what the fuck was your act about in the What's 80s? What's going then? on there, you bitch, with that? She had that Mr. Wrong fucking movie. Every guy was Mr. Wrong to her. Yeah. Every guy, Reggie. That's how it is. Government agents Jamie Summers and Diana Prince team their respective powers against a threat to national security in the series too big for the small screen. 
In this action-packed miniseries, the two television titans team up to fight a rogue cabal bent on wreaking havoc and stealing deadly weapons. Isn't that what rogue cabals always do? Yeah, Wreak havoc much. and steal yeah. deadly weapons. Can Castra be stopped before their real targets are revealed and lives are lost? What do you think? With superpowers, bionic enhancements, surprise villains, and an invisible plane, just about anything is possible. Now, here is the author, Andy Mangels. And I just want to – you can interrupt at any point that you (laughs) think that this is funny or a little bit over the top like he's really selling this. For 40 years, fans have been wondering what would happen if their favorite television heroines got to meet. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> have you been have you been That's sitting I'm there? Wondering. I've been like, oh, if only, you know. Yeah, have you ever thought to yourself ever? I wonder what would happen if the bionic woman met the Wonder Woman. They had yep. and now were you a fan of the Wonder Woman 77 TV show? Yeah, and I was a fan of Bionic Woman too. I, I was as well. Never thought about anything of them never meeting. Never thought about Never thought about Wonder Woman meeting with Charlie's Angels, any of that stuff. No, but, uh, no. But I gotta I say, what's it? You want to see it now? I'm willing to see it. I mean, yeah, it sounds yeah. cool enough. Sure. I, I one guy told me that he wants a book, Chico and the Batman. <laughs> yeah, that, that's somebody, a good idea. Too. I like that. Yeah. that. Somebody said that today, and then I responded <laughs> to him. I would rather have Sanford and Super Sons. <laughs> But we will see if we get those. But, yeah, uh, Andy Mangels thinks that people have been waiting. Now, I am excited about this book. I want to see how well it does. But I was for 40 years, I have not been wondering what was going on. He goes on. I'm thrilled to get to mix these two feminist icons into a massive story that respects not only the characters themselves, but also the magic that Linda Carter and Lindsay Wagner brought to their history-changing roles. The 10-year-old Andy, this, is, this sounds a lot like the little Eric Shea. Like little Eric Shea would sit there with his figures. He was telling me this week, and it was making me laugh, that when he would watch TV, he had this little like TV stand, and he'd pull, he'd wheel it right up to the TV, so the kid can't see. He yeah, really basically. He blind. So he is on top of the TV and then would have all his action figures and would play with the action figures and, and watch the TV between them. And it, it actually made me like, that's a pretty cute little scene. He's there playing with so it. When, when did he do that? Two weeks ago? Yeah, that was like three weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> that was when uh, he watched that. Uh, what was that? That uh, one show that you guys watched, the one with uh, Winona Ryder. Oh, with- uh, uh. Stranger Things. Stranger, yeah. That's yeah. what he was watching. That was his action movie. So I'm the sure 10-year-old Andy would never have believed that instead of running around in his backyard making Wonder Woman leaps and bionic runs, he'd actually get the opportunity to craft stories that mix the best of these two worlds into one. Uh, he's in his backyard pretending he's Wonder Woman and uh, freaking bionic woman. I'm telling you, I this was a thing that me and Eric were talking about earlier when the, the news failed, but I used to kind of do the Wonder Woman, you know, spin around. Spin, oh yeah. I cannot do that now because I get too goddamn dizzy. I cannot spin anymore. If you told me right now, hey, Jim, do the Wonder Woman spin, I would spin, I'd fall, probably break my fucking nose, my hip would go, I'd be done. I I told him, I cannot spin like that, and then I'd become the bionic woman with a fucking bionic hip. They'd have to insert the hip. Yeah, you're a million fucking years old, that's why. Oh, yeah. And just imagine, I'm walking with a walker. And uh, you making the bionic sound as I'm walking. <laughs> God damn it. There you go. Walker. Ah, and then I'd fall on my life alert. And then my kids would come and probably spit on me. Actually, my kids would come steal my wallet and spit on me and leave. Yeah, they're somebody smart enough say, to take their money at least. Somebody would say that, your boy. But yeah, this 10-year-old Andy seems like he would have been a fucking a real hoot 
sleepover. He's like, hey, you want to come over and sleep over? Okay, Andy, I'll come over. Uh, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to play Wonder Woman and Bionic Woman. I, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm going to be the Bionic Man, Steve Austin. No, 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 no. We're only doing the Wonder Woman and the Bionic Woman. Well, These see, that's uh, the thing. I can see wanting to emulate, you know, Wonder Woman. She's got yeah, that cool no, I can see. And I'm not saying anything about what he likes, but it's just weird course, that this is what he likes. You really <laughs> think that this is what he was doing? Seriously. Yeah, He's there in his backyard. Hey, you know, I don't know. And it, it, Wonder Woman leaps. What What are Wonder Woman leaps? I don't know. That's not it. Well, Wonder Woman leaping. Maybe that's what that's yeah, from. I don't know. But yeah, at some point in this, I don't even know why it came up. Oh, did I read that that he is acknowledged as the world's one of the world's top experts on Wonder Woman? Did I mention that in this? No. I think I skipped that. This is the best part. It starts up for 40 years fans have been wondering what would happen if their favorite television heroines got to meet. Says best-selling author Andy Mangels acknowledged as one of the world's top experts on Wonder Woman. Wow, where, where I, do you, how get do you get this? to be that? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Where do you get this? Is there a I, university? I, 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 I just got the award. I'm one of the top experts on fecal matter. I just oh. got. The, I'm like, oh, this is great. And uh, yeah, this is uh, me and Eric were talking like we'd have this sleepover, and it's like you know he wants to watch Puppet Master. We're out running around. I'm fucking. I'm Linda Carter. I'm Lindsay Wagner. <laughs> hey guys. And Eric said, like, I want to be – you You can't be – no. I, hey, I'm Bo Duke. I'm one of the Dukes of Hazard. Get the fuck out of here. Andy kicks you out. You're not allowed at the sleepover anymore. Nope. But then you say like, but I want to be Chrissy from Three's Company. You're in. Yeah. Come or, on or, in. Or you could be uh, – what's her name? Aaron Gray from Battlestar Galactica. You know, there no, Aaron Gray, my friend, was on Buck Rogers. Oh, Buck and, Rogers. I'm sorry. And believe me, if anybody's going to play Aaron Gray – if little Andy and I'm also ten years old in this scenario, little Andy is Aaron Gray. It, he better watch himself because I might pin him down and do things to him. Because I really like Aaron Gray. I'm telling you, Aaron Gray. There is an ep- first off, they, she was in that sexy space outfit. Oh yeah. Was, do you ever remember the episode where she turned into a space vampire? There was a vampire that turned her I, into a vampire. I fucking swear to God, that's like the only episode Holy I remember. Crap, you that's, remember that's, it? That's I'm so telling crazy. you, little Reggie. Became a man that night. <laughs> Remember, she was in that red outfit. And Hell yeah, she, man! She looked she, that fine vampire something. turned her. It's so sexual that she just she wanted Buck. And I'm telling you, if I was Buck Rogers, I would have fucked her hard. I gotta be careful. My kids are up still. I'd fuck her hard and then turn her back because when she she would she was up for anything then. Yeah, she, I think home. that if you walk freaking Dr. Theopolis, the fucking medallion, the, the fucking guy, he was getting fucked in if he wanted to. I, she, that was like the best episode of any TV show I've ever seen in my life. Ever. Yeah. I love the original it's, vampire guy too, some big brained weirdo looking dude. It was yeah, yeah. Remember he like had a bulbous fucking brain head? Yeah. It freaked oh, me out. He scared the shit out of me, but the minute Wilma, holy shit, Wilma turned sexy, I was in. She she was so hot. She actually <laughs> um she was at the last uh Wizard World that I had gone to and she had actually talked my wife talked to her on the phone because Whoa. we were getting we and this is the craziest thing. We were getting ready. I don't even know if I ever talked about this. I don't know I don't think the podcast was going. We were just about to start the podcast or just did. But before we went we see all these people, and my wife always gets involved in these chat rooms and things, and somehow she got on this Wizard World chat thing. I don't know if it, at that point it was on their site for the Philadelphia Wizard World. Yeah. She was in, and they had people, and she, she ended up somehow talking to Aaron Gray about different things and about the, the, 
the convention. Aaron Gray was like really nice about like, oh, you come and, you know, telling everything. Next thing you know, my wife's on the phone with Aaron Gray. Yeah, and she's saying, how, keep your that, fucking claws off my husband. That damn right. I'm yelling in the background, ask her if she's going to be dressed as that sexy vampire. <laughs> if she had pictures of that, I would have got one. But then we went there, and supposedly there was going to, I don't know, my wife was going to go talk to her at the booth, and some, but then something went wonky where she ended up not being there the whole day, and we missed her. And that's uh-huh. the end of the story. Yeah, we missed her, though. Uh, my son, Rafe, I believe that was the year that he got a autograph from the Heartbreak Kid. Fucking Shawn Michaels. Look at that. Wrestlers there. And really, it's the same. Wizard World, that threw me off of Wizard World stuff because really, that's all it is. It's you go there and pay to see celebrities and then buy stuff. There was nothing really past that. No panels or anything like that. Sexy Aaron Gray. Boy, (laughs) I'm going to get this guy. Andy, you you write that. Buck Rogers meets somebody and have that sexy thing. And you were talking about jerking off to art. That's a given. You'll be in there. I'm telling you. If I know what I'm doing after this podcast. Hey, throw Twinkie in there because he looks like a walking penis. Beady, beady, beady. Hey, <laughs> That's all he said. Beady, beady, beady. Ooh, la, yeah. la. Ooh, I la, loved, la. I loved him. I liked Dr. Theopolis. I liked, I really did like that show a lot. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's not here nor there, but boy, that was a sexy look. The next <laughs> bit of news is sexy as well. Rebirth JLA writer has been revealed. Newly exclusive DC writer Steve Orlando will helm the upcoming Justice League of America title, first announced the initial wave of Rebirth news this past spring. Earlier this week, the publisher revealed that the title would spin out of the events of the December-January event Justice League versus the Suicide Squad. So this is going to come right out of that. The big question to me, well, too, you want to know who the artist is, obviously, but I want to know what the team is. And the second question is, I want to know why DC is putting Steve Orlando on this book, because even I think it was Brandon. Somebody said somebody was on Twitter and said, boy, you take a guy who wrote a book that sold 9000 copies and boy, you're giving him a lot. You're giving him yeah. and Supergirl. And I know at one point I said to Eric, I might have even said to you, like, he is exclusive now, so they're going to throw him. And also, not even that, he's also the head writer of the Monster Man story, the Batman story. So, All right, that's right, yes. He is, I mean, right now, if you're going to say who is the most important writer, I think it's him now. I really do. He's on It seems jail. like he's heavily favored. I mean, I don't really yeah. understand. Now, I mean, you had told me, a wise man named Reggie once told me, not so long ago, that the one thing that you think that they admire in Steve Orlando has nothing to do with his talent as a writer. It's his talent of getting done shit on time. He's never had a delay as far as we can tell. And the stuff, but it's just, I don't know. I think that DC really goes with this, like, you know, oh, the the zeitgeist, you know, oh, Batgirl, Burnside, you know, not even, but Midnighter, I mean. it's But even DC itself, when Burnside, Batgirl have, it like, the sales weren't really huge, but there was a lot of buzz. And yeah, the critical Midnighter, darling. Yeah. Midnighter, critical darling, except for me. And a lot of people, even the guy uh, Trevitt on the um, on Twitter, who talks to me a lot, had hadn't read. He had just kind of gotten in into the comics, and he's like, "Oh, Midnighter, I heard a lot of good things about that." 
And not from me. You didn't read my reviews. I mean, but, you know, uh, with with Batgirl or Burnside, it really never dipped below twenty, right? And some sometimes it's no, it up didn't do twenty. Bit. It did no, it started huge. It, it started, started massive, at 60. but it, like it, it was got, big. It got, then it got down, down to, to like as I remember, like twenty. Sometimes 26. like twenty two, twenty six. It was like twenty six like around there. Uh, Midnighter, and, Midnighter was down by like nine thousand copies yeah. by the end. Midnighter it was, it was, it was weird pathetic. because each. And it was it, it was kind of sadistic of me that each month I would run to those numbers just so that I can see because that was like part of the ammo I'd have when people would give me shit and I could say hey I, I'm all I'm saying is it goes down and it got to the point where you know it's at eleven thousand I'd say God it can't go any lower each month it would go down a thousand almost exact a thousand each month and that means that people are bailing on it and really you have a book like that. That it's its own, you know, story going to actually have a guy bail at issue nine—that means something to me. That's bad. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you don't even just hang in there. Like usually, you get to that base level of where that really the base level to me is where the comic shops are gonna, you know, most of them are ordering one issue. Obviously, it was down to nine thousand. That there were a lot of comic stores that had bailed on it they're not, had no issues oh yeah, sure they're not gonna sure. have any because they they weren't selling i'm sure so, you know, i mean i mean really that isn't that crazy but that it's it's that's that's like prez numbers you know what i mean it got it yeah. got so low that it didn't justify making the book anymore you know but no. yet they still cranking it out yeah they still did and have that many coming out i i think that they really i don't know it's one of those where when they have these critics like and the midnighter book itself it wasn't like these people are like, it's okay. People were gaga for it. I loved the first issue. I yep. really liked the last issue. I had a lot of problems between. Um, and I really, I hope that people don't just think I was biased about it. I tried to be very, you know, just go right with it. I just, the story went nowhere. It was all over the place. It, it things were dropped out. Yeah, of the, the dialogue was a huge problem. The dialogue problem, was you know? terrible. Uh, I was not a huge fan. A lot of people love the art style. I thought it was overly confusing. I thought they were getting too fancy for their own good. Of yeah, telling the action story. scenes, yeah. Yeah, just, but Steve Orlando himself, and even uh, this guy on, on Twitter, Trevor, said, boy, I didn't like Supergirl, but I I hear good things about Midnighter. I hope that this JLA is is better. And I said to him, just to show you something, I believe that Supergirl is one of the better issues he's written for DC. And I didn't wow. like it that much, but I do think that was one of the better issues. And then he's like, boy, that puts it in perspective. That's just me, though. Maybe, I mean, he could get better. He's a, he's a yeah. newer writer. This reminds me sort of uh, Marguerite Bennett. Remember when she yeah. first started? It, she really wasn't shit. I remember she wrote some Batman annual in like 2013 yeah, or something. Yeah, she did that one with the Anchoress. That was yeah, Batman then, annual with the and Anchoress. And then right after I that, she it. did something. It was okay. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that issue. It was a little she, odd, but it was good the way they, they put her in with that annual. But yeah. You get, you get to see these people sometimes, these young writers progress. So sometimes you, know, you do have to let them, you, you know, talk let about them somebody? stand James, alone. You know? James Tynan came in and he was always with scott snyder anything yeah. he did it was always scott snyder so you kept saying okay here's this young guy scott snyder's bringing him along he's giving him ideas whatever detective comics is is really good yeah. i and like i may have some individual issues some some of it i like it more more than eric does but i do think that his dialogue is really good and i yep. think he knows and cares about the character so like you said maybe steve orlando will 
you know, he's you, just you got, you dialogue is... every new project breathe on its own. Yeah. This could be the one that is he's been waiting for. And he's yeah, maybe it's on. one of those where he is going to be better with the team. Maybe Possibly. that's the thing. Maybe some writers are better like that. Yeah. Now the problem I have is to me with this dialogue in Midnighter, it did seem like everybody, like it almost seemed like a play was being put on, and these guys were reading lines because everybody yeah. had the same voice. Everybody came across as almost like there's Midnighter, then this thug, and that person, and that person, and yet the the dialogue all had that same voice with it, and it was that same over the top wooden dialogue that i i really even had when grayson with. was there his dialogue just became yeah. you know like orlando yeah. size yeah. or midnighter size or now something. i will say i don't there was a couple parts of supergirl but i think he was better i think the dialogue with that he was a little bit better with the actual dialogue though i i had a lot of problems with that yeah that well, you and neither you or i were big fans of that book but it was no. uh and that was a rebirth issue, right? Or was that yes, not a rebirth? it's a rebirth issue. So, so those, those are all have too. little weird problems, yeah. little storytelling issues. So, well, But next. I'll tell you, the real question here, I think, Jim, is what? will Brian Hitch be done with his JLA run before Steve Orlando has starts his? Well, how about this? I have a theory <laughs> that will be coming up that I uh-huh. said to Eric, and I, I, will, I will tell you that theory in a little bit when we get to that story in just a second, because the one story between these is there is a new Hanna-Barbera book coming out and this one i have high hopes for and it is the jetsons they dc announced that the jetsons would be the next Hanna barbera title and now this goes in they have that um garth ennis is doing that uh dick dastardly muttley right, thing. right i don't even i guess that is quoted i guess that is a Hanna barbera title obviously we just haven't heard much about that and that seems like it's something like not even involved with you know he was only in you know, wacky races and stuff like that. So that's a weird one. This is actually the next big property to me that's being announced. Mm-hmm. We had talked earlier when the first bit of the Hanna-Barbera stuff was announced, and we were surprised the Jetsons weren't even on that initial run. Because it's a huge it's a huge title. And uh, this one, though, I have more faith in because they announced that it will be coming out written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, and that'll be the next book. And I hope that they... They they write some fun stuff. I mean, they write oh, the Harley sure. stuff. It is a lot of toilet humor and stuff, but it does have a humor humorous thing to it. And it's funny. Me and Eric were talking about this. I'm like, well, it's good. It'll be the Jetsons. You know, maybe they'll go cartoony. Maybe Amanda Connor will even do the art, which would be awesome. Uh, I she used to do some covers. Like, you know, that's yeah. What she I just does. I wouldn't it be awesome if she was like full time the art of that. I know. I would book. any book. I would love to see. So it then I say to Eric, the Jetsons that that might be pretty good. Maybe this will be the one that we really like. And he's like, well, I I bet you they're gonna make like a modern version. I'm like, what? Do you, it's, it's so funny when you say modern version. It's in the future, Eric. You know what I mean? A modern take of the future of the past. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. But yeah. Uh, he's like, what do you want? You want stop this crazy thing, Jane? Uh, yeah, that's what I want. I want to have like, if it's even somewhat in the vein of the uh, Flintstones book that you're doing, that you had one shots, and it kind of pointed out some absurdities of things and that. I don't even care if it has that. If this was just more in line with just the TV show and have like a thing, Jet Screamer shows up, he's doing a little jig and he dancing, fucking Jet. I yeah, think, I mean, I think that's what they're probably going to do. They're probably, they'll I probably know. have, and, and, and what you could say about Palmiotti and Connor is that they, you know, whatever they end up writing, they do understand the mechanics of writing. They know how to seed yeah. a plot for future issues. Yes. They know where to, 
how to time things correctly. So I, I have high hopes for it too. They always work with an awesome stable of artists. So yeah, you know, yeah. whether it's Amanda Connor or whoever, I think it'd be, be like it might even it. be like uh, Chad Harden or John Timms. These are the guys who are be. big guys on on the uh, the Harley books, they always and the all of them are great. They're all great, and sure. I do hope. And this is one. I'm going out on a limb. I think I'm going to say I'm going to review it, yeah, and I'll uh, start. Next thing I know, I'm going to bail and shove it over to Chris. Definitely, hey, Chris, well, now like it's definitely going to suck. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love the Jetsons, the the Flintstones and the Jetsons, and I like Scooby Doo, but really as a little Jimmy Werner, he's sitting there, and I've loved watching the Jetsons and and the Flintstones, and you know when they have all the all these theories and like oh the theories uh, the primitive Flintstones are down below and the Jetsons were up above and that was like the whole crazy universe going on there I never thought any of that I just watched it and laughed at the jokes off I went I never thought into any of these like people with their goddamn theories and stuff I don't need that that's why I think these these books that they put out with Hanna-Barbera they're thinking too much about what they can do different Instead of just having a fun book, just I mean that, that, that that's the secret to why I think Flintstones works the best out of all of them because it's basically the same conceit as the show, yeah. you know. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's a perfect book, but pretty much if you like Flintstones, well, here it is. This is exactly and, and the same the Jetsons, shit. The Jetsons to me was basically about a family, about a fucking sad sack who had to work for Mister Spacely, and he had his little son and his daughter who liked the fucking music. You know, there was not much to it. But I liked it. I just had fun with it. I just That's sat it resembled watched. your dysfunctional family, not yeah, at all. Really we were did. like, no. wow, I wish we could be, I could be a Jetson. Well, first off, I'll tell you, there is no possible way that my dad was getting on any treadmill like George does. <laughs> there is no fucking way. He's not going to be fucking, you know, walking a dog on a treadmill. That guy, he, he never, he, I don't even know if, when they say like in the Wonder Woman that they didn't have a word for brother, my dad did not have a word for exercise. It, it just was not in his lexicon. He would sit there and be like, you're like, hey, we should go exercise, dad. And he'd be like, what are you talking? What, what, what are like? you talking? Fucking Japanese there. Hey! Hickory dickory duck. Go From to the bed. Sounds of it, I don't Your think mouth's going to suck my cock. Hey! <laughs> hey. If she could <laughs> no. find it, I, I don't. Yeah, I, from the really? sound of it, I don't think your dad could have fit in one of those Jetsons cars either. It would have just looked no. like a bunch of flesh up against. No, a they'd bump. have to do it the opposite way: the bottom with the the big round fucking <laughs> bottom. That's where he'd sit his goddamn ass. You'd see his ass crack hanging out, fucking shitting all over the place. Oh, my dad was—he was such a piece of shit scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> you hate that guy. Wow. Oh, I love you, Dad. I love you. Sometime. Uh, I think his anniversary of his death passed us by a little bit ago. I should have given him a shout out. Don't you? If, if he would have been a nice guy, I never would have had this podcast. That'd be fun. I'd probably be a success in life. I have this podcast because I have nothing. Nothing yeah. but five kids. And Thanks, wife. Dave. Nothing. That's for you, kids. They're, they're up in the next <laughs> room. I hear them giggling. They just sit there and listen. They love. And actually, if I got like Rafe in here, he would tell you about my mom. We all hate her. She's such a bitch. We we go out and, and we're we're food shopping, and the biggest thing that we're worried about the whole time is we're going to run into my mother. And, yeah, and and the problem is is that we haven't seen her in a while, so Ray thinks any old lady is my mom. There's grandma. Oh, we go, it's and it's actually a guy. <laughs> it's a guy. Like the, where where are you getting this? But yeah, a guy with a yeah. perm. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Ah, yes, the next bit of news is the last bit of news and where I had my uh, little theory, and that is the big news of the week. Justice League versus Suicide Squad. I can't even say it. Justice League versus Suicide Squad event is a coming. 
DC Comics' first major rebirth event. I, I asked this, Darren. Is it an event? It has to have its own book. Is that is that the concept? Because I was um, like, well, you have the crossover. And also, I actually had an issue when we first started, started the site because I was calling uh, something a crossover, and a guy told me that it wasn't a crossover. It was something else. What are the others? There's the crossover. Then there uh, is – what is it within a book? This guy fucking undressed me with this the one time and just started yelling at me. Like, that's not a crossover. Oh, tie-in. Uh, it, okay. This guy fucking went on, and it was like the first guy ever to comment on the site, and it was this whole fucking argument with me of what a tie-in is compared to a crossover, compared to an event. And wow. then I was like, well, that's the difference between an asshole, a dickhead, and a son of a bitch. Unfortunately, yeah, right. you've rolled them all up into one, you fucking asshole. <laughs> but yeah, I was so angry. But yeah, uh, to me, I guess an event has to have its own book. Yeah, I, I think I'd the, say that's true. When I'm thinking think back on other events, it seems that way, yeah. That's what I'm guessing. But yeah, their first And then the books paper. that support it would be the tie-ins, yes, you know. It yeah. would be the tie-ins, but it's not a crossover because it's already an event, right? It's a, yeah. I don't fucking know. I get so angry. What what threw me here is when I saw this, I Eric put the the news up out of nowhere. Eric shows up on the site for a fucking news item. It's because he didn't go to work that day and made me work fucking four extra hours that day because yeah. he didn't show up. But yeah, I get home and luckily he, he got out of bed to put up the news, Reggie. But I saw this and I'm like, boy, that sounds like it, like he misdid it because I had just assumed in my mind that the monster men was the first rebirth event, but that's the first rebirth crossover, I guess. Oh, my God. It's all a bunch of nonsense. DC Comics' first major rebirth event, Justice League versus Suicide Squad, will begin in December, according to the Wall Street Journal. Former Justice League artist Jason Fabak will illustrate the series, which that's awesome. People have been asking what Jason Fabak is up to besides that backup in Suicide Squad. That is yeah. And here's what he's up this to. This is what it is. Yeah, Great this news. is what it is. Yeah. And he's going to be joined also. It was uh, released later in the week that Tony S. Daniel will be on art as well. Oh, great. And this is, this is written by The Flash's Joshua Williamson, another guy who they signed exclusive. So it awesome. does seem like you, you sit here, and I think that is basically when you get these exclusive there are, I think, caveats when they say, listen, you sign on the dotted line, you're also going to be like up, you're, you're first in line for these big events because Joshua Williamson is writing it. Tim Seeley is joining in on the Suicide Squad tie-ins. And he's, yeah, he's other guy. He's they, last year's news at Seeley. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Seeley. And it's funny because he was on that Suicide Squad book that you were reviewing at the end of yep. 52. So it's going back to that. Uh, but that's where my theory comes. That That's part of the theory. That's part of my thing later. Six-issue event series will be published bi-weekly in December with the remaining four issues to ship weekly in January. Why are they doing that? Why? Ship two what? in December and then every week in January. And I really do think that DC is out there and they want you to prove their love. They want you to fucking pay attention. They cannot yeah. do anything easy. So you're there in December. You're like, okay, first week of December, say, oh, oh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad. This is awesome. You go to the next week. Hey, the new one come out? No, that's bi-weekly. Oh, okay. You come back. Then you're thinking next two weeks. No, it's the next week in January. Yeah. And then every now you got two. Yeah, now you're fucking confused. Now you're behind. You don't know what's going on. It's, it's starting Why to smell a little that? bit like the uh, like the Robin 
Yeah, well, it that was kind of clunky and weird. I didn't really that know. That was clunky. It does also seem like they decided this late and they really wanted to end in January because, like we said earlier, the JLA book starts then right in February, I believe, because it spins out right from this. But it, it does seem like they have six issues and they want to get it done quick and this is the way they decided. It's just fucked up. Why do so? So the regular, does this preempt the regular JLA and Suicide Squad books? Do you know? Well, or is this- here's the deal. I will, I will mention that to you in a little bit because the, they have tie-in issues with that. So what I'll get to that, but here's what they explained. This is their description. The day that Amanda Waller's long dread has finally come to pass, the Justice League has discovered the existence of Task Force X. Now, this reads DC's official description for Justice League vs. Suicide Squad. Now, I will say this is a little wonky already because even in the Batman book, we know that Batman already knows about him. He's gone and talked to Waller and even like a Duke Thomas figured it out. So it's yeah. weird that they're saying this. And, and people, Tim Drake have, knows it all. The whole team yeah, Titans people know have it, even you know? People have even, yeah. And people have even pointed out like say a Simon Baz knows Amanda Waller because she came to him for the JLA book back right. in uh, the New 52. But – Again, it's all a pretzel. America's <laughs> paragons of truth and justice won't take well to a government-sponsored team of black ops supervillains with bombs implanted in their heads. But before the Justice League can shut down the Suicide Squad, a bigger problem looms. Another deadly strike team is lurking in the shadows, one that could expose dark secrets throughout the DC Universe, with ties to hidden truths of rebirth. So I don't know what that is. Long-time enemies such as Batman and Deadshot. Now here, here's their description of who's going to go against who. Long-time enemies such as Batman and Deadshot, right? They have a history. Mm-hmm. Batman, Deadshot. They do. They do, yes. Okay. The Flash and Boomerang. Yeah, they definitely do. For sure, yep. And Wonder Woman and Harley Quinn. Um, yeah, mm. I don't, mm, yeah, don't yeah. really remember, remember any... Uh... Long-time enemies, Reggie. Harley mm. Quinn and Wonder Woman. Is right. that, to me... Of everything we talked about, including me yelling that I was Wonder Woman in the backyard of and- little Andy's backyard, <laughs> this seems to be the most sexist statement that of all these, of all yeah. these we're talking about, that you have to pair up Wonder Woman and Harley Quinn. Well, women, women course, are natural enemies with each other. Yes, that is and true, I, so. they are. Uh, but you, you <laughs> do get the three major people of the Suicide Squad that they have to do it. I would have rather have had the Batman, Deadshot, Flash, and Boomerang. And Harley versus Sanity, or something like that. You come get something funny, but to, to yeah, fighting pull, herself, or yeah, yeah to, and Harley Quinn versus everyone, including herself. But the thrower yeah. with Wonder Woman, it's a little weird. Uh, people actually were calling this out immediately. Like, yeah, I, I remember I, all those great issues where Harley and Wonder Woman fought. Really, if there is an argument between Wonder Woman and Harley. Harley better hightail it the fuck out of there very quickly because Wonder oh, yeah. Woman will snap her in half. And Wonder Woman's not going to take that nonsense, that Harley Quinn fucking craziness. She's the god of war. I, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really thinking, I, I'm sure it probably had to have happened sometime, but I can't think of a time they even interacted. No. Yeah. I get like one time. Like, I, it's I'm, weird. <laughs> it's so weird. The, the worst, the, the thing that I would think happened the most is uh, a cosplayers fighting at some con at some point. Because she, that's the only time I ever the see them together. Books. She wasn't. I don't think. I, maybe she was. I think she was What's in one that? of the black books. That's what it was. Har, little Harley, Harley's little black book. Yeah, she was in that. Yeah, the, one that, of them. I was think Wonder she was Woman. the first one. The, yeah, that's right. And I think even then we thought it was weird. Yeah, it was Wonder weird. Wonder Woman though, she'll she'll sell herself out to any book. She was in fucking six pack. She was in All Star Section Eight for Christ's sakes. That Wonder Woman awesome. will take. She'll take any job. 
She'll you <laughs> you offer her the money, she'll be in any book because they are real people, right? Uh, oh, yeah. they have to, they'll have to put aside their differences when an evil threat once thought lost to the DC universe makes their return. Who do you think? Mm-hmm. You think it's the crime syndicate already? Because they did. are they going to pull them back out again? I mean, I think they're they definitely implying that it's Watchmen or something. Yeah, I, yeah but it's weird. Implication, but like, I don't think it's that cut and dry. No, I think yeah, it's I more. don't think it is either. But it's this: just an evil threat once thought lost to the DC universe doesn't spell Watchmen to me either, because they no, weren't really. thought even there. So, who? What evil threat was lost to the DC universe? I I don't know. I mm-hmm. no. We'll have to see. But yeah. uh this is Jeff Jones. There's something DC has been talking about for a while. Oh, this is uh, Williamson. Josh Williamson says, this is something DC has been talking about for a while. Even before I came on to Williamson, it described a concrete two-year plan. DC Chief Creative Officer Jeff Johns has for a rebirth. And there, right there, tells you if there is a two-year plan, this Watchmen stuff that we think is going to happen, everybody thinks is going to happen, is years away. Yeah, for really, sure, yeah. If the two-year plan, that the last six months will be that stuff, if if any, you know what I yep. mean. Yep. Um, according to the newspaper, uh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad begins after Batman begins to question the viability of Amanda Waller's test for sex with Justice League already in operation. He decides to put a stop to what Williamson said. Waller has appeared in recent issues of Rebirth's Batman title, with that series writer Tom King saying that future issues would have the Dark Knight assembling his own version of the Suicide Squad. And then this is the part. In addition to the core six-issue Just League vs. Suicide Squad title, issues 9 and 10 of Suicide Squad, as well as 12 and 13 of Justice League, will tie into the event. Now, we already saw that the Suicide Squad issues are not going to be written by the normal uh, writer, Rob Williams. Or Rob Williams. It'll be mm. Sealy. I doubt that then. They haven't announced it. and I have to cough real quick. Excuse me. That was freaking killing me. Uh, <laughs> since since Tim Seeley's going to be on the Suicide Squad title, I doubt that Brian Hitch is going to be writing these tie-ins to just yeah, have somebody it. else doing it. They have not announced it. My prediction is we then never see Brian Hitch back on the on the book. This gives another writer at least two issues, at least a month there to get shit in order and go. I said when I was talking to Eric about this, this reminds me of a football team where if you want to change quarterbacks, the best way to do it is in a bye week. You have the bye week where you have everybody, everybody can practice, get ready. It's the same thing for me. I think that this is a cut and dry spot. If they want to get rid of Brian Hitch, you do his last issue was 11, then somebody has a lot of time to catch up and get that issue. A couple of months. You don't think it's going to be Steve Orlando, though? I kind of got the impression on Twitter that he's going to be the writer going forward. Oh, He'll get to to pick a team of JLA. Yeah, but he's JLA. This is Justice oh. League. That's Justice League of America. That's a whole oh. different book. And I don't, that's, and I think he, that's the thing. People are asking, like, that's why when people are going, oh, you know what? This is the team I want. If you're going to have a JLA book along with the Justice League book, I doubt Eric claims that he thinks it's just going to be the Justice League in another book. I think it's going to be like that JLA book that we got in New 52, the one with the oh, yeah, yeah. covers, whatever the fuck it was, 51 covers. And that's how many states there are, right? How many states yeah. are there? Well, there's usually 50, but yeah, you're right. Uh, it, and that was, that was a big, it was, like, it was like the weird team. It was like the, yeah. uh, the other guys, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I think that it's going to be. You're going to have a weird team. I don't think, I've seen these teams, people are already young. I want Midnighter, Batwoman, uh, Superwoman. Yeah, Super, yeah, Superwoman. Someone we've seen one character. <laughs> yeah, really? 
all these crazy people. But yeah, uh, but this I do think then, my prediction is issue 14 of Justice League will have a new creative team. Uh, you, you mark it down. Okay. I think. But yeah, that is the news. And uh, we're going to go on with the mail. It's mail with Jim. That'll pump you it's up. Mail. It's mail with Jim. You want? I, I am already pumped up, but I might need a little more pumped up. Who else in the love car? Say yeah! 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 yeah. All right. Oh, jeez. He left. <laughs> the leprechaun guy left. Oh, right, geez. Oh, my goodness gracious. Hello, weird science. Yes. <laughs> we have them all. Bonjour, Jim. Bonjour, Eric. All right. Bonjour. We are ready. I am tired. I, I took a... A Claritin for my allergies that uh, this is another thing. I never had allergies as a kid. And then all of a sudden I get older. I get allergies. I get freaking I, I shake my fist at the young whippersnappers. <laughs> I have stories about going to school uphill both ways. <laughs> I see it all. I, I really am. I know that a lot of people you hear about this, but I have really now come to accept that everything that, that you hear about, like not liking music, it, it's all come to be. It's all comes to I, pass. Yep. And it's weird, like now, uh, nowadays, I don't know if it's just because of the music my kids listen to, I, it's gone reverse now, because at one point, like my mom and dad, my my brother would play like real early Metallica and like Sepultra and, and Celtic Frost, these really crazy hard bands. Sepultra, dad, huh? Oh my God. Yeah, isn't, is that how you say no, it? No, say, it's, it's Sepultura. Is, it, is that, enough, is that actually how the, the heavy metal band pronounced it as well? I believe My brother would say... My brother always just said Sepulcha. I'm like, that sounds fine. That still sounds kick-ass to me. <laughs> but he would listen to stuff, and my mom would, oh, my God, that's so crazy and heavy. And nah, nah, nah. Now it's like the reverse. I hear the shit my kids play. I'm like, that, that's wimpy yeah. music. What's going on? You know, they're listening to fucking Tay-Tay. Fucking, <laughs> my, 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 my son, Rafe, is, is a big like rap fan. But and I think this is probably all my kids seem to be like this. So I'd like to group them all, all young kids into this group where nobody really anymore has a favorite band or artist. It's just the song of the day. Yeah. Like they hear a song, they're a fan of that song for three days. The next thing you know, like they like the whistle song, Reggie. And then next thing they like to, I'm riding dirty. And now these are even these are so old. Yeah, these are old ass songs. I'm telling you, if I yelled to my son right now, like, what song do you like now? It'd be some crazy song that he doesn't even like the guy who sings it, but yet he likes the song for now. It, it, there's no loyalty to any sort of band or artist anymore, yeah. in my opinion. Well, they don't, they don't release I, albums, really. You know, they just crank out no. these songs. You just gotta... And really, most of my, most of my kids that all they're going to hear these things on, they don't listen to the radio. They don't buy songs. They listen to everything on YouTube. Everything of my kid, anything of entertainment with my kids is all YouTube. Their favorite things are not like, oh, I like this show. 
that's on. They don't even know what shows are on now. They like uh, freaking Good Morning. What's that? Uh, mythical Mornings. Good Mythical Mornings. That's the that's the thing they love the most. Game Grumps. These guys. That's all they like. <laughs> these fucking YouTube guys. And then I I sit there. These guys are terrible. I'm yelling about whoever. And then they throw stats at me. Oh yeah, Dad. How many people listen to your podcast? Because this video just had 15 million that's views. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Holy shit. And then I'm like, yeah, I guess you got me there. Though I keep yelling when I see the, they also love watching those vines. And to me, a vine is just a guy. It's everything's the same. It's somebody running and screaming. Pretty much, yeah. yeah I can do that. I can. I run and scream from any sort of contact with any human beings. They get to, every vine is just me. When the mailman comes, ah, you run upstairs, trying to hide. Ah, uh, it is the mail. Then the mail. If you want to be on the mail. Email us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. We will read everything which you'll hear tonight. And unfortunately, we're going to have a little problem because uh, Dancing Mike, who you just heard do that great mail intro, is a little upset. People were calling him out. People on the site, people's doing email. You heard the spotlight where I said, oh, wait till, wait till Mike hears the podcast. People yelling and screaming about him. Well, he, he preemptively told me he's done. He no more rent and raves, Reggie. He's done. Uh oh, that's it. He's he's retired. Yes, so he's retired. Snow. He says in this, this might be his last mail. He's gonna he's gonna address it in the mail, but it may be his last mail. But we'll see. He he's got to realize. I I told him, and I even said with Eric, and we have talked about this a long time. Uh, if you would have given it up when my wife started fighting with you on Twitter, <laughs> then we never would have been friends. That's you true. never would have been on the podcast. You you started out emailing about how awful our audio sounded and that we were just awful human beings that basically that was probably the first you know 20 emails of yours where how we were going to die on the air eating shitty food and that we were just awful and then you got to know us and realized that yes we are awful but you know at least you got to know yeah you really you really only offended by the audio complaints so all the rest of it was yeah that's all i ever was really and i got so upset and then finally i even said to you i sent you a mail and said like what are your suggestions and all all, i can't hear you telling me to compress things anymore that's that was your that was the golden thing (laughs) golden ticket no no first it was yeah eric has to have a uh he has to get a mic mic Mm-hmm. And he got what? I'm having problems with my throat today. Um, yeah, Eric needed a mic, and then he needed compression. Yep. That was what we said. And that's all God, you needed, I, and you did it. And now I it's so much coughing going on. Well, you're I don't know if this is my allergies doing this. I don't even know. I thought I had a cough drop somewhere. But, yeah, this first one is from Repair Jack, Repairman Jack. And this is where it started the, the trouble with Mike. Hello, Jim. Hello, Eric. Hello, and he says to leave that hanging because he's going to rip in the mic. He wanted to start it like a mic, but here he goes. Guys, this was almost the week that drove me to call into the rant and rave line. If only I didn't have near crippling anxiety that makes me afraid to talk on the phone. We have to talk about dancing Mike. I know you guys are all for letting any Tom, Dick, or Henry contribute to the podcast or the site. But when it comes to the people with special needs, can we please leave it to the local grocery stores? <laughs> that is harsh, Yikes, right? Yeah. There is a guy in a local grocery store at, uh, near our house. He is a special needs guy, and everybody loves him. He collects the carts, and he says everybody greets. He greets everybody. Have a wonderful day. It's like the most positive thing. My old boss almost ran him over drunk oh, and claimed that that would not have caused problems. Yeah, it was a crazy deal. She was she almost 
drunk driving ran him over and claimed that nobody would care. That's what she said then. That's so fucked like, up. Like, oh, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Nobody cared. I'm like, I, I think they would have cared. Yeah. And also, I think the town would have fucking rioted. <laughs> Mike, it's time to stop. This week, you had the gall to call out the cosmic treadmill for how long it lasted. Did you did you hear that? Were you offended by that? No, Reggie? I wasn't. Right? Off- I did hear it, yeah. But uh, that's okay. You weren't offended by that? I was not offended. You weren't offended by that? No. You didn't send him like a nasty message while you were riding the subway on the way home? No, not you, you for didn't that one. That? No, no. I calmed down. <laughs> can, we talk about, <laughs> can we talk about the second or third time you've called in or left an email for this week's podcast? We don't need to hear about how your caretaker took you to the local comic shop and insisted <laughs> you get My Little Pony and Harley Quinn, regardless of how hard you try to pass it off as her wanting them for herself. Now he's calling his wife his caretaker. Yikes. We don't need to hear yet again how Scott Snyder's Joker touched you inappropriately. We know you feel hurt that he hasn't called you back since, but we don't need to hear about your misplaced feelings towards his writing. In the end, I would suggest you just stick to the dancing, but I actually haven't been witness to your namesake, so how about you just stick to the singing? He likes the singing. Yeah, he's I do, too. Yeah, me, too. The podcast community is getting big enough. Uh, now, actually, i, I got to stop there. Well, he said, the podcast community is getting big enough now that I think it's time for infighting and fan beef, and I'm starting it here. I actually thought that was like an aside that he was trying to give me, but he says, take care, brother. Whoa. But yeah, uh, he he's against Mike. This is the best part. Now, Mike, this is – I'll tell you, Repairman Jack, when Mike fails, it's all because of you. And I'll blame you that I don't get any more songs of praise. Yeah. I love the praise. The best, though, is that he has called out – Dancing Mike for calling and emailing a couple times, right? Yeah. And, he, and then Repairman Jack writes in again a second email that <laughs> made me laugh. I'm like, you just bitched and moaned about him. So see, Mike, see, I, I have to talk Mike off the roof. He's jumping off the roof. Repairman Jack, he now he sees why you have to keep him. His next email is in defense of Action Comics. Hey guys, I just had to, I just left a comment on the site pertaining to last week's podcast discussion, but I decided to email him because I would really like to hear more discussion about it. I've been completely down on action comics through the entire run. This issue I think I really need to defend. That was the last issue that we had last week. Mm-hmm. I think you guys are missing some of the pieces coming together. The entire time we've been shown that Oz has some plan in place or that the pieces were all coming together. I even laughed that it was basically all we were shown in every issue. The issue, This issue, I think, showed these pieces coming together. Did you read this issue, Reggie? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. This is the one that at the end he actually gets Doomsday. That that seemed to be his plan. Oh, okay. I, I think I didn't said, read it. It all starts with Oz saying that Superman couldn't solve this issue without thinking. I think that is Oz saying from the start that he wants Superman to remember the Phantom Gate that he has. I disagree. We'll talk about this. You guys brought up that they never even left Metropolis until John had screamed, but it was even shown that Oz was watching Lois and John watching the fight and him saying once again that everything is falling into place. Oz seemed to know that it would eventually lead to Doomsday leaving Metropolis. Even in the last issue, when Oz sends his troops wherever they came from to attempt to hold back Doomsday, it seemed like it was only in place to remind Superman of the Phantom Gate, since that was what he point, uh, that led him to it. I, I disagree, because I really do think it seemed that he wanted Superman. This is just me. He seemed that he was saying, come on, Superman, think. He wanted him to get out of the city, because then he even says, I forget the exact thing, but he even says something to the, to the lines of... Uh, Okay, now that we're we're outside the city and nobody can see, 
fucking troops go in. I think that's all it was. I think that he was he wanted him to go out of the city, and I actually think this whole get him out of the city thing was him thinking, you know, before you fought in the city, a lot, even the Man of Steel movie, it was kind of like that, like, yeah. think Superman, get him the fuck out, get him into the wilderness. Now, in the meantime, he got there because John yelled. I think that just kind of happened. But once he got out there, he sent his guys in. If he has the technology to intercept, because what happened, if you didn't know, Superman had a jerry-rigged fucking phantom zone projector that he had in his own uh the, the Fortress, Fortress Salter, that I remember. Yeah. I remember him getting that. I, and, that was yeah, the last and one I he read. He put it together because he remembered it. That was bullshit to me. Yeah. That seemed weird. Um, but what happened then is Superman got him. Doomsday was sucked into the Phantom Zone. In the meantime, Oz had the ability, he had the technology to scoop him out of this projector, out of the Phantom Zone, intercepted him on the way to the Phantom Zone, and has him captured in his little fortress, wherever that may be. I think that if you have the technology to do that, originally his guy showed up. Remember, I, you probably then read that issue where his, uh, Mr. Oz's guy showed up and they were trying to get uh, Doomsday into the Phantom Zone gate of their own. Yeah. Or, or They had that and it didn't work. Doomsday broke free and killed them and whatnot. I don't think that that was just – there was no – to intercept this Phantom Zone thing, it just seems – that seems like eight steps down the line of a plan. I really do think that those guys showed up, and they were just going to zap him into this thing. It didn't work. In the meantime, you have to scramble once the thing – and then, yes, when he says, oh, my plan succeeded, I now I have Doomsday. I think that's what he was going for this whole time. He just had to get Doomsday out of the city. I, I don't know. It really – to me, the way that Repairman Jack is spelling it out, it may be. And this is how he's liking it. I'm not taking it this way, but really from step A to Z that they did, it was so wonky. If this was a plan, like sitting there, oh, thanks, Superman. And from the beginning, you're thinking, like, how does Oz, how does Mr. Oz know that Superman even has this projector? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, how could he have made, now, how could he have planned for these, like, brand new developments? Yeah, and Mr. Oz, though, himself seems to have freaking cameras everywhere. So maybe he does know. But it really seemed odd to be this, like, watcher guy. I really think a lot of his planning just had to do with he wanted some things to happen. I don't think it was going exactly the way he planned, and he kind of jumped in. But in the end, it, it did turn out that he wanted Doomsday. And then after all these issues, like, uh, Repairman Jack's like, no, I have to defend it. And all the places. After all this, I'm like, all of this was just because he wanted fucking Doomsday? Really, why didn't they just have him – really, we had all these issues of nothing then, of just him trying to get it. Just grab this him, is yeah. what, This is the reason. This is not on my rebirth do-or-die pull list. Action Comics is not. I have liked each issue, it seems, less. Yeah. I'm really – I'm just – I'm kind of sick well, of it. I think it, we were right? all saying it between the two Superman titles, Superman is definitely the one we like yeah. better. And even that kind of has its own problems, but – yeah, action, action yeah, comics. I, I actually have it. I just haven't gotten around to reading it, and part of it is it's yeah. no longer getting me like super excited to read it. No, well, that even shows you you have it, and you're not even just you. You don't even care. Yeah, you know, you're like yeah, I'll get to, I'll it, get later. to it later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will tell you a little sneak peek. Everybody who's a, a fan of the Superman book, I'm gonna be a real fan next. I pff, I love next week's issue. I'll tell you that. Hey, hey, that, that, no spoilers now. Exactly. 
That's important. They don't seem to care if you just say you love something. Yeah. If I started yelling that it's bullshit, then they might care. But boy, it, it is really good. But the thing I is, love. if you love something, that could imply that it's like 90% poop jokes. It so, is. That's well, there, the funny. There you go. <laughs> you didn't know that Jimmy Palmiotti is guest writing it. There's a lot of dick jokes now. I do think it ended up being too elongated and a little boring, but this issue really brought it together for me. That's awesome, though. I'm glad that it did because Repairman Jack has been the most vocal against this book. Anything that gets somebody onto a book, I don't care if I agree or don't agree. Sure. Go with it. I love it. Oz seems to somehow know the future, possibly, or he's able to calculate possibilities of ridiculous odds. I think that is the case. I think that he's a guy of odds and calculations, and he really uh, – things worked out for him. But either way, this issue really won me over. So that's good. That's his second email. And see, uh, Dancing Mike, it wasn't all hate for you, no. right? Dancing Mike better come back. He better be writing. And, and really, without the rant and rave, we only got earlier. You weren't on. It was me and Eric. We got this crazy guy calling in with the rant and rave. Yeah. I, I don't know what that guy Yeah, you let all kinds of assholes call into that thing. Yeah, really. The next one is Maddie D. Maddie D, uh, his thing is labeled a podcast fan could be Eric's Phantom Menace. And we're going to have a little more hate for Dancing Mike. <laughs> Dear Eric and Jim, what the fuck? Dancing Mike is really starting to annoy me. I mean, is he looking to have Eric kicked out of the Get Fresh crew and take his place? I say the answer to that would be yes. No, it's not. He's a, he jokes. Here's the thing is, it's funny. Now, Mike is definitely finding out something that Jim Warner finds out a lot. There's times for jokes, and sometimes the jokes go too far, and then people get really mad at you and then send you nasty messages on the subway. Sometimes right? that happens. This, this is what happens. I, I well, always sometimes, think – Sometimes you have an elaborate joke, and you haven't let anyone else in on the joke. That's, here's the thing is I always assume that everybody knows that I'm always joking, and sometimes it bites you in the ass. And I know, Mike, you're out there listening right now, and you're shaking your head because this has happened before to you where you're there and you think everybody – because I think that Mike also – might have the same thing with me is that when I meet somebody and talk to them, I immediately think that they are in on everything that I do and that they're really like not even close friends, but like inseparable friends for 80 years so that you can start joking around. I, and it happens all the time. And it always bites me in the ass. This one guy uh, when used to work with me and Eric. This guy talked to us all the time. We'd see him every day. Probably one of my best friends at work. Mm. The problem is he did not see it the same way. Me and Eric both considered him a friend. Yeah. And then the, the funniest thing, and this isn't funny, but his brother happened to be a burn victim. And now this <laughs> – I forget. It is true. And it wasn't anything with Eric, but something happened. I forget the joke. But he said something to me about his brother, and he has like six brothers. He's Irish. They all they oh, yeah, sure, them. yeah. And somehow I made a joke about his burn victim brother, but it, I didn't mean anything by it. Next thing I know, we almost were fighting in the fucking in the parking lot. Wow. He called me out to fight, and then I said to him, "No, I was joking. You're my friend." He goes, "No, we work together. We're not friends." And me and Eric are like, "Fuck you! Wow. Stop talking." To yeah, that's what happened. So I thought that we were tight. You, you joke yeah. about your burn victim brother, and I thought we were that close, but nope. Yeah, that's. I thought that I could joke about him. He would, and it's one of those two. He would joke about this brother all the time. Then I get involved, and next thing we're fighting. You know, I just thought of my brother was a burn victim, but he wasn't an all. He wasn't an all over. He he fell hand first into a bonfire when he was thirteen. Oh, really? And he got so his hands were burned. His arms, his arms had massive burns and blisters. They pretty much healed though. He had no like. 
horrible scarring, unfortunately, so he wouldn't have horrified Eric. Yeah, I was going to say, Eric would have let him in. Yeah. He, but, I may, but then again, I get the idea that, Eric, it doesn't matter even if you're scarred. As long as he knows you were a burn <laughs> victim. And and possibly in Eric's mind, he would think that your brother was a mutant who could had a healing factor, and he would be even more scared of him. Like, now he's a mutant burn victim yeah. who's not even showing it. Probably. So he might have been even out more. But, yeah. yeah uh, Matty D continues. I mean, first, the news song. Then the mail song. And now trying to worm his way into the Scott Snyder interview. Now, people, this is the, this is really, he did, he did, um, make fun of your cosmic treadmill. Uh-huh. I, some people were upset about that. I really think that the thing that set everyone off was when he pretty much said he would be involved with the Scott. Hey, I'll do the Scott Snyder interview. He was joking. I knew he was joking. Yeah. Did you did you hear that? Yeah. I did hear he, that. that. I knew was he was joking. Joke. Yeah. That was him joking and being it, it, funny about it. Like, he hates hey, Scott I'll... Snyder. It would be you know what I mean? Yes. It would be a silly yeah. it, it's so ridiculous. It's over the top that we would ever because I even said there uh Eric this week, we're talking at work and I said, Can you imagine we finally get Scott Snyder on? I'm like, Yeah, dancing Mike, you can be on and we're like, Hey Scott, how's it going? Mike's just right in. How dare you? Yeah, you killed my joker. He hangs up. He hangs up. There it is. I'm like, thank you, Dancing Mike. But yeah, that was a joke. We knew it was a joke. And I know for a fact that if we had Dancing Mike on, he'd puss out just like me yeah. and talk to Scott Snyder. It, you know Starts what I mean? cradling his balls. You know how it is. Uh, we'd all do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. He says, if I didn't know better, I would guess he wants to Yoko Ono, you guys, and make the podcast his own. <laughs> oh, Yell. Hell. He would probably call it Golden Age 1942 podcast. <laughs> I didn't know you guys had a free sponsor. Aye, aye, aye. Really, Mike? Come on. Jim and Eric are a great team. They are like Martin Lewis or Skipper and Gilligan or Brett and Scarlet or Forrest and Jenny or Batman and Superman or Andy Dufresne and a prison bull. Too bad Eric is here so I could say, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Still haven't seen it. Eric, keep your eye on that dancing mic. I think his last name might be Palpatine, and he is trying to assert your role on the show. That is from Maddie D. Feel the Play. hatred grow within you, Jim. <laughs> Yes. Now, that, take the yeah. lightsaber and strike me down with all of your yes, hatred. that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Mike's just joking. He likes the podcast. He's very – that's what uh, – and if you don't – I don't know. I can't even say. He's just getting if involved. Call He's out, having a good time. You if know? you're going to call out Mike on anything, call him out on that 20-minute call when we first started out the goddamn fucking rant. Yeah, Ray that was, now, that was trouble there. <laughs> that I was scrambling trying to figure out how to uh, mix that one in. But even since then, even though he's like, yeah, I'll keep it in, he does some reviews. He's awesome. I actually asked him if he wanted to do some reviews on the site. Sure. He said he didn't want to. He didn't want to. He might do ROM, though. He's really into ROM. That's cool. Loves that ROM. Yeah. So, yeah, this is why uh, if Mike, Mike listens, I, I appreciate him. And it's not just because he freaking praises me, which I love, but that's part of the joke. Yeah. It's part of the joke. It's like me making fun of the cosmic treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the joke. I, I, Eric tells me you do great stuff. Yeah. Actually, Eric should be the one that everybody gets pissed at. He doesn't listen to anything. He doesn't, he he doesn't no listen idea to this podcast. <laughs> he doesn't listen to any of the things. He's never heard Brandon do a Marvel <laughs> review. He's never heard Mike do anything. I think I made the soundboard so that Eric would be forced to listen to these rant raves because he never listens. Yeah. 
I don't know. He may listen to this part because he's not involved, but really, he just he gets done and he checks out. And really, for the most part, it's like uh, he's out for the the long haul. He does his reviews and then he'll check in with the podcast and he's out. I think we put the Marvel Monday in so that he had something to do on Monday. That's how we got to treat the, we got to treat the talent like that. You know what I mean? He gets his own trailer. He gets like his first that's crack right. at craft services, and that's uh, that's how it's got to be. Here we are, America's You're sweetheart. There. Tonight, Eric shows up today. We were doing the thing. We started at three. It got fucked up. So we're doing the rest at five. We're recording. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, I got to get this done with Eric so that I can go watch The Killing Joke and then read Reggie's books and get ready. In the meantime, you're recording the freaking com- Weird Comics history. Yeah. Like freaking me. We're running around like chickens. I was mixing, with mixing Cosmic Treadmill. I had to fill out this the whole outline. It's a, yeah. it's a lot of stuff, folks. Let me tell you. It's yeah. kind of I, I, was doing, I was doing the uh, – I'm watching The Killing Joke while I'm publishing a, a review from Josh that he did an image book. I'm trying to get that done because I forgot. I also – at the point have to come up with a dream crate for loot crate yeah. to do this crazy thing for them that we're not getting paid for <laughs> everything is for free oh yeah that's, uh, yeah. that's the, the internet next, economy everyone. oh yes the, the next guy is dustin and dustin writes in and dustin is another guy here he has it's a call to arms and he has answered the call because last week i said hey dancing mike has all these things for me I want songs for Eric. And this is where I wanted the joke to continue, not this hateful male. I wanted people to go, oh, yeah, Dancing Mike, you like mail with Jim? Well, now I'm going to do a b- books with Eric or I'm going to do the Here Comes Bushman or, so, you know, some sort of things. And this is where I wanted the fun back and forth. And Dustin, he stepped it up and he says, hey, guys. So this is not up to dancing Mike quality, but beggars can't be choosers. Keep up the great work, Dustin. And he did send in an Eric song. And I play it right now. Here we go. Shake. Uh-huh. He's a dude on a podcast. Uh-huh. He takes shit from every one of us. Shay. Uh-huh. You know his daddy's dead. Uh-huh. Uh, ten books impossible. He's read every one of them, reviewed every one of them, saved with a mighty hand. Every man, every woman, every child from shitty comics. And that is Eric's theme. Brilliant. Reggie. Brilliant. Loved it. I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. And yes, that is Dustin with his uh, Eric Shea thing. He, it's called Shea Gordon, which I even <laughs> like that too. I like, but this is what I want. I wanted every week somebody to have another song. It just keep sending in songs. I have a couple. I have, I have planned. I have a couple. One was to uh, Lisa Loeb stay. But it was Eric Shea. I said all week I'm all week I'm trying to think of these songs, 
and I couldn't come up with anyone. I, I couldn't come up with things except for that one. That's like my that's my ticket in the yeah. Eric Shea, and I I didn't get to do it. I never sat down to do it. That's why anything that people send in, I love it. I yeah, love every bit. It and sounds I'm like gonna, let the listeners tell. handle it. You know, they 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 yeah. got they got their hand on it. I know. I just as long as everyone, we got to keep it on wax. I don't want to hear about any drive-bys or any like scuffles. You know, any the West East Coast, Coast, East Coast. Coast. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's funny when we first started the podcast. I think I went a little, uh, but you know, above my means of what the podcast was at that time. And I really did want to have a team Eric versus team Jim. And it's funny because Brand, uh, uh, D Ron. He actually was the first to, to write in and say he was team Jim and Eric. Yeah. And he still says that occasionally. I wanted to do that. I think I could do that now. And I think I win. I win because I am going to skew it to everything that comes in. It's just going to be a positive to me. Yeah. Well, you read, so you that, get all the mail. So you can always just delete, you know, yeah, you Eric, lose a Eric bunch has, of votes. That's this other thing. Who doesn't even give me the email address and stuff like that? And I, why would I give it to you? You don't, you don't touch it anyway. <laughs> I'm sitting there. That's the other thing. Just to continue the bitching. I'm there. I'm freaking cutting and pasting mail. I'm trying to gather news. And Eric will send me a thing. Hey, I'm watching this show right now. I'm like, you son of a bitch. You know what I'm doing? I'm gathering fucking news. How about you do that for once? <laughs> you hear that, Eric? I got to do Yeah, I need Jess to yell that. And, yeah. and also, I will, I want to let down the veil on something as well that Brandon will think is funny. For now, I don't think it's going to happen. I begged Eric to get fucking Jess to yell, "Can you hear me, Brandon?" And I was going to put it on the podcast. Oh my god, that'll be that'd be horrifying. I guess that went down. It, I think it, it never is going to happen. He said that they sat there for a while one night trying to do it, and she couldn't get it right. I don't even care if it's right. How could she, I just why couldn't she hear get me, it Brandon. right? I don't understand. No, no. I just want, can you hear me, Brandon? And that would have been great. Brandon would have fucking curled up. Yeah. Fucking crying. All right. The next email is from a new guy, G. Chung. Hi, Jim and Eric. I was in the desert like Aquaman was when he was chasing the Atlantis terrorist cell back in 2011 when I found out DCR podcast ended their run. But thankfully, they directed me to you guys, and I've been enjoying your podcast for three weeks now. I feel like you guys go in more depth. For the books uh, you guys are reviewing, and I actually bought Hellraiser Rebirth number one because of your wonderful review. How about that? Very good. And he says, you guys are doing the Lord's work. Thank you. And that is sincerely GM Chung. Is this the, and, is this yeah, the Lord's work? Is this really? Yes. He said, you guys are doing the Lord's the Lord, work. Is yes. this what the Lord had planned for us? Okay. This is the Lord's work. That I, it's That's what he planned for me. I when my grandfather I said, the Lord really, doing, really doing. expects a lot of us. This is the thing. It's a clockwork Lord. He has <laughs> set the clock and walked away. And this is the shit he gets for walking away. He he is now a, you know, an abandoned. He abandoned us, Reggie. <laughs> I'm going to get the freaking. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh-oh. All you religious people, you can go now and scream and yell at me. But, yeah, I think he's a clockwork guy. He set up the universe and walked away, and this is what he gets. This is what he has to deal with. But the next email is from a, a long – we haven't heard from this guy in a long, long time. Uh, his name is Reggie. Oh, God, not this guy. Yes. yes, you sent in the mail, Reggie. It says, <laughs> Dear Jim and Eric, but especially Jim. It's funny that you sent this mail not realizing that you would be on the mail reading it, correct? I, so I kind of knew, but I just wanted to send this uh, important song. Yeah. This is a this is a coming back party. This is the prodigal <laughs> son has returned here with this mail. That's right. I'm coming out of male retirement for one time only because I cannot listen to you ruin the reputations of morning commuter radio DJs and shock jocks everywhere. 
Your sound effect pump-up songs are a mockery, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Attached is a proper mainstream radio pump-up song that should serve as a base education of good taste and propriety. Though I fear that at your advanced age, there is little hope for your correction. That says, love, Reggie. I'm glad you said love. Mm -hmm. But you also sent in a morning pump-up song because, yes, I have been having occasional the morning zoo pump-up songs for everybody for the week where, uh, unfortunately, I, I have funny clips. That I think are funny. A lot of the last one were all Eric, which I think are hilarious. Yeah. But the funny clips to a very, very sad song. And you were going to show me what you're really supposed to do. So here's another musical interlude. This is this is from Reggie, by the way. Mm. Reggie, you're taking full credit, correct? Uh, I full credit. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here he goes. Wait a minute. Okay. That kind of fucked up because I turned down the sound. Here we go. The soundboard is never going to go off of that energy, no, right? No, probably it's not. It's never going to. Here is the sound uh, song. Listen to this song. Are you feeling I'm, pumped up or what? I, I'm not. I'm feeling I had pumped. My, Woo. In my hands. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> That's my You were an awful person. <laughs> Everybody went chung tonight, indeed. Yeah. I'm going to fucking kill myself. Hey, luckily, half the shit you couldn't even understand. Yeah, it's real, people, it's real low. But there are some some shit in that song that if people really sit there and listen to and see what it was, they are going to be so upset. People will be pretty offended. Yeah. Oh my god, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I you it's know, so bad. <laughs> my god, if, I told I told Jim <laughs> that after I down? after I did it, it sort of messed me up a little bit. I listening to Can all you give these me a clips. rundown of what that song included. Uh, we had for, we we started out and we had the Hindenburg, right? Right. right. That's the Hindenburg crash. And then it goes into what? <laughs> there's some random screams peppered throughout. There's that some I picked random up screams as, as a uh, you know sound effects. Then there's the original first 911 call from Columbine that actually gets picked up by one of the shooters in the second part. He's screaming into it. Then there's a 911 call from one of the buildings in 911, like as it collapsed. 
the second oh. building. That's why it cuts off. He's like, oh, God, no. And then yeah. uh, the last year, all Columbine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was it. I'm so, I'm so pumped. <laughs> and I was going to use Jim Jones. I told Jim this also, yeah, but the yeah. sound quality was just too poor. The Challenger explosion wasn't good for you. Well, the, you, know, you know, what else did you have? Fucking Sandy Hook. That didn't make the cut for you. I, I, I thought about it. Yeah. That's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Stop, stop with, you know, maybe they have some actual uh, footage of some uh, Jewish people being led into the fucking ovens yeah, well, I mean, by a, Hitler himself. That's old stuff. I said All it's right. weird. I think that you have Hitler yelling in the background and it wouldn't offend anybody anymore. You freaking call him. It sounds like There's comedy. There's people at work. There's people at work at, at my work who don't even know what Columbine is. And, so, and they are in their 20s. They, they're just not well informed and they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been offended there. Yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know what else you could have there. The Jim Jones stuff is crazy. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I have listened to that. I've listened to a lot of these crazy things. Uh, do you ever listen to the audio of them claiming it's the one cosmonaut that that ends up realizing he's going to die and he's not going to uh, survive reentry? So he sits there and curses out the Russian freaking, you know, what their version no, of NASA no. at that point. Just And supposedly some people claim this is a legitimate thing that uh people you know like with their shortwave radio or whatever somebody picked this up wow and they really do think that it is him just like fuck you you fucking assholes you fuck me you asshole but it's in russia yeah. and that some people claim it was all made up and whatnot but yeah that was like the the audio versions of faces of death that we just <laughs> listened to to get us ready for the weekend i think that like the I have the awful songs with the funny clips, and somehow now those seem like the best things ever. <laughs> like a fucking a bed of roses, those things are. Yeah, well, you know, oh, what can I say? Oh. I'm a horrible person. Yes, you are. See, that's the thing. And listen to me laughing away. I can't stop laughing because <laughs> everything to me is a goddamn joke. I've been told that by many of – I'll be at a funeral and I think the way to lighten the mood is to tell a joke and make some – and I'm not like I'm, – I'm not a knock-knock joke guy like that. I am a situational guy, so, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm constantly having to, like, stop myself from yeah, saying the that, inappropriate that things. Big, that, like, usually my mind goes no right soul. to a joke when something happens. Yeah. So my mind goes right to making a joke. Yeah, yeah. that's what happens. I, I At my grandmother's funeral, we're there, and there, my grandmother didn't have her glasses on in the casket, and she had always worn glasses. And they started uh, saying, like everybody, my dad and all these people, like, no, somebody's got to get her glasses. I'm like, what the fuck does she need her glasses for? It's on there. And then I, I talked about this. I have a, a retarded uncle who my grandmother raised him. So he was there, and he started trying to wake her up. Like, wake And this would be something oh in the hokiest move. I mean, I'm telling you, this would be the crazy movie thing. People are crying because I couldn't I couldn't stop laughing and I couldn't keep it in. So he said, Wake up mommy I'm like Jesus Christ, get him the fuck out of there and I, I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Sounds Everybody's absurd. crying. Oh my god, me and my cousin Ronnie were just laughing. Like, oh my god. I still <laughs> Yeah. It started with these glasses. I'm like, really? Yeah. That's what you're worried about? The woman's dead. She doesn't need her glasses. Her vision, her vision is perfect, you know. It's it's yeah. dead dead person. Zero vision. zero. Yeah. It's dead. She sees nothing. You know what she didn't see? The fucking Grim Reaper. Come and take her. That <laughs> couldn't have been sooner. I hated that woman too. Chisanga's next. Chisanga says, Hey guys. 
All I have to say is fuck Brian Hitch's JLA. His art and storytelling are bland and boring with too much nonsense. And after this, I think that's what this podcast is tonight. After this week's issue, I wish that it had never come back. I seriously hope that December Solicits announce a new writer for Justice League because art can only save a crappy story for so long. If he stays, at least he should make it bad. As Nocenti's writing, that was the best, so that we can have a good time reading his books. Also, when did El Diablo get back? Because I thought he died at the end of Seely's run. That is the question for you, Reggie. Did El Diablo die at the end of Tim Seely's run? And I, that can only be, in my mind, in that goddamn castle. Was that uh, when he was? I think in? I think he did actually. Yeah, I think he sacrificed himself in in the second to last issue of that. Never-ending five-issue castle shit. But yeah. I don't remember that I, well, I to be honest. Castle. And it's it's comics. They're going to bring back guys. And it's Rebirth. That was all rebirth so he got rebirthed. No. He got rebirthed. It's all a pretzel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I my prediction in this, where I said with Brian Hitch, would mean that he would be off of the book, I believe that would mean, in February. So I do think that that's when he's going to be announced to be changed. And I really, if I was DC, if I was Jeff Johns, really Jeff Johns, now that he's, you know, one of the head guys, he has to look at this Justice League book and like, I carried, you know, I made this book exciting for all this time in the New 52. And you motherfucker, you get on for fucking three issues and you're fucking, you're, you're ruining the whole thing. You're fucking tipping over the apple cart. He has to not be happy with this. But he by is the time, not just, by the time he's not just a business guy. He is a creative guy. Oh, and he's a huge DC fan. I mean, he, he, yes. he truly is that. But I think by the time he has the time to read Brian Hitch's JLA, he'll be so long off the book it won't even make a difference. I mean, fucking oh, Jeff Johnson's true. handling like and, five shows. And three really, movies. I think that. Yeah, that, and I also think that when it comes down to everything, he's going to learn very quickly that it doesn't matter if a book sucks or doesn't. It's all sales, and I'm sure that the, it's the Justice League. Yeah. It's going to sell. It really will, and I think that there might be a time where he you know, learns a very hard lesson of, like, how, how are we letting this go on? This book sucks. Now it sells. Let's just don't disturb things, yeah. even though you know as well as I do, if at issue – 13, 14, whenever, if they make the change, usually that gets a bump in sales as well when you have a new creative team. So we'll see what goes on with that. The next email is Dirty Drill, and he has the tagline or the subject line, Talk Dirty to Me. Yes. Hey, guys. I'm sorry. I thought I I had. Hey, hey, Drew. (laughs) What's going on, big boy? Hey, Hey, I'm just here to talk to Dirty Drew. He wanted me to talk dirty to him, so I'll tell him the pig fell in the mud. Oh, wait, are you here to talk to me or take inventory, big boy? <laughs> Actually, that's not like that. Hey, big boy, that's the one, are yeah. you here to take inventory? That's my favorite. You're here to talk to me or take inventory. Oh! <laughs> is oh, that is nice. that May Dice? Is that who that was? <laughs> that is May Dice West. Oh, okay. Hey, big or come up and see me sometime. Oh. There you go. There you go, Drew. Oh. Hickory dickory duck. Dirty Drew is sucking some. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what is going on here? Dirty Drew doesn't do that. Or does he? That's how he got that name. Now I'm Mae West in the lease. I don't even know who the fuck I am. Hey, guys. I'll read your mail. Hey, guys. Thanks for reading my top ten list week. 
even if it wasn't just a giant list of compliments for the show. That's the reason we wrote, read it. Yeah. It was all compliments. This week's list will be a little different. I don't want to inflate your egos too much. This one is on all about me, baby. Hey, baby! <laughs> I'm a relatively new reader of comics. I've been a fan of the DC Universe since my younger years watching Batman the Animated Series. But I've only been reading comics post-convergence. So this is big. This is very important to what he's going to say later. You have to remember that. Post-convergence. Post-convergence, Reggie. See, if I talk like that, you always listen. So. Oh, absolutely. Yes, the DC YOU is often disparaged, and it certainly was a low point in sales for DC, but it had some great books, and me and you agree totally. Yes. Me and you actually, I don't know about you, but me and you actually, besides the major books took a shit yeah. in the DC YOU, but me and you really enjoyed some of the other stuff. We were stuff. having a good time like, with those me, little weird yeah, books, to, yeah. Yeah, to me, I'm telling you, when I think of the DC YOU, I, I think positively. Because of the six-pack and even Bizarro, yeah. Batmite, yeah. those things. I actually really liked the concept. And I know Eric hated the story we over continuity. Until they had yeah. the, uh, the crossover. Yeah. And there were a bunch of you good did, books. Reggie. But, yeah, but basically Superman was a freaking up. Yeah, no, that what happened is they tried to change too much. If they would have kept decent stories you don't don't kill off bruce i know that scott snyder i guess wanted to do that then you had the robo batman yeah. you also had the truth superman you had green lantern and hal the renegade we it, don't do all that stuff and we still would have the dcyou going right now i believe because even like this midnighter uh thing coming out later what we're getting with six pack and uh, dog welder these are things that probably would have come out these are very much a dcyou especially the uh, dog welder and six pack. Yeah, for sure. That's like right in there. And then you have like the Raven. You have all these, these minis and we really like that. I did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, unfortunately though, a lot of the major books just, they just changed too much and the stuff just wasn't great. Detective comics being about Gordon in a weird way and he said, there's just nothing jived. And really they made that whole thing about story over continuity. That seemed to be the thing that they tried to explain with the minis like Bizarro with Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen mm. going around. You didn't need to do that. You, I, you, I like the book. You didn't need to explain it any because a mini to me can be whatever it wants. Yeah. You don't dispel that out to me. The actual continuity of the DCYOU of the regular book, say the true story, would say that nothing was wonky about that. It just wasn't very good. It wasn't what people wanted. Like they wanted to bring the fun back, but then they made the major books not very fun. No, not at all. But yeah, the big thing though is that's when Drew joined in. And I will tell you, as I did with the new 52, usually when you join into something, you're gonna fall in love with it and go gaga over what you get originally. And it might be, it might not be everybody's favorite story, but some of these are probably Drew's favorite stories because they were one of his first. And this happened to me. I remember when I read that uh, Adventures of Superman, that digital book, mm-hmm. was the first digital book I read. I loved it. I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever read. I'm writing reviews that it's the best Bizarro story. <laughs> Christoph Gage, he had a story with Bizarro, and I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever read because it was one of the first things I read. But, yeah, I think that's what happens here because he's like, I credit the quality of those books for sucking me into the monthly comics. So it, it did what it was supposed to for people. He joined in. He really liked it. Once again, thanks for putting out great content on the website and podcasting uh, in modest terms. With further ado, without further ado, he's going to give his top ten books that are DCYOU that he actually read. 
Now, remember, this is going to be something that some of these I might snicker at because I have a little more background. And yeah. it's the, actually, it's only one. Number 10, Batman and Robin Eternal. I hated this book. I couldn't stand it. And it, a lot of that was because I had read Batman Eternal going into this. And that, to me, was very lackluster. But the Batman and Robin Eternal, to me, there was a lot of wonky. Remember, though, we all loved that first issue. I mean, love that first issue. I was going nuts. We were going nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I think I – Eric claims that – and I didn't go look. I thought that I gave it an 8.5. He thinks I gave it a 9.5, and he might be right because I loved it. I thought it was great. When we went into this, we were told this was going to be a huge Dick Grayson and Robin story. By the end, it certainly was not. No. It was more of a uh, Harper Row story. But the problem is I love Harper Row, one of my favorite characters out of the New 52. They ended up changing her around to a thing that I didn't like. I liked her when she was just the spunky, almost like a, a female Tim Drake who had figured out things on her own and went. But now they turned her into this super fucking Robin. Uh, but he says, not a consistently great book. And Mother was a terrible villain. But it was fun 23-week ride with the best of Gotham supporting cast. It served as a prelude to Tinian's uh, current run on Detective Comics. I'm glad I read it. And that is true. It, it did. Detective Comics pretty much spins out of that with spoiler and all that. I wish Harper Row would have been continued. The only thing I think is that Scott Snyder has something in mind for Harper down the, the line, and he wants to keep her out of it for a while. But that was a book. If you go back, you know, Drew can go back and look at my reviews for Batman and Robin Eternal and the comments of people just hating me. That, that book was a, a fucking nightmare. It was so divisive, and, yeah. But it, it, And remember, we used to talk about it first in every podcast. Yeah. It was always the first book. For all 23 weeks, we talked about that, and I think that during that whole 23-week ride that he calls it, I hope that I pointed out the things that I didn't like and it made sense of why I didn't like it because you were told rules that one week it was one thing, then oh, the next God, it yeah. changed. Uh, there was just crazy shit going on was, that seemed to just happen. I mean, that was a book. Yeah. I think I bought the first six six or seven issues, and then I was like, I'm done. But I, I, you know, I listened to to you guys every week because and me just rant and rave and you guys get going nuts over it and that that kept me abreast of it and everything i heard i was just like what is what is happening like did they have a plan you know it felt like they were making it up they, as they went along it just it seemed to change yeah. and the the best though if we didn't have batman and robin eternal first off brandon would have not have had a full life because he loved that he actually has made it a term of when he hates something so much that is the batman and robin eternal of that yeah so if he ate like a sandwich he's like god damn it this is the batman and robin eternal of l sandwiches (laughs) it has become part of his talk of what he thinks is the worst he has spelled out to me certain podcasts that he think are the batman and robin eternal of podcasts (laughs) yeah he's told me that this week he was yelling at me about it so and also without that and brandon will laugh when he's listening without that we wouldn't have had the skip to my Lou fucking Bane when he went over and was skipping to my Lou. The fucking word. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. He's there clicking his heels, running away. One of the funniest panels I've ever seen in my life. It was so great. Ah, uh, yes. I, and, and really, I'll say, me and Brandon both, 
the week after that book ended, we missed it right away because it was something just to, to get every week and see how it got worse and all this crazy things. But the rest of the list, I think that you will agree with. Number nine, Gotham by Midnight. Although it debuted before the DCYO began, Gotham by Midnight is still one of my favorite books of the last year. Whatever happened to Ray Fox? And I just think he's off doing his own thing. That's a, the other thing is there's, there's not a ton of books right now. Yeah. So you're, Get some of these guys, and and it's weird. I don't know if this is Ray Fox is doing or just he's been pegged by uh, uh, DC. I think he Ray is Fox, that dark. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like the the mystical dark thing, and really, there's not that many books right now doing that. I think, and I think he's I don't one know. of the co-writers sure on this uh, Monsters Unleashed thing for Marvel okay. coming. So. He may be, and again, yeah. the, you mean the Monster Men that that one with no, Batman? No, no, no. That? The uh, the Marvel thing. They're doing like a Monsters Unleashed thing in, oh, in, in December. Okay. So, Maybe. but exactly but, like you said, but again, the, the that, that seems guy, like yeah. a dark thing, yeah. right? That seems like a dark mystical monster yep. thing. He does seem to be pegged as that. Uh, yeah, the Marvel stuff. I actually, just as an aside, Brandon, because of our Marvel Mondays, Brandon put up the spreadsheet where we can grab the Marvel books that we want. This Marvel Now lineup, holy crap, that is a stink pile of, of garbage. <laughs> I'm going through this. I think that it, I'm looking, I'm like, who the f- – what is this book? And I, I guess I'm like – the one was like thrill. I don't even know what it was. Slapstick? Something. Are they, they're and doing I, a fucking I, slapstick book? That yeah. Book? I messaged oh, wow. the brand. That's I'm so like, weird. what the fuck is this book? And he's like, oh, those guys are from the uh, the Mercs for Money. I'm like, really? They're, they're going to get their own book? Fantastic Four, they still are, are fucking uh, – have a stick up their ass about that yeah. and they won't have a Fantastic Four book. They're getting rid of the X-Men books. You know, they have the Death of X or whatever. It's the only thing. And they're going to have a slapstick book? The Prowler. The Prowler has a book, Reggie. Weird. The fucking Prowler. I don't even know who the Prowler is. I, I, I don't know who that, that is either. I know, I know who it's Slapstick is, though, which shows you where my brain is at. Yeah. They also canceled Nighthawk, which is one of the books I do now, and I really like. I know. I heard and about that. And now they have Prowler. The next one, he says, number eight, Swamp Thing. Len Wein and Kelly Jones' six-issue miniseries was a good entry point to Swamp Thing. I was already familiar with Kelly Jones from his work on Sandman. I'm looking forward to any further Swamp Thing projects with this creative team. And we love that as well. And you had heard. We we still haven't gotten word of that, but you did hear that this will continue. I correct? did. I did hear that. Yeah, Len Wein said at uh, San Diego Comic Con that he was going to do more with more on this, but we'll see if and when that happens. But I'll tell you, if you like that, go ahead and read uh, Charles Soule's run and even uh, Scott Snyder's run on yes. Swamp Thing. You'll probably yeah, like really, that too. Uh, Really, start, I would get the trades, yeah, uh, Drew. Go and get the New 52 Swamp Thing trades. And S- Scott Snyder did a good job. Once it gets to Charles Soule. Oh, God, he did an awesome, awesome job, yeah. It is so great. And, in fact, you put that as one of the top runs of Swamp Thing, correct? That's my second favorite run after Alan yes, Moore. It's, and-, and that's crazy because anybody who has read, you know, these Swamp Thing fans, it's like Alan Moore is, uh, you know, he's the pinnacle Always, of yeah. everything Swamp Thing. Yeah. And yet you put that Charles Soule run right down, right below it. Yep. And it was, it was awesome. And I have I read like, all of them. I, I'm, I, you know, people yeah. that don't know, I am a massive Swamp Thing fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I said the we we talked about this before, but I was reviewing Swamp Thing and actually gave Swamp Thing to Eric to read the Charles Soule one when I was reviewing it because he refused to read it. 
And I wanted him to have to read it. And the only way I can do it was to say, fuck it, you're reviewing it. And then he went back and he's, it became one of his favorite books. It's that good. Yeah. It is so good. Uh, Manship recently had read that whole New 52 run. And he said when he loved Scott, like he kept writing to me, Scott Snyder's runs awesome. I don't know. You know, oh, you guys like almost like we were disparaging Scott Snyder because we love Charles Soule. Then he got to Charles Soule. He's like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah, it really, it yeah, really takes one. off. But both are really good. Yeah. And the next one is a book that me and you both reviewed. Uh, number seven for him is Black Canary. Who doesn't love a rock band on tour movie? That's basically what we get with Black Canary as the superpowered lead singer. Annie Wu's art looked so good. And I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, that I really, it was like, awesome. Yeah. It kind of it kind of got a little weird at the end. That uh, it kind of ended. A lot of these books, a lot of the books in the New Fifty Two had the problem, and the DCYOU had this problem where all of a sudden you can tell Rebirth was going to be you know on the horizon, and things started getting weird near the end, and they had to be tied up and things like that or extended. Yeah, this and, went yeah. one arc too long for sure. But if, yeah, if you end it, but if you end it like where it should have ended, it, it's a good run. It's really entertaining. It is yeah. a good run. Yeah. Uh, next one, number six, Constantine the Hellblazer. This is one of the most fun with demons and cigarettes you could possibly have in 32 pages. Another beautiful book by Raleigh Rosmo. I love how he draws the Dark Universe characters. Issue six is a highlight. I don't remember what issue six was. Uh, I'm assuming it's when he was making out with himself because that's the one I yelled about Eric all the all the time. But I think that was a little later in the run. I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. I, but yeah, I can't remember. This, yeah, I'm not a huge Constantine fan. I really enjoy the Rebirth Constantine. So this that was one that uh, that Riley Rossmo art boy. That was some stuff. I loved it. Early yeah. on in the run. And actually, I think I'm even thinking of the other Constantine, because what was the other, the, that was the John, what was the first one well, the, that Eric reviewed? Well, the, I forget who wrote it at first. Ray Fox eventually wrote it after Blight, but someone else did write yeah. it before that. I can't remember Well, there was, was like uh, James Tynan and what's-her-name ended the run, right? James Tynan and I, I forget. Uh, that's I'm when it became... About. It, it that, basically yeah, it changed I'm, titles for the DCYO. That's it, what I'm saying. This is where I'm trying to think of. And then I yes, think it was Constantine the Hellblazer when James Tynion yeah. and, uh, and Annie. And that's when you mostly reviewed yep. it, right? This is where I'm getting confused because it kept changing the names. The part where he was making out with himself was the other iteration. That was the correct? first one. Yeah, I think so. I, yes, I, that's that was what the I was first thinking. one. So. Yeah, I would say I would say unlike Swamp Thing, if you like Constantine Hellblazer, do not read the new Fifty Two Constantine because it really wasn't that great. It had some moments, no. but not that great. Yeah, it just it kind of, nothing really happened. Uh, it just kind of just when he went to Earth Two, that was kind of interesting, but even that was a little bit of a letdown. That's when he made out with himself. Oh, was that? that was, there you go. That's right. Yeah, so he made out with guy. himself with yeah. the Earth Two one, and I, I just, I laughed at Eric the whole week, yelling because that was like Eric thought it was the greatest thing ever, and I just started laughing at him, and, and he got mad at me. Uh, number five, Martian Manhunter, bring back Mister Biscuit. I love. And yeah, I, I don't know. There hasn't been anybody who has told me that they read that and didn't like it. I was a little disappointed with the last issue. Yeah, I. I the only one, but I, I was a little disappointed at the end. And I, I'm telling you, I wanted Mr. Biscuit to die. He was getting annoying to me. He kind of had Everybody to die. Otherwise, you're just going to have, he's going to yeah. replace Martian Manhunter. You don't want that. Yep. Yeah. Number four, Superman American Alien. Screenwriter Max Lannis' seven-issue miniseries got me into Superman. I probably wouldn't be reading and enjoying Gleason and Tomasi's current run without it. Seven great stories, seven great arts. Looking forward to the trade. I did love it. And there were a couple issues I thought were a little down. 
but that was another uh, one where the last issue was kind of a letdown, but it was, yeah, it was still well, good. It was general, good. Boy, the first three issues were some of the best three issues I've ever read. I liked it so much, and that was a book that each each freaking month that it came out, I look forward to reading it. And I did like the change of artist and getting all that, but yeah, I really did like that. This next one is Justice League Dark Side War. I remember furiously reading the entire Jeff Johns run on Justice League and trade just to get caught up in time for the end of Dark Side War. Delays helped me out. Yeah, that was delayed a lot. <laughs> Unfortunately, we'll have to wait a long time before we get a Justice League run as epic or as fun as this. And maybe issue 14 will start that. Who knows? But that was good. Eric loved it. And every every issue seemed to be epic, like he said. That was pretty good. His next one, number two, is a weird one that I really liked when it came out. Uh, I don't even think you read it yet. It's a Mega Man. Have you uh, I'm that actually de- reading the trade talent? right now. Okay. Uh, what do you think so far? I like it a lot. I, okay. I think I'm about I like four the- issues in, though. Yeah, something okay. like that. I really liked it. It's weird. The the further away I get from that book, I start to kind of think like, boy, not much happened. But I did really like it. I tried to convince Eric constantly about how it was like the Star Wars of the DC, you know, YOU and all this crazy stuff. I like stuff. how they're going to like different planets every time and it's like a different culture. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the way it is so far. And it sort of reminds me of like those old sci-fi uh anthologies you know where it's like a, yeah. a different like three different stories per issue this sort of reminds me of that yeah. I, i'm really enjoying it the art is great and uh, uh, what i, I, like I yeah what i said to eric why i really liked it was because it was like a lived-in universe yeah. it seemed like a real universe and everything was kind of like worn in and and stuff like that so i really like what he says uh the omega men and kyle rayner made me a tom king fan and led me to start reading grayson which i loved and vision a completely unique and dense read. Pick up the trade if you haven't already. And the number one, Batman. Even if Gordon as Batman isn't your cup of tea, Capullo's pencils are worth it. This was the book I always look forward to, most simply because the art gets better and better with each issue. Snyder and Capullo deserve the top spot on this list for sticking the landing on a memorable and epic round of Batman. No other book in the New 52 was nearly as consistent. Can't wait for the big event book next summer, he's saying, when they come back together. Snyder and Capullo. Yeah. And yeah, I I liked it enough. It just too much happened at once with everything in the DC uh, universe. Uh, but really, when it first started, I was not against the robot Batman. Oh, me neither. Cool. I thought it was a good I idea. Just, I, I did like. I didn't like Mr. Bloom as a as a uh, villain. Hey. He was too. I liked him as a visual. I liked the idea of him, but they kept changing. You never knew what his power set was. It was very kind of a uh, gray area of anything he was about. It really I was. Mean, crazy. I mean, you guys even said at the time when the uh, you know the Robo Batman came out that they really didn't take the issues to develop. You know, they no. they started or they. I'm talking. We really Scott Snyder started talking about you know Gordon's misgivings and how he was going to have to give up smoking and sort of, you know, yep. become a, yeah. just change his mindset and Bullock was, was struggling. And it, that part of it, I really, I really dug and it looked like it was going to, it was going to go that direction. But then remember they, they brought Bruce Wayne back. Like Bruce came back almost like immediately. And issue, and I was like, oh, well, so then, then once issue. Bruce was back, you were like, okay, when is he going to be Batman again? And that's what it's centered on. And that's why if uh, you remember the detective comics book, to me, at the beginning, that was the book where you saw the uh, learning curve yeah. of 
of him learning the suit because really they introduced that suit and the next thing you know he's performing fucking aerial maneuvers he's doing crazy shit you never really saw him getting i would have wanted at least a montage of him <laughs> fucking around but it did happen because they had and I, I wish i could remember the full thing i forget the villain but they in detective comics they were able to disable the suit almost every issue. Something was going yeah, wrong. He'd have to jump you know, out of it would go. His, uh, yeah, he'd have to jump suit, out, yeah. and then he'd be in that that inner suit deal that I really like to look to up as well. But he kept having problems in Detective. In Batman, it was just really, like you said, you were just waiting for Bruce to come back because he was introduced too quickly back in the fold. And then, yes, you wanted to see Bruce. Oh, he's working at the rec center. He's doing this. Well, all you kept wondering is, when is he going to be Batman again? And then he meets up with the Joker. And they're fucking having a talk with that at the fucking park. Yeah. And then, really, that made it so that, you know, the Gordon Batman thing was, like, secondary. You didn't care. Yep. You weren't. You weren't grabbing the next issue to see what Gordon was doing. You were grabbing the issue to see what next step of Bruce coming back was and how he was going to come back and the Joker. And I really do think that that took away from the the cool factor of Gordon being that. And then, really, it's funny, too, because remember Maggie Sawyer. We've talked about this on the podcast and made a joke. Maggie Sawyer was the commissioner. The minute that Bruce came back, they really was like, Maggie's gone. Hey, welcome back, commissioner. Yeah, oh, here we go. And then Maggie funny. ends up Maggie ends up in fucking Metropolis on just the police force. They never even explained. Yeah. That's what happened. We've seen her she, since, actually, have we? She's in Action Comics. Uh, she was in the one issue where Jimmy shows up where they're having the fight. I think it was like the first back is- – the issue when uh, – whatever number it was when they came back. And she's there just as a police officer pretty much. And Jimmy's like, hey, Maggie, you know you know me. You should be – because Jimmy wants to get in and take a picture and thinks that Maggie should let him go. And it's like she's just back to being a Metropolis police officer. Very odd. Very weird. But yeah, he says, thanks for the good stuff, guys, and thanks for reading all your mail. That's pretty cool. Just remember what you guys may lack in financial resources. Wow. I'm telling you, he's tapped into my bank account. <laughs> he was talking about it last week. I don't know. He's right. That's the problem. Yeah, what right. you guys may lack in financial resources, you more than make up for in personality and enthusiasm. <laughs> that doesn't pay the bills. I, I went, my, my electric gets turned off. I go down and I tell a couple knock-knock jokes. They put the electric back on. And I'm very enthusiastic. Hey guys, why don't you put my my power back on? I got kids. All right, you know what? You're enthusiastic. Here you go. And by the way, here's a sandwich. <laughs> Sincerely, Dirty Drew. A lot of mail this week. I think a lot of people, because of this crazy week of uh, catch up and annuals, they didn't read anything. Almost all this mail came in early this week. <laughs> Even Manship. Manship never sends in a mail before eight o'clock on a Saturday. This one I think came in Thursday. Hmm. Yeah, this is the next one. It's Manship. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of people just bailed on the books and this is why if people are tuning in for the first time, we're playing a little loosey goosey here and taking our time and having a lot of stuff because we have a lot of, we, we don't have to fill the time. You know, these people at their work that we could give them a two hour podcast. It's just not us though, right? No way. We're long. We're in for the long haul. Manship says is, uh, email is titled bad parents unite. Hey, bros, no need to take the FDA auditor to the local Arby's. We simply recommended highly a hotel in Flint for him to stay at. Enjoy the water. <laughs> what the hell? Manship, 
Manship has his own jokes going. By the way, NCR, which I said, what the fuck does NCR? He mentioned a report or whatever. That is a nonconformity report. Oh, a nonconformity okay. report. I, I don't. That seems like uh, trouble. Was listening here. Now he's going to talk about some other podcasts. I was listening to a Survivor podcast. Uh, when I got this, I read it to Eric. From like, the show is Survivor? that show still on? What? Yeah. Is that show still on? I don't think so. I don't know. Manship. It's on a Manship's world. He's listening <laughs> to a podcast about – really, a podcast about Survivor is about as ridiculous as a DC Comics podcast that people talk about a freaking bowel movement. <laughs> we was listening to a Survivor podcast with my wife in the car after hiking this past Sunday, and she asked how long this podcast was. I've been married long enough to know that means turn the shit off. For those listeners who are fans of Survivor, he's going to have a – for all three of you out there, he's going to have a little pick here. Rob has a podcast. is a fantastic listen. Now, I want to tell you, you know that I am such a stickler. To, I'm not a uh, – I didn't go to school in West Virginia for advertising or anything like that. But I like to think that I'm savvy enough – to know some things like how we have the site and the podcast. This guy has a survivor podcast. It is called Rob has a podcast. <laughs> how the fuck is anybody finding this podcast except if Manship points it out? How the fuck did Manship? Yeah, find really. Like, just listen to a bunch of random podcasts. And I'm like, saying oh, here we you go. have a. Oh, you know what? I'm a I'm a big fan of Survivor. You know what? I think Rob likes that. This guy Rob Rob has a podcast. Why doesn't it have <laughs> Rob has a Survivor podcast at least? Does this guy change when Survivor goes off the air for the, that season? Does he start doing fucking Three Men and a Baby podcast? <laughs> what the fuck does he do? Rob has a podcast. Very, what the hell is that? You can do anything you want. This yeah. is as bad as as Eric's headlines. That would be Eric's <laughs> podcast. He'd have a horror podcast, and it would be called Little Eric Shea Loves Everything. <laughs> or something like that. Or be These are the things that I like. That, that'll be his podcast. Everybody will find it. These people with these podcasts. Jim's everybody wants musings. to be clever. <laughs> everybody wants to be clever. Yeah. Jim's Thoughts of the World. That is my podcast about fucking baseball. <laughs> My Eagles podcast. I'm not going to call it the Jim Jim's Eagles podcast. It's called Pig Skins and and Pom Poms. There we go. There you go. And that's even more specific than Rob has yeah. a podcast. This shit drives me nuts. <laughs> Rob, and then, now I'll look. Rob has a podcast. The guy, uh, that's all he does, and he makes a million dollars a year on this goddamn podcast. Oh, yeah, I'll fucking sure. jump out the window. Yeah. Seriously, Eric, when that's where that weird out loud came out with Eric. We're going to start the podcast. I said, listen, Eric, we're going to start a podcast. We got to come up with a name. Let's call it Weird Out Loud. And I said, yeah, let's call it Weird Out Loud so nobody can find nobody it. Who the fuck is going to find that? I'm like, how about this? It's like when any, when Jody does his list, anything. DC Comics is what we do. It should be in almost every title, anything we do. I know, yeah, I know that Weird Science DC Comics podcast is a fucked up, you know, it's boring, right? It's not a very zingy name. I don't it's know. It's not a, very. It has a certain rhythm to it, you know, the way yeah, I say it. But it's not science, fancy. You know what it podcast. does? It tells you that it is our site and we have a DC Comics podcast. And you know what that has done? That at least allows people to say, hey, I want to find out a DC Comics podcast. That's actually in our name. You look it up. Look it up now. Everybody there. We will come up in the search. Oh, yeah. We may suck. 
You may fucking hate us, but you're going to find us. You're going to see where we are. You're going to be there. And this, it's not like this. Weird Science Comics <laughs> Blogs dot blogspot dot com. Yeah, see, that is nonsense. <laughs> Even you, this goes back to you. We had this blogspot.com nonsense going on all the time. You're like, you really have to get a domain name. Just have the Weird Science DC Comics dot com or Weird Science DC dot whatever. What is our site? At DC, Weird Science DC, DC Comics dot com. Yeah. I don't even know what it is now. I'm so up in arms about this. <laughs> this is the shit that drives me nuts. Rob has a podcast. Really? If somebody came up, hey, Rob has a Good for him. I know, really. Proud of you, Rob. <laughs> it's a fantastic listen, he says, if you can find it. I also love there, – there are some of these podcasts, and, and people do – I rant and rave like this, but really I, I tend to – Get in this mode where I'm like the dawn of podcasts where these people message me on Twitter that start podcasts like, hey, we need some advice or whatever. And I, I want them to kiss the ring. Yeah. Oh, bella, bella. <laughs> oh, grazie, grazie. I start doing shit like, oh, on my daughter's wedding, you come and exactly. ask me a favor. Oh, I'm doing shit like that. For your podcast. But yeah, right away, they're like, yeah, we want to call our podcast. Justice League. I don't even. Not even that. Justice Forever. What the fuck are you talking about? Just call it something simple. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We read and, comics. And That'd be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking spinner rack sensation. I don't there know. There you go. It's just like I don't know. Then you you hear about these podcasts and you go on iTunes. You type in the specific podcast. You type in Rob has a podcast. And his podcast is seventh in line on that search. How can that be? Who knows? A lot of Robs out there, I guess. Yeah, I'm saying some of these comic podcasts with their nonsense, you type in like these guys, hey, check out our podcast. I'll always check out a podcast. So I type it in in iTunes, and it doesn't even come up on the search. There's all these others, but how can that be? It gets me so angry. And then these other, this is, now I'm angry. These (laughs) podcasts that start off with these jokes that these people want to pretend that they're in the watchtower and that the what are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Just do a podcast. You don't have to be fucking nonsense. Oh, we're in the basement of the justice. No, you're not. Yep. You're fucking assholes in somebody's basement. Just act like <laughs> it. Is this not fucking playtime? <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, it drives me nuts. It's, oh, where were you? Oh, I was cleaning the bathrooms and the watch. It. No, you weren't. I mean, there, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think they do it. But when the DC All Access, if they did it, well, at least they have DC's direct backing. They, yes, you know, where at the least they have that. Power. But even that, it's just nonsense. Just get. I don't think they even do that. Though. I've never. Even these people, I'm telling you, that me talking about my kids shitting on the floor. Yes, that's nonsense. But to me, at least that's real life interesting. I don't need these. Pl- Play acting like you're over at a friend's house fucking pretending you're Wonder Woman and fucking Bionic Woman in the backyard. I don't need this. Don't waste my fucking time with this. Jesus Christ, just get an eight-hour podcast. I'll listen to it. Just none of that nonsense. All right. Let me gather my thoughts yeah. here. I am I'm now I got I gotta take a drink. I'm windy. Yeah, I think you gotta you gotta do some breathing exercises. You're all I can just... see though, I'm looking at my thing, all I see is Rob has a podcast. It's fucking laughing at me. <laughs> Where's Rob? I want Rob to call yeah, in. Come on, call on Rob. the rent rave line and call me an asshole. Explain yourself. Oh, I'm drinking my drink. Just let me calm down. Uh, take deep breaths. Right there. Okay. He says then, he goes on, Manship. Manship always knows how to press my fucking buttons. And the best thing about it, he doesn't even know he's doing it. Or, he just or writes it does this be. shit. 
No, he doesn't. He's a nice guy. He doesn't think that I'm going to fucking fly off the handle at Rob has a podcast, a Survivor podcast. Why can't it be Rob has a Survivor podcast? Yeah, that would make more sense. Rob talks Survivor. Still, I'm wondering who this fucking Rob is uh, that he's so pretentious that I care that he has a podcast. <laughs> the wife likes you guys, so I switched over to the Weird Science podcast and told her these guys now do an eight-hour podcast. My wife says, no way these weird science guys have a full-time job if they can get out a weekly <laughs> hour podcast. And I like to tell her that, uh, unfortunately, she is wrong. All I could do was laugh, shake my head, and tell her that, yes, they both work at the same cardboard box factory during the week. And, yes, we do. I show up every day. Eric tends to take a couple of days off. So I couldn't say that Eric has a full-time job, but he likes to think. That, yeah. Right? Well, he's employed full-time, whether he doesn't fulfill yeah. his hours. And you have a full-time job as well. I do. And there we are. Fucking come home and right to the site, right to the site. Yep. And, and, the- and you have you have four or more children. You, don't, you know, you yes, know about four of them. But- have, it takes a lot of time to ignore them. <laughs> I actually, when they come to me and they say, "Dad, uh, we're bored," I say, "Rob has a podcast," and then they go, uh, they go up with a fucking smile, and then everybody's happy. They're like, "I don't know who that Rob has a podcast." Then all right. Can't decide whether to take our 12-year-old to see the Suicide Squad, but after listening to Frenny taking her 5-year-old to see it, fuck it, we're going this weekend. I don't see any reason why you couldn't go see the Suicide Squad. Uh, you age me? 12, oh. sure. I think you'd handle it. My, my 10-year-old saw Deadpool. He, he loved it. Yeah, but, you, uh, he's, but you know, he's a savage werner. You know what I mean? You guys are you guys are a hardy stock. Uh, he, he is not very savage. Oh, no. We went to football today. Um, he had saved up change. And I told him, once you get enough change, we'll go get the football. The football was $5. So he's saving up. For some reason, I have like, I'm telling you, $4 and change in my pocket. I, I cheated a little. I'm like, here you go. Boom. He takes this. I, other pocket. Gave him all this change. So he's counting out. He's like, Dad, I have $5. I'm like, okay, we're going to go. So we put it in this baggie, this little uh, plastic bag. And he's going. And he's like, oh, you're going to pay with the card, right? And I'm going to give you this money. I, was like, I just gave you that change. I don't want that change back. I said, no, you're going to pay for it. You're going to get the football. You're going to pay for it. So him and Rafe uh, are going. This is Logan, my youngest, and Rafe. We get there. We get. They pick out a football. They're checking out all the footballs. And we get in line. And the whole time I can see him, he's getting nervous. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to pay. He finally ended up giving it to Rafe and, and I don't know, made some sort of deal with Rafe. Rafe just fucking, boom, he just threw the chip. It's in this bag. He's like, go. here you and then made the lady count it out, and then we got to change and left, but Logan would not do that. He won't. If he says we, we go before the podcast, I go and get a coffee at this local coffee shop mm-hmm. uh, and donut place. And we're going there, and sometimes he goes with me. So he's like, oh, Dad, can I get a donut? I'm like, yeah, but you have to pick it out. You have to say what you want. Oh, never mind. He won't. He wow. won't talk to anyone. Shy, he's huh? like me as a little kid. So He's the only one. Rafe goes around fucking yelling and screaming. It's fucking, I, he's crazy. But yeah, not not Logan. He is not say he's too much like me. I was afraid of everything. Yeah, yeah. He he continues then. He's he's gonna take his son to go see the Suicide Squad, which I don't think there'll be any problem with. And then he said, it can't be any worse than Batman Assault on Arkham. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Did you I don't watch think that? So, no. Was that a cartoon? Was that a cartoon it, movie? It was, it was a cartoon movie. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see it. He saw that and. Uh, 
he thinks that it's just bad. Recently, this is where it gets funny. Recently, started watching Django Unchained with the little guy. So he's worried about the Suicide Squad, and he's watching Django yeah, Unchained. I don't think you need to worry time. about the Suicide Squad. Dude. Yeah, and then he says, it's educational, right? I felt like an awful parent after watching the opening scene and turned it off. At his bedtime, I turned Django back on with my wife now joining me. An hour in, she asked me a fantastic question. Is this a true story based on the first freed slave? Wow. And then he says again, all I could do was laugh, shake my head, and tell her, no, it's not based on a true story, but we all wish that it was. And me and Eric talk about Django all the time. That is one of my favorite movies of all time now. Uh, you've oh, seen really? it, correct? No, I haven't seen yeah, it. I, I, I love You haven't seen it? I haven't. I actually, oh, I actually have time. not seen a Quentin Tarantino movie since Kill Bill because I, I can't stand really? his movies. No, this one this one is different. Well, you it was look. that I've, I read the uh, comic, actually, though. Okay, uh, I'm telling you, uh, tomorrow for your day with your wife, watch Django Unchained. Oh, yeah, all know. right, maybe. Uh, and I'm yeah. telling you that Samuel L. Jackson plays a character named Steven. He is the most evil, worst villain. If I, if I made a list now of worst villains in movie history, he is number one. Yeah. He is evil. He is bad, He and the acting is great, and I am one of those guys who is really at the point where I got sick of Samuel L. Jackson before others seemed to, and then everybody got sick of him, yeah. and this is his best performance in my mind ever, and it's one – I love it. I love that movie so much. Eric, it's in his top five. Wow. We were talking right. this week. You got this uh, deal. You love it. All right. So what should we call a guy, Mr. Oz, who keeps things? The Keeper? I, I just call him Mr. Oz, though I always say Dr. Oz. I always do. <laughs> so he's finally got himself some doomsday to play with. Can't help but picture Eric with his impossible-to-get-imagined-X figure. So happy, so very happy. Well, in the meantime, before we got this, I think it was on Monday, Eric showed up at work with his doomsday Imaginex <laughs> with the Superman with him and was sitting there playing with it at work. He did. He wow. had it. I, I should have taken pictures of it and put it up on, on Twitter so people could see fucking Eric Shea playing at work with his doomsday figure. And that freaking Imaginex doomsday is big. It's a big one. And yeah, so, I know. Yeah. Could Mr. Oz be responsible for all the characters that dematerialized during the New 52? New 52 Superman, New 52 Superwoman, New 52 Superboy, Owlman, Ultraman, Earth 3 Superwoman, Metron, Telos, whatever happened to him, and the list goes on. Telos, Telos. I hope <laughs> got rid of But yeah, Who I don't care. cares think that's what happened to Telos? There is, the, the weirdest thing of all this is that Mr. Oz uh, obviously seems to be kind of controlling things or at least watching, and then when Lois, Superwoman, started uh freaking burning up she basically said oh now i see what happened clark you know it makes sense yeah. all that that is very odd to me and yeah i wonder what that is but i don't think that mr oz had uh owl man and all they're, they're dead but that is from mandingo mansion <laughs> and the next one is from d run d run uh, comic talk and current events i'm telling you this this mail goes on and on not this one in particular. I'm saying all this mail. Keeps, this is a long going. mail segment. Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. It's been a while since I've written it, and I have a lot on my mind. I've had to scale back my budget in regards to comic book subscriptions. This is because I have a life that consists of demanding wife and four daughters who feel they are entitled to everything without having to put the work in, which sickened me to no end. That's that's kids nowadays. That That is not just little kids. That's all up until the millennials. That That's what we've decided. I don't know if you've decided, Reggie, but I just put you in with me. Sure. A lot of people that we've dealt with on the site seem to think that they want everything without doing any work. My pull list now sits at Daredevil, 
Detective Comics, Hal Jordan, The Green Lantern Corps, and Red Hood and the Outlaws. There are other books that interest me, yes, but like I said, times are tough in the uh, uh, Murphy, the Murphy House. Murphy. Murphy, yeah. Uh, I was thinking about the state of the GLU the other day, and I had an interesting thought. I doubt that the DC editorial staff or Robert Venditti will ever hear this. I don't know. I'll send it to old Robert Venditti. He'll ignore us. But it's worth <laughs> a shot nonetheless. Since DC seems to be hell-bent on pushing the hell out of Baz and Cruz over in the Green Lanterns book, then I think the odds should be even over in Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps book as well. They should keep Kyle as the sole white lantern when all this business is over with between uh, the green versus yellow. They should do an epic story arc on the fall or turn of Guy Gardner. Allow me to explain before you trample me. I will say, I love Guy Gardner. I, oh, he sure. is my favorite Green Lantern. Uh, the Red Lanterns are shit right now. That's true. Everybody knows it. They are a pathetic comedic joke that is in sore need of rejuvenation. In my mind, Guy Gardner's popularity was at its peak when he wore the red ring. I do agree with yep. that. You should do, you, you could do a story where Guy gets unjustly screwed over by the Guardians in the Green Lantern Corps and it causes Guy to embrace the red rage again. Though this time would be a longer stint than the last. There are too many human lanterns in the Green Lantern Corps, this much is certain. You keep the two Earth lanterns and Green Lanterns with, uh, Baz and Cruz, and you make Hal and John the focal point uh, for Earth representation and Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corps. Guy and Atrocitus could make it an honor amongst these pack, along with Blee's, Zoya Sox, and the others. The Red Lanterns would be credible force again. Keep in mind, I am not talking about relaunching Red Lanterns. I'm just saying they could show up from time to time. They could be either anti-heroes or even villains. Let's face it, as long as Guy is in the Green Lantern Corps, he's going to be a third-string quarterback on the bench next to Hal and John. Guy needs to be in the fight. With the death of Rancor at the hands of Lobo and the new 52, the human representation spot of the Red Lanterns has been left open. I think Guy is the logical choice to fill that void, but what do I know? Just a fan of wishes, uh, whose wishes go up like a fart in the wind. Anyway, a man can dream, right? Uh, I here's the thing: the way the core is, they're not. He can be the third string, but that also means like, hey, guy, you go and figure that out, and he disappears for a yeah, while, and then you don't see. Yeah. I, yeah, that's what they'll do. I love Guy, and I I think that he is the one person in that Green Lantern core that sets. Uh, you know what I mean? He's he's he has the most personality, I think. You know. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He he has some spunk to him, yeah. and he he's a fiery redhead. But yeah, <laughs> he he's interesting. John Stewart, unfortunately, I don't care what anybody's. He is not interesting. He no, really isn't. Not since fifty two. No, but you put John and Guy together like they did in the beginning of the new fifty two Green Lantern Corps book. I think that's great yeah. because that's. Get John, who's this, you know, stickler for the rules. I was a military guy. And then you have fiery fucking Guy Gardner, and I think they work great together. Um, guy by himself works great together. John and Hal together, it just it, it doesn't interest me it's at the all. same thing over it, and over. Basically, Hal has become a one-note pony yeah, you know, for, that's for what I'm saying. Hal, years now. Yeah. Hal's the Jesus lantern. He everything goes through him. He's you know the savior of everything and whatnot. And that's why I thought that when they were going to do this renegade story, that seemed very interesting to me because all of a sudden now the odds are against Hal. Uh, he's not really a Green Lantern now. He has the gauntlet. He's on the run, and they really didn't do anything with it. And that was Van Diddy as well. And he really, I thought that was waste of potential. But also, I think that that was kind of stymied a bit by the. Uh, the rebirth thing that they had to kind of do something with that. But yeah, I am not that interested in John. I love guy. I would, and now I would for go D- one better than D Ron, to be honest with you, I would do, 
you know, Kyle's a white lantern. I would do John as an indigo lantern. Uh, mm. Guy as a red lantern. Have them all as the, the uh, different colors. Pretty much, you know. I, I think I'd still keep Hal as a green and probably Simon as a green. And I'm not sure. Mm. I mean, Jessica's still so new. I mean... Well, now they have the Phantom Ring coming, so who knows who's uh, going to be the Phantom whatever. fucking Lantern. I think it will be Jessica. I still think it's anxiety is the key. They really push that. Yeah. They really push that. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I, I just – John, to me, is not very interesting. I know at one point they were going to kill him off, and uh, freaking Joshua Hell Falcoff was going to be on that Green Lantern Corps, and that was his job. He was going to kill off fucking Yeah, and he wasn't uh, with it, John. yeah. And he wasn't with it and didn't do it. He left. He never was on the book. Uh, and then they kind of went against that. It's weird when that happens, where you're, they want him to do That's like the Gail Simone. Gail Simone wanted to make a lighter Batgirl. They didn't want that. Kicked her off the book or she quit. And then they get the Burnside Batgirl, which is exactly what it seemed it, that she wanted. It's almost like what she wanted, yeah. But there was uh, the yeah. whole debacle there. Yeah. Yeah, there was the whole thing with the, the editorial that she was against as well yeah. and all that because she had been fired earlier and then brought back and all that crap. But yeah, and now for D-Ron's diatribe, he says, I bitched enough in the past about Facebook and Twitter comment threads, but I totally get what some creators say. Screw social media altogether. Some of these fans I've read that are fangirls or boys of certain comic characters will say nasty shit about other creators and it sickens me to the core. I've seen comments where people will say shit like, you should kill yourself, or you suck, and that's some of the more milder comments. They do get worse. I know I may be preaching to the choir here, and obviously not everybody's like this, but but bottom line is, if you don't like the work of a creator, artist, or writer, etc., don't buy the product. Do not verbally abuse or attack them on social media. It shows immaturity and unprofessionalism. I may not be the biggest fan of Scott Snyder or Sam Humphreys, but it would, I would never harass them online. There's no excuse for it. They have to make a living like everybody else. They are the ones that DC gave the green light for employment, not these irritating little shits that berate them. <laughs> I, I would, I would never do that. I, there's no reason no. for that. Really, and yeah, I, I may not like guys, uh, and all that, but when they get a job or whatever, all the power to them. I, I'm not, I, I don't like Brian Hitch's writing right now. He might be my least favorite writer on DC. Yeah. I, I don't even know what the guy looks like. I don't go to his fucking Twitter page and, and harass him or of anything. Of course not. No, I mean, people that do that are, I'd have to say, a little bit touched. You know, the people that yeah, really need yeah. to get into someone's skin because they don't like what you're going to do to their thing well, or whatever I'll, I'll it is. Tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you how the game the, the game is that I play. Harris and I think it's the right way. I do not like Brian Hitch's writing. So say the preview of Justice League comes out and we put it on our site. I really won't tweet it to Brian Hitch because I don't want to be a dick who's like, oh, I hate this guy, but I'm going to use him now because right. I want this to be retweeted and stuff. No, I'm not going to do that. And uh, this is what led us to get in trouble with Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart. Yeah, Wait, I got to learn my right lesson. Here. We finally liked one of their issues. Eric finally liked a Batgirl issue, and I tweeted to him. They called us out on it and said, why would we fucking – why tweet us when you fucking have shit on our, our fucking book all this time? You know what? They had a point. Yeah. And, and you know, well, so I, I didn't do that. The score was high enough either. He liked it, but it was like a 7, 8 or something. It was a 7. Oh. I said I will not tweet anything under a 7. A 7 to me for the most part, but that's the problem. A 7 on our site – 
is kind of like other sites, an eight five. Yeah. yeah, some of these people we we've discussed it before. Some of these reviewers they they have a scale that's from eight to ten. Yeah. They rarely go under unless it's a book that we really like, like Six Pack of Dog yeah, Lovers. Then they, go, then they, they pull they out the it. two. Yeah. Yeah. Or they don't even bother with it. But yeah, I think a seven and above is decent, and especially if there are there's something in the issue that's worth you know noting that is as positive. I will say one thing: the writers definitely have a thinner skin than the artists. The artists do seem to be. You could give a book a three. But if you say anything good about the art, they'll fucking retweet yep, that bitch. They don't care. They're like, you know what, you son of a bitches. Those writers get too much goddamn credit. Look at me. I'm working hard here. We said it earlier. Uh, we're hard workers. I don't care what you say about the writing. You just said that you like the art. Boom. Retweet. We've yep. had fucking artists retweet three out of tens. And it, it makes me laugh every time because I always think of – most of these creative teams as being a cohesive unit that they have each other's backs. They don't have each other's nope. backs. Some of them don't even know each other. You know, they're just put together yeah. by editorial. Yep. That's what I think is the deal. All right. D-Ron continues, but I need to set this up a bit first. D-Ron has a site called The Unknown Signal. Not going to get angry like Rob's fucking podcast, but <laughs> it's called The Unknown Signal. And he paid for this. He actually paid for a domain name. He was the – and right away – and that that is actually a good bit of advice. If you're going to do that, do it right away. Don't fuck around with these blogspot.com nonsense that we did for all that time and then switch. Uh, switch right away. But he is on WordPress. He bought the domain name, The Unknown Signal. Now, this week, he ended up getting a cease and desist letter from somebody who claimed to be the lawyer of a band, The Unknown Signal. And he sent me a message. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't win this band. They sent me this fucking thing and whatever. I'm like, okay, fucking did it, unknown signal, did it, band. Nothing. Nothing comes up. Yeah, it sounds like and bullshit. I said, to, I said tell, tell them to go fuck themselves. I said, first off, in my mind, me and Eric were also talking about this. In my mind, this was a big thing at the beginning of the internet where they had like you would buy the domain name the New York Yankees. I remember yep. that was one of them. And then the Yankees wanted to have a website. They had to buy that fucking domain from you. There's no that, that hey, happened to Britney Spears too. I think yeah. she paid like a million dollars for the yeah, URL. This is what I'm talking about. This is not something that they can say like, oh, you got this domain. At, no, you don't own the domain. Yeah. You can't I, – I, if I had – if all of a sudden I was lucky enough to get Disney.com and they wanted to get that from me, I'm going to fucking pay for it. And well, you know sure, that's yeah. where there are some big sites and things like that that end up having wonky websites names to this day because they didn't want to pay for shit and you know shit like that. So these people get a hold of D-Run and he's like, oh, man, I can't win. I just paid for this and I, I spent this money and I, I said no. Don't don't listen to them. Tell them to go fuck themselves. And if they want it, somehow work out a way that they can buy it from you. Yeah. There's no way. So this that that is the background. But he says, Jim, I received the second second nasty gram from the people that claim to be a band in Wyoming with the same name as my blog. They ordered me again to cease and desist and demanded an apology. Tony, uh, first off, uh, Daron and I said, hey, anything you want, you put it in writing. Uh, you, you send it to me. I don't want this email business. I also said to him, 
Ask him where this fucking band is, and I want to see some proof it's a band. So then he looks into it, and he'll get into it. But yeah, I, I know what this is. It's a fucking college cover band, like the Box Trotters back in West Virginia <laughs> that I was in. I'm not sending any fucking mails. These fucking assholes in Wyoming, I want to go there and slap them now. Having enough <laughs> of their shit, I sent them a message back saying that they could have the name and that I wasn't going to apologize for shit but would instead simply deal with their grief. I did tell them that they obviously had a bleeding vagina full of sand. I never was uh, sent a link to their website, even though I requested. Though I, you know, again, that's because there is no website. They, they're they just a band that came up with that name, and they want to yeah. make a WordPress website, and you happen to have it, and they got pissed. They're fucking their three fans. I'm telling you, I, I tried to find this band all I could. Can't find shit. Well, if, no, if it was this a huge band, they would have the URL YouTube. already. Yeah, this isn't you too. Who's the big? <laughs> this isn't Kanye West for Christ's sakes. And you know what? If I had KanyeWest.com, he'd be paying me. Drake.com. Drake. <laughs> no offense to any listeners who may live in Wyoming, but truth be told, I didn't think anybody lived out there. It turns out that Laramie. Uh, Wyoming is a college town for the University of Wyoming, and the band claimed to be an instrumental space rock band. What the <laughs> fuck ever? This, this fucking nonsense. I'm telling you, the, the worst part of this is that he did what they wanted. I'm so upset. I told him. I, I should go. I'm telling you, on Twitter, I told him. I, I'm going to. I wonder if I could go now. If I could find these messages that I wrote to him. I, I Basically, every message I, I had was tell them to go fuck themselves. And then I got yeah. mad. They're, here, I just put. Um, he tells me about this. And then I said. No problem. I, uh, da, 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 da. I keep forgetting that was something else. Then he says this. I said, you paid for the domain. So I say, fuck them. And then I said, I'll look into it. And then I put later, did they mention any website? I can't find these assholes. And then I wrote right. These are all in a row. I think it's bullshit. Some asshole bender wants your domain. So then he's like, yeah. no, I can't find anything. And I said, they're all assholes. Don't worry. Don't fucking do it. Don't get rid of this domain that you got. That's the one you want. Fuck it. And then the last thing I said, go tell them to go fuck themselves. I was so angry. And yeah. then yeah, I sent this email. I'm like, no, you did it. Why did you give in to them? Don't so deal he, so with he the terrorists. So he took down? He, he, he yeah. went back to a He's a military man. You know site. not to deal with terrorists. As I said, yeah, now fuck I'm fucking that. pissed. I spent an hour and a half exchanging emails back and forth with WordPress over the ship trying to get my money back for my custom domain. I was able to get $13 back out of the 26 since the site was less than 30 days old at the time of termination. I understand people use WordPress, and I opted to switch and attempt to have something more professional looking. I think that's a dig at our site, Reggie. But now I don't fucking care anymore. To try and make a long story short, fuck you, Wyoming, and fuck you, WordPress, and fuck you, fucking unknown signal band. Yeah, fuck that. Just like Sam Humphreys. I'm telling you, I'm waiting for that band to have that site up. I'm going to fucking grief their asses. I, we just talked. Uh, D-Ron just said that you shouldn't grief people on the internet. I'm fucking going all out. We're going to go ballistic on these guys. D-Ron, have them email me about this URL business. That's I'm at I'm Reggie saying. at JimWerner.com. Yes, Reggie. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. this. This is. I actually got to the point where I said I wanted to act as D-Ron's lawyer, and I was going to start talking to these guys because I know within two emails – they would show their true colors that they were just kids trying to do this shit. And then fucking like right now, they think they're all fucking fancy. Oh, this is a cease and desist. Yeah. Yeah. The minute fuck that you. you start pressuring them, they're going to say something stupid like, you know, fuck you. Asshole. Yeah, then you're a fucking lawyer. I get so mad. Why are you? Th- oh, man. I'm so you mad. should not have listened. And I'll say one thing for D-Runs for, for that, that URL. 
is that at least his blog is sort of a variety of things. You know, yeah, it he is. does it's yeah. it's the characters he likes, things in pop culture, his thoughts. So it is sort of a catch-all D-Ron blog. Yeah. Yes, it is. But it, it's just actually number one. He did talk to the people at WordPress. I hope that at one point he said to them, "Hey, listen." Is it possible if I paid for this domain and somebody has a fucking band that they can sue me and, and fucking get me in trouble for having a domain? And I believe WordPress would have been no or no. I don't know. They, you know, they, you can't. This is not part. This isn't like you went out and I was a band and I went out and dressed like, you know, I'm you too. Look at us. And then, you know, they, I'm Beck. When WhiteHouse.com redirects you to porn, pornography. Yeah. There's nothing that this fucking college no. band can do to you. This no, is a, this nothing. is such bullshit. You paid for the domain. They yeah. didn't. There you go. Case closed. They have to buy it from you. Damon, you should have fucking you you spent 26 on that domain. You should have charged them fucking 100 bucks. Make a buck and get some books. And just like Sam Humphrey's Green Lantern's book, I'm out. I'm so angry right now as I type this that it reminds me of Jan Son LeBop wanting to fly across the whole country and find the fucks that perpetrated this whole charade. <laughs> I feel like I've rebo- rebooted and relaunched my blogging efforts more times than Marvel and DC combined. But the fact is i got to keep moving forward despite all the bullshit. I'm determined to write about all the things that interest me, including movies, music, and comic books. So like you said, by the time you read this for the listeners, my new, 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 new site but Chaser is part of my name, and it will be launched and underway. I, I hope it's not D-Ron has a podcast. I only <laughs> hope that in time I can get back in your good graces and become once again a weird science-approved site. You can find my new site, and now it's at it's at murfmanor.blogspot.com. Now, I will tell him as well. I actually had messaged him before. We have our little blog roll on the thing. Mm. I put his site on our blog roll. It is listed. If you went right now, Reggie, and went into the inner workings of the site and hit that part in the behind the scenes deal and see our blog roll, he is on there. But yet mm-hmm. it never would come up on the site. And I couldn't figure it out. I told him this probably two weeks ago that I thought maybe he was offended because he might have seen that. And it's on there, but it doesn't come up. This happened before with Chris. Remember Weird. when we changed things around? And at one point, Chris said that somebody had emailed him that we were he was off the blog roll. And I'm like, no, no, because we had changed up some shit the way I had it. And his wasn't coming up as well. But all I had to do was delete it and put it back on, and then it popped up. But D-Rons wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe this mm. Wyoming band. They were stopping it. Finally, yeah. as a founding member of Team Jim and Eric, which I mentioned earlier, I want to rechristen that term and extend the honor to the entire Get Fresh crew. The efforts of Reggie and Chris, along with Jim and Eric, helped to really assert the Weird Science brand out to the DC comic reading masses. Each week, I'm able to sit through the entire nine-hour podcast and read the reviews while sometimes commenting on the site itself. If I hated you guys, I would have told you all a long time ago to go fuck yourself. This is what you got to use this uh, this yeah. anger at this Wyoming band. But quite honestly, yeah, really. I can tell you guys are passionate and critical in your reviews, which is something rarely found in the podcasting and blogging universe. Brandon's weekly Marvel Minute is a welcome addition to the show, and every time I hear Dancing Mike's weekly calls, I chuckle and can't help but think that his theme song should be Camp Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. And <laughs> that for me, a listener, I listen, I'm like, yeah, that would be good for Mike. I've listened to you guys since the beginning. I'm astounded at the pr- progression of your product. Y'all are making uh, better than that echo chamber of a podcast that rhymes with caging mullets. Mm. Keep 
<laughs> charging. And if you ever do another Just for the Hell of a Podcast and you decide to do it on either metal or 80s metal, he, he branches out. This is like we play both music, country and western. And western, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Either metal or 80s metal, I would like to throw my hat into the ring for consideration to be on the show for that one. One last thing, I am a big Hellraiser, Evil Dead, and Universal Monsters fan and would like to hear a segment of Eric's knowledge at some point. I know I've rambled on enough, but I felt compelled to get all this out. It's no longer Team Jim and Eric, but Team Weird Science. Yes, I know that may sound corny and lame, but if you have any better ideas, please let me know. I'm all ears. Team Jim, that's better, right? Regards, yeah. D-Ron. And yeah, D-Ron, I just, I wish that he would have held tight. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, until you get a fucking sheriff showing up with a registered letter, you, you should have just kept going. They, right. These guys can't do shit to you. It was bullshit. Yeah, you you got uh you got harassed by a bunch of punks and uh, yeah. I hope I hope they do set up a new website because I'm gonna go oh, over there and go ballistic. I'm on looking this right shit. now. I, I'm looking <laughs> it up and I will demand that we, you know I never ask for anything from people. I want to know. Uh, I not want to know. I want them to fucking harass these people. And it's it's bad to say to harass somebody. And there's no there's nothing. I'm telling you, it, it just it gets me so angry. These people are giggling. God darn it. Assholes. What was it? Progressive experimental space rock? Nope. <laughs> the unknownsignal.com's DNS address cannot be found. And now we're going to find out there isn't even a band. They were just fucking with you. They just yeah. picked a random guy. I'm telling you, I said the best is now I'm almost going to do what I was going to do for a little D-Ron there. I said to Eric... I should fucking get on right now and buy that goddamn domain myself and just Ooh. have it sit there so that those assholes couldn't get it from D-Ron. Yeah, I, I let said, them tell you still... to cease and desist. Yeah, I'm going to call you tomorrow, Reggie. We might be on this. We might be there, and I'm going to fucking make them pay me, and then I'm going to send the money to D-Ron and so he can get the books. D-Ron has a limited uh, fucking list now of books. I'm going to make that uh, a thing. D-Ron, you're going to get those books. You Expand your books. That's, that's the new mission. And I'm gonna, uh, I want to write the first article, which is going to be titled what the fuck is experimental space rock? Yeah, really. That's, that's, <laughs> what the fuck is that? I, I'm sure a lot of chicks go and see them fucking play. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> not, not from this planet, but, you know, oh, all over the galaxy. Yeah, there's three guys there. The fucking brother. <laughs> all right, the next one's from Brian. Sup from our Kansas. Hey, guys. So how's about that Justice League versus Suicide Squad announcement? Pretty cool, huh? Especially since Jason Flaubach and Tony Daniel will be working on it. Yes, it's going to be. I, I hope that's awesome. Sure. Yeah, we'll see. Has DC announced what title Joel Jones and I? You've heard. You've never done a Brian email, but you've heard him. He's he's rapid fire. Has mm -hmm. DC announced what title Joel Jones will be working on yet? That answer is no. Still have my fingers crossed our back. Girl. You, you can cross those, but Raphael Albuquerque is a pretty fucking big artist. If yeah. he is going off that book, it's because he wants to go off it. He seems to be very happy to be on that book. That maybe I don't know if I ever heard. Of another artist that's on Becker, but Becker's monthly, so you wouldn't. So yeah, yeah I, I don't think Joel Jones will be on that. Though I don't know. Some people don't like uh, Claire Rose art on the Birds of Prey. I actually like it. I don't know about. Do you like the the art on yeah, Birds of Prey? I like the art. Yeah, Eric doesn't really like it, and uh, that would be a good one. Joel Jones, though, I like her art. I, she could be on any book. I was yeah. listening to. I was listening to another comics podcast the other day and was thinking there is no other comics podcast out there that even comes close to what you guys do. He's like I a, agree. 
he, he's just like, I'm telling you, boom, boom, boom. He's at rapid fire. Your reviews are so panel to panel in depth. It's pretty much like a commentary track to go along with a book. So thanks. Congratulations on the upcoming interview with Scott Snyder. That's a pretty big get. Uh, I'm telling you, I might have been counting those eggs before they had. <laughs> he has really gone dark. I, I did send him an email earlier this week uh, just asking because part of this interview thing was also uh, tied into us getting an advanced copy of Batman, All-Star Batman number two. Uh-huh. And yeah, obviously, Reggie, we have not gotten an advanced copy of All-Star Batman number two. So I sent him a note and said, hey, Scotty. Hey, Scotty boy. When's that All-Star Batman? When are you going to send that out? What's involved? And he said, oh, I'll be getting the PDFs this week. And this was, I think, Monday. I haven't heard anything. So we're not tops on the list. Yeah, I think I, you're off the list. Yeah. Brian says, I'm a truck driver, so tell him that I got an erection last month when Batman was driving the 18-wheeler in All-Star Batman. <laughs> That'll get him in. I'm going to email him right now. Dear Scott, yeah. Brian has a big raging heart on because there was a truck driver <laughs> in the book. Does this, when are we going to interview? Because I really want to talk about Brian's raging hard on with yeah. you. He is a truck driver. You nailed it, buddy. There we Attached go. is a picture of a hard on, not necessarily Brian's. Of a hard on. It may or may not be Brian's. Please do not pass this on to anybody else, as it may cause me to be arrested. Thank you, Scott, for all you do. That's a pretty nice hard on, isn't it? Question mark. Yeah. He had an erection. <laughs> he drives the 18 wheeler. It's pretty awesome. He says, uh, it's awesome to see Batman do what I do for a living. And probably Batman had, uh, did Batman indeed have a hard on while he was driving that big truck with two face there. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. I want to make this a, uh, it's a now telegram, a telegram, right? Yeah. Scott Snyder. How are you? Stop. <laughs> Either that or I want it to be – I want to call Scott, but I want to call with the the vision, or the hearing impaired thing where the lady has to say, you know, that crazy Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, that would be good. Hastings is going out of business, so I get all my books at Ground Zero Comics in Tyler, Texas. All right, Ground Zero. Are we, <laughs> ground Zero. Are we supposed to give our comic shops a shout-out every week like Dancing Mike? Apparently. Yes, you do. Yes, I gave mine a shout-out. It wasn't really a great shout-out, but I love top five lists. Now, really, Brian, everything that you've talked about, you mentioned Joel Jones. You mentioned the hard-on. I love hard-on talk. <laughs> Me and you are now brothers because my favorite thing in the world are lists. That Actually, lists are what started the site. That was why we were just going to have lists. This is why I love the Just for the Hell of It podcast when we have lists. I'm loving it. But he says, I love top five lists, so here is my top five rebirth titles. Uh, five, Detective Comics. Four, Suicide Squad. Three, Batgirl. Two, Batman. One, Wonder Woman. Pretty solid list there. Yeah, for sure. And All great books. This. Here are the top five reasons DC is better than Marvel. Five, DC is Tony Daniel. Four, DC is Joel Jones. Three, Jeff Johns. Two, Batman. One, Marvel sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Jim Eric and Reggie. For all the time and hard work you put into a free podcast, find out what DC is going to do with Joelle Jones and let me know. Thanks. Seriously, have you seen her work on Lady Killer? Her style and detail is phenomenal. I I see why he has a hard on. He's always thinking of Joelle Jones. And quite frankly, I was looking up today to see what she was announced on and she hasn't been announced on anything. Not not a bad looking woman to look at either. She's all right. 
Yeah, she is more than all right, if you ask but, me. But her, her art is fan- fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to see her on anything, really. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, really. I'm telling you, I think the way her style is, it, it could fit just about any book. There are some that, like, don't lend themselves to certain books. Her style, I think, could fit anything, really. Yeah. Uh, I, I would guess, I'm telling you, you want me to make a prediction? I think the first thing we will see her on is a backup to Suicide Squad. And, uh, Declan Shelby was supposed to do, this was almost made the news, but it was like a wonky thing, but he was supposed to be the third issue's backup, mm. and they pulled him off that. He's not doing that now, and I wouldn't be surprised if maybe she is one of those. I do think that that's where we'll see her first. But uh, she also did a couple of Spider-Woman earlier this year. She might be my new favorite artist. Really? I didn't even get the idea that he liked her. Hope this <laughs> utilizes her talent well and stick her on the Dog Welder book or something. You'd like that too. Actually, I, I would, actually, I wouldn't like that. I love the art as it is. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Don't mess and with as that. As a mini, I want, I want to have the same art throughout. I'm you know, telling you, if she, different. I think that she would do great if, um, one of the two artists, if Liam Sharp or Nicholas Scott need a break on the Wonder Woman book, I think she'd be fantastic on that. I think that she'd be great on Batman. She'd be great on everything. Thanks yeah. again, guys. And that the words of Max Santoni- Sanctimonious Griffin, good fucking bye. <laughs> from Conway, Arkansas. He is a Max fan. Uh, oh, right? I hate that you guy. What that an thing. asshole. But you love the when you you love the praise that Max gets, but you don't like Max himself. No, right? I love the praise, but yeah, he, he's he's a jerk. Uh, the next one is not a jerk. It's Dancing Mike. Don't call him a jerk, Reggie. Why would you do that? Oh. He's already having problems, and you call him a jerk? I oh, meant jerk, as in jerk chicken. Oh, jerk chicken. Yeah, that Jamaican treat. Do you yeah. like jerk chicken? Yeah, it's all right. I don't like it. I've had I'm it once. I did not, didn't agree with me. It gave me diarrhea. Imagine yeah. that. What doesn't I, give you diarrhea? Is, uh, is there a food on earth that doesn't give you diarrhea? Uh, I was going to say crackers, but they probably would as well. <laughs> crackers, toast, head off, everything. It all comes out that way. It's a faucet. Dancing Mike, and his uh, subject line is, Maybe the last time, I don't know. Oh, no, oh, no. Hi, Jim and Reggie, and hello, Mother. This is the thing. Mike, he pays attention as well. He knows that me and you are doing the, the mail because I yep. spelled that out. I spelled that out on the spotlight. He listens. I just, Mike, you can't go away. I already uh, upset Rocky. We love you, Mike. You Rocky stay. was writing it all the time, and then I fucking one time. I uh, He hasn't written since. <laughs> okay. So I'm listening to the Spotlight Podcast and heard that there is an outpouring of hate for me, defense of Reggie in this week's mail. And really, there wasn't a lot of defense for you. No, <laughs> and, no. And really, if you want to spell it out, I really did play it up a little more than it really was. There was only a couple against you, Mike. Eh, that's part of the, you know, get people uh, interested. And yeah. it ended up making you want to kill yourself. Even before I heard <laughs> I was already going to write in to report that with the great feature on Sandman from last week, the Cosmic Treadmill is running smoothly again. And the space-time continuum is back in balance. He just didn't like the sugar and spice. He says, I just didn't like sugar and spice. So sue me. Like I said last week, I usually enjoy the cosmic treadmill immensely. To paraphrase the Dark Knight, I can rag on Eric every week and nobody panics because it's all part of the plan. But when I make one little negative comment about the cosmic treadmill, then everyone loses their minds. <laughs> and speaking of losing their minds, good God, people, I wasn't actually suggesting that I actually be on the podcast with Jim and Scott Snyder. It's called a joke. 
just like ragging on Eric in my songs. Jim always said he wanted some praise, so my shtick was to praise Jim and take shots at Eric. This is this is actually this kind of upset me that Mike's Mike thought he had to write this because yeah. I like I like the whole joke of it. Now this is like he is like that comedian, that fucking one magician that had that weird mask that was like the the be all end like he was the the. Revealing, revealing. Yeah, whatever. I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying, where he's going to reveal the secrets, but he couldn't let anybody know. And now you're, you're let behind the curtain. Oh, my. I don't know who I'm more upset at, Mike or D-Ron. They're both doing the same thing. They're both giving up. The praise for Jim is the real part. The shots at Eric are the joke. See, and I like to think they aren't. I, from this moment on, I'm telling you, we're going to have a rebirth after this mail. Mike, you are not leaving. You're going to call on the rant and rave line. This is the rebirth, and all of this is wiped clean. We're rebooting, actually, and I will not remember this. I want the joke to be that you hate Eric. It's funny to me. It's so hilarious. The podcast wouldn't be the same without Eric and Jim and Reggie, and I have no desire to be a host. And really, I wouldn't even mind if he was a host. I just, I, I would just be afraid that he would go off on Scott Snyder and the guy. I'd want, I'd want him to be like the Doc Severinsen. You know, he's so he musically be, talented. He'd be great. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's our, our music guy. Mm-hmm. Jim, I figured you would recognize the line from the vapors in last week's email clarifying my Bernard Chang comment. Of course, it was from turning Japanese. I hope you see what I did there. Like I said, if I were going to make a racist comment, I would go full bore raging retard racist, which he didn't. He was just talking in English. I also want to clarify my comments about young Kate Kane in the flashback scene. Did you hear that? When he was talking um, sexy Kate said. Kane was? He said that Kate Kane was sexy in the last Batman book in the flashback when she was 10 years old and at the fucking oh, right. awesome Arthur. Again, hilarious to me. Yeah. And I made it seem like I was, I was not uncomfortable. I was laughing because I think that may have made you a bit uneasy. I will use a couple of lines of wisdom I've picked up over the years to clarify what I was saying about young Kate. I've never heard one of these. If she's old enough to go to the store, she's old enough to get bread. <laughs> Have you ever heard that one? No, that's fucking hilarious. I've never heard that one. The only one one I've heard that's probably got to be worse than that is if she's old enough to pee, she's old enough for me, which really means basically a newborn infant would be old enough for that Yeah, really, that that is bad. How about this? If she's old enough to be seven, she's old enough to be eight. (laughs) 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 These are awful. Oh, jeez. By the way. Is that inappropriate, Jim? I'm getting the sound now. I was already going to it. Actually, first I'll go with that Watch your one. profanity. Go with that. <laughs> that is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. You hear me, Jim? Yeah, there you go. Oh, Perfect. By the way, is that inappropriate, and I'm angry about that? Do you hear me, Jim? He says that then. Also, that was not me that called him with the weird voice to terrorize Eric in the past. The only weird calls I remember were the ones with a really high voice. They, I'm telling you, at one point, that high voice got a little wonky, and it sounded like Mike a little. But he said, uh, maybe, yeah. I wish I could have figured out what sound effect was used on that and been able to replicate it because if I could sound like that, I would have called in and harassed Eric with all kinds of weird stuff, but it was not me. Thank you for clarifying the timeline on Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. I did think that he crashed the plane back in World War II. I knew that that's what he thought. 
because uh, in his mail he said, you know, how old is Steve Trevor? Look this. Yeah. He said, I think he's getting it mixed up. I think that he thinks in this book that that's back in World War II. The fact that Themyscira is such a timeless place added to my confusion. So thanks again. I bet you a lot of people are confused with that. I really do. Uh, because sure. it's not spelled out. But yeah, the shit that they crashed with all the, the tech and all that was pretty modern. Uh, finally, this email is a bit longer than usual because I'm not calling in with a rent and rave this week. I just saw the comment on the site from Repairman Jack requesting that I hang up the phone. So I will do so. This is You don't quit. No. This, you, you fucking buckle down now. Now I expect at least two Repairman Jack songs next week from you, Mike. This is what you do. You go to town on these people. You get yep. mad. You don't. That's what, you know, that's what we do. When you make me listen to these other podcasts that suck, yeah. you get me so goddamn mad, and I'm yeah. just like, we got to eliminate these motherfuckers. That's, we got to take them all out. No, you know the game now. Because Eric's like, why do you listen to these? Why do I listen to these? This is what keeps me going. That, that I, just, I hear this. And really, when people say anything bad about us, yes, I get upset. But we were told – I've told this story a million times. We start at the site. And I think like one of the reviews, three reviews in, I found out about goddamn fucking Reddit. One of the biggest pieces of crap. They hated us. So I get on there. I don't know the rules or whatever. So I, I tweet out on the DC Comics site on Reddit. I tweet out a review. Just a review we did. I saw other people doing reviews. And and right away, one of the moderators se- uh, sends out – not even sends out a message. It's like on there to, for everyone yeah. to see and writes, oh, great. That's all we need. Another person, you know, another asshole reviewing DC Comics. Like, there's not enough of those. Hey, do us all a favor and go jump off a fucking roof and kill it. Like, it was really, really yeah, over the top shit. Yeah, it, it was. It was very over the top. Now, in the meantime, I have found out later this guy has a website that me and you have talked about that I'm not so fond of as well. And that's where it kind of stemmed from as well. And also, I'll tell you, I am not a nice guy normally. Like, I, <laughs> And it's not that I'm mean, but I like to be by myself. But I have made it a point that I remember how fucking shitty it was for people just to have a site and to get started and do this stuff. So I make it a point that if I see just this weekend a new DC podcast, they started out. Uh, fuck that. I tweet, I retweeted him, sent him. I listened to the episode. I liked it. I told him, hey, good job. Keep it going, whatever. And they're like, hey, thanks. I tweeted, I retweeted their fucking podcast. Cause you know what? It, it's fucking shitty when you start and you have all these people fucking bad mouthing you. Yeah. And this guy, he was just nasty. And you know what happened? I went into work and I said to Eric, this fucking motherfucker, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to make sure that we get more popular and we're going to do shit. We're going to make a – I mean this is three years ago. We're going to make a podcast and think fucking people are going to listen to us. I got so angry. A man fueled by spite. That kept me going for a fucking year, this guy's one comment. And, and just had me so angry. And I would say to Eric, Eric's like, I don't feel like doing any reviews now. You remember what that guy said. Remember he said we're pieces of shit. <laughs> I just say crap like that. Then then I get these weird you, – you've seen it behind the scenes. I, I make up fucking wars in my head. Yeah. Reggie, we're going to beat these fucking people. I keep sending you messages. We're almost there. <laughs> oh, do. God. That's right. You yeah. Just, just get fucking angry at these people. I'm like, get so angry at Repairman Jack that next week you send him fucking 20 songs and six emails. That's what you should do. Them. Yeah. And you know what? They'll love it. They, they'll love it. it. It's this whole thing, and I love fights. I love the drama. It's drama. <laughs> Apparently, no one wants to hear about my whole week. And I'll also tell you this, too. 
uh, I've also learned from our site and our podcast, for the one person that doesn't want to hear you, there's 10 that do, that just yep. don't talk. The, these people just sit back. I'm not a guy who goes on fucking message boards or things to comment. I'll read and listen. I've listened to all these podcasts. I listen to probably 15 different podcasts during the week. I've never written in any of them, and I'm actually friends with some of the 365 Flicks guys, the City Geeks, uh, Country Geeks. These guys I'm actually friends with now, and I yep. don't write in because that's just not what I do. I'm telling you, Mike, you keep it going. Most people are like that. Well, you know, people, when they have positive feelings, they usually say nothing. Yeah. But it's only it's usually when they, when they have negative feeling, they're, like, inspired to write and get all angry yeah. and shit. Yeah. You just have to – I mean, I think that's something you had to learn, too, because you, you tend to react to the negative comments I real nuts. <laughs> I go nuts. I go nuts. crazy. I go freaking bonkers. I'm like, I'm like, that's just one asshole. Who cares? You're like, fuck. Yeah, I care. So and then I go through these phases. I'm pissed. Then I want the person to like me, so I'm trying to win them over with my fucking silver tongue. <laughs> Apparently, no one wants to hear this whole weekend repairment. Jack thinks I'm married to my sister. That combined with the apparent outpouring, he continues that now he thinks it's your caregiver, Mike. Uh, that combined with the apparent outpouring of hate out there for me has silenced me, at least for the time being. I guess I'll listen to the podcast in the mail to see if I should keep away from the rant and rave line from now on. No, I'm telling you, better not. I'll find you, Mike. I will find you. And that uh, last rant and rave will be me calling in with me strangling you, your last <laughs> fucking breath. Ah, call 911. And then people are like, oh, man, I really like that Mike. Why hasn't he called in? He's dead. I killed him. I choked him out. That will probably be good for our downloads, actually. So, Oh, it'd be great. They're like, listen, now it's become a snuff film. <laughs> I thought I was just discussing comics and podcasts with a little nonsense thrown in, but apparently I was telling everyone about my whole week. Who knew? So I guess I'll stop calling and maybe stop emailing also. Despite all the nonsense I spout on here, I'm generally a nice guy, and the last thing I want to do is piss people off or bore them. Until next time, if there is a next time, he says... Thamascara. He changes the lyrics a little here, trying to fool me, but it's Thamascara. Tis a magic place where the moon doth rise, where the dragons face. Thamascara, where the virgins lie, and the prayers of devils fill the midnight sky. Do you know what that is, Ren? Uh, I don't know. Is that a that yes song? Thamascara. Tis a magic place where the moon <laughs> doth rise, where the dragons face. Does that help you out a little? Not really. How about if I change it to Stonehenge? To a magic place. Oh, right. <laughs> That's its uh, spinal tap, Stonehenge. I yep. was laughing. He tried to fool me. But you're not fooling me, Mike. And you're going to rant and rave next week. Call Listen, rant Mike, let me give you a little advice, Mike. You, that uh, pump-up song that I sent in earlier, yeah. listen to that, get real fired up, get real jazzed, and then just send another email just fucking blasting into everybody that's yeah. tried to impugn you oh. this entire episode. Do that. Do it. Do yep. it, Doug. Taylor says, hey, guys, what's up? I hope I'm catching you in time for this week's episode. Yes, you are. Everybody caught us this week. Just wanted <laughs> to throw my two cents on a couple of books. Listening to the show for two weeks ago. from two weeks ago. I know you guys weren't huge fans of Nightwing and Birds, but I really enjoyed both. I like Birds. Uh, oh, Nightwing, Birds? Nightwing last issue I liked a little more. They're just I thought there was nonsense. Uh, did you read that Nightwing where they went to the mystery house, the fucking puzzle? No, I didn't, and okay, I read well, the, only the first they're one. They're there with Raptor and fucking Dick Grayson, and the owls have sent them to kill this guy, get this guy who's uh, made the labyrinth, the, the owl's labyrinth. Oh, wait, I did, and, yeah, I did read that, yeah, actually. Out of yeah. nowhere, Barbara shows up. I, yeah. I, do you not think that the owls would have a problem with this? That Barbara just shows up. A superhero from Gotham shows up, and everybody's fine with it. The, the yeah, owls man, he's, who are he's watching, the overboss, they're bro, fine with you know? it. 
I'm telling you, it just seemed odd. If they would have had Dick do the classic, almost like the 80s movie classic where it's like, hey, what are you doing here, you lousy bitch? And then Barbara's like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? We had a date. I'd never date you, you whore. And, you know, he's trying to get rid of her without hurting her feelings. And and she's like, oh, my God. And then he feels like a fucking asshole and he's a tear. And then he goes with Raptor, but he knows he fucked up with Barbara because of that. That would have been fine to me. But yet her joining in, it's nonsense. It really is nonsense. <sighs> Raptor's really growing on me as a character, but I didn't like how Barbara freaked out so bad at the end. Yeah, and that's the end. At the end, she got freaked out and left because, God forbid, you let somebody die. No, and then Raptor didn't, didn't, and he's not dead, and whatever, and the fucking owls. Uh, Barbara, out of that issue, I thought it would have been really good, and I, as, I like Raptor. I really do. I think yeah. he's a pretty cool character. I want to know more about him, so right there shows that I'm interested in it. And this issue... Besides the Barbara bit, uh, I thought the dialogue was a lot better. There wasn't that forced humor that I th- I really do think Tim Seeley does have to force that issue, and it's not really his thing, and mm-hmm. I hope that he sticks with it. I hope that going forward, it kind of maintains that. Just th- This Barbara, it just was nonsense to me. I would have given it an 8.5 out of 10, but I could not stand the art, he says, of, uh, oh, birds. Birds, he would have given an 8.5. He didn't like the, I like the art. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. I actually like Claire Rose art. I know that Eric was, uh, hung up with these, uh, fucking big lips of Barbara and the noses. I didn't care. I, I like how it looked. Anytime it's Barbara consistent. has her mask off, she looks like a man. The art drops it to a 7.5. Lastly, I saw in the spotlight the game was, if you had only $25 a month to spend on comics, what would you get? And, uh, he says, for me, I would get both issues of Detective Comics, which would be okay. $6, both issues of Nightwing. There's $12 total. Both issues of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. There's 18 Birds once a month, $21. And probably Wonder Woman, the lies once a month. That goes against what I said. You can't, oh, I can't uh, you do that. Oh. Yeah, I said that you couldn't. That was one of the rules, but I'll let yep. him know. Uh, his girlfriend, Whitney, says that she would get Wonder Woman both of the issues because she's a smart girl. Uh, Green Arrow twice, Flash twice, and Suicide Squad twice. So that that's actually right. that is a um a weird sort of deal. And also neither of them pick Batman or Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy, but that's I I like the whole idea of it. I'm glad we we should have spelled out more on that spotlight that we wanted more people to comment what their list was. Uh, but a lot of people have, and I really, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I was really glad to see a lot of them. I thought it yeah, was, yeah, I, I wish that I would have thought ahead. This, that whole thing with the $25 thing, that was so thrown together at the last moment. You, you, you wouldn't know. Eric shows up thinking we were talking JLA. Though I, I know, yeah, I'm because the whole day I said to him, we're going to do this, but then he wasn't in on Thursday when we recorded. He didn't show up at work, so we didn't get time to talk about it more. But, yeah, he didn't even know what we were going to goddamn talk about because it was thrown together so quick. But I liked it. I like doing that. As yeah. always, you guys kick ass and have a good week. Thank you, Taylor and Whitney. Uh, the last email is Brandon. Yes, guys, we're almost of the mail. Eric Shea Bueller's Day Off and Comic Book 69s is what his comic uh, – his uh, – 
fucking subject line. I'm getting tired. Sup, fellas. <laughs> what the hell does Eric think this is? This regular job where he can just call in all willy-nilly with no consequence whatsoever. Jim, did he make you write yourself a note saying that he wasn't going to be here for this momentous occasion that is episode number 87? If he keeps this behavior up while we're all celebrating episode 100 together, he may have to sit on the sidelines watching it all go down like the quarterback your Eagles just gave up all those draft picks for. Now, mm. you, I don't know if you know this joke does not ring true because this morning he's talking about Sam Bradford. Eagles traded his ass to Minnesota at, at fucking one week before the season. Craziest thing. And it's wow. so funny because I'd gotten this email and I sent Brandon, hey, Brandon, they traded. He's like, God damn it, my joke. It went down. I mean, theoretically, Eric would only be on like episode 98 himself at that point. I'm just saying that was actually a joke at work at one point where he's like, oh, I'm almost at my 13th year here. And they're like, well, actually work, you know, work days that we count out. You've only been here seven. (laughs) He got so mad. I'm telling you, Reggie, if you want to uh, if you want to get Eric mad sometime when we're on a podcast, say that he's as worthless as tits on a bull. He'll fucking quit. You'll never see him again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. They Why, he, he doesn't like tits on a bull. Oh, he, he they said at one time we were getting yelled at at work, probably for talking nonsense and yelling at each other. And they said to me, like, oh, Jim, yeah, you keep doing this. We're taking away your overtime. They said to this other guy, you're going to be fired. And Eric. What can we do to you? You're like tits on a bull. Get the fuck out of here. And, you know, we all walked away. And Eric was like, I'm not even good enough to fucking threaten. I'm like tits on a bull. If they say that again, I'm fucking out of here. He's, oh, he's so angry. It was so great. Wow. Yes. And then they said it one time again, uh, our older, older boss, the guy who originally owned the company, he's old. He's like 90. He is talking. And he was saying it kind of like a – uh like a joking way, almost like a grandfather. Oh, yeah, come here. You're like tits on a bull. And Eric's like, I'm done. He went, started getting shit. I don't, he was to have to walk home. He doesn't drive. He'd have to wow. walk like a fucking three hours home, it seemed. But I'm like, Eric, he's just joking. Oh, he hates it. Random thought. An underlooked fact with all of these companies rushing to constantly reboot is that the comic books rarely ever keep going long enough to reach issue number 69. We've all lost the joy in going to our local comic store, in my case, Queen City Bookstore Buffalo. What are these people with these <laughs> walking to the register with our favorite book with everyone's favorite issue number and all sharing that good old-fashioned chuckle with friends that can never be avoided? Hopefully with Rebirth DC has corrected their path because I really look forward to eventually picking up Batman number 69, and I might even buy all the variants. Hell, I'm super pumped for the approaching IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 69. He loves that. Say he's he's a guy who loves the toilet. Hey, we love I told you I would show up for hockey, my big sport that I played, and I would show up at any game, whether it was in high school, whenever. You show up, and I'm like, okay, let's look. Okay, that guy's number 69. He's a fucking asshole. I'm going to fucking kill that guy. I hated these people. I said anybody with the number 69 on a jersey like that is the guy least likely to get it. You don't, these guys, you don't, think, they, you don't think they hang loose, bro? I mean, what's no, really, they don't hang really loose. really funny about, about 69. Always a big fat being... defenseman in hockey. Always a big fat defenseman with that fucking 69. I the hate thing it. Is, the thing is, though, in reality, this, the 69, the sexual position, is one of the most awkward, weird positions you yeah, can do. I don't do. like Just that. like I really someone's don't. ass, putting your ass in someone's face yeah. and having their ass in yours. It's very nice. I don't I don't like that. I'm not a big fan. Also, uh, there was a team that we played once, and it was like a um, 
not a pickup league. It was like a club league. And we went to play this team. And the team, instead of having their names on their jerseys, they had fucking nicknames. Like oh, the, man. Glory. And the one, I'm like, what the fuck? I was so angry. The one like, like big shot. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't when you were in the roller derby. You sure? No, is that, no, no. Those <laughs> ice hockey, and I'm telling you, fucking grinding the stick in their fucking face. There you go, fucking big shot, fucking hot rod. Hey, hot rod. I have the fucking broken stick over your fucking head. I don't know what's with me tonight. Uh, other than my get fresh sources, uh, other than that, my get fresh sources have informed me Dancing Mike is or already has been taking heat so far this episode for some comments that may or may not have been out of line. Remember Dancing Mike, TMZ operates on a 24 hour news cycle. This will all blow over soon enough. I can spin zone this whole situation for you here, free of charge. All you have to do is this. Number one, issue a formal public Twitter apology. Number two, put out a new hit song immediately. It always works for Chris Brown. Yeah. (laughs) And Kanye West, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number three, say you found God or Colt made you do it. Your choice in this spot. And then just stay out of the limelight for a few days while this all blows over. It'll be okay. Eventually, the Get Fresh fans will forgive and forget. Maybe. Actually, I'm always in trouble with my girlfriend, so don't listen to anything I say. And now it's <laughs> with this book. So this was a catch-up week for me book-wise. So I caught up with a few independent titles I've been enjoying and collecting. I haven't had much time for lately. Renato Jones by Image. This book I had to describe in one sentence would be a Punisher-type character that goes after scummy rich people above the wall with a little bit of spy versus spy flavor to it have you ever read bernardo jones nope neither have i action-packed title with some awesome art all written drawn and colored by curry kyle andrews so that's impressive too one guy does all that and it still looks great and comes out on time hmm maybe he could teach brian hitch a thing or two <laughs> he also got the two trade paperbacks i'm up to volume four of this series and it's my favorite indie book i've ever read it's definitely also the only one i've ever collected and read in trade format too i can see why people trade weight such a better flow to reading things that way He also had Power Rangers. I've been picking this up after Jim reviewed a few issues on the site early on. See, I I suggested I really liked it. I've always been a closet Power Ranger fan, too, and this is really a lot better than I ever thought it could be. Still on board for issue seven, so that's something. I I guess Kyle Higgins is still writing it. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe number one. I'm doing this in the Marvel Minute this week, so I'll save my thoughts for that time period. Final thought. Trying to think of a good rap song to help come to Eric's defense with, and I think I've settled on Tupac, Keep Your Head Up. So that may be happening soon if I can figure all that out. that's, That's how we do it. That's what he says. This yeah. is how we do it. I'm trying to find it. We're going to get that going. And we're there. This yeah. is how Come on. we do it. I've never had a little funky Yeah, I've never gotten funky with you. So here we go. We're going to get a little funky. I'm getting funky right now. Can you go back with funky in and out? Eric always says you dance. Uh, I don't dance because after that one time I knocked over my drinks during the narrow thing, I'm, fucking, I'm not raising my hands. I actually almost sit on my one hand while we go. Also, maybe put my thumb up my ass while I'm doing it. Keep sure. It. He says, that's how we do it, Brandon, at BMUR3660. Now we're going to go to Brandon's Marvel Minute, which in fact is not a Marvel book this week, but it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe number one. And then we'll be back with the books. And I think we might even hear Eric a little more. Ooh. Yes. Hey, how we doing, Weird Science? Uh, this is Brandon. I'm coming at you this week for the Marvel Minute segment. And we're going to replace Marvel with IDW for the sake of some nin- Ninja Turtle fun here. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe number one came out this week, so so it's their second book uh, that they've uh, come out with. Big Turtle fan, uh, followed the IDW series, so I checked this out. I'm going to fill you in on what went on here. Uh, we basically got two mini-stories. Uh, the first one actually is much longer than the second one. The second one's kind of a, a add-on. Our main story is written by Paula Lore. Uh, we got artist Damien Cuirso, and our color artist is Rhonda Pattison. So we're going to kick off this story here. We, we get a glimpse of some rooftops. We see some cars uh, filled with drones and some soldiers driving through the streets and it looks like they're chasing this shadowy figure uh, with some sort of tail attached to it, probably a mutant. Um, Inside the van, we see uh, two detectives, kind of the main detectives of this task force, uh, and and they're talking to each other and, and narrating the beginning part of the story here. They end up being Agent Bishop and Detective Lewis. Uh, so they're tracking this, again, shadowy figure. Uh, agent Bis- Bishop is the um, the rough and gruff agent. He's the pissed off looking dude. And, and then Detective Lewis is, is kind of a chill, chill kind of chick, just kind of blowing him off and, and doing the job she has to do. Flash to the turtles on a different rooftop. And they're bullshitting with each other. You got uh, Michelangelo and Donatello basically making fun of each other for their choices. Uh, in weapons. Pretty funny little scene between those two. They got Donatello trying to use the nunchucks. He ends up whacking himself on the head with them. Probably exactly like I would do uh, with a set of nunchucks. And then the story kind of converges all together here. As we see while the turtles are busy BSing, somebody sneaks in uh, a vent that's located behind them. The shadowy figure with a tail. Uh, There's some drones that were released by these military dudes following her. And they were sent after this shadowy figure, um, and then they follow in the vent that she opened up. The, the, all these um, distractions kind of catch Michelangelo's attention. He, he tells the turtles he, he hears something because April's inside this building trying to recruit Baxter to, to help everybody out. They decide to go check things out and see what's going on. So we leave all, all of what's going on outside uh, as it comes inside to check in on April and Baxter, and they're having a conversation, and things are not going well for April. She's basically trying to recruit Baxter to to help their side of the fight, that things are kind of getting ugly again since Shredder's been killed, and they could use him and and his technology skills. Uh, He's really not having any of it, and he kind of starts moving forward towards April, possibly nefarious intentions, when an alarm goes off in the building. Uh, alerting Baxter that uh, shit has gone down. So we we turn the page and we see the turtles and these drones kind of mixing it up in in this hallway area. The turtles are are handling these things pretty easily, but but they do notice that they're not anything they've ever seen before. So they're not the mousers of of Baxter's or they're not any foot-related technology or anything like that. Uh, As we move on, uh, the, the turtles dispatch all the little robots and they kind of move down the hallway into this one room and we finally catch a glimpse of the shadowy figure I've been referencing here and uh, it's kind of like a mutant scorpion girl looking uh, creature. She basically introduces herself by saying I am ancient, I am death. So we're going to call her death until they give us a better name for her from here on out. The turtles and her are kind of feeling each other out in a non-sexual way, kind of having a back and forth conversation there. And uh, she notices that they're circling her uh, while they're talking with her as a distraction. 
and Leonardo kind of springs some uh, ninja stars on her. She jumps out of the room, taking a couple stars to the body along with her and starts sprinting down the hallway. Uh, Michelangelo, the rest of the turtles give chase. He catches up to her, tackles her. She dispatches him. Leo and Raphael come come from behind, and she takes care of those two with her tail. Uh, and then she, like, snatches Donatello by the throat here, which sends Raphael into a fit of rage. He tackles her out the window. Now, this leads the entire fight outside. Um, as they all hit kind of the ground level, they see the task force out there, and the task force has some sonic weapons that they unleash, kind of freaking everybody out. The scorpion chick named Death takes off back inside the building, and they start firing trank darts at the turtles. Leonardo tells everyone to keep their shells to them and head back indoors. And at this point in time, Baxter starts setting the building into lockdown mode, just as uh, everybody gets back inside. So the turtles and the scorpion named Death. Um, We see Donatello took one of the trank dots to the neck, uh, which just brings me to a quick little rant here. This is uh, Donatello now getting choked out by the scorpion chick and taking a trank dart, which only emphasizes my point of him being the pussiest Ninja Turtle. So come at me, that's my opinion on that matter. Uh, moving on here, as, as we near the cliffhangers, uh, we see the um, the task force outside give everybody one final warning to surrender, or they're going to be killed. Final warning as far as that goes. See, Leonardo's lost one of his weapons, and it's in now possession of Scorpion Death and Baxter has taken April into kind of a secret lair. He has full of weapons so they can get prepared for what's coming. And we got Raphael continuing to flip out because Donatello is out of it. He's tired of fighting, and every fight gets worse than the one before it, and he's kind of having a nervous breakdown, uh, like Raphael tends to do at times. That's where our first story ends. Uh, We kick off into the second story, and we got quite the writing team on this one for about a three-page story. This one, the writers are credited as Kevin Eastman, Bobby Kernow, and Tom Walt. Our artist is Bill Sinkowitz. Color artist is Tom Varga. So this story is, again, a Leonardo-centric story. He's just running around the rooftops uh, chasing some foot ninjas. It's a little confusing because the footwork for the turtles now. Uh, this might, might be just a different rival group. Anyway, he, he starts taking them down a couple at a time uh, when all of a sudden kind of like a boss ninja comes strolling up this rooftop and he's got four arms and kind of looks like an ancient samurai. Uh, Leonardo stops, starts chopping him down to size when, when another boss dude in a giant knight, knight helmet starts attacking using some kind of sickle-type weapon on Leonardo. Uh, Leonardo's able to kind of use his momentum against him and and spear him through the, the chest with this weapon. But once he does take care of that guy, he finds uh, he's surrounded by about 50 dudes with a bow who start firing arrows at him, um, which, which leads to him jumping off the rooftop and heading for Central Park. And that's how that mini story ends. So that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe number one. Uh, I guess kind of the idea behind it, just to give you some side stories and things the Turtles have been taking care of on the side that accompany the main story. So I'm going to give it a few more issues, kind of fill it out, 
see where it leads and if it doesn't really um, add too much to the main book I might might drop it but this issue was was very enjoyable for a first uh, first look at it it's a 499 book but it is a little extra size and again you get two stories in there so you know how I do things and I let you know to uh, buy borrow or forget it altogether as far as TMNT Universe number one goes, I suggest you guys give that a buy if you're a Turtle fan in any way, shape, or form. Awesome art, great story, and uh, uh, I'll be picking up number two. Um, as far as Marvel goes, if you're looking for any Marvel sort of picks this week, uh, I, I got both Spider-Man books, Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 17, which continues the, the Dead No More prelude story. There's a few important deaths that happen and events that happen in this comic, so if you're uh, getting ready for the clone conspiracy coming up in October and November. These last few issues of Spider-Man leading into that have been very important, and we see how a new Electro is formed. As far as Miles Morales, Spider-Man number seven goes, that would be a forget, forget it altogether type book. Uh, it's a Civil War tie-in, uh, and it goes all the way back to Miles freaking out about the Hulk killing him. Uh, which would not be possible at this point in time because the Hulk is already dead. Uh, so that was a forget it issue. But Spider-Man 17 was, was a buy as far as that goes. And TMNT number one was a buy as far as that goes. So two books I'd recommend you, you check out this week. But that's all for me. You guys got anything to say to me? Any suggestions or recommendations as far as books to check out? And review for you real quick. Holler at me on Twitter. You can find me at Beamer3660. Uh, and then look for us on Marvel Mondays, and I got Valiant books that go up on Sundays. So that's it for this week, guys. Uh, appreciate it, and we're going back to Jim and Aaron. Imagine me and you, I do. I think about you day and night. It's only right to think about the girl you love and hold her tight. So happy together. I should call you up, invest a dime, and you say you belong to me, and ease my mind, imagine how the world could be, so very fine, so happy together. All right, we gotta hurry this what, shit up, what's man. What's happened? The what's ceremony. Why are you back? We, we just finished the ceremony. They're taking some fucking pictures or whatnot. I snuck away. Oh shit! <laughs> There's the door again. Oh, God. Oh, so you're back. The ceremony. What is this in between ceremony? Yeah, like does this the work for the timeline we've created so far. Yes, it's the timeline. I think that the ceremony's done, and you have a little bit of time before the reception, right? Yes. Is that how? Is this going to be played at the reception, Eric? This is how we do. Yeah. Man, I hope it is. Hit that funky protocol, my man. It's time to get funky. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe the groomsmen. Aren't I supposed to be in those pictures? Yeah, see, this is from, I hear it playing in the other room there. You're doing Why aren't you in there? Why aren't you over there? Oh, see, they stopped now. You have to shut it up. I hope if you have, if you can request anything, I don't even know how weddings go anymore. You better request that song. Just give me a little, give a little chest pump there. It's for give you, it to Jim. It. Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden you hear this. This is <laughs> all right. This is a they wedding now. This is some good time in a wedding. 
This is the only uh, yes. song we have. It's going to play is, over yes, and over again. It is. I do want to get the uh, let's get let's get it started slash let's get retarded. But I yes, always let's get retarded is the way there. to go. I do like that. But this is the books part of the podcast. The one that bit everybody's waiting for. So the meat and cheese. Great, so many great books this week. The meat and cheese of the podcast. If you want to read the reviews before you hear us talk, uh, that's how – I've mentioned it so many times that that's how we have envisioned it, that we read the books, we write the review. The people read the books, they read the review, then you come here for the director's cut. It's a lot of work for the, the podcast. Things. Yes, because I'm, I do get a little salty in my reviews myself, so do you. Uh, you spoil things more than I do in the reviews, True. but I don't sit and focus on – a crazy thing. You know, when you're writing a review, it's more of a cut and dry thing. You can't really talk about every single well, thing. Well, even in the freaking action comics we were doing, I barely talked about Mr. Oz at all in, there, yeah. in my review, written review because it wasn't doing anything. No, but in the podcast, we talk about that because Damn right. that's, you know, we're just sitting there. We're, when you hear us talk about these books, this is like you have come over to our house. Yeah, your house. We're down in your basement. You got the basement set there, a little shag carpet going. Me nice. and you were just sitting there talking about the fucking books. And you're just eavesdropping. You can't get involved in the conversation because we don't want to hear what you say. Absolutely right? not. Get the fuck yeah. out, jerk off. They start talking. I'm talking to Eric here. You, yeah, you so can listen. Mine. You uh. can do it. It's actually it's like the cuckold of comic conversations. You stay, sit in that closet and you could listen. That's it. Yeah. You're not involved. But yeah, this week is an odd one. We had mentioned it already. But, uh, I don't mind these weeks personally because we don't have as much work to do. It kind of yeah. lets us reset our, our batteries a little as well. Especially it works um, out for the stupid wedding I have. Yeah. And but these are friends of mine. It's not a stupid wedding. I just don't no, like weddings in no, general. No, it's a stupid wedding. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's on Sunday. That's stupid. Uh, the thing about it, though, uh, we said it also earlier, I do prefer to get more of a, a continuation and an annual of a book that I'm currently reading. Those are two sets and, you get there. You either have a one-shot story for your annuals, or you get this extra page count to continue the story that you're already telling and add some aspects yeah, to what you and, couldn't originally. And again, the, the books that we're going to be talking about, and I'll just tell you the ones. You have what we're going to talk about in a minute, Jailway. Then you have the Suicide Squad War Crimes number one, which I like that concept too. You yeah, get a one-shot story. It's a special. It's by John Ostrander. And you kind of can get people in who aren't reading the book. Anybody can jump into that. So that's good. Because it's in continuity to what we're dealing with now. Yeah. And the Gotham Academy annual, it's a little hokey. Again, a lot of people who are jumping on with Rebirth are not going to care about anything that isn't Rebirth. So you've got a weird thing. You have Harley Quinn or Gang of Harleys, which is a continuation of the series. Again, weird that it's this week that they're throwing that in. If they can throw that in, why can't they put Cyborg in? Right. Where's my Cyborg? But, yeah, why not have that? And then, of course, we're going to end the night where uh, after the reception, you're going to come back and we'll be talking about Earth 2 Society Annual. Now, it's an annual. It continues. It, it was set up this issue, but you're getting an annual of a book that's almost done. It Maybe. seems kind of silly. It just seems it's going to end at some point, you would Hopefully, think. Hopefully. I don't know. There's no I, rebirth Do you think that just out of nowhere, sight. they're just going to continue and just call it rebirth out of nowhere? I, I'm not even sure that they shouldn't have done that already. Just <laughs> fucking just start. But No, I'm telling yeah. you. Say rebirth just so you get more people on board. That's what I mean. Give a little background. Give us a little really, history. Start a new story. Have fun with it. We'll talk about it later. This is not a bad jumping on point, but neither has the last couple issues of, of uh, Earth 2 as well. Yeah, we keep saying that it's like kind of, but that's the problem. Is he doing a great job or is he treading water so much so that anybody can jump on? You know, we're, we're getting to a point where there should be a rebirth issue. 
he can't do too much before that. And it just seems odd, uh, but I didn't mind it. But we're we just going to get back to status quo and away from where we left things off the convergence. I'm, I'm telling you, I wish that they would have done something different with this fifth Wednesday. Kind of make some more specials. We talked about it in the spotlight. Have a Gotham Academy back to school special. Yeah. Have have just have weird stuff like that, just one shots like like that, and I'd be fine. But you throw a book that was canceled and then delayed. We have not had an issue of JLA for five months. You know what? This would have been a good week for that Legends Tomorrow number six as well. Yeah, just stuff like that. But yeah. Nonsense. Here we go. We're going to start it up with uh, the Big Book of the Week, Eric. Crazy. Justice League of America number nine, written by Brian Hitch, with art by Brian Hitch, Danielle Henriquez, Alex Sinclair, and Chris Eliopoulos. Eliopoulos, I think is how I'm going to say it this time. Is he at the wedding? Is he dancing at the wedding with you? I hope he is. You and him? Things are, happening like in this, things are happening in this <laughs> issue of JLA, but sadly, unless you go back and read the previous issues, you won't know what those things are. Mm-hmm. That's right, JLA has come out of retirement to slap us in the face with a big old dick of row. We've got time travel and some more time travel and Earth being, a, being in a heap of trouble now that the ancient Krypton has been transported into Earth's orbit. Yes. Now, this is going to be a weird book to talk about. Most of the time, I worry all the time. That when we explain a book that we don't do that great a job, but people seem to like it. Uh, this one, I don't know how we could possibly no. explain how this book is or what's going on to anybody who isn't reading the series. And I have read the series. I had no idea what was going on. I had to go back. I did the same thing as you did. I went back to issue six because if you're in the know or not, issue five was a throwaway issue that Marsh involved Martian Manhunter and had nothing to do that with it. That was in no continuity whatsoever to anything. Yeah, to me, the best issue of this whole goddamn series, Eric. But <laughs> in this, it's funny because when I start reading this, I had no idea what was going on. This came in, and I'm like, okay, here we go, JLA, it's a joke. I start. You even said it started out, and it starts off with the Cathedral of Rao coming to Earth, and you were you didn't even know what the fuck that was. I forgot it, what it looked like. All of a sudden, yeah. I'm like, what is a Mecha Starro doing and here? And again, you say that, I do kind of think maybe that's kind of like an in-joke there. Because it does look like a Mecha Starro. Again, this is going to be so weird to talk about because of... Say a trillion people listen to the podcast, Eric. Uh, ten get the, got this book. Yeah. We are talking about a book that nobody reads because, now, uh, oh my God. It, it's I will tell you, me. though, I, I hate saying this to things. I don't know why, because I expect the book to be able to be comprehensible. This not, will be better no. off in trade because yes, going back will to be. catch up, there are a lot of things that come together here that start in like yeah. issue, maybe yeah. even four, Which, but, well, but like six on. It, I said it in the intro. I'll say it here. It's a pretty good issue for this series because yes. it does tie things in. The problem is if you were just into DC Comics Rebirth a little, even whatever, you haven't even read any of these. And how how would you even know this book existed? It was announced as, as canceled. We haven't had an issue in five months. If you go into this issue just, oh, I want to see how this is. You get it. You, you are go going to be – I do not know. We just said about Earth 2, oh, good jumping on points. This may be the least user-friendly, <laughs> new user-friendly <laughs> book that I have ever read because, in fact, in the actual issue, Brian Hitch does not do a very good job of explaining where any of these things take place because this is a time travel story. This is a weird – almost like a, a – Time, there are so many weird things happening here, and he does not spell it out. So you jump from scene to scene, 
and things don't really make sense going together. But if you've been reading the series going into now, it, it does make I'm sense. Telling, a continuous read is the best way to go from issue yeah. to issue. You cannot have any delay in between because no, you will forget they, about and, simple yeah. things. Like going back, there was a scene where Rao was talking about, I can't find it. I don't know why I can't find it. They kept saying this, and we have no idea what it means in any context until this issue. And that might have been issue seven for all I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, are you talking about the Life Stones and stuff no, like I'm that? No, the Forever Stones. You're talking about, the, the, you're forever talking about the Forever Stones. That, there's these stones, and it, it, it hits with these goddamn stones. We have a it's very similar thing in the Justice League book as well. Um, but even that, you said to me, you sent a message to me. What the fuck are these life stones? Yeah, all of a and sudden, then you go back and there they are. They, the they thing were in is, there. But- all this time, the way that Rao has been sucking the life force out of his worshippers have been these life stones. And I mm-hmm. never put that together until this issue. Well, so we have here- life stones. We have the Infinity Corp with their forever stones. And yeah. here they converge. And, and please don't even think that what we're saying is the biggest problem of this book is the five months since the last issue because every issue – seem to have been delayed. Yeah. So you go back, it's like five months since the last, eight months for the last two. This book has gone on, for, well, it started in June of 2015, and we're just getting to the Well, night. I was going back you know and looking I mean? at my reviews to try to help me out at first, and like issue number three came out August 25th, I think it was, 2015. Yeah, that, yeah, issue three, <laughs> it's fucking nonsense. But yeah, uh, we're going to try to explain this, so. Get your, put on your seatbelts because we're going to go. You start out with uh, – you're at the Infinity Corp with uh, Barry. Barry is with this Infinity and Corp. Where, I'm telling you, story I, I, get, started, I get thrown off right away with this because to even understand Barry here, because when we started off this issue, we had our Justice League team being invited to this power plant yes, where they were yeah. ended up fighting Parasite. And Hal got screwed up to the point where his ring opened a wormhole – and so it's going to send him back to Oa, and Flash accidentally ran into him, sending them both. Because of the screw-up, though, it sent them to 250,000 years in the past on Krypton for some reason, where they ended up fighting some ancient Kryptonians, until Barry just disappeared. All right? And just, but, yeah, and he disappeared, and he disappeared in, what was it, to Chicago to 1961. 61, okay. And there was no reason for them to be in 1961. No. Except that he's with the Infinity Corp, who... Y- this issue does do a thing where it kind of starts tying things together. If you see how things were working out in these times going, because like you said, Hal is now on ancient Krypton where he's dealing with ancient Rao. Rao, yes. And Barry is dealing with the past version of the Infinity Corps who called them all together and they fought Parasite. No, this Parasite. is the future. This is the, but, this oh, yeah, is the present yeah, yeah, day yeah. Infinity Corps. Okay, where the, yeah, and, this is – see, I'm, I'm already be, confused. In between the issues though – the Forever Stone started acting up, and it sent them through time again. For some yes, reason, right. 1961 was a stop-off, which somehow pulled Barry Allen to them, and then it took off again, where we start this issue where the Infinity Corp shows up on Rao's ship before he ever came to Earth. Yeah, it's just... yeah. And because and of this, it, and he even realizes... Then, you're saying this, if, if people are just jumping oh, in, God. they're like, okay, the Cathedral of Rao, before it came to Earth... That's how it's set up. That's the only setup you're getting, and people must be like, what? What, what does this even mind? And yes, what happens then is uh, it, they kind of sell Superman out, and that kind of leads – everything kind of leads to the next step. Like the, it kind you know, of, and the whole it time travel does. I still have a little issue with it because – here, freaking Rao finds the Forever Stones. He's had the yes. Life Stones for a freaking... And just to say, oh, well, the Forever Stones, Infinity Core had the Forever Stones, this guy Vincent, 
who is the head, he seems to be, you know, he's connected kind of to them, these goddamn forever stones that we were confused about before anyway, but Rao has been looking for them. You you said that he kept yes. saying it. Hey, I want to find it. I but can't find it. But he's been looking for them in the, the present sto- time story because he's come, he's come to Earth looking for them because of the events that take place at the beginning of this where Infinity Corp shows up on his cathedral and he realizes they're there before Flash and the rest of the Corp run back into their building and take off in time again. And then Rao just says to himself, Earth, which I don't understand how he knows to go to Earth. But the reason, the thing that's weird about it is there was no, no conversation between Rao, the Infinity Corp, or Flash that would allow me to realize that Rao got the idea that they were from Earth or that he knows what Earth is. He just yeah. all of a sudden, Earth. Isn't and there that's the part, what, like, well, that's we're going to guess us, but... That's what takes us to the beginning of our story arc where Rao comes to Earth. Yeah. Um, but in the in the book between then, they do go back to ancient Krypton. Yes, and I don't know about Krypton? you. This is the best part to me. This actually made me kind of like, okay, the story was starting to make See, more sense here. That's where you got to figure out the timeline as well, too, because present day Rao, or actually, if you want to say future Rao, when he got his ass kicked by the Justice League and Parasite when they brought in to try to zap the worship out of him to put it back yes. to the people. He ran into the Infinity Corp building that showed up in the present day. He yep. ran inside and went back in time to he ancient back in time. Krypton to meet his younger self and Hal Jordan, who's been stuck there since the beginning and, of our story. And again, if you want to start getting uh, confusing and confusing people, um, to me, the younger, you know, the ancient version of, of Rao right. looks older. Then yeah, doesn't he? One, and well, you, you can, can say, say because he got the life stones and he was exactly. taking the life out of people, but it's well, still. Well, he has the life stones here as well. Yes. It, it's just to me, though. He has it, more followers. Know, he's, he's had I know all what, this time yes, to go across I know the what they're saying and I know how this is supposed to be, but just jumping, it, it's confusing then. I know. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it's like, okay, and really, he loves that facial hair. He loves that freaking little fucking billy goat there, down below. He's never changed that look. That long ass soul patch? Yes, that soul patch is so ridiculous. But yeah, it, it doesn't if, – if you know the story, you're like, okay, I get it and I like it because the ancient Rao uh, is a little upset at his future self. He yeah, seems he's like, become a douchebag. Yes, and he's like, I use the Life Stones to you know, save Krypton, save the people. And basically the future is like, well, Krypton's doomed. You, you lose. Well, you even, don't work it out. And now I'm, I'm for myself. I'm going to get these people and I'm helping them. And it's well, just. Well, I think it was two issues ago when Rao showed up for a little while, like the, the present day Rao. He even came to Hal and said, like, and the, the young Rao and said, yeah, I've already taken care of all these things. And now I've, I've already taken over the city over here that you're trying yeah. to make peace with. Yep. They're all my followers now. Like, why would you do this? This is how I yeah. do things. Calm down, yeah. guy. Yeah. And I, but I do like this whole thing where, you're getting that ancient brow like boy you really you just think about yourself you know why are you doing this and he's like boy it's because it's our legacy our legacy is being great this is me and it really does disturb the ancient brow who then goes and 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 i like that i like it too because in the meantime how is kind of in general you know he's he's been imprisoned by the future he's in prison yeah by the future route and this is where you get the part where the ancient brow then has to break him out, has to get him going because it, that's the only way. He little, wants to stop it. You know, there's a little this, bit of hocus pocus going on because like two issues ago, I think it was when um, the future Rao showed up, Hal was going to use his ring and then the future Rao touched it and said, "My, I've used my will for thousands of years. You're like an infant to me. And he shuts down the ring somehow. I don't understand yeah. how this works, but it's happening. 
Yeah, and even says the the funny thing to me in this is that they show him that they show the 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 rowels, and then they do show how, and he's just like, boy, I've been here for three days. You know, when he touched my ring, it, it turned off. Like you said, he's got a little stubble. Two well, weeks ago, he's exactly. got the fucking biggest goddamn <laughs> beard I've ever seen. I'm this like, man really? can grow some facial hair. I'm telling you, this facial hair that he grows is crazy, and to me, it, it's a pretzel fucking thing, but. I'm just going to go with the delay that Brian Hitch had that added to that beard. <laughs> and really, to me, where you get that really craziness, it's the mustache part of the right. beard. That that's not going to grow. It is such a big goddamn beard. It made me you laugh. You twirly yeah. tie that motherfucker. Oh, my God. He he looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick with that beard, Eric. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> but, yeah, Hal's just sitting there. and That's one thing I will say. He did a good job with this because he does – allow you to see how is in prison and yes his ring doesn't work so that is not a bad way to catch people up but again somebody reading this has to be like what the fuck is going on in this i'm telling you there's so much hocus pocus going on like i brought up in the beginning with uh flashes being transported in 1961 for no real apparent reason and then we have how's ring not working so we have to make sure that he can't do anything for this issue just because and if you go back and look at the other issues the previous issues Think about Aquaman and Wonder Woman being stuck in the uh, ruined yeah. Olympus for all that, like, two issues. Yep. It never really mattered at all because she's like, I am Olympus. She no, recreated Olympus. Olympus, and then she's like, I'm stuck here. But by the end of that issue, they grabbed some wep- weapons and left yeah, they to go fight weapons. Remember they go, Ares has his weapons cachet. We're yeah. going to grab them. And the best thing, going back and reading that, I'm like, yep, there's that Thunderbolt and that Trident that yeah. we see in the Justice League book presently in the regular run of Rebirth. And it made me laugh then. Uh, but yeah, if anything, I said that I like the ancient Rao and Hal stuff. Boy, the stuff with Rao and Flash and that the fucking dialogue is terrible. Uh, people are, uh, Vincent, you know, what the fuck is up with this? Everything is just hocus pocus. Well, like I'm telling you, you have to go back and look at the previous issues too, because I didn't remember this until I did. Because Rao tries to convert Vincent before yeah, Flash tries, and Rustin yeah, tried, tried to, to convert run him back and he and, couldn't. And he couldn't. And in a previous issue, we had Vincent and the rest of the uh, two girls talking about how they picked their bodies. They are not human. They are yeah, there yeah. from some cosmic means. But that is why, apparently, he cannot be converted. I don't know how yeah, or why. What's going convert, on. And you know what? I have a big problem right now. As you were talking about that, I went and read 6, 7, and 8 before. Yeah. Now I don't even know what the hell was in and what wasn't in this issue and that one because I actually, if you would have questioned me, I would have thought that was all in this issue. <laughs> but yeah, Rao tried to convert him and then he was going to convert Barry and Barry did a little quick running and knocked yeah. him over and then had the worst fucking, you know, action movie dialogue, you know, with this stuff. But yeah, then we go back. We have, well, we have more of this. We have more of Barry. Kryptonian, Rao, huh? No yellow and, sun here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the whole thing. But yeah, they're they're talking and Rao wants to see the uh Forever Stones at this this port, right? Is where we go out of well, Krypton that, back to you, Forever Stones. You gotta you gotta deal with this, Tony, because we've already had the big fight between Rao and the Justice League, where the Infinity Corp showed up and he ran in and t- disappeared with the freaking building and went back to ancient Krypton. So now in ancient Krypton, he has his younger versions, life stones, and now he has yeah. the forever stones as well. 
And you, you know what's pro- I I'm so screwed up in this. This is the issue that Barry fights him. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm telling you, I shouldn't have read those other issues. I'm looking at it later. That's no, what they end up doing. This to make any when- sense, you have to read those other issues. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm so confused now. I, I apologize to everyone because yeah, Ral comes over. And I love his dialogue too. Ral says, "The stones of forever." They said, <laughs> "Please, I must see them." And yeah, they have their forever stones. He has the life stones. He wants to combine them. And then in the past, he has It's so crazy. But yeah, they, they let him. Vincent lets him see this. Why do you think he lets him? No, no, he doesn't. They take I off. Does. No, no, Vincent doesn't. He, he's going to. And then Flash Quick runs like, you know, before he converts him, he, Flash kicks uh, Rao out of there. And they go back in the building and take off. And do you yeah, know where they go? I'm, I'm they go to the present right day during the fight that the Justice so, League has with Ralph. So and when he's confused. defeated, just talk. I'm not Ralph runs Alpha. in and takes off and goes back in time to ancient Krypton. It's, it's, so it, it's convoluted as hell. And the I'm, only I'm way you can grab a hold of it is I feel like an asshole. No, don't worry about <laughs> it. This is it's fucking confusing, man. I fucking sat there and went through all of this trying to piece it together. I'm t- this is where we need a video like a uh, vlog where we have the whiteboard out with a goddamn yeah, timeline. I'm telling you. He, well, there's Rao. He's talking about Krypton. They're there. They want to see these stones. And I'm telling you, I think that they're in these cylinders, right? They go into this room where no, they does. are. And he says, I can hear them. I can hear their songs. The life yeah. stones, like my lost family reunited. And then he starts talking to Barry. And Barry, the word, another piece of dialogue. He, uh, Rao says, perhaps if I had stayed, there would be more than just ghosts. Talking about Krypton. He's talking about Krypton dying. Yes. And then Barry says, you're from Krypton? You know it? That's what he said. And he's like, oh, I have a friend from there. He's maybe our world's greatest hero. And that's when he's like, tell me. And that's where, you know, shit starts going wrong because now he knows there was a person. I don't – does Rao know that I, – I don't know what's going on. Rao left people, Krypton but, well before it was ever destroyed. Know, he would not know anything about Superman. Part, but now does he? Because he did – Krypton died anyway. I left him taking them with taking them with me. I don't know what – is going on that that makes it seem like he should know like oh one krypton and he left that's like there is where brian hitch is trying to show you that that's why he knows earth but it shouldn't it doesn't be. make sense like you no. said, it doesn't make sense he left before that uh then you go back to thousands of years again. before that yeah then you go back to ancient krypton and they have some weird looking hot dog type thing that looks like maybe some pulled pork the ancient Rao is going to give it to Hal. Who, you know what? Like I, I said, spent a Hal lot is... of time just looking at what Hal was eating. I'm like, yeah. wonder what that tastes like. It's something crazy. And, and really, I looked at it a bunch, and it seems to morph into different kind of things at points. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Hal is now fully bearded in two weeks. He's like, I thought you were gone. He's there, and, and he wants to stop his future self. And yeah, the ring kind of comes to life then. It's- See, I think the the young Rao, the ancient Rao, gives somehow gives a little push with his he will to give try a to little push, push it because he, he does not give- want his future self to succeed in all this yeah, nonsense. Yeah, he doesn't. And that's still- that's the big part of this is that the hero of the story seems to be now seems to be the ancient Rao, the earthly yes. Rao, who does not he sees the evil that his future self is going to be. He doesn't want that legacy. He doesn't want you know oh the legacy is we're going to dominate the universe. No, he doesn't want that. He has used the life stones up until now to save people, and now Rao is actually using them. The future Rao is using them as a guise that he's a god just to get be able to live forever. That, yeah, he just wants to live forever and control people. And uh, yeah, so he. 
must give because even then then you get Hal getting more power back to the ring. Just yep, he's able to use up. it again. And we go back to our present day right after the Ral fight where Ral ran off into the Infinity Court building and disappeared to ancient Krypton. But here we see that Superman did not survive it. Yeah, well, even right before that, you get that battle that I was talking about where Barry fights Rowles. Uh He fights Rowell's uh, followers, yep. knocks them down, and then fights Rowell itself and has really, really awful dialogue. That's with the no yellow sun here. Yeah. And, you know, and he's just – but that's when he's – Barry's like, get us out of here now. Then Vincent's like, the Stones are reluctant. They don't want to go. Just do it. Actually, you know what I think's happening? Rowell has said – that when he was next to those stones, they were talking to them. I think when they go to disappear to go to present day, whatever, I think Rao then, that's what gives him the stones they're telling him. It doesn't spell it out. But they go, you see the stones, and then he says Earth. Yes. So I think that it is the stones that are telling him. <laughs> if you say so, I'll go with it. It's, it's uh, not Mick in Jagger book. and Keith Richards. I just, you just have it. He has already spelled out. Oh, the stones are talking to me. They want to be what they, you know. It's almost like a, a whole thing where they would combine with his life stones, and they're like, "Let's get out of here." And when they leave, the stones are circling the building. It's all hokey, but I think that's what you're supposed to do, think that he can sense where they have gone. But and that's what it must be. Because they ended up going to Earth where his yeah, future they, self uh, will take the building and go back to ancient crypt time with it. No, but now I, we, yeah. But now we so, have yeah. Flash and the Infinity Core people and the rest of our Justice League trying to resuscitate Superman who was taking a beating when they fought Rao last issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even, I'm telling you, this thing jumps so much around. <laughs> At the one point, you do go back to ancient Krypton and the... Future Rao is getting all these people. He has all these, you know, the, he's blessed everyone that he can on this yeah, planet. He's converted Krypton. everybody. He's converted everybody. He's very powerful. And he basically starts spelling out, we're going to go and fight uh, this one planet who's against us. This one group of people are against us. We are going to go and fight them. And then that's what happens at the end. But before that, like you said, Superman had been, I think Batman even spells it out like, he's been beaten to the inch of his life. And they can't resuscitate him. He's been gone for 15 minutes. Super and you bad. know what happens? Aquaman immediately tries to move yeah. in on Diana. Yeah, Aquaman comes over. It's like, oh, Diana, he's gone. He's it's gone. Too it's late. too late. He's gone. He keeps trying to convince her. We saw this in the Justice League <laughs> oh Rebirth. No, was it Justice League Rebirth? I think, yeah, it we was, had that quick yeah. cut where they're talking yeah. about Superman dying before the New 52 yeah. Superman. And Aquaman's yeah. right in there. I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Aquaman keeps trying to move in on Diana. He always wants to find a way. And at this point, he's like, it's too late. Just just leave him be. He's like crossing his fingers, please. Just he's dead finally. But everybody Barry, it's so Barry's like so I don't know, almost too fanboyish the way he reacts to Superman being dead. I didn't like that. I I, I don't know. That this reaction was very odd for the whole Justice well, League. As we saw in the first issue with the Infinity Corp saying, the end of the world starts with Superman's death, yeah. and that's what they've yeah, been trying to uh Make sure it doesn't happen this entire yeah. time. And, and really, one of the biggest things in this whole series, if you would go back and read all of it, was where you see them having all these dead Supermen. Just and piles that, and piles yeah, of dead piles Superman of bodies pulled out of time. Of any image that I have from this whole series, if I can remember six years back, <laughs> it, it is that. That was a kick-ass image of that. We didn't understand what was going on. No, still uh, don't really. So yeah, and, and even with this, it's like Wonder Woman has tried everything, it seems, and then just pulls out that goddamn thunderbolt. Well, we and, need that bolt of Zeus to do something. Yeah, and then just shoves it in the Superman and fucking kickstarts his heart. It's like fucking Vince Neil. 
it kicks does, my heart. It is a it, badass panel, though, where you see all the lightning come down from the heavens into that one point of the city. That looks badass. And it's like one of those where I don't even know that Wonder Woman was doing it because that she is standing there looking at the body then afterwards, but it was almost like she was just so pissed off. I don't know. It's like when you punch a wall. Like, she had had enough, but yeah, then he comes. What's well, that last-ditch effort where somebody's, like, been given CPR it's for weird, a while, though. and it's then like, they start pounding away. on the chest? Yeah, Wake if anything, up, come though, on. it is the adrenaline shot in Pulp Fiction. Oh, definitely. Boom, and then he comes to, and, you know, Superman's a great guy. He wants to know if we got, did we get Ral? And then Wonder Woman goes over and then you see fucking Aquaman kicking the dirt in the background. (laughs) He's like, God damn it. You'll be mine, Wonder Woman. You will be mine. But then you have there. There's where Flash, which I hated. What I'm talking about. Really? You you are not a five-year-old, Barry. You are a forensic scientist. (laughs) You son of a bitch. You're a scientist. And then there. Yeah, there's Batman. Wonderful. And then there's Aquaman. She did it. He's so mad. And then I just the reaction here was just it, it just seems so bad. But that even just the panel with Barry there with what I'm talking about looks so stupid. Yeah, I, I'm John. I do not care for the art of Brian Hedge. I don't either. No, I don't either. Right there. He has like a huge nose. You see that <laughs> nose? It's fucking humongous. Look at Aquaman's it's just as big. Yeah, it is. And Aquaman's like, oh, god damn it. I'm gonna Luckily, Batman's cow is hiding his gigantic shell. Yeah, he's hiding his nose. Uh, Aquaman at that moment is wondering where he can get a hold of some kryptonite. That's right. <laughs> it's like, I got to get done with this fucking guy. I but yeah, take care of this. Then you have where all of a sudden, boom, planet shows up. Now, in the meantime, all these people on Earth were... Now, this, this is this a is problem that, I have as well. That I'll spell out too, though, before, is that the people of Earth are not against Ralph. They think Rao is a god that had saved them. He disappeared at this one point. They lost, and, and they were upset about it. They were. It was like our god left us. But also when he has a connection with people, if they fight, if the Just League fights Rao, it also hurts the people that are controlled through the Life Stones. That's which the thing that is really gonna... bothers me, though, because when they were fighting Rao with Parasite, the whole thing was to break the connection he yes, has over the people. Break the connection. Yes. But, yeah, and they did. Just, and that's well, when he yeah. ran off to go back in time. Well, he ran off, and they he, they said, but now he's I back. I don't understand why the people, though, still have this whammy put on them. Here's if the they're thing. Just I don't like... think they have a whammy. Uh, here's – and really, Teddy Roosevelt among them. Do you see the path? There he is. Uh, I really think that there are going to be a lot of people – that were upset when they broke the connection. Yeah, there's a whammy, but I also think that these people wanted to. They healed. Some of these people's parents were healed. Some of these people had crippled kids. Oh yeah, they healed had, by round. He, he, he was doing great shit around yes, the world. Like, I think the, there are the one, still people who want to worship him. The, the one he, thing I go back to is one of my favorite issues in the series. I think it might have been issue number three, where we had this little girl. Her parents were converted by Rao, and she did yeah. not want it. And they started dragging her out of the house to be converted. And she's screaming and kicking, yeah, and then all go. of a sudden. She got the whammy put on. I love you, Ral. I'm like, oh, my God. But I really do think now you can say that maybe he's forgotten about this. But I really do think there's a lot of people on this planet, unfortunately, who want to follow anything. And these are the ones a lot of people want this God back because I can go with that, too. You know, Ral disappears. They break the connection. Next thing you know, I don't know how this hocus pocus goes. I was crippled. He healed me. Connection broken. I'm assuming I'm still healed. That was a physical thing. 
But then the next day or so, something happens. My mom gets in an accident. I don't care, but some other people might care about my mother. And they're like, oh, my God, when Ral was here, he healed everyone. It's not like they completely forgot. Um, and I don't think that when it was severed, I don't think that it's one of those like it was severed and like, oh, what the hell was I thinking? I just think that they thought, oh, my God, I like this guy. I don't know because we had it hasn't spelled out. But the way they're going to pull it out here is that at some point up until he comes and attacks, these people want him back. That Oh, yeah. God's back. They say he's back. And But I would think that I would not be saying he's our God's back. I'd be like, what the fuck is this planet doing? And well, this saying, caused such used the forever stones on the planet. To yeah. freaking bring ancient Krypton to the present yeah. day orbit of Earth. And this is what he was talking about with all his followers there. Hey, listen – uh, there's a place there that they're in the dark. They won't accept me. We're going to go attack them. We're going to go take care of it. And I guess that it's, he can't really, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that why he can't, if he can't transport into time and space, but he can transport the planet. I don't know. Check I this think, out. There, there's one I thing too going just for a visual. Going back and looking at the past issues of this, too, there's one question I need to be answered in the series. If it continues on, who knows how long it's going to be in between, but. When Aquaman is in the Shattered Olympus with Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman tells him how we were all invited to fight Parasite. Yeah, we were all invited. Yep. All except for Arthur. Yep, Aquaman. Where is that going to come yeah. to play? Because he was I not invited know. by the Infinity Corps to fight Parasite. And it was funny even that it was like a weird dialogue in that. But yeah, he was not invited. And that is something that we wondered at the beginning. Remember yeah. what we were spelling out? And he actually is addressing it, I guess. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, it just seems like Brian Hitch does not have his, these like things to do for these characters. Yeah. So he writes them off for certain periods of time and then brings them in yeah. but doesn't resolve what's going on. And like, yeah, I still don't understand Wonder Woman. I am Olympus. What does that uh, mean to me? I know. Well, and then she said – it was weird. She's like, they left and they didn't invite me to leave, but I was invited here. And there was a lot of inviting talk. But I – see, there's the other thing like how Hitch is writing Aquaman and his Justice League with him kind of being involved. I don't know if this is going to be that Aquaman is somebody that Ral knows he can't convert because of something. And that's why – I don't know. No idea, man. I, I don't know. These are just but things yeah. going back and reading. I'm like, when is this going to be resolved? Yeah. Did, did Why you bring think, it up? While you're reading it, did you think when Krypton uh, arrives and then they have a full page of the Justice League and Superman goes, that's Krypton. Ralph's brought ancient Krypton here. Did you think that was the cliffhanger? Cause Damn right I did. I thought that was the end. That would have been a great ending, right? Yeah. Uh, but then it continues there. Honestly, oh. I have the book open right now. I thought it was the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's Rao, and he's yelling at his followers. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna fight these guys. They must be tamed. We got the strength. We're gonna do it. Yeah, we got a whole planet of Kryptonians about to attack Earth. It's gonna be some fucked up day on Earth. Yep, and that's where you get the initial thing. Where I don't know why the younger Rao, the younger Rao, should just keep his goddamn mouth shut. This happens all the time in stories and stuff like this, and and movies. I know you need the conflict or whatever, but at this point, he knows that he's getting Hal out. Yeah, and he starts arguing with him, his future self, and then basically tells him, "Hey, well, the Green Lantern, he he's going to go against you. I got to trust in him." I'm like, "Why are you talking about?" Do you him? know why? Why? Because future Rao, in my mind, so far, for, as far as Rao knows, then no, 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 he does not want to kill the young Rao because it'll kill him in his mind. He doesn't know that for a fact yet because he does not have the memories of meeting his younger self just or weird, older though, self. But you're also was... selling out like how at this point could kind of go with a little sneak attack and I do guess. something. How, how breaks through that Infinity Corp building like 
and then and flies as, off in a big is, green light. So I'm sure is there everybody a saw reason, it. Is there a reason why the bearded Hal looks so much like Chris Pine? Doesn't he look exactly like him? Look at no, the no, panel. he doesn't look like a little kid with a beard. No, he does. He if if you told me, <laughs> hey, look, it's fucking Captain Kirk with a Green Lantern suit. Yeah, I see it. it, uh, it he looks just. I can like kind of see it. Yeah, but it's just weird to me. Like I know what you're saying that the uh, the safety of the ancient realm. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm right. just talking about the plan. Just, just how in general? Shut. Just keep your mouth shut. You don't have to start taunting him. I don't know. Maybe that's part of his I plan. Would maybe shit out of him. Him. Have him kill me to destroy himself. Um, and here's the thing of all that. It is Chris Pine. I'm telling you. There he is. <laughs> Best panel of the whole goddamn book. That looks fucking good to me. It looks but really the good. The other things, even, even that weird one where we thought it was a cliffhanger with the Justice League, it's not great. Uh, I like Superman and I like, uh, I don't know. I don't even like Diana, but he, uh, Brian Hitch cannot draw the flash. Not at all. He, he does not know how to Aquaman draw. Aquaman kind of looks like a mongoloid too. Yeah, he looks odd. Cyborg, okay. And Cyborg has, okay. has two red eyes for some reason. But boy, it flashes off. And in general, I, I am not a fan of Brian Hitch's art. And I apologize no, for one of my confusion. I, I went back to read these other issues and everything got tangled up. And really, I went with this. I just, you hear me all week. I listen to these podcasts, start yelling and screaming about these guys mentioning things. Now I'm the fucking asshole getting shit screwed up. But Don't yeah. Don't worry, baby. It, I'll, I'll write your wrongs. Very confusing, though. But it is. It's. But if you do go back and read some of these issues, or if you have a better memory than me, things this, do this converge. Okay issue. This and makes yeah, it a be, bigger picture kind of ordeal yes, going on here. And I'm telling you, the whole thing with this ancient Rao and him wanting to stop, that actually pulls together a lot of things for me, where you see the things into play. The Barry stuff, the Flash stuff, and the Infinity Corp, I very confusing to me still. That stuff seems to just be in there to kind of... I hate fucking time travel when they do this shit, man. It's so hard. But again, I don't mind. The the Kryptonian stuff is is time travel, but it's so... And it's not one of those, like, we're doing this because of that. It's... I like the idea of, like, what did I become? Oh, my God. Stop myself. I always like that sort of story. But then you throw the Flash stuff in. Then, like you said, in the past issues, we didn't see it here, thank God, because they already... The I Am Olympus stuff, I still can't put a thumb on exactly what's going on with every character. No. And it is very confusing uh, at points. But yeah, even like we even dealt with stuff before with Cyborg trying to uh, connect with Rao with the stuff. The st- Which he did, and that's how they're going to use that, that technology to break his, uh, his whammy. Yeah, but it just going into this is just odd. And like you said, there is a weird thing at the end where the people are welcoming him, welcoming him, welcoming him back. <laughs> Talk. And seem happy or uh, you know they want answers i don't know that, they seemed all happy as hell to see him in my mind yeah that's why uh, it threw me for a loop i'm like what did you what about happened last uh, issue what did you give this on the site i gave it a 5.7 out of 10 because i did not want to give it the fuck you five i was already angry just because yeah. of the delay and this coming out of you, nowhere you really you had to have gone into this thinking that you were going to give it the fuck you five right? i haven't liked the series so far i don't like the art i'm like there's no way this is going to come out of nowhere and wow me and it didn't wow me, but it did make oh. a lot of things more, a little clearer and brought the story together for me so I could not give it the fuck you five. Yeah, uh, the thing is I will give the delay a fuck you five. I will give the just this issue hitting the news shelves this week a fuck you five. I give the issue a six out of ten, though. Yeah. It, it really does tie th- things in. I really do like – if this whole thing was just how going back to ancient Krypton – 
and trying to get himself back, and I would have loved it. But that's all right. When I was stuff. running my review for it, I actually got screwed up on the time travel as well because when I like, when Hal flew off, for some reason I thought that was the ancient times where he was going to get like in my mind get the ancient Green Lantern Corps together. Yeah, and, now, and but now yeah. then I realized no, that's in the present day now. Never yeah, mind. that's when the planet shows up and yeah. all this nonsense. And it is, it's a weird way. You you even said the whole thing with Earth, and that he's gonna. A lot of these things in this issue are like, okay, we're gonna do this because we got. Well, it's like uh, even Hal's ring not working because. just because. Like I I couldn't tell you how Rao could possibly send a planet back to present day Earth next to Earth. That's gonna cause a lot of fucking tidal waves and shit, Eric. Sure is. There's a lot of craziness going on, but I'll go with it. I I just want the story to end, and it, at least I have some hope that maybe I'm not gonna love the way it ends, but maybe it will make a little more sense than I. And I'm telling you, trade is the way to go with this. From everything I've read so far, leading yep. up to this, because I had to go back and read every you have goddamn to go trade. Thing. Uh, it, well, if you're, if you're invested, uh, no, I'm telling you, yeah. If you were reading up to issue eight and you're like, "Huh, oh, yeah, just fucking, just stop now and yeah. just wait for three and a half years when it's done, <laughs> and then you get the trade because yeah, eventually they're gonna put it out in trade." And I, what we thought they were gonna do is not have these release, just release a trade with the three extra issues if yeah. that's what it's gonna be. Uh, just throw those in, three or four issues thrown in there to complete the story. Just end it that way. But nope, here we are. We talked about it. And if you put the trade out and you have that Martian Manhunter story in there, that's fucking nonsense. They're going to put it in there. It's fucking stupid. Uh, if, if they do, you, well, they will because it's in, in time, you know, the issue number. Yeah. But I would actually put that at the end and just have it where you have the whole story and then at the end you have that bonus one. I would I didn't not mind the Martian Manhunter one. It has nothing to do with made, the story though. I know it doesn't, but at least it was a decent enough story. Uh, this this other stuff has okay. been very crazy. But yeah, I, I can't give it the fuck you five, Eric. I want Neither it. can I. I, I want, want it to, can't do it. Yeah. Not great issue though, not at all. No, but we're going to move on. All right, out with out with Eric. Reggie, you're back. You back. Hello. Uh, yes. Yeah, we just talked about that JLA. What a what a book! Oh man, a book. When you listen to the podcast, you might be surprised at my score. Ten out of ten. Loved it. Oh yeah. No. Wow. I gave gave it a six out of ten. It wasn't bad. It was probably one of the better issues of the series for me. Eric wouldn't go that far, but he would not give it a fuck you five. That was his. Oh yeah. I think that that's what both of us uh, thought that it was going to get, like right away. just just for the fact that it was delayed that long. But no, it, it wasn't bad. I did go back. People have just heard it. I went back to read uh, issue six to eight, six, seven, and eight to get ready for that, and it really fucked me up with what I thought happened in this issue. And that I was at the beginning, I was having some problems. This issue that we're moving on to now, I should not have as many problems because it's really. Uh, cut dry. It is yeah. the Suicide Squad Special War Crimes number one. Um, I think that's what it's how they spell it out. It's a weird way they spell it, but it's written, written by John Ostrander, art by Gus Vasquez and Carlos Rodriguez, Gabe Altiev, and Nate Picos. And I'll tell you, John Ostrander returns to the book he made famous, and I think he showed he still has what it takes. Sure, this is a bit of a money grab. Sure, it doesn't matter much in the bigger scheme of things. And sure, nothing really shocking happens, but I liked it anyway. It's the squad doing squad things. And I think I figured out that that is A-OK with me. And this even goes from the Suicide Squad Rebirth book that you do. Um, I just like seeing the squad. And I like seeing them do things. I know for a fact that most of the time shit's going to go wrong. 
and nothing in the end really happens. This is pretty much the formula of the Suicide Squad. It's all about the characters interacting. It's the characters interacting and having them be villains. That's what the fun of it is and the interaction between them. And we get that this issue as well. I know some reviewers, I'm saying this because some reviewers out there were, oh, this issue didn't mean anything. Oh, nothing happened. Oh, my God, they did this. First off, it's a one shot that comes out on annual week and it's a special. What do you think they're going to do? Yeah, you know really. what I mean? I'm telling you, it starts off and you get a former secretary of defense coming out. And even and I'll tell you, the politics in this book are so wonky yeah, that it's it's laughable. But I went with it because it to me, this is like Eric. He hates spiders. But when spiders are huge, like eight legged freaks, he's not afraid of those because they're ridiculous. I hate politics in my comics. I really do. Uh, this is yeah, so but ridiculous. This is ridic- yeah, this is it's so, so ridiculous that it's not even to me. It's just a setup, and it's so over the top. But I think it fits these characters in the book because, yeah, it's not how things happen. Because the Secretary of Defense, he has his bodyguards around him, and he gets attacked and kidnapped by Strike Force Europa. That's who it is, right? <laughs> I, I have my notes. I'm trying to get it, but yeah, they they end up Strike Force Europa, who I'll tell you. I don't even care if I know the names. I, you know, they do spell it out. They spell out their powers. I just like them for that name. I love the name Strike Force Europa. I think it's the yeah. greatest thing ever. But yeah, the, the, his name is George Carmody. Carmody. He was the former Secretary of Defense, and he gets taken by the Strike Force Europa for quote unquote war crimes. And yeah, it, it is kind of an amalgam of the US, you know, the sort of. Army. I mean, they're definitely kind of referring to It's like uh, Rumsfeld and all these guys. Yeah. But but it, but it really almost could apply to any war profiteer, which would be any yeah. war in history, so. Yes. Uh yeah. So really, but yeah, they're going to take him and the best thing though is they capture him and they're taking him to the Netherlands to stand trial by the International Criminal Court. And yeah, I, I, does that, I don't know up. if that works. I don't know if they accept no. hostages in that court, you know? I, I don't know. I Somehow I think that the Netherlands and the International Criminal Court here would be like, you know what? We don't really want to piss off the U.S. like this because, yeah, they, they have basically kidnapped them. And later, uh, when we move on, Amanda Waller even says, well, their higher-ups, the, the Strike Force Europa higher-ups, didn't really want this to happen, but now they're forced into doing something. I don't think that's the case. I don't yeah. think this would happen. I, I, you know, I'm not from the Netherlands. I actually have relatives in the Netherlands. That's a crazy deal. I, I, they've never contacted me that I could send somebody. I can kidnap anybody and take them there for the International Criminal Court. I don't care. Yeah, but, you, but you've been dodging being tried for war crimes for years. That so. is true. Uh, just crimes <laughs> against humanity. That, That's this really podcast funny. itself is, is ex, you know, exhibit A through F in this podcast. And the other is just my treatment of my kids. I'm done. I am done. But yeah, you get to see from there where he gets kidnapped and then you move into seeing the team. And again, this is one of the things that in a Suicide Squad book, I always love. I always love getting to see the team at the beginning because there, there might be new guys, whatnot, but I love the interaction between them, and you get it here. And really, the way John Ostrander spells this out here, it's almost like a I don't, like a college. It, this could be a 
fucking bunch of college kids that are on a team of so you know what i mean yeah. amanda waller's there she's the teacher she's going to talk to these kids this could be actually this could be the breakfast club it's what they're it could all loafing be. around they're all know, loafing around doing their shit. things and you see them and you're going down you see and they they spell it out floyd lawton aka deadshot team assassin rick flag team leader uh Bo- digger harkness aka captain boomerang team screw up then you get the crazy mad dog Real name unknown, team malcontent. Uh, am I the, I, I'm not the only one. I think that if there's one person who read this and thought, oh, Mad Dog, yeah, you're going to live through this issue. I yeah. started laughing. The minute I saw Mad Dog, we both thought the same thing. I thought of Wild Dog, which they were pushing a bit in the Green Arrow comic. And really, yeah. as it goes on, I really do think he's kind of an amalgam of Wild Dog. He does wear the hockey mask, all that. But really, once you see the team, because the other members are Harley, a.k.a., you know, Harley Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn, Team Psychopath, Shadow uh, Santana, a.k.a. El Diablo, Team Hothead, you get those. Yeah, it, there's one guy here who is going to die, and you just want to mm. know how he's going to die. Now, I will say the one thing, the art is a little up and down. In the issue. I don't mind even. it in general. I think one of the problems, though, is Mad Dog and Rick Flag look too alike. I, I really wish that they would have spelled out a little bit more that character, the, the way they look. They look a lot alike. That's why I think he puts on a mask then later. But they're there. Amanda Waller's there. Hey, listen, we're going to talk about what's going on. And then you get a Boomerang who leans over and starts talking to Mad Dog. And he's like, hey, Mad Dog, isn't it? Watch a dude sitting with this little ice. <laughs> I heard you was a bounty hunter type, brawling in all types. You hard. You understand, right? But now he's Very talking He's talking to him, uh, to Mad Dog. And basically later, it's, it is a funny moment where he just makes up words. And you're reading it, and you're like, eh, I'm telling you, I just went right with it. And then Harley's like, ah, he makes up words and pretends they're fucking Australian. It made yeah. me laugh so much. Before that, though, there is a weird little deal because at, do you, in your mind, is Rex a funny name? Not really, no. I, I, I thought it was, I don't know why he was making fun of it. Yeah, and to me, this could, I even said it in my review on the site. To me, this could have definitely been the striped scene with Francis. Yeah, yeah, this fucking guy who's mad at everyone, and his name ends up being Francis. And he's like, you call me Francis, I'll kill you. And I remember the uh, the freaking drill sergeant whatever was like, pipe down, Francis. And it's yeah. really good. Uh, this is Rex, though. And they all think this is funny. And I don't understand it. Am I not getting something? Was that I don't know. Time- maybe I, 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 maybe Rex is a, is a stupid name now. It seems like – I, I mean, it's a little I weird. It's kind of a dog's that- name. Actually, I, in my mind, I think that this might be a dated thing that John Ostrander always thought was funny, and it's gone past there because really, I could name seven kids in freaking my kids, but fucking the name Rafe for Christ's yeah. sake is crazier That's- than Rex. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, the names nowadays, my kids come home, yeah, my friend, you know, this and that. It's gone beyond like the hippie names. Like, there's no like, hey, my my friend Moonbeam. But yeah. these names are all these pretentious fucking yuppie names anymore. Rex, to me, is not that funny, but fucking John Ostrander, that is hilarious. Maybe it's really funny in Australia. I don't know. I don't know, because even Harley <laughs> says it. Hey, you know, Rex. It's yeah. just weird. I, I just didn't get it. But, yeah, the big thing I think coming out of this is I even said to you, just to make sure, that obviously 
I said, John Ostrander's Suicide Squad never would have had Harley. Harley came around later, and you said, no, no Suicide Squad really had Harley. It's funny now because she's like a given now, especially yeah, for sure. the movie. Um, I think that John Ostrander writes Harley really well here. I think that yeah. he gets kind of the, the craziness of her. And some of the times the people make her way over the top crazy she is just like playful crazy here, like she always is in, in books. She thinks that she hears this Rex thing. She laughs at it. She calls freaking boomerang boomer butt. And that's when she says, hey, and I want to see what he says. He's like, hey, uh, Rex, and uh, or what, mate? You want to go to Barney? I'm your man. And he, the guy, and, and fucking uh, uh, Mad Dog's like, Barney? And then she's like, eh, don't mind Boomer, buddy. Makes up words and phrases and pretends they mean something in Australia. And I thought that was hilarious because I make up shit too. I love it. Yeah. And, and they start fighting. And then Amanda is like, hey, listen. And she even says, close your mouth, Boomer, but. And then they, they want to talk about what's happening. They, she spells out Strike Force Europa. And, and what I'll say, I know you're a John Ostrander fan. You you even did a list when the whole Suicide Squad movie, you did a top five because Jody couldn't do it that week, and it was a top five Suicide Squad thing. So I think everyone was a John Ostrander. Almost everyone, yeah. Right? I, think, I think three yeah. out of five. And I will tell you, the guy knows how to write a book. He knows how yeah. to pace a book because here, instead of just throwing this Strike Force Europa out there and you know forcing it there – he waits for Amanda Waller to explain the mission where she can legitimately say, here is this team that you're going against. I think that's great uh, because that's what would happen. And she spells it out. And you get these people. I do like them. I, I would like to see more of them, though. You don't get much in this issue, but you have the whole spell. You have this angel, Kavka, uh, the one named the Rosa Heitzman, whose code name is Shotten. If that shopping. sounds like she likes freaking shitting on herself. I, yeah, it's, a little shotsin. Yeah, uh, that threw me off. But then you have Derek Lowe, a.k.a. Lionheart. And you you even had before where I like it as well, where when Strike Force Europa was taking in the former Secretary of Defense, they were naming each other like, hey, Lionheart, let's get going. And, and you know, things like that and spells out. And then the final one is this uh, girl who can run almost like she's not as fast as the Flash, but kind of has that. And I like it. I like when the Suicide Squad goes against another team that yeah, has. You're going to try uh, her name, Jim? What's that? No, I'm yeah, not. Come on, I you can it do it. Wait, uh, it just went away. Her name is Gabriella Rossetti, a.k.a. Garorio. <laughs> sometimes when there's names like this, I don't even look. I just go. I say it and don't even know what I'm fucking. Garorio. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I what think it's Guerrero. Guerrero. I don't know. It's probably an Italian word that yeah, we see, are. You can't even say it. It probably is oh, Italian no. for like speedy. Yeah. But yeah, they are, they are the ones that got, and it's funny because I don't even know fully why she's telling them the team, but I do like the way she does it because really they're going to talk about this uh, Secretary of Defense and he is being held, Kermadi. I think that's how you would say it. This former secretary, he's being tried and they can't get him where he's held. He's in the International Criminal Court Detention Center. You know, that that special International Criminal Court Detention Center. That oh, yeah, sure. Him. Yeah. But in the meantime, they have to transfer him in a three minute window, I think it is, to where he's going to be tried. And that's where they're going to go and get him. And I like it, too, is she's there. She spells it out. And she's like, hey, listen, if you get caught, 
your head's going to be blown off. If you fail, your head's going to be blown off. And then all of them are just like, fuck this. They all fucking, it looks like half of like fucking Mad Dog, he's leaving. All of them are, I'm like, what are you guys doing? You're going to have to do this. <laughs> you don't have an option. And yeah, she's she like, I, I could set those yeah, skull crackers off it. right now, you know, she's and like, they will if you don't simmer down. I'll set it off. And they're like, okay. And she's like, yeah, I have a plan. So then we go. And I also like the fact John Ostrander is not concerned with having um Rick Flagg being spelled out. As, you know what I mean? You don't. And why I like it is because how he kind of doesn't explain the whole thing with Rick Flagg, which we know it makes him seem more like he has befriended the team a little more than what you would expect. You know what I mean? You don't have it's like, hey, I'm Rick Flagg. You better listen to me or I can press the button. You don't have that. You all, we already know. He knows that we know who Rick Flagg is. He's assuming probably we watched the movie as well, and he's just going to go with it. And in this, you get a little camaraderie between Deadshot and he, Rick Flagg. He's more protective of his team, too, yeah, yeah, which is sort of how he wrote Rick Flagg to, like, towards the end of his time on okay. Suicide Squad. And so I that's like kind that. of what it is. Yeah, yeah I, I like, like that. Yeah, I, I enjoy that. But yeah, you get where they're transferring him. And in the meantime, that's when the suicides show up and they come face to face with Strike Force Europa and they're going to fight. And pretty much this part of the, the issue is really just them fighting, uh, constantly just going at it with each other. It's a lot of, you know, action and whatnot. But the real thing going on is in the meanwhile, Rick Flag is already in the car. Uh, that's transferring the Secretary of Defense. He shoots the driver, and that's when Deadshot shows uh, that he is one of the police, you know, the escorts. And yeah, the motorcycle escorts. Yeah, and he's one of the motorcycle escorts then, and he just starts doing crazy motorcycle stunts. And I love this it, part. I thought this 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 really yeah. struck me like a, a great movie scene. Yeah, you know, like, oh, is. this is awesome. He fucking pops a wheelie, goes on the car, jumps on the car, and then jumps off shooting people. It's pretty good because you have yeah, the with golden of- guns. <laughs> yep, golden guns. He has it all there. And yeah, in the meantime, it's funny too because I'm reading this and I almost forgot that they were there to save the Secretary of Defense. I really just <laughs> thought they were going to turn around and shoot him, but yeah, they're there to kind of save him. And uh, so they're they're doing that. In the meantime, Strike Force Europa realizes that they have been taken. They, this was all a ruse. The other members of the Suicide Squad are just running distraction this whole time to keep them away from the fight. They realize it, and they're going to try to go. But there's Harley. Through the whole issue, the running joke with Harley is any vehicle they come in contact with, she just yells that she wants to drive. And I, it made me chuckle. I liked it. I thought that was yeah. – like, again, uh, most people would have Harley on the side there talking to fucking nobody. And that, that's not that's not Harley crazy. Harley crazy is just being nuts and, and you know, and jumping silly, in a car. you know what I mean? Yeah. And jumping in a car. If, if they jumped in a spaceship, she'd yell, I want to drive, you know, shit like <laughs> that. That's just, yeah, she's just crazy. Um, but I did like, I think that he got all the, John Ostrander did well with all the characters. Boomerang is really good. And then Boomerang's shining moment, which is his worst moment. They, they're going to get away. They, uh, they get signal from flag that they have gotten the ex, uh, secretary of defense. Okay. We got it. Let's go. They jump in, Harley, oh, I want to drive in this van. And they all get in, and there is Mad Dog. He's a little hurt. He's like, oh, man, hey, Harkness, I'm hurt. Give me a hand. No, mate. He fucking, oh, I went to pretend I was kicking, and I hit my knee. <laughs> he kicks him. Why do I have to do this? He has to act it out. Yeah, he kicks him, and then, you know, messages to uh, Waller, hey, you know, 
Mad Dog's uh, back in the doggy pound, and she just presses the button, blows up his head, and it made me laugh. Uh, yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah, and, and, and she now take, she's just also like, oh, takes and she care looks like of the she's one. smiling. Oh yeah, and the one girl that was grabbing him, she's pretty much done too. They're both yeah. done, and now uh, I really did like this issue. This part kind of seemed like okay. Now we're extending it a little because they're going to get away and Shadow shows up and attacks, hits the car that they're in. And Shadow has been hired by this old, uh, the, the company that this guy Black works Mountain, for, yeah. Black Mountain, uh, that he was also diverting, you know, funds to and, and pretty much getting this war going so that that company can profit. And so Th- this he, would be like, this would be like a Halliburton in modern terms. Yeah, it I is guess. a Halliburton. Yeah. That's really yeah. what it is. But yeah, all of a sudden Shadow shows up and I'm like, really? You know, th- this seems to be like, okay, we're going to extend it a bit. But yeah, they go and basically then Harley fights Shadow, which is pretty funny because I thought Shadow was going to, you know, pretty much do it. And, and in the meantime, also Shadow is in a helicopter. They're all upset about this. Boomerang throws a boomerang, knocks the helicopter down. But then you get Harley going to fight Shadow and she says, oh, you know, you know, Kung Fu. Well, I know crazy. <laughs> and they just start fighting. And I like it because then you don't get to see the fight. This is something that Eric hates. Like, he would want to see the fight. I like it better that you don't. Because then you you got to imagine the craziness that Harley must have done. Because Shadow was in the League of Assassins. And Harley's just nuts. That's all. But yeah, I mean, I mean, this isn't going to be like some technical kung fu, no. you know. I mean, no. We, we actually I, find out what she did. And to see panel after panel after that might have made me a little sick. Yeah, 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 because basically the guy says that Harley hit her with the bat and just wouldn't stop. Uh, you also get other fights in this. You have, you know, Deadshot fighting the other guys. I was not that interested in these other guys. You have El Diablo freaking set up like a whole flame wall and Fire stuff like wall, that. Yeah. And really all of this uh, just seemed, especially that, just seemed like uh, John Ostrander was like, yeah, I got to get everybody involved. Uh, you know what I'm saying? This. I agree, yeah. It just seemed like a little extended deal. You have boomerang throwing, and he's like, this is my last exploding fucking boomerang. And uh, they're gone. But, yeah, I loved it because all of a sudden then you see Harley show up, and she goes, hey, looky what I got, boys. And it's the Secretary of Defense. And, and he's like, she wouldn't stop hitting that ninja with the bat. And I was like, that, that is pretty cool. And the guy, it is funny, too. There's a lot of humor in this book, but it's not like straight-out jokes. But a lot of the humor is also that this guy just – doesn't want to be around them. He these these people are nuts, and yeah. there he is just a businessman. He's a piece of shit. He is a war criminal. Even sure, even, uh, Amanda Waller spelled it out when he got kidnapped and was setting up for war crimes. She even said he's guilty as hell. And, but yeah. you find out later that he has also said that if he ever gets taken down, he's taken everybody else with him, and that's what caused all this issue around this. But yeah, they're gonna go and get away. And they end up smashing through some buildings, getting on a boat. The boat ends up getting caught in a storm. It's a lot of, like, really crazy things that happen. And what I did like as well, usually in the Suicide Squad books, they always fail. They never – they're supposed to do things. They fuck everything up and barely get out alive. This they actually did. They got their man. And they go back to the U.S. and there's Amanda Waller with this guy. This guy's like, "Oh, you arrange it. Thank God, get me away from these people." She's like, "Oh no, no, uh, you're Black Mountain. They were the shadow showed up because she was going to kill you. You were going to tell secrets. They don't like that. They were going to kill you, and that's what happened." He's like, "Oh well." And you know, here's the thing though: 
they, they he she tells him that, and then the guy starts spouting off. Like, you know what I mean? He's yelling at Amanda Waller now. He knows who Waller is. He knows who the Suicide Squad is. I don't know why he's so big on spouting. His fucking big mouth got him in the trouble before, and now he's yelling and screaming. And Amanda Waller shoots him in the back. Pretty yep. the the back there. He goes down, and she says, "Oh, it's it's a shame he had a heart attack." And they're like, "What are you <laughs> talking about? He got a bullet?" No, no, we already made it. I like the line where they had already like. A couple of days before, they had already filled out the death certificate. Yeah, death certificate's already written. It yeah, says it's heart attack. Been. It's like, and damn. <laughs> there's, yeah, Amanda. And this goes well with the Suicide Squad movie where she was shooting the guys who shouldn't have, you know, that who learned yep. much and all that. And it, it is. And Amanda Waller is. She's a fucking stone-cold bitch. She, this is fair. what she does. It's the wall. She doesn't care. All the, the villains there, all the Suicide Squad are like, what the fuck? And this, this bit of politics... I'm I'm with because they say why the fuck didn't you just let us go there and kill him and whatever and like no no he couldn't die in the Netherlands he couldn't die in foreign soil or that would cause an incident he came back now we could do whatever he wants he had a heart attack he died whatever it still is weird like what happens now he three minutes of a time where he was supposed to go and get tried for war crimes now he's kidnapped back again and it seems to all wash away. You know what I mean? Where is yeah. the tribunal that was going to try him for war crimes? They're fine with it now. Like everything with the, in the Netherlands is very wonky. It doesn't no make sense. No habeas corpus, Jim. That's what that's yeah. what it is. I guess, but yeah, <laughs> I don't, it's they're, not actually. they're more ju- they're more just pissed off that they think they've been lied to. Whatever that they really get used to it. This is what happens yeah. at the time. And yeah, at the end, Amanda Waller tells him, "Listen, you get tomorrow off, and then the next day we go back to work." And they're like, okay, and it ends. And people were really against this, like really against the, oh, and then it ends. And it's this is how almost every story of the Suicide Squad ends. I they, thought it was they, a great ending, actually. You know, yeah. sort of, sort of like a, you know, these guys feel like they wasted their time, and that's um, Amanda Waller doesn't give a shit what they think. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit, and yet <laughs> she gave him tomorrow off. She gave him a day off for that. Yeah. I bet you that's fucking nice. You know. <laughs> I guess, you know, if the people at my work, we have off for Labor Day. I'm, I'm excited, you know, you Labor Day. All you have to do is kill a uh, diplomat, so you're Nobody fine. else gets off on Labor Day, right? That's special for our work. And, oh, yeah, only you guys. Only cardboard box factory employees yeah, get Cardboard box factory. I'm telling you, if they told me, go to the Netherlands, kidnap this guy, and then I'll kill him, <laughs> and you get a day off, I'm fucking right on the plane. <laughs> Send me over. Fucking got my wooden shoes on right now. Fucking clogging it up. I'll fucking kill him right under a goddamn fucking windmill. But yeah, I, I like the issue. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I do think that this could end up being something like how Len Wein got that Swamp Thing mini out of Convergence because of his Suicide Squad, or Suicide Squad, his Swamp Thing was, was really good in Convergence. Yeah. I actually wouldn't think that it would be beyond, uh, question to have either more of these specials with John Ostrand or maybe even have like another, I don't know, it'd be weird to have another Suicide Squad book, but maybe like a mini of something like a, a specific story that you spell out. Like, I, I'm telling you, War Crimes, that name would have been a pretty cool mini name as well. A six yeah. mini. Uh, I actually thought not, it was a mini at first. And yeah, uh, I not. wish it would have been. I really – and even if it was just one-shots because it's one of those books that works well. And really, you can have six one-shots with a different team each time, and well, it still great. works. That's what the Suicide Squad is. That's why I think yeah. it works well with these specials. Um, I gave it an 8.5 on the site. 
I may have, I may go even as low as an eight, but I, I still really did like it. But yeah, the art at points was a little off to me. It's not even, uh, at some points, it's really good. It is really uh, good uh, at points, but then some, but at some points, points it falls off. off a little. Yeah, but I, I'll stick with my eight five. What would you give it? I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. But, but, yeah, but a I'm good sure solid eight. Talking, he would have given it a six. <laughs> he gets he gets crazy with the scores freaking metal men eight five he goes what the hell but yeah we're gonna take a break and then me and you will be back with uh your two books of the week there's not a lot of books but yeah no. we'll be back with gotham academy annual number one and harley quinn or gang of harleys number five hello weird science dc comics podcast this is trevitt i am calling about superman lois and clark written by dan jurgens penciled by lee weeks Inked by Scott Hanna. I bought that and Suicide Squad War Crimes Special Number One, written by John Ostrander. That's an honorable mention. It was uh, really, really fun. Uh, the art was really good. I can't think of the artist's name right now. I know I'm not too familiar with him, and that's why I can't remember it. I think that's why I can't remember it. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And Lois and Clark was awesome because I did not know the origin of the pre-52 Superman and how he got to the new 52 universe. So it was really worth picking it up. And I am the type of person who likes to watch a TV show once it's all done and binge watch it. So any opportunity I get to do that with a trade is fantastic. I did that with this. I trade weighted it, and I'm glad I did. It was a wonderful story to read all at once. It was wonderful to see what happened that led to where we are now. They lived in California on a farm for seven to ten years before they moved to that farm they live on outside of Smallville in Kansas. Um, A lot of things happened that led to them moving. Superman battles with uh, Blank. Um, Hank Henshaw comes back into the scene. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Lois has a lot of things going on with her investigating journalism, I would say, but she writes books instead of news articles. She did write for a local paper, but then she starts writing books. She starts writing one about this gang called Intergang, and they try killing her a bunch of times. It's, it's, it's fucking awesome, you know. Um, I don't want to go too in-depth because I'll be here forever, but it, it, it was a really, really good book. I liked it a lot. Um, Superman fighting blank was great because his powers are telepathy and telekinesis. And those are two things that, um, you know, can give Superman a run for his money. So Superman does get a run for his money, but this Superman is a little weaker than the new 52 Superman. And it's probably, I don't know, maybe because of something that was going on when he was in convergence. That's a question that I don't really have answered, and they don't really answer it in this book, but he is a little weaker. I mean, I would have thought he would have gotten stronger over the 10 years he'd been on Earth because of the sun, but they play it off like apparently it doesn't happen. I know I'm jumping. I'm sorry, but that was a thing that kind of annoyed me. Um, But otherwise, it was a a really, really good book. You get to see when um, John gets his powers at first because he puts his hand through fire to save Lois when Intergang locks them in a shed and lights it on fire because Clark had something going on, so he couldn't get there on time. There was some guy filming a reality show destroying a bridge that he had to deal with. (laughs) I know, it's crazy. 
But uh, it was a good book, and I would highly recommend it to anybody who wants to know what happens before the rebirth started. You know, it, it, it's a lot of fun. So I would highly recommend it. Um, forgive me if uh, I rambled because I've never called in anywhere. So forgive me. Uh, I'm a big fan. Hello, Jim. Hello, Eric. Uh, I wanted to say Danton Mike is a freak. Uh, don't stop what you're doing ever. I listen to you guys every week. It's fantastic. Please go easy on me. We're back, Reggie. Is that my favorite guy, Boris Puckett? Yeah, it right. is. There it is, your, Boris Puckett doing the original Puckett. Monster Mash. Yep, that is the original Monster Mash. I, Which is uh, nothing compared fan. to Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, my real favorite no, of these of bear the series. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> Creepy, spooky. <laughs> I actually listened to that, because that actually, they never did release like a full one, right? Of no. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. I actually would listen to that like, Eight second clip and laugh my ass off constantly. It's hilarious. Oh, it's so no, funny. No, it was so good. Fucking werewolf bar mitzvah. Uh, but yes, I put that because we were going to talk about a book that has some monsters in it. Some monster With mash red. going on. Yes. That is spooky, children. Very spooky. What are we talking This book about? is a Gotham Academy annual number one, written by Brendan Fletcher and Becky Cloonan, penciled by Adam Archer, Mississic. Michael Dialinus and Chris Wildgoose, inked by Sandra Hope, Massesic. Michael Dialinus and Chris Wildgoose, colored by Serge Lapointe, Massesic. And Michael Dialinus, and plotted by Rob Haynes. Yes, School is. A lot of people on this book. Jesus I know. Christ. They all got credit. I usually, you know, usually I do just written and art, but for this, there was so many different people doing everything. Yeah. I said, let me, let me break it all out for yeah, this part. You gotta break it off. Massesic. Obsessive. Did anyone can tell me how to say that person's name? I would really I'm, appreciate. I'm going it. with you. I'm going with. I'm thinking it's, it's either that or it's. I'm also kind of hoping it's M Sassy K. That'd be kind of cool. M Sassy K would be pretty cool. <laughs> M Sassy K. That's that's how I remember to. That spell sounds it like somebody that would have been in the Spice Girls. M Sassy. I'm the, K. I'm the Sassy K. I'm Sassy. Uh, Spice Sassy. School is still in session, and some of the student body and faculty have fallen ill due to either chemical warfare or vampires. It's always one or the other. This splits the the detective club into two groups that pursue their own theories, but ultimately they come together to learn that they're both right. The gang gets a grade of F for friendship. For fun. Yeah. You know what? uh, There's one thing I said even before we started. There's one thing that I have an issue with that I wanted to say right away. I wish when there is a art team this vast, especially when you have more than, say, three pencilers or whatnot, I wish that they would spell out which which pages. Sometimes they do. Rarely do they do that at DC. And I really would like it. Even if they had a little editor's note when each new one started, like editor's note, the the following pages are by Massasic or Chris Wild Goose. Or, you know, I'd like yeah. to see that because sometimes you would say, okay, well, they're listed in order, but I, I don't know that, especially when you're reviewing it and you really like 
one in particular and you can't figure it out, it drives me nuts. But just as just reading it, because some of this art in this is fucking fantastic. Some of it's a little bad. I, I'm not a big fan of a couple oh, no. of the art styles, but boy, there's some that really, really are great. And I well, don't the main artist it. who I think is Adam Archer, who is really Adam is Adam Archer. I yes, think he, it is, and and has a very like cartoonish, almost yes, just like I the way Carl Kershaw used to do it. Yeah, yep. yeah, I really like that. But then once you get past that. I don't know who is who and whatnot because all of a sudden, and this is going to happen. This is a thing that happens in annuals all the time where you have a lot of artists. And yeah, there's some points, but it all works. Uh, there's yeah. the artist, the artists when they are in the graveyard, it's a little off. That's, that's the one that I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, but okay. it still works. It works in this book. This is almost like a Harley book where the art, it, it, it's, if it's cartoony in any sort of way, it'll work, and it may not be as great as the other, but it's still, in the end, it doesn't throw you completely out. I well, just yeah, because they're, they're telling, like, two stories that come yeah. together, so they can they can afford to yeah, yeah, have different so, artists handling them. But it is weird they didn't mention the page yeah. numbers, because that's usually yeah, when they Yeah, sometimes they do when there's yeah. this many, and I wish they would have. I really do, because I like to just say, like, oh, man, that's that guy and this guy and whatnot and lady. Well, I'd like to say that all of the art was done by... Mm, M. Sassy K. I heard that <laughs> they go by. Um, but you're going to have to take point on this, Reggie. Because no problem. I, I am not. Not just that. I, I did like the issue. It's just thinking about it. I have three. I have two notes, actually. You want to hear my notes before we go on? Sure. Vampire infestation? Poisoning? <laughs> that's all I have. Those are my two notes. So that's, you, that's pretty much it right there. Actually. Yeah, you just recap really, the whole issue. <laughs> Really, if you are reading this book uh, going into here, if you've been reading Gotham Academy, you know all the jokes, you know the characters, you know, you know, Maps and Olive and, and what their positions are in the crew and the, the detective club. But I do think that this isn't a bad jumping on point for people. Actually, that's the good thing about Gotham Academy in general. There really isn't a bad jumping on point to me. No, we talk you can about later. Me and Eric, yeah, me and Eric talk about later. Where um, uh, Earth 2, they kind of pushed it. Some people were pushing this as a great jumping on point. I don't think it's as great as what the people are saying. But this book, yeah, you just said it, you, it, you can get in any of the issues and you learn the important things. You learn that Maps may be the greatest character ever made, which right. I always said that. I love her. And uh, you get, uh, you know, a bit of the other characters. That's eh, good. I liked it. Uh, but you you go point. You tell us what. Well, the, the, this one is unusual because it takes two of the key players off the board yes, for most does. of the book. But uh, first of all, we'll start with Olive Silverlock, who's having a bad dream about a grandfather clock that has an arrow in it. And when she goes to pull it out, a glowing skeleton hand comes to reach for her. She wakes up in a terrible fright, uh, just in time to see lightning hit the campus chapel's bell tower. Yep. Uh, apparently, this is a big... Uh, old venerated institution, and as that happens, Maps also sees somebody very Batman-like, kind of jumping from rooftop to yeah, rooftop. Yeah, rooftop uh, as we learn later, though, uh, Bat Batman and jumping around rooftop to rooftop in Gotham—that's pretty normal stuff. They're like, maybe it's one of the Robins, you know? They, they think yeah, it's yeah. pretty much, you yeah. know, par for the course. And again, you so, also have that thing in the background where Maps is pretty much obsessed with Batman, and especially Robin. So even and Robin, then, yeah. You know, 
Yeah, so then you even think like, oh, she's thinking that again. I actually was upset that they didn't play that up a little more about how she's so obsessed with it. But yeah, they they you realize then later. Yeah, Batman. She, yeah, she he, should have clasped a picture of Damien to her breast and been like, or her chest. Yep. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get <sighs> all gross. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the whole gang we call them the Detective Club. You can call them the Gotham Academyites. They uh, all congregate around the Chapel Bell Tower while it's still raining and still dead of night to see what's going on and uh you know they're all talking about the strange goings on on the campus um pomeline is is kind of suspicious of colton colton seems to have his own weird agenda and uh that sort of ends that scene then the next morning they all uh, get together same exact people minus olive silverlock get together yeah. at the chapel to clean up the rubble which by the way looks like a bunch of kids are not going to handle this rubble, right? This is yeah. I, I don't know what they this think these kids are going to do. Yeah, the, the, like, she's like, okay. I was hoping that a lot more teachers and kids would show up. I'm like, what are they going to be doing? I hope that there's a bulldozer somewhere yeah. around there directing because yeah, they're not picking this shit up. These are not. These aren't just little pebbles. These yeah. are full out slabs of, of fucking granite. And shit has gone wrong. And really, it also seems to be a bit of a hazardous area. I get these kids out of there. They show up. There's no hard hats. Fucking Kyle, they I think it sign, is. He has his visor on. That's all they have. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's That helps, right? <laughs> they signed an insurance waiver in the beginning of the year. I guess. So, uh, really, uh, they, they better have because their shit goes wrong in this school. And everybody always pulls points it out. But just to go before we go on, if if you do like Harry Potter and want to get into a DC comic or, you know, this is a good one for it because it is really like a DC Universe Hogwarts. Shit goes yeah. wrong all the time. And, yeah, it's not it's not unnecessarily an odd thing. For fucking vampires or radiation or whatever they sure. all, what they're debating. These are not out of the question. When they talk about this, they may make fun of some of the kids. Oh, you want to do that? Whatever. It's not because it can't happen. Because, yeah, one of them is a man bat, for Christ's sakes. I know. Like, yeah. You know. I mean, it, it's all places full of monsters, ghosts, and magic. It's just yeah, uh, constantly yeah. happening. And that, so, that's uh, what's fun about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Professor McPherson, she's wondering why there are not so many people showed up. And, uh, they say that a lot of the faculty, a lot of the students are back at the dorm full, feeling ill. There must be some yeah. kind of a flu going around. And that's when Pomeline says, it's no flu. What we've got here is Nosferatu, the undead. Yes. And then she's got this whole conspiracy theory about how, uh, you know, there's a vampire infestation and, uh, garlic is missing from the, yeah. Yeah, they've been, uh, they've had garlic missing for the first time in forever. There's no garlic. Thank God. Yeah. I'm allergic to it. I might be a vampire. You could but be. Yeah, they, you always stay up real late too, so. Yes, I do. But yeah. Uh, they, saw a couple of bite marks on this girl, Jen Thompson's neck, and she's been sick ever since, and, uh, that could, that wouldn't be what a Robin does. And also she saw a silhouette of a guy carrying something that looked awfully like a, uh, coffin the other coffin. night, so. Yep. This all seems very vampire-y, but Colton says, says, no, no, that's not what it is. We're all actually being poisoned by a visiting lecturer named Derek Powers. And this is actually a character from Batman Beyond. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it'll come to bear later, but this is basically one of his big nemesis, uh, Blight is, is And it's his cool name because, uh, like you said, and it fits right in because we find out later, you know, spoiler alert, that he is from the future. 
And that's exactly that, who he is. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it, that makes perfect sense. That's, it's not even like, Oh, this is just a call out to me. No, this is the Batman Beyond Blight. It's, it, yeah. it's pretty cool to me. Uh, We're actually yeah. connecting it all. And it makes me yep. wonder. Anyway, well, I'll talk about what it makes you wonder about yeah, yeah. later. So, uh, anyway, Colton thinks that, you know, he's, he's there and he's, he's giving lectures on chemistry, but he's really secretly poisoning the student body. Uh, Pomeline points out that doesn't make any sense. He's a visiting. What is, what is his beef? Why would he want to do that? Yeah, and that makes them all no fight. They get, they get real mad. Maps tries to calm down. And she's like, guys, guys, cut it out. We're a team detective club. Remember? Yeah. yeah They're not trying she, to hear it. No, no, they don't want to hear it. And that is perfect maps. Maps just what she loves the detective club. That's her thing. That's her little group. And they're falling apart. And just infighting, she wouldn't go with that. She wants everybody to love each other. And her, the detective club she, is fun. She wants to have fun. And this isn't fun fighting. So yeah, she no. jumps in. And I do, I love maps. Anything with maps, I'm in. I love her. I think she's, she's the best, one of the I know. best characters ever. And it's her uh, enthusiasm, I think, that yeah. really gets you. Right? Yeah. And she's just always enthusiastic and always, you know, excited and all that. But yeah, keep going. Also, they now they're going to split up into two groups and investigate their separate uh, theories. You got Colton is going with the visor wearing Kyle, who, by the way, is also Maps' older brother. Yeah. And Pomeline is taking Tristan the man bat or the boy bat, as the case may be. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he can sniff out vampires, which I didn't know. I, I remember there being something about him having a uh, heightened sniffing sense. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, funny. He wants to deny all this. He doesn't want any parts of it. He's like, no, no, that's not how it is. I'm not this. As he's turning into man bat the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's like basically trying to say, like, listen, I'm not a evil monster. I don't do the thing as he turns into man bat. Uh, turning it's into pretty an good. evil monster. Yeah, yeah um, it's pretty good. Also hanging out around here is uh, Colton's actually been sort of bullying this kid at the prep school, making him take notes for him in the morning. And obviously he's sort of his lackey. This kid's name is Warren. He looks sort of like a, uh, you know, a little nerd in a suit and yeah, tie. Yeah, I like Warren. I, I like oh yeah, him. you feel you feel an affinity for Warren. I do. I feel affinity for him. I'm like poor little Jimmy. I mean Warren. <laughs> that, that that kid would probably throw a cup of piss out of you out of his parents' Rolls Royce if he rolled by. You kidding yeah, me? Probably. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah, care I, about. I, sh- I shouldn't feel that bad for Warren. Yeah, He's yeah. that. I don't know. This guy called in earlier in the rent and rave and wanted to know what the tuition is <laughs> at the school, and I said about twenty five thousand dollars a semester, but it might even be more. I, I don't. Well, Things. It probably is more in a city like Gotham. Come on, this is Bruce Wayne town. Well, hopefully, it's twenty five thousand dollars a semester and the opportunity for this kid to throw piss at me out the window of his family's <laughs> Rolls Royce. That, that would uh, I'm in. Case closed. I am in. Please, and you know what? Throw another cup of piss just for fucking good measure. But yeah, make sure you get it all out. Yeah, just get it going. Throw shit at me too. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Coach Colton tells Warren to uh, tail Pomeline and Tristan to the graveyard while he yep. and Kyle go do their thing at Derek Power's office, and they're off. So the first scene is uh, Colton and, and Kyle are breaking in Derek Power's office very easily, even though Kyle yeah. says, that I'm a prefect. I'm supposed to report things like this. And yeah, and I shouldn't be like, doing Fuck this. You. Yeah, um, Colton's like, eh, fuck off. Let's just do this. And yeah, yeah I, like, I did like that. So the first thing they find is Warren's uh, personal file is on uh, Derek Power's desk, which is weird. That's not supposed to be leaving the personal file room. And 
Uh, it's sort of creepy. It would make me think that there might be some sort of a love interest going on there, but that's oh. where my mind goes because I'm sick. But little Warren, little Warren, yeah. he's going to, well, maybe that Derek Powers likes to get pissed thrown at him. This is part <laughs> of continuity now. You, <laughs> you don't know this. It's now in continuity that Warren just drives around in the Rolls Royce throwing piss at people. He's, and some he's a people, pissophilia. Some yeah. people are into that. You know, they like that sort of thing, uh, including fucking Powers. He, oh, good old Powers. <laughs> but yeah, he, he they get that. But yeah, go on. I, I so, keep interrupting. I told you you have to talk oh, about fine. this book. With... I, I I would love to hear. I love to hear your thoughts too, Jim. Oh Tom. yes. Oh, so Kyle hears the beating of a hideous heart through the floorboards of Derek Power's office, and they're kind of uh, taking a look. Kyle, of I'm sorry, Colton has a crowbar at the ready, ready to pry yeah. board, and they start doing it. And the, a thing happens that this would be. Literally, like, the scariest thing for me as a teenager, like, Derek Powers shows up, and it's his office. He shows yeah. up to catching them in red-handed in the middle of yep. this crime. Uh, with a crowbar. I mean, yeah, with a crowbar, prying up floorboards. This is the thing. This would have me pissing my pants, and, you know, I wouldn't have to throw it at anybody. Else. No, he'd be on you oh, already. They so they tell it out of there. They run out the door, and as they run past, you see on Power's face gets a little glowy and crackly. You realize something is up with that guy. He's not all it seems to be. And, and it's funny, too, because you're now not even – you're like a quarter of the way through, and you're like, yep, they were right. There's some radiation shit going on. Yeah. But then we go, we go to Pomeline. And the same thing happens with her that you're like, holy shit, she's right too. Because yeah, they're hanging on the graveyard. This is where I thought the art got a little wonky. Yeah, um, this is so. actually, I think, the same artist on, uh, James Tarnian's The Woods for Boom. Okay. So it looks oh, really? almost the exact same. Yeah, is now that, that I'm Sassy K? I have, I, you know, I don't know who the hell it is, but it I, looks, it looks very similar. It does look like that. Okay. Uh, although all of a sudden, if you notice, Warren grew red hair. His yeah, hair he has red hair. Yellow to red, but that's all yeah, right. Yeah, I, I don't like him as a redhead. I'm done with it now. <laughs> He can go and piss on himself now. I'm not in. Ginger bastard. Gingered asshole. How did he become a ginger? What is this? Something that happens in the the night? It is weird, too. But again, it's so funny because another book, I would really be angry, but this book just, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? It's just for fun. I I don't know. But yeah. And you know it's it's different artists. Like the art style has changed drastically. So you're not really wondering too hard about it. It was fun. Uh, I'm reading. I'm like, oh, now he's a ginger. I'm out. But. So, but Pomeline and Tristan are at uh, the cemetery, and Pomeline's like, you know, Tristan, pull out your man bat. Let's get this going. And he's like, oh, I, I don't want to. I'm not a vampire. And she's like, stop it, you little little pussy. Be a man bat. Still stop a being a little asshole. Bat. And yeah, uh, eventually, when they when they catch Warren uh, spying on them, he does get all man bat out, scares yeah. the shit out of him. Nope. And uh, so they just say, all right, get the hell out of here. Tell Colton I said hi. And uh, he hightails it out of the cemetery. And here's now, the thing, though. This is where I, I kind of like, okay, I'm I, he is a ginger. So who knows? All bets are off. But, yeah, Pomeline at this point, Tristan says, you know what? We should follow him. There, there is something loose around here. Something is having problems. She's like, eh, he deserves whatever fate befalls him. At this point, she does think there are, is a vampire. Yeah. She's the one that thinks is a vampire. Yeah, she really, in her heart of hearts, she thinks there are a legion of vampires around, you know, going after people. This poor little kid who's just there, pretty much like you said, Colton is pretty much bullying him into doing this stuff. And they're like, eh, leave him there. You know, whatever befalls him, he deserves it. I'm like, you bitch. Jesus Christ. And you know what? 
fucking shit happens. Right? Oh, yeah. That, that's it, the it, worst. He gets messed up. Yeah. But uh, before that even happens, we go back to the uh, room below Derek Power's office, and now Kyle and Colton are there. These kids have some balls. I mean, yeah, they, they just do. got chased away, and they're back like within half an like, hour. Uh, right underneath, too. Right they're underneath. Right Ma- underneath the office. And Maps right help up, them right. out. And, and really, what they're doing, they were trying to pry into the fucking uh, floor of powers thing now they're just going to rip open the ceiling to get where the fuck they want to go and it is funny it's like the telltale heart kind of thing uh and then there's a a bit of a twist then but yeah you go on yeah so they they uh they pull that down and they're they're peeking around and maps goes up there and finds a grandfather clock on its side that's covered in blood and also emitting a heartbeat so this, I mean, this is a pretty good trick. I'm not sure how the three of them do this, but they do get this grandfather clock yeah, out of the ceiling, count. like these three little kids. But as they're trying to get away, it's still the heart is still beating. Uh, Derek Powers, who now is just a glowing skeleton in a uh, suit jacket, he, he sees them through the f- the floor in his the hole in his floor through the hole in the ceiling below. He can see them yes. trying to get away with the uh, grandfather clock, so he gets mad and says, "Bring it back at once." Yeah, no. uh, and it really, at this point, he even calls out Colton. He calls out his name, correct? He's like, uh, isn't he Colton Rivera, correct? That's yeah, what he's yeah, yelling yeah, to, yeah, and he's like, Rivera, Rivera, bring that, bring back, that back at once. At this point, I'm shitting my pants because he knows, you know, it's not even like they're they're undercover now. He yeah, you knows can't even run away, did it. Yeah. And there is a radiated fucking skeleton monster yelling out my name. I am done. I am yeah. leaving. I'm checking out of there. I'm running out of Gotham. I'm not, well, I'm not ever returning. Out of shit. I'm just, I'll vanish and they'll never know what the hell happened. That's what I'm saying. Morning. I'm out. I'm done. But yeah, they, they're, See they're pretty tough kids. City. Yeah, really. <laughs> See you in Starling City. I'm fucking yeah. out. I'm all the way across. But yeah, they then they go back to, uh, they go back to see, uh, they hear a scream back with uh, Pomeline and Tristan. They hear a scream and they go, and there's Colton, or not Colton, freaking uh, Warren. He's been bitten by a vampire and turns mm-hmm. into a pretty cool-looking vampire himself, still with red hair. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but he's got really cool yellow and red eyes. And it's, oh yeah, it's a, it's, it's a cool look. I really do like that. This that yeah. art I like. But yeah, uh, goes on. Then you. I think it's the same person though. It it's is weird uh, though. It, it looks. The same, but I don't know. It, it's almost like they paid more attention. I don't know because even Maybe. Tristan as Manbat even looks pretty goddamn kick ass, and he's full out Manbat now. And they're yeah, now now fight. he's gone full Manbat to fight yeah. Warren the Vampire, but that's okay because Pomeline is uh, equipped. She has holy water. Yeah, uh, she has she all has, that stuff. And, and this is the thing I like about this is that. All of the stupid vampire things from like yeah, myth, it's all in they it. all work. You know what I yep, mean? It's they not, all it's work. Just like one of your modern vampires that can no. hang out in the sun and whatever. No, yeah, and just hang out and they, and they twinkle. They yeah. fucking shine. There's no fucking twinkling. She throws holy water at him and fucking I ah, gets it. It's it's pretty cool. But then yeah, he runs back and heads to uh, ends up with the head vampire there. Yeah, he ends up with, they, they They chase him into the forest, he's standing next to the vampire, and you see the sound effect there? It says, Yep. Sha! 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 And so it's I, just really, like <laughs> I really like Warren back there, like crunch, crouched over, he's a little fucking vampire. He looks so like Laddie. Like he's again. Laddie in Lost Boys. He's fucking you're, Laddie you're, going nuts. I fucking hated really, Laddie, but I like Warren. You're a real wishy-washy Warren person. You know that? You can't make up your mind about this. Problem. I know, but I like him there as the vampire, and I yeah. like him as a, a blonde. I don't like him as a regular redhead. I'm out yeah. with that redhead part, but right there, how he's 
crouched over and he's all hissing and stuff. It looks he might cool. Be, I wish he was saying Sha. <laughs> he, he, he might be the one. I don't know. He might be, but he he looks cool as hell to me in that little suit. <laughs> he looks I know, cool. I know, man. He's, yeah, and the way it's sort of like he's both hiding behind this Dracula. Yeah. So sort of antagonizing them. Yeah, like but he's still going. He's a little toady back there. He's going, <laughs> but then, yeah. I had a little issue then when they go back to Maps and, and Colton and Kyle, is that now the clock seemed very small. It, it definitely seemed to have shrunk in yeah, that one it, scene. It that shrunk scene. all of a sudden. But this is, you're going to get this with all these crazy artists involved. But yeah, it looks really small and it actually makes more sense of how they got it out of the ceiling this way than that really big clock. That than the they one had that was early. like six feet tall. Yeah, it like, looked like it was like, like a fake thing where it just kept going and going and going. It, it was crazy. But yeah, the, this is where the stories kind of start to intersect and, and shit gets really crazy. Yeah, I mean, this This is where, you know, I'll, I'll say just briefly, uh, you know, when I first started reading this, I wasn't really super into it. I was kind of like, ah, you know, no olive, no maps, really. Most yeah, of yeah, yeah. I kind of like, this is weird. But this is where I started to see it. It was actually pretty cleverly written, and it really raised my esteem for it. So uh, Colton and Kyle are still carrying the grandfather clock, running out of, I guess, wherever Derek Powers' office is. Maps is leading the way. They take him right to the cemetery, and they uh, put the clock down outside the cemetery, take a look inside, and there's a freaking heart pumping Yeah, there's away. an actual heart pumping. Yeah, and going crazy. bob up in there, which is really oh. something gross and not really what you expect to see, you know? No, no. You expect – and that's why I said it's like it's like the reverse of the telltale heart where there's a clock and you think it's a – no, this is actually a heart in a clock. And it's yeah. eating, and you're like, holy shit, this is crazy. And now you want to know, why, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, what is Powers doing? Because he obviously he had that there. And why was he having this thing that's a clock with a goddamn heart? It's it's crazy. And, and it's, it's really well drawn. It. Yeah, it's got yeah, all these screws really cool. and tubes in it. It, yep. it. It's like, what the hell's the story here? Yeah, but, it's uh, really cool. Maps remembers that uh, in their first week of school, which I actually don't remember this necessarily happening in Gotham Academy, but it might have. But uh, they accidentally shot or she pulled an arrow for a clock and the door opened uh, on this grandfather clock. And in her dream, she said, remember, there was a glowing skeleton inside this. So Maps thinks this is somehow connected to that incident yeah. or, you know. Oh, really? Like- I mean, you, you have a girl having a dream about a clock that they end up finding. They pull an arrow and a guy, a skeleton comes out glowing skeleton, which you have seen as well. You yeah. still think that maybe she was on to something, you so know. There's and, some and, connection here, yeah. Yeah, and even, like, Olive, you know, she has her issues as well. Like, this isn't beyond anything in the school, even, for somebody to have a dream and have it come true. This is oh, not sure. something that they haven't seen before, as crazy or things have happened. But yeah, then they uh, they run back into uh, Mr. Powers, who shows up. Professor Powers shows up, right? Who now is who now is full awesome. on Blight, and he's even yeah. saying his name is yep. Blight. He's just yep. he's just a glowing skeleton now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Maps freaks out and accidentally she actually drops her flashlight in sort of into the grandfather clock, and then yep. she falls into it and disappears and sort of yep. in a flash of light. Yep, she's gone. Now back to the other story. Uh, we find out that the Dracula's name is Gustav de Cobra, which I, I knew who Derek Powers was, but I didn't know. And this is an old DC character from, uh, oh, like, really? the, from like the sixties and the seventies. Yeah. He, he, he actually faced off against the JLA a couple of times. He's like really? there. He's like their Dracula. Yeah. I, I didn't know who he was at all, That's but pretty cool. 
Yeah, so and this, I like his design. I think it's pretty cool. And really, it, it is kind of an old school design, so that makes yeah. sense. It's classic uh, Dracula. Uh, yes, it is. So he's so he's ready to kill them all. But Tristan, the man bat, he's fighting Warren. He knocks him down. Uh, <laughs> then uh, Gustav de Cobra jumps on Pommeline. She pulls out some garlic, and it works. Garlic. It 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 repels him. Yeah. Uh, she goes to shove a stake in his chest, but it doesn't work because he she he hid his own heart. Yep. In a grandfather clock, and in just at that minute, we see Kyle and Colton running <laughs> scooting by, scooting by. With the with, now they're carrying the grandfather clock over their head. I mean, this thing's yes. got to be made of. Also, I'm telling you, I was going to say earlier they have when they open up the grandfather clock right before Maps uh, falls in. It's laying there, and they're set. Now it's huge again. This yeah. thing morphs all around. And well, now, now it's they can, full of Maps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Like you said, now they can just skedaddle through the forest with it over their head. Uh, but yeah, it, it must really. This vampire uh, must be Gustav. Must be like, holy show! This is my worst day. He's now taunting them about this thing, and then the grandfather clock starts running by with the kids. Yeah, uh, he doesn't expect to see that. He's like, oh, yeah. and so. she. He yells, "The clock, the clock!" And he tries to get away. And Pommeline, Pommeline kicks ass. She grabs on. And yeah, they're going to get away. And, and right now, at this point, you're going hard and heavy with both stories. Like both stories are hitting their their peak here with all this craziness happening. And uh, yeah, you go on though. But yeah, uh, she grabs on to uh, freaking Gustav, Gustav, and they fly away. Pretty they fly fast. high up in the air. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're like they're up a good thirty feet at least, or twenty five feet. Uh, then next page, we see still Colton and uh, Kyle running along with the. Grandfather clock, although now it's no longer above their heads, but that's not a big deal. Yeah. Derek Powers is in hot pursuit, and uh, then they, they run directly into Warren, who who's still a vampire, but now he has blonde hair again. Yep. And we find out that Warren's last name is McGinnis, and he is, in fact, the father of Terry McGinnis that Terry we know McGinnis. becomes Batman Beyond in the yep. future. And it's funny, too, because even at this point, this isn't – we said it earlier. This isn't just name-dropping. This actually has a legitimate story that goes into Batman Beyond because that's why he wants to kill Warren to stop Terry from going and fighting him later. I thought that yeah. was awesome. I really thought that was freaking awesome then. It's totally and, in continuity, too. I mean, this yeah, is all yeah. DCU stuff, you know. Yep. So it's uh, – and now Terry McGinnis awesome. is coming back to Batman Beyond, so – Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, that that was that was Power's whole plan was to try to kill Warren, and he's he's still trying to get at him. Uh, he even picks him up, tries to choke him, but then he finds out you can't just kill a vampire like that. So he yeah, gets yeah. he gets pretty pissed off at that moment. Uh, Pommeline lets go of Gustav and clobbers falls right on Derek Power's head, sort of knocks him out for a minute. Um, then they're both fighting uh, about who is who is more right than the other about who, what the cause of the yeah, yeah. school sickness is. Um, but at that moment, Derek Powers wakes up in time for Gustav to go over to his clock to try to, I guess, take it home or I guess maybe remove his heart. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, what I he don't know. Do. He actually looks at the clock and he's like, like he, uh, like like he's sad. <laughs> Yeah. Like he is mad. I don't know. Like he does want his heart. It's weird because it's it, it's been hidden. But it seems like Powers had it, and that Gustav was like he's longing to have it back. And I don't know because it, it, out it got, of 
I, I think maybe weird. he's thinking like maybe he's thinking like you know I got to get this clock out of here, but where the hell am I going to put it now? You know, I had yeah, it because he says he's like my heart, my precious heart. I've crossed oceans of time to find you, and now that we're united, I shall hide you once again and keep you safe from danger. And he's just like, I think now he's realizing like shit, somebody found my fucking heart. What the yeah. fuck? And he just it upset him. But yeah, then there's powers yelling that he crossed oceans at time and really it's funny because i thought there was a more of going to be a more of a connection between powers and gustav the vampire there really yeah. isn't he just used his heart and it's just the clock. yeah well well it's the, the clock and i guess the heart also yeah. is yeah. powers like tether to this time that's how he was able to come through time yeah. was through and the clock it's such a weird like this clock ends up being a time machine powered by the heart of Kustov. <laughs> I yeah. don't understand. But I liked it. It was fun. But yeah, I, really, Gustav to me, that he's two reasons why he was in this book, really. The heart to be a time travel thing, but mostly to make Warren a vampire so at that point powers could not kill him. I, yeah. I think that really was pretty much the only thing that he was there for. That was why, really, the only thing that saved Warren from getting killed was that he was a vampire at that point. But, but you notice, I mean, what, what I think is clever about this is there are a lot of instances in this in this story where there are just a lot of stupid coincidences and happenstances. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. even Pomeline falling right on Derek Powers, or yeah. you know them them finding the clock right the in clock. time for Powers. Yeah. And and them. really, you want to go with that, and then also Colton there with the. Uh, the phone, the smartphone they found that actually looks to be the controls for the goddamn time machine. Yeah. And, and uh, it was fine. Uh, it's I, and to get maps back, you know? Yeah, maps comes out of there. Hey, guys, and maps, it's funny now because maps now knows the future continuity of the DCU. She knows know. what's going to happen. And boy, if for some reason they really got fancy and later on in that Batman Beyond Rebirth, at some point in the background of one panel, we see maps standing oh, God, there. I, I was I'll fucking go thing. nuts. I would so go awesome. great. It would be so awesome. I don't need her to be involved in the story. Just oh. to see her and have her there. Because you know her. She'd be like peeking somewhere, looking where she shouldn't be. It'd be <laughs> so awesome. And I hope they do it. I hope that they make sure that they do it at some point down the line. It'd be awesome because, yeah, she knows the whole thing. But she's like, hey, can't say that. I'll screw up the timeline. Is and Batman like, Beyond That's in the Batman group? Do you know? Is that Mark Doyle edits that too? I think it probably would be, Maybe, yeah. Because yeah. then there might be some, uh, some oh, I collusion. Hope so. I really so, hope there is. <laughs> so we, uh, we're now we're getting to the home stretch. Now they're gonna, you know, the uh, detective club is reunited, and it feels so good. And they're gonna take yeah. care of business. So they actually stake Warren out, basically, or use him as bait to try to uh, get Blight to chase after him, because uh, you know he want. That's why he's here. Is he has to kill Warren. Doesn't want him to get away. Oh, he doesn't want Terry McGinnis to be born so and it, essentially they they pull the old uh you know you know chase something and they yoink it away at the end yeah. and <laughs> yeah it's almost like the dollar bill on the string that <laughs> yes. you, you zoinks it just, <laughs> it just comes flying just kind of yoinks it away and powers yeah. falls into the grandfather clock and, and i guess theoretically goes back to his own time and then dracula's like awesome or gustav i'm sorry he's he's thrilled yeah. that now he can get back to his clock but when he does kyle pulls out a crucifix Yep. Which makes Gustav stumble into the clock, and yep. uh, you know now that they're both stuck in there, every every everyone's safe. That's when Pomeline launches an arrow into the face of the clock that pierces the heart and essentially that kills the heart. Yeah. Much, yeah, it, it shuts down. It seems that if you pull that arrow out, all the game's on again. 
but yeah, at this point, because that's basically, you know, when, when she, I, I would think, or maybe the pulling out of the arrow was just to signify to let them know that they should shoot in and the dream Olive had. But I actually think that if you pull that, that arrow out, it would open it up again eventually. And it's I, I think that's open. true also. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Olive, Olive inadvertently set all this into motion by pulling that arrow out in the. Yes. Yep. On the first day of school is the implication yep. here, but now so, the yeah, arrow. at some point, if they really wanted to, they could open this up again. I, I don't think we'll ever see this again, but it, it's kind not, of a funny thing knows. that could be uh, happening. But yeah, I I really do like maps though that she was in the future and she didn't want to tell anybody. And yeah, and and really, again, I guess when you do, you think then that why were the people sick? Tell me. Uh, it's not clear. I, no. But, but to be honest, my impression in the end was that the vampire had more to yeah, do with it. So than do I. I, I think but. that that is the only thing that really meant. Well, then again, though, you have a nuclear skeleton running around. Like they said, the radiation could make people sick. So you could have had that, but to me, it seemed like more vampirism was going on. I would and, say, uh, I would say, check back in twenty years. Those weren't some blood tests. Yeah, when they, these all have, kids. they all have cancer. Oh, see who has throat cancer. Yeah, if, yeah, if there's more cancer fucking, than vampirism, then we know who's. Then we'll, we'll know it's true, and then everybody <laughs> will sue. They'll all sue. I, we made fun of before when me and Eric uh, talk that uh, when you called. Oh no, you didn't call. Somebody called in the rant and rave. Right, we were yeah. talking about all the all the people who went to Gotham Academy and all. The the one guy who's safe is Jason Todd because he went to the school for wayward boys. He did not go to Gotham Academy. <laughs> Bruce did not want to send him there. Maybe no. Bruce knew. Bruce knew and was actually protecting Jason Todd because there's some bad radiation going on with the, this place. But yeah, I like this. It was a nice sort of story. It ends with maps, you know, telling her, you know, writing in her diary, her journal, which she does a lot. And I, I really mm-hmm. did like it. Yeah, everything have, ends happily. Olive wakes up, and uh, now we're ready to hit the next semester coming, yeah. I think, in a week, two weeks. Yeah, in two weeks. Right. The next semester, it seems weird. It, it just, the way they say, and it's like, hey, Gotham Academy, second semester, number one. And I don't know, it just, the way that title sounds just does not sound like a rebirth title. Like, I, I know it must be. You know, but just that doesn't scream rebirth to me with that second semester thrown in. I just it just should have been Gotham Academy number one again as a rebirth uh, just to not confuse people. Yeah. But I guess I guess, though, if if you go and you've never read it, you're like second semester. Oh, what happened in the first? And then you might pick up the trade or whatever. And it's worth it. It's a really good book. This book is is a very fun book. Uh, it has a, it's a different type of book from the rest of the, the stuff, and yet you still get these call outs to a lot of different characters as teachers and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, yeah big time. This issue I liked enough. I just thought there's a lot of stuff that isn't explained, and I didn't have as much of a problem with it because of what this book is all about, but yeah, it really doesn't get explained, so I, I have to dock it for a little. And I, I don't mind the art being different, but that one artist, and that was a little down. But what did you give this on this? Song? I gave it a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. I'd I liked it go, a lot. Probably go eight out of ten. I I liked it as well. It, it was fun. Uh, the next story I have a little mixed feelings for. Okay, it's well I think that's fair enough. Yeah, and uh, it is. What is it? It is Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys number five. Written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Frank Thierry, art by Morissette, Inaki Miranda, Don Mateague, or Teg, Ray McCarthy, Mark Roslin, and Hi-Fi. In the continuing miniseries of Jim Was Right, 
We learned the secret origin of Harley Sin. Right. Oh, I was going to bring that up. Uh, you can go right ahead. You were right from the very beginning. I said oh. right away that it was Harley Sin. I knew exactly who she was and how it was spelled out. And I, I swear to God, uh, for one time, I think that I was the first to point something yeah, no out. No one I else really mentioned do. it. You really, you really were right on top of it. Wow. Uh, but you didn't know everything about her. And we're going to learn everything no, about her. No, this we are going to learn everything. About her. Uh, she was a wayward trust fund kid, unloved by her parents, who lost her family to drugs. Oh, lost her girlfriend to drugs and now uses that to justify torturing people on her private island. Yeah. Meanwhile, the gang of Harleys meets up with the actual Harley on Sinigan's Island, but now they're teaming up to kick some spoiled rich girl butt. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. weird. This it? issue I have issues with because to me, especially this week is where this seemed like an annual to me more than a continuation of sure. the series. And we only have one more issue and to have it all of a sudden where we're going to get the Harley sins background. It just seemed weird. It, it seemed to put everything to a halt uh, to continue because even the, the background story of what's going on when we're learning this is very goofy. It is, and, and it has very low stakes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. It just is a weird kind of issue in a six-issue mini. You know I what mean, I'm saying? I mean, really, really, if if you had to say the one thing that happens to move this story forward in this issue is really only one thing, which is the gang of Harleys meets up with Harley again. Yeah, that's it. The rest of it is Harley. The rest of it yeah. is backstory about Harley Sin, which is which is you know part okay. Fun. And I, it's I think okay, it's, but we have one more issue, and I already – it's not – I guess you're supposed to maybe at one point feel sympathetic for her. I don't then think you so. hate her, I, But you I hate her just as much as you her. have, right? Yeah, no, I think, I think this is made – you're supposed to hate her because she's a little – being a little yeah. threat, you know what I mean? But but you're right in what you're saying. It's not, it's not like you loved her up till now, and no, you're like, oh, well, now I saying. can't stand her. It doesn't know? really change my attitude towards her. I hated her before, and now – I, I started like, okay, I can see something. She, you know, she might be not seeing things right, but her dad is a piece of shit. He looks like Donald Trump. So right yeah. there, you know, you're supposed to hate him, I guess. And even they, you know, they send her away to this island where she's supposed to not have love and all this. It, it's fucked up. That doesn't mean she should become a ruthless killer. Now, at the one point, she does kind of go against it and like, hey, I'm going to do things the right way, and then shit goes wrong where you said her girlfriend ends up, who was also her uh, stepsister, uh, it would be. That's uh, true, yeah. Yeah, she, she dies, and then everybody blames Harley Sin when she really was trying to be good. She was going to change her shit around yeah, and she, i think that's a job at then, her dad's company and everything yeah and then it was just the whole fact of okay well you know what if they think i'm going to be bad now i'm really going to be bad so you can go with that but even so up until then she's already a serial killer who just keeps killing people and has her dad pay off people i at some point somebody's getting arrested here yeah like you, you, there's only write, so much you can get to. yeah you can't really get away for, with murder by just writing checks out. You know what I mean? At yeah. points, something's going to go wrong. But that, that is the, the whole issue of this is she did want to go clean and do this and then was going to again when she heard about this, you know, gang of Harleys where she showed up for the uh, tryout and she just was crazy. And they really blew her off. And the issue that she showed up in the in Harley where she did show up for this gang of Harleys thing they did kind of blow her off right away, and it was like, oh, uh, this one's crazier than me. And, yeah, she got upset at that, got obsessed, and she's going to fucking do what she has to do. But uh, I, it just this issue 
just seemed like a lot of nothing, especially in a six-issue mini that were almost done. Next issue, it, it seems like the story was only five issues and they had to throw in something in here because, yeah, the stuff with Harley and the gang is is just nonsense. It's pure nonsense. But it's a lot of action. And, it and it for, is. And, and you do get to see them acting like a team, which really has only just started yeah. happening. So yeah, if, if you've been following along, you get that. paint a good picture. There are, I, I there, are three this issue. Things, there are three things in this issue that are undeniably awesome. And <laughs> yeah, are you going to say those goats? I, no. I'll, I'll say you are going to, number one, say the robot heroes at the beginning, right? That, yeah, that's, gonna... that's all it is. No, the three yeah, of them. The, the three of them. Robot Poison okay. Ivy, Robot Power Girl, and Robot Catwoman robot are Cat awesome Cat as hell. I would and, love to yeah. see more of them. And they are like Terminator uh, robots of these characters, and yes, they are and pretty. Power good. Girl's got boob missiles. Yeah, Power I mean, Girl's awesome got boob hell. missiles. At one point, at the at the one point, Harvey has the boob missiles, and then has the classic line: first I've got to cock it," and they all laugh. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I, stupid, great. It, the the issue itself, I'm telling you, it just seemed like a stall in the series. It could, this could have been an annual, but of course you can't have annuals in a six issue mini. But it is kind of kind of like that. Let's get a character and see more about them. But everything about like the dialogue and everything, it's great. It always is. Uh, Jimmy yeah. Palmiotti and uh, Frank Thierry do, does this one, right? You did yep. say, yeah, Frank Thierry and Jimmy Palmiotti. They are class acts. Hey, I'm a class act, baby. But yeah, the, everything about it is really good. It's just that the story itself just doesn't have much to it. You get a little big Tony shooting up a gun. Is that, <laughs> oh yes, but yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with what you're saying. And the other thing I, I I didn't like at all is at the very end when Harley Quinn shows up. Like, yeah. does it look like she's not even drawn by the same person or yeah, like, at it's, all? Like, it's actually weird looking. She's so she highly stylized. She's like yeah. a manga character. No, it's she. Um, yeah, she's very. I'm looking at it now. I'm trying to get. There's one panel as I go through here. I like the gang of Harleys, the way they look, and Harley Sin stuff is really good. And and the the problem is Harley Sin was a good looking girl, and then she went a little too far with those tattoos. I, yeah. I wish she would have stopped because she was a very good looking girl at one point. Yeah, at the one point it's when they get there and there's that fire going, and all the 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 gang of Harleys is there. And Harley is standing there, and yeah, she looks really off. I don't know what they were going for. That pose uh, is so weird. I, I, I almost thought that she might be like tied I to the she, tree yeah, at one time. I thought but, she was. I thought uh, she was tied to the tree. I just went back, and I'm like, she's tied to the tree. And she's even then, she's like, down. she's way too tall, it seems, and it's really off. But Her yeah, face it, is really weird. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's just not, sort of strange, but it's not like it's killing me, but it was, well, it I was said off. Before, this is the one character where they have a book, and, and her look always does change, and yeah. it doesn't bother me usually. It's almost like Harley's look changing to me is a lot like the Joker's backstory changing. It's all in the perspective of what's going on, and sometimes she looks cartoony, sometimes she looks more realistic. But this this one is a little off to me. But yeah, really, I, there's not a lot to talk about. There's the usual dick jokes. There's all that. Uh, but then at one point, it's just Harley Sin, her background story, and then leading to her to be almost like fucking, uh, El, uh, you know, Generalissimo on the fucking thing, yelling for people to, to raise yeah. arms and, and hit. That's basically what it is. She's yelling. She's a Vita 
for Christ's sakes. Where yelling, the fuck do these swallow. people come from anyway? No, no, I'm really look wondering. at them. <laughs> they, you know, and anybody who could look into it, Harley Sin has had a couple people working for him. They all ended up decapitated and dead, mm-hmm. and she's killing half of them, and then the gang of Harleys is killing them. But boy, they're ready to go, and they're going to fight the gang of Harleys with this, what appears to be some knockoffs from the set of fucking uh, Mad Max. It really does look like that, yeah. Or like, yeah. you know, some people from the Warriors or something. Yeah, really. <laughs> Harley Sin's going to give him $10 million to kill Harley Quinn, yeah, so. Yeah. And she has money. That'll she, be the last ep- that'll be the last issue that'll, that'll be coming be, out next month, yeah, folks. That is next issue, the final conclusion. And yeah, it's, the art is good in general, but yeah, Harley herself does look a little off. Uh, what did you give this on the site? Uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10. You know, I probably was a little high because I did enjoy the story, but the uneven art, it really takes you out of it a little bit. It does. So. I, I agree. You know, but I, you I'll, said, I'll what did you give seven. it a seven out of ten? Yeah, seven out of ten. Yeah, I, I think I'd go between a six five and a seven. That, that's pretty good score. Uh, it's it's worth it if you're reading the series. You're going to get it anyway. Of course, yeah, uh, you're not going to come and, this far and walk away. Yeah, it's just like I said. It's weird because we already didn't like Harley Sin. We did not need this much of a backstory that it just ends up with you hating her just as much it's not like i hated her anymore i thought she was insane now i know she's rich and insane I, you don't I, feel like you can save her jim maybe maybe I, you no can. i all i have to say is at the beginning she's there as a girl and started a fire and she looks around she looks like disaster girl one of my favorite memes <laughs> of all time the yep. little girl like with the fucking smile and with the fucking fire i sent it to yep. you i love that girl yep. I, I, she's the best girl ever but yeah they kind of have that but yeah I'm going to go, I'm going to nail it down, 6-5. I'm going to go with the 6-5, but we're going to continue now. I'm going to go and talk about the Killing Joke animated movie. All right, Reggie, th- this is a weird thing. I actually watched a movie today. Whoa. Uh, not, I really, it takes a lot for me to watch a movie, but this is something that uh, I wanted to do for this podcast. A lot of people have talked about the Killing Joke animated movie before. We're going to talk about it. We're not going to go tip for tat, scene for scene. We're just going to talk a little about it. Uh, because when it was first announced, this it was announced in the middle of the shitstorm, uh, or the continuing shitstorm of the Killing Joke yeah. uh, being looked at as like really it, it got to a point that I would think that uh, in my mind I would walk into somewhere a public place with a fucking porno or fucking you know a hustler magazine I don't know some really shitty stuff. And people would be like, oh, yeah, there's Jim. He's got some quirky likes. I would all of a sudden the killing joke fucking graphic novel would fall out of my fucking book bag and people would go fucking nuts. I'm the worst piece of shit ever. Oh, my God. It became really like a rallying cry uh, for people who thought that comics – it really to me – this was part of where I really was uh, introduced to the social justice warrior-ism of comic reviewing and things like that where these people are going above and beyond just reading and reviewing a comic but making a stand against things. Yeah. And, yes, there, there's part of the killing joke. We've talked about this before. Yes, Barbara does get objectified. But to me, and especially even re-watching this animated movie, and we're going to go into what we thought about it in a minute, but it, Gordon, I think, gets it worse. I, oh, I know yeah. you'll say, no way, Barbara got shot or whatever. But really, she's shot to make Gordon go nuts, and then he's treated like a fucking, you know, he is fucking stripped. He's got a dog collar. I mean, shit gets really bad for it's him like as North well. It's like North Korean death camp levels. Yeah, shit it's gets really, really bad. Yeah, and 
it really is crazy what happens to him. And uh, in the meantime, the whole thing revolves around this, you know, deadly relationship of Batman and and the Joker, and also the whole concept of the one bad day. You know, the Joker himself mm-hmm. had the worst day ever that led into him becoming the Joker. Um, the one thing, though, in this movie, uh, we had we had talked a little before, but it really pointed out to me that there was not a lot of story in the killing joke because really if they're going to they're going to try to extend that story and they still couldn't they had to make some things up to make it into an hour and 16 minutes yeah That's it wasn't even that it. long yeah and at a point i'm watching it hadn't even gotten to what i consider the beginning of the killing joke and we were already 30 minutes in i'm like really this is that little bit of a and it is because like you said a lot of the stuff in the story is not extended, but it's it's psychological and stuff like that. So it, it's a huge story in your head, but actually spelling it out on the screen and the animated thing here, it, there really isn't a lot to it. Yeah. Uh, but what they did then is you start off the story, and it really is uh, like I'm watching it. I knew what to expect going in, but all of a sudden I'm like, boy, this is a Batgirl story. You know, really, she's narrating, she's getting all this stuff, at, but I didn't mind it. A lot of people oh. had a problem that, that the whole thing in the beginning is leading into this relationship of Batman and Batgirl, and I remember when they premiered this, people left the premiere and got on Twitter and all this stuff and like freaking cried arms again. It died down. The, the, the trouble with this and all the hype and all the fucking hate or not hate, it died down pretty quickly. And then it was released. It kind of, I, I don't know, for something that is the killing joke, kind of was a little bit of, you know, you didn't get a lot of hype when it was released. And I know recently it was on Redbox, and I watched it on uh, Voodoo is how I watched it. So I just watched it straight up. And the one thing, too, do you think that it deserved the R rating? Do you think? Because it well, is an R rated I mean, movie. It, 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 it has the appropriate curses and uh, you yeah. know, violence. But no, I think they could have skip that and kept it at PG-13 yeah, quite frankly. I think so too yeah. um, the one thing that we were talking about that I'll ask you is I really, did you get the feeling after watching this or while you're watching that you were watching a movie, you were no. watching an animated movie. This, I, I this felt you. like an episode of uh, Batman the Animated Series or even Justice League Unlimited and, and yeah. even the animation style looked no better I mean, and, and those, yeah. those cartoons I always thought were good for television yeah. Yeah, they're good but, for television. But not I, I really would have liked and this is part of my problem with a lot of DCU movies which makes neither, you know, neither of us really the best people to critique this kind of thing, but it, it's always like I always wish there was a little better, you know. It's not, yeah. not it's it's far from bad. But no. it's, it's definitely not like theater well, quality. Here's you know? the thing is the the thing that strikes me about this is whether or not people like it or hate it, this is one of the most important stories to DC, the the graphic novel is on the top ten list every month. This oh, yeah. continues to sell, and they keep bringing out different editions. And they really don't even have to. This is the book where you look up online top ten Batman stories. If people looked it up, this is on there, and people run to the store and they get the graphic novel constantly. For sure. And and I 
I just think that it would have been better served to to do something a little more, uh, you know, up the quality a little because yeah, the animation at points gets to a point where I think it's it's not good at all. It, there it are really, a couple of points. I, I, um, we talked about it earlier, and I said there were some points where the shadowing gets really jerky. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some of the some of the mouth, you know, matching the mouth, the uh, mouth movements, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking that's, gets that's a little, a little off. off. Now, like you said, the the flashback stuff with the the Joker. In the in the one edition, it was in uh, what is it sepia? Is that yeah, how you say it? Well, I, I, sepia, really, but it's sepia. Like, okay, and they try to mimic that in, the, and I don't think it. Uh, you even said it doesn't really come off that great. No, it doesn't really work. Goes. And uh, even just that flashback animation to me, that seemed off. It, it, it seems really washed did. out, didn't it? Just yeah, like the art was just totally way off on that and yeah. and oh. it, in the comic they're able to kind of uh color it in a way that looks almost like a uh colored pencil or a contact yeah, yeah. you didn't and, have and, that here and on the comic it even it had that old school old timey you know like the yeah. old timey photo and that worked because again i liked it in the in the way it is in the comic because you're not even tying it down to a certain thing this is a flashback you don't need a certain time but it gave it that old timey feel yeah, that you, you knew see. it was before you know a, a yeah, long time ago and i like that but this it just i i'm i wasn't a huge fan but uh, we'll even talk it starts off batgirl's going around and then you see her with batman batman and her are going about there's a gangster that's involved and uh Basically, she keeps not listening to him. She keeps going beyond what he wants her to do. He wants her to be careful. He wants her to, you know, back off a little. You're getting too close. You're getting too there. And she's getting even at a point. And he says to her, one of the big points is he says, listen, you're not ready. You haven't been to the abyss. You haven't looked over where you stop caring about what's happening and do this. And he doesn't want that to happen to her. And then out of nowhere, they're on – they start kind of fighting. Next thing you know, they're making love. And mm-hmm. it, it, did, it didn't shock me because I knew what was coming. I, I had heard about this. But, yeah, it's almost like the Catwoman thing. They're on the rooftop. They're kind of fighting. And then they're – you know, she's stripping. They're going to they're gonna make love. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know whether this, this sounds like I'm making excuses. But to me, that red is something that could really happen. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like their relationship – between two vigilantes is already I, I like know. complicated. The only she thing, has no though, friends. He has no friends. Like they really yes. only know each oh, other. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that. And even it even goes and she's there at the library with her gay friend and they're they're talking and she's she can't say like oh you know there's this Batman guy or whatever so it's her yoga teacher and they're talking and it's okay. I just. To me, the, all this was was to make it more of a connection with Barbara and yeah. Batman so that when the, the tragedy happens, he has more of this connection. I don't think you needed that. Well, you really you, actually, didn't. you know, you, uh, you know, you pointed out something that I didn't catch at first and that the whole thing is sort of narrated by Barbara Gordon. And yeah, this, yeah. This becomes her story. In the comic, and I mentioned this on my second ever, Reggie's Recklessness, that came out around this year or this time last year. Yeah. Um, I talked about the killing joke on that. And I, and I said that, and you know, it wasn't if, in defense of the killing joke. It was, I, it was largely in defense of the killing okay. joke. But if, but if there's any one criticism or one thing I can say about the comic is that Barbara Gordon and Jim Gordon and everyone else are just like ancillary They're characters. They're not even important. Yeah. The whole story no. is just about Batman and the Joker to yes. the extent where Batman is like beating the shit out of the penguin. And like, and, and that's like, that's like a, a not even a split second scene. Like the, everyone else is irrelevant except for the Joker and the Batman. In this, 
suddenly now it becomes a Batgirl and a Batman story. Yes, it story. is a Batgirl and a Batman story. And it, it, to me, it, that kind of threw it off because then even when you have the the scene where Batman goes to Arkham to finally talk yeah. it out with the Joker and basically say to him, listen, before one of us kills the other, I want to at least be able to say to myself, I tried. I tried to talk it out. It, it it threw everything off to me. From yeah. where you started with Batgirl, the rest of this uh, threw off. And also, you have to realize that for the most part, most of the people seeing this knows what they know what's going to happen. I, you know, you can go into a movie and hope that you know, oh, we're going to surprise people. Really, this is such a big story that yeah. you're going to, and they don't even play around with that. Even they just this whole stuff with Batgirl at the beginning to me just seems tacked on to. Number one, like you said, make it a Batgirl story. Also to get Batman to have a personal relationship with Barbara. I don't care. They they don't have that scene where they, they start to funk. And I still think Batman cares the world for Batgirl. You know yeah. what I mean? That if Joker does this to Batgirl, he is still mad. But like you said, it's, it's a Batman-Joker story. This whole thing gets thrown off a bit. And it, it does become a Batgirl Batman story, and I do think that it suffers a bit from it. I still, I'll tell you right now, I didn't mind watching it. I, I thought it was good. Yeah, I me just, too. I thought that, and whether or not you can even say, hey, listen, you know what? They changed it a bit, and that's pretty cool, and they did that. But really, the things that they changed, I don't think really helped the actual killing joke story. And to me, it it just was weird. After watching it, I'm like, there is not much to this story. There no. there really isn't. You have I didn't even get the whole thing where you even had uh Gordon and the whole thing with the one bad day and he was you know driving nuts. I never got to the point where I thought Gordon was having any sort of problem. I know he's having problems, but yeah. it just I don't know. It just seemed to kind of rush that. Well, like for like example, it, you know, the song is you know the song that he sings. It's in the book, but somehow yeah. hearing the actual song. Just made it sound stupid instead of yeah, like it was, creepy. It was goofy. You know? yeah, it was, it was like a goofy. goofy musical or something. Yeah, I actually, and, uh, I actually would have not even had that song. I, agree. I, I wouldn't I have had it, it in. Uh, if anything, you have some music playing and him say that. I don't know. It did. It seemed very goofy. You know what? I would have said- had it like you know he's going through that fun house, and I would have had like big Joker like in faces. his mind kind of going. And- yeah, exactly. Maybe even yeah. show like spirals going to show. Yeah, like, like something like that. Almost. You know what it would have been like? It would have been like in the Willy Wonka uh, in the uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where they're going through the thing when he's saying the the rhyme. Yeah, you know, and now they're slowly turning, and everything's getting crazy and crazy, and then it stops. I think it would have been better to be something like that, like you said, almost put it in with that's just part of his insanity. His his sanity is slipping. He's on a ride. You could do a lot of things. They're at a yeah. goddamn fun house for crazy. Like visual cues, though. You yeah, know, we, we don't need like actual. Like actual things that would really yeah, happen. It, it like, actually became very goofy to me. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that because I, when I'm watching it, I, I was like, really? You know, I know, like you said, it's in the book, but yeah. when you're reading it, it, it is more creepy while you're reading the words. Once you hear the goddamn song and dance number, it's no longer creepy. It's just fucking goofy. Well, that's and it my, really my threw t- me out of it a bit. My top criticism of this, uh, of the movie would be that the part when the second half, when they got to the killing joke proper, that story, it yep. was just too slavishly devoted to it in dialogue and everything. Like, yeah. it just didn't work. The timing was way off. You know, and, and, and Alan Moore is someone that is known for his, like, 
decompressed timing. He'll like extend a scene for like several panels to like establish a mood. Yeah, you and, have uh, mood and tension as building and stuff and, like and, that. And, and that whole that whole song is like oh, I don't know two or three pages of him just like doing yeah. crazy faces oh. and there's all these people behind him. Yeah. In the movie, it's like a minute. You know, I mean, or like less than that, like 40 seconds. Like I said, it's just a song and dance number with everybody getting involved. It it was really odd. I'm telling you, some of the scenes work really well. When he's there at the beginning, uh, Joker at the beginning of, like you said, almost like the killing joke proper. When he's there, uh, he's already escaped. He's checking out the fun house or whatever. I really did like that That scene. That was good, yeah. I thought it was well played out. It had the tension. Again, I know what's going to happen. So it even was even more. I'm like, oh, no, don't shake his hand, you son of a bitch. And it happened. And even when they go back to that, that's fucked up. Uh, There was just – I didn't – just going into other things, the the voice actor for Harvey Bullock, I'm not sure who it was. I didn't like him at all. I didn't like Harvey Bullock's character in general. It uh, just seemed off to me. Just you don't get a lot of them, though, for that voice. No, it just, yeah, I just right. didn't like that. It was like weird. That. It was weird. And I didn't like because that was the, the big scene that you have there when they, they find those dentists that they're there, they're set up, they're, you know, they're jokerized, they're sitting there dead. They were three years ago and all that. And there's just a weird back and forth there uh, uh, that just it didn't play well for me. Um, but, boy, when you get that point, that's where you said that's where – Bullock then later when they're there at but with Barbara in when she's uh hurt after the Joker shoots her, that's when Bullock's big thing in this is to say, Hey, I don't know if they told you, but she was found in a state of undress. Hey oh. And then Batman's like, Oh, and you know, he's all pissed and then he wants to talk to her and find out and I, I really did like that. She comes to and she just wants to know about her dad. She wants to, you know, be there. And it does, but that whole thing with the, you know, background here, you might need these. And she had already handed in her shit. You're supposed to get the idea. To me, first up, you get the idea. Batman is an awful boyfriend because <laughs> he does seem into her. At one point, he's rubbing her ass. That was probably the most suggestive thing when yeah. she's on top of him and he's rubbing her ass. But, yeah, he doesn't call back then. He doesn't want to talk to her. And it's funny, too, because I'm thinking that she's finally going to call him and he's going to explain it. Like, uh, I, I was in Arkham and I was doing <laughs> No, he just did, he just felt uncomfortable, didn't want to talk to her. And that oh, threw me off as well. Busy, babe. I had to clean out uh, the garage. Yeah, oh, I'm man. washing my hair. <laughs> you don't know. It's, it's cow cleaning time. But no, th- that threw it off to me. That he was, he really was a dick to her. And she is a that, young girl. That, that and read to me, I mean, you gotta remember that Batman, Bruce Wayne is somebody who's still like mentally 10. Oh, I know. You know? So but he just, just seemed, he can't like have a You have uh, this story, and all of a sudden at that point, you're like, God damn it, Batman, you dick. Actually, I was surprised when she call, finally calls him, I thought he was gonna hit boop, you know, and he, yeah. This is Batman. I would have loved to have heard of Batman. <laughs> Leave your name and number at the beat, unless you're the Joker. And then tell me where you are, and I'll come and pick you up. But yeah, I was—I really would have loved to have had the Batman uh, answering machine there. Yeah, that would have been. If this is Barbara, I'm busy. <laughs> or, or he picks it up. What do you want, Barbara? Yeah, you know it. <laughs> shit's getting wonky yeah. here. Uh, I don't have coverage. Barbara, uh, goddamn I, I, T-Mobile. Bat phone cut out. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Alfred, 
Robin. The, the other thing about this movie that, that I think is worth saying uh, is that, you know, in the comic, and, and I talked about this again, and Eric and I have talked about this a lot uh, in, since, is that as far as I'm concerned, it is, uh, I don't believe that in the comic, I never got the impression that the Joker sexually assaults Barbara. No, I, I um, didn't either. It's, um, sort of, it's, sort of, it's sort of a narrative leap you have to make, well, and you can make that leap. But it, there's yes. not there's not a lot to support it in this. And, it, yeah. it's, in this it's fully supported. And what you're saying is, and I agree with you in the original Killing Joke. The reason that I don't think it's a rape is all because of what I think the Joker is, and I always think at this point, especially in this story, that it is spelled out. There's no Harley Quinn here, where no. he's you know got this you know his doll there, and he, hey baby cakes, and hey Mr. J, hey da-da. no. In this story, you're seeing a lot of the shit that went wrong was because he had his wife who was pregnant and ended up dying in a freak accident and in the story when i read the original uh killing joke to me the joker is full out asexual he doesn't bother with that he is just insane he's gone crazy he is not a sexual person i agree nothing to do with that in this they spell it out completely that when he gets out of jail, he goes right to the hookers, and that threw me off. That actually, yeah. I even forgot about that. Now we're just—I'm telling you—I don't have any notes. I just watched it. So, but yeah, that threw me off because now you are making him not only just oh yeah, he likes to fuck. No, that's the first thing when he gets out of Arkham, he goes to them every time. They say it. They say it to Batman because Batman's trying to find where he is. Hey, has he been here? Oh, you know what? I didn't even know he was out because he always comes here first, and yeah. he. And they, gets, she even says at the end, you so, know, maybe he found some other girl, you know. Yeah, and, it's like, and oh, that's well. what happened. Now you're supposed to believe that he's all horned up and he went and shot Barbara. Then they took, he got his crazy-ass goonies to fucking take Gordon away. And then he starts unbutting him. And, and yeah, I don't know what happened. And that is that is something that it doesn't – I can't say it makes me uncomfortable. I don't want the story to be that. And that is the fuel to the fire for everybody. I know that's like that's like the the dangling participle yeah. that always and was yeah. like. To me, no again either. though, you have to spin it around as well because even when Batman's in the the thing, I said I like the scene where it's, can you hear me, Batgirl? And I I hope you can hear me. And she wakes up. Where's my father? Oh my god, my father! The story is so much centered on Barbara Gordon. We said the narration starts with her. Mm-hmm. She gets she gives up Batgirl. She has sex with Batman. That's a problem. Then her dad gets taken away. But it's almost like it is switched around that it's not the bad day now for Gordon. It's now for his daughter, Barbara, who, oh, my God, my dad got taken. I hope he's okay. You got to save him. It twists everything around to being about Barbara. And that means to me that the taking the pictures and showing them to Gordon isn't the important part. It's the important part that the Joker may have raped her now. That she was violated, is, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it, it is turned in her being Batman's quote-unquote girlfriend for a day or three days before he cuts it off. Uh, that leads into it as well, that you're supposed to think Batman is really upset now because of what happened. And it really did. I, I, I was thrown off by that. I thought that was unnecessary. The story is good. As it is, and like you said, the story is a Batman Joker story. It's not this animated movie. It really isn't. And if you're going to make it more of a Batgirl story, it is a little bit fucked up because really now you're pushing it to a different audience and an audience who does not want to see what went on there. Uh, But again, after all this is said and done, I didn't hate it. 
I didn't love it. But I you was surprised at how much I, I enjoyed know, it. I don't know that there's more than a handful of these animated uh, uh, sh- uh, movies that I have loved. I loved Under the Red Hood. I loved uh, Doomed. There, mm. There's a couple that I really enjoyed, but as as a whole, the DC animated movies I think are especially the the recent ones. Now I didn't see the Assault on Arkham, uh, which was more of a Suicide Squad thing, I believe, mm. and a couple of these others. I really haven't kept up on them. Most of the stuff I had watched, Eric had told me to watch, so they were the the better of them, I think. Um, but yeah, like Public Enemy, I think I, I watched that was pretty good. I I'm not I'm not an expert on these, uh, but I knows what I knows and I knows <laughs> what I likes. And uh, at the end of this, I in just a general ending, I was a little disappointed with the the way they kind of put the story to Barbara. I also the animation was a little off. It was like you said, more of appeared to be like an episode, a lost episode of a TV show rather than a full out movie. Like yeah. they released this, I remember they released it for the two days in the movies. You could go and see. I think if I saw this in the movies, I'd be like, really? I saw this in the movies. I, I think I, I would have been much more annoyed. I would have been like, fuck yeah. that. Yeah, I would have been like, this this does not look great. Um, but overall, I thought it was okay. I liked it. I enjoyed watching it. I was glad I watched it. I don't watch enough movies. I have to force myself into things like this. Yeah. And even the Suicide Squad, I the end be all end all of it was, yeah, I'll go because it'll be good for the podcast and I'll be able to talk to the guys on three six five flicks. That's the only reason. I still haven't watched the whole Batman v Superman. And what I liked, I, what I saw, I actually really liked. I just I haven't gotten around to it. The well, site takes up in the podcast. It takes up too much goddamn time. I really don't have a window of time. I know. I, I, I had to watch. Well, you had to watch this like minutes before we recorded. Yeah, I watched I, it right before. I watched it this morning at 8 a.m. because yeah. I had so much other shit to do. I ended up, yeah, I ended up talking to Eric for all this other stuff that you heard Eric on. I didn't start watching the movie until 7. <laughs> and we were supposed to originally start up at nine. Yeah. And we well. didn't because I'm like, I'm not, the movie's not going to be over by then. And I still have to read Harley. So yeah, <laughs> throw in. But I, I said that we weren't going to rate it, uh, but I'll rate it. I would actually say it's probably it's <sighs> six, eight. Between a six five and a seven, I'm yeah. going to go like a six point eight. But if you like the if you like the story, I say watch it. it it's it's a good enough to watch. But yeah, I wouldn't go Gaga and spend. I, I would probably just say six five. Uh, but okay. you know, if if everything we've said here, if that doesn't turn you off to it, then give yeah. it a look. You know, because because yeah, yeah. the only things that that you know it it would be. I, I'd say if you haven't read the graphic novel, read that. Uh, that's a lot better. The pacing is a lot better. But if what we've said hasn't like grossed you out or made you angry, no, no, give it a try. And it's funny because we, I, I do want to again point out, me and you are big fans of the graphic novel. You yeah. are more of a fan than I am. I've read it twice. Either you probably have read it a lot more times than yeah. that. Uh, I've read it two times, but I really enjoy it. And we're going at this as a fan. Huge fans of the graphic novel, while as some other people went into this as hating it, hoping it was something different. They probably didn't like it for maybe the same reasons, which is odd, but I don't know. They like, I'm, we are going into this pure out fans. So what we're telling you, we wanted to, I wanted to watch it and be freaking blown away. I wanted this to be like, holy crap, this is the best thing. These other people can stick it. <laughs> yet they, they ended up giving it more fuel for these people who hate it now, and it was very odd. 
that yeah. go that route. But they did. They they pretty much told them to stick it that way. But yeah, that was uh, that. But we are going to move on to what I think right now is the Cosmic Treadmill. Mm. Tell us what the Cosmic Treadmill is about this week. We're going to read an issue requested by yours truly, which is you. Oh. Uh, Jim Werner, press number one from 1973. Well, I, can I make another uh, suggestion? You Eric can. has actually. This is an Eric Shea. I what? Tell me what you have in store for us. Do you have anything in in store? Do you have any sort of talk that you and Chris have had of things that would be coming up? Oh yeah. You, uh, okay. This week we have Angel Love number one, and the week after I think we're doing Guy Gardner Warrior number one for okay. an, an homage to Deron Murphy. Oh, you know what uh, uh, Eric actually pointed out? He is surprised that there has been no Doom Patrol yet. With the, uh, the young animal coming up, we're going to restart that series, and he wants you to talk Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah? All but, right. Well, yeah, tell him to, tell him to give said. me an issue. I, well, I actually want uh, the first issue of Commandi. That's what I want to hear. All right. All right. Interesting. With the great cover. That's an iconic cover, that one. I've yes. actually read that one, too. I, I liked it. I actually like Kamandi. Eric hates Kamandi. I love Kamandi. I, I, I don't know why yeah, he hates Kamandi. No, no. He just does not like it. I if do they don't it. have they don't have fucking capes and tights, he doesn't like it. That's all there is to it's it. True. It is true. But we're gonna move on to Pre and it is Prez number one, you said, right? That's right. All right, Prez number one, just in time for election time, right? <laughs> That's why we did it election exactly. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll hear about Prez number one now, and then we'll be back with Earth 2 Society Annual with me and Eric, and then Reggie will be finishing up with the end of the podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, where we go back to the past and look at some DC comics from their yesteryear of publishing. You can hear us every week on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. And today, Chris, we have a special issue by request of the man himself, right? The man in charge of the whole show, Jim Werner, requested Prez number one, and not the modern Prez that he derides and hates and loathes. <laughs> But the original Prez from 1973, uh, this is uh, Prez number one by Joe Simon and Jerry Grandinetti, September 1973. Kids today, if they're not taking pictures of their own buttholes for social media, they're becoming President of the United States of America. That's the scenario put forth in Joe Simon and Jerry Grandinetti's Prez. I knew that would get me. Mm -hmm. About an 18-year-old fellow who attains the highest office in the executive branch after a series of events that are going to be detailed in this episode. But first, we have to do our usual shtick, yeah. as you know, as we like to do. So Joseph Henry Simon, he was born on October 11th, 1913, in Rochester, New York. He uh, passed away December 14, 2011, in New York City. He was born Jaime Simon. Which is very weird to me. Like, where did Joseph Henry come from? I guess he thought he was a real, a steel-working man. Yeah, is that maybe. what it was? And, I, and it's Jaime, H-Y-M-I-E. I've never seen it spelled that way. How do you usually see it? Actually, I, I live in a very high Hispanic neighborhood, so I usually see it as, oh. <laughs> as J-A-I-M-E. Yes. Yeah. I see. This this is the uh, hardcore Jewish version. There he is. In fact, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me to learn that if his last name was not always Simon, but I don't really know. Hmm. 
um, worked for a couple of newspapers in Rochester and Syracuse until work dried up in 1935. Uh, I'm guessing because the Depression, and probably because they also got the New York Times and the uh, you know Telegraph Herald up there. I don't know why these. It was two newspapers he worked for, and they both just collapsed yeah. uh, almost at the same time. So. Uh, he ventured to New York City at age 23, and he found work at a comics packager. Funnies Incorporated, this is how comics used to be made. They would be sourced out to these creative houses that would sort of work in a little comic book sweatshop, usually. Uh, he supplied work to Timely, among other publishers. Timely was, as we all know, the proto-Marvel, Marvel Comics. Uh, he met Jack Kirby, who was then working for Fox Features Syndicate, and the two hit it off immediately and began collaborating, uh, I think, because both their fathers were tailors. Hmm. Um, you know, Joe Simon's worked, his dad worked in suits, and Jack Kirby's only did pants. And Joe Simon says he did notice that Kirby had some nice-looking nice pants. Mm -hmm. uh, and they created a character, you might have heard of this one, Chris, uh, Captain America? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know who that yeah, is. Subway. Yeah, Subway. I know you've heard of America, so this is the <laughs> captain of it. Uh, that was Captain America Comics number 1 in March 1941. Uh, right after that, uh, Kirby felt like they weren't getting their fair shake already. Yeah, like, that's this early. Is the beginning of their career, he already <laughs> felt like the uh, timely was screwing them. So he, they, they went around looking for other work in National, which later would become DC Comics, hired them in 1942 to revamp their character Sandman, among doing other things. And we actually went over this a lot last week in uh, Cosmic Treadmill when we read Sandman number six. Yes. Uh, after that, uh, he joined the Coast Guard in 1944, got married to uh, a lady by the name of Harriet Feldman, who was the assistant to Al Harvey of Harvey Comics. That was on uh, June 3rd, 1946. Uh, the couple moved to Mineola, Long Island, diagonally across the street from Jack Kirby and his family. So that's a uh, that's pretty uh, neat uh, working environment. I know. Talk about a sitcom. <laughs> exactly. Too, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Kirby! You know what I mean? Just open the window and shout. Yeah. <laughs> what are you drawing on page five? <laughs> I need that yesterday. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they would work together producing a variety of comics until uh, 1955, and uh, that's when Simon wanted to move on from uh, the quote-unquote dying comics industry, which uh, that's right. <laughs> it's something we've been talking about a lot lately. Huh? <laughs> the is, comics industry true. has been dying since it was born. It's sort, it's sort of been in a prolonged death, but right around now, as we know, this is also the comics code, so really there yes. was a there was an huge impetus. collapse yes. of the industry. You know, pe people really did think that there was not going to be comics in a year, so the, I think Simon said, so long, Simon. Yes, uh, he uh, went into commercial art and did some advertising uh, for many, uh, except he did, a, he did do a brief partnership with Jack Kirby, updating the character The Shield, and also creating the character The Fly for Archie Comics in 1959. Those are those MLG characters. That's right. But, uh, yeah. You know, uh, DC, yeah, they, they've they been licensed around it. DC had them in the early 90s as part of their Impact uh, uh, imprint, I believe. I, I remember The Fly. Yeah. Did, did, did they do The Shield also? I think so. And The Jaguar and uh, another one, but I can't remember which one. I, th I think they put them out now under Red Circle. They, yeah, the Red Circle um, characters. Uh, right, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, he also, uh, while he was doing his advertising, he uh, founded the Mad Magazine ripoff called Sick, which he edi edited for a decade. It was pretty popular for its time, Sick Magazine. That, I've never heard of that one. Oh, it's out there. Sure. <laughs> it's, 
you know, it's not as funny. Like almost all, like almost every mad imitator, it's not it's, as good. But it, it, it was pales, it was around yeah. for a while. Yeah, uh, he uh, teamed up in, uh, with uh, Jack Kirby again in 1966 uh, to do an issue of Fighting American for Harvey Comics. He created Brother Power the Geek for DC Comics in 1968, and we may cover that at a later date. Yes, <laughs> and uh, they would pair together again, uh, writing that first issue of the Kirby uh, Sandman revival that we talked about uh, last week in 1974. Uh, but before that, he would co-create Prez in 1973 with a fellow by the name of, let's see if I can not stumble through this one, uh, Jer- Jerry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up on Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Grantonetti. And uh, that fellow was born on tax day, April 15th, 1926, in Bronxville, New York. He uh, passed away February 19th, 2010, in uh, Brookhaven Memorial Hospital, uh, back around the town I used to live by, uh, Patchogue. Oh, look at that. Uh, he uh, he did World War II military service in either 42 or 43. The uh, Yeah, he, he couldn't remember. Yeah. Which I thought, just thought was hilarious. <laughs> One of those years. Yeah, when, when did I put my life on the line? Uh, I was in the 40s. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, following the war, he attended the uh, Pratt Institute on the GI Bill. He met uh, Everett M. Arnold from Quality Comics, who introduced him to uh, Will Eisner. Uh, he landed at Eisner's shop, uh, who was a uh, he was producing the Sunday comics uh, with uh, the Spirit, which uh, we all know. Uh, yeah. DC had that license for quite a long time. And and that was a you know a huge and very experimental comic absolutely for its time. The layouts of it, you know, Eisner. By by that time, you know, Eisner's knowledge of the comics language was. Inside and out, yeah. <laughs> already, yeah. So uh, it was. It was always. You know, these are worth tracking down. They have reprinted them. I've seen them. I, have, I don't have it, own any, but they're worth looking at. Yeah, they had uh, DC did a bunch of the uh, those fifty dollar archive editions. Right, that's where I've seen them. Yeah. But they also didn't. Darwin Cook did a run. A couple of guys have done. There's been updated. yeah. There's been spirit, spirit right? around uh, like a little bit before the new fifty two. There was uh, some spirit. Uh, there was yeah. a series. And uh, let's see here. By uh, 1950, he was one of the few ghost artists drawn the spirit under uh, Will Eisner's byline. Other ones were uh, Jim Denton, Al Wenzel, and Wally Wood, with uh, Jules Pfeiffer writing them. Uh, he was a oh, oh. <laughs> a pretty good pedigree. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he was a journeyman creator. He landed at DC in 1952 and stayed uh, 17 years, but not exclusively. So he did other stuff here and again. Uh, he drew uh, pretty much whatever wasn't the the cape and cow set. He didn't do superhero comics. He did, uh, let's see, he got Western comics, uh, All Star Western, House of Mystery, Strange Adventures, Gangbusters, one of my favorites, Mister District Attorney, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Racket Squad in action. I like to imagine Mister District Attorney is just. Page and page and panel of panel of a guy doing paperwork. That'd be a fantastic. You know, and then like, and like he hits the intercom at one point, and he's like, "Get me a cup of coffee." That's it. That's like the life of a district attorney. And then on page twenty-three, the coffee comes. That's it. There you go. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> he's uh, probably best known for his work in the uh, in the war comics. He did uh, GI combat. I'm sorry, GI combat, our army at war, our fighting forces, all American men of war, and Star Spangled War stories. Uh, his artwork was considered a little bit uh, experimental for the mainstream comics at the time. Uh, did a little bit of freelancing in the mid '60s, mostly for uh, Warren Publications. They had a uh, black and they, they had their black and white horror comics like uh, Creepy, mm. Eerie, and Vampirella. 
which had, I mean, the the greats worked on Absolutely. those uh, in the '60s and '70s. Alex Toth and Bernie Wrightson and, and uh, Jack Davis. I, the, the list goes on and on and on. He did. He succeeded Neil Adams on the Spectre numbers six through ten in October 1966 to June '69, and their styles are very dissimilar. But this is what we're talking about: his experimental uh, look. You know, that this is where the podcast format's going to fall short because you can't see yeah. the book we're talking about. But his layouts, his panel layouts, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to learn right from Will Eisner. They just seem to break out of their normal constraints and go all kinds of wacky ways. Lettering can pop off the page. Yeah, there's no rules. Um, it, it really, you know, it's it's very loose but still very readable. Mm-hmm. Uh, really worth taking a look at. I don't know if I would say this is, you know, the most wacky comic I've ever looked at, but it's definitely unusual and unusual at a glance. Yeah. Right? You just have to look at it once. So let's get to the actual story itself, shall we? Press number one, chapter one. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave? Uh, this actually doesn't start on this page, but this will kind of set the stage. This is the story of the most powerful man on Earth. He is not a superhero, but a teenager who becomes president of the United States. It is not a true story, not yet, but someday it may happen, and the history books of the future may read like this story of Prez. Mm-hmm. So the quaint little town of Steadfast has a problem. All their clocks are out of whack. It takes a full half hour every hour for them all to strike the hour, which is pretty damn bad. That's got to be annoying, uh, too. It's got to be really... I mean, I think that's why they had to get rid of all the uh, alarm yeah. clocks in town. They were like, no, and the sorry. cuckoos. A noise or yeah, exactly. Actually, although you look at it, there are it is bong 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 blang 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 mm-hmm. all the, all the whole time. But uh, Prez Rickard, head of the stock car stock car club and driver of the lollipop, which is a sweet looking whip, if I must say so myself, uh, he wins a race, but nobody can agree on the winning time because nobody's watch works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess you know where a clock is wrong, the the corresponding watch that was set by it is also wrong. Now, the uh, 92nd Congress of the United States ratifies the 18-year-old vote on March 23rd, 1971. This is actually a true historical event, ladies and gentlemen. This was the 26th Amendment to the Constitution. It was added on July 1st, 1971. It was ratified on a state-by-state basis, which is uh, common for all amendments, but only a certain percentage need to uh, ratify them for it to become uh, federal law. It was initially ratified by 38 states, which did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I don't know what the number is, frankly. South Dakota was the last to do so, the latest in doing it on March 4th, 2014. Amazing. But I, <laughs> but I, w- I would I would like to point out that all the rest did it in 71. It wasn't like it was happening gradually over <laughs> the years. They they all did it in 71, and then South Dakota decided to, uh, you know, oh, we'll join Two in. Two years which ago. Which is weird. <laughs> The thing is, it's a federal law, so it's 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 it's, it's, it's meaningless, irrelevant yeah. for presidential elections. They had to go, but or, and I'm probably for local too. I'm guessing. I don't really Perhaps. Know how it works. Uh, it's still not ratified by seven states. Probably never will be. They just did, it's not that they're against it. They just never, or they may be against it. It doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. But it's Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, Nevada, New Mexico, North Dakota, and Utah. Uh, before that, the voting age was 21, just like the current drinking age had was raised to when I was very young. Um, so with this new law enacted, Prez and pals are all psyched to vote for Richard Nixon. <laughs> Psych. Anyway, uh, but we'll, with the clocks out of whack, how will they know when it's election day? Because the guy, the calendars, I guess it all it all goes downhill, Chris. Yeah. You see, when the clock is wrong, 
the calendar's wrong. You don't know what year it is. You don't know what how old nope. you are. You know, you next thing you know, you're you're trying to get a driver's license at age eleven. How many it's how chaos. many candles do you put on your birthday cake? Yeah, exactly. You know, you end up burning down your house. You think you're, you think you're 90 years old. You're only 10. It's literal chaos. The clock's got to be right. Uh, what's funny in that scene when he's talking about this. that is he's, he's standing at a sundial. So the well, I mean, that, so the sun's that's messed up the too. Sun. Yeah, well, so the the sun is confused. Like if anything, that would be the one thing that you could count on. Uh, it doesn't matter though, because Prez has a plan. He's going to repair repair every clock in town, and he he gets to doing it. And there's a great shot of him. Up in, I guess, what would be the uh, steadfast bell tower mm-hmm. or the clock tower, manually fixing it. And people are looking on, laughing at him. And one guy says, that's young Prez Rickard, the man of the hour. Ho, ho. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we uh, shift into uh, Chapter 2, which is the boss of Slum City. We shift to uh, Central City, which, as far as I know, is home of the Flash. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he must have. I think I think in the seventies he probably moved to the suburbs, like a lot of white. Maybe people. he did. Maybe he did. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe this was South Central City, because South Central does it like nobody does. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a great picture of a filthy and, and still somehow some somehow racially diverse city neighborhood. There's a uh, there's bums and animals roaming all over the place. It's great. Um, have a nice day. Smiley faces are plastered everywhere. Uh, the smiley face was a uh, used commercial being used commercially dates back to at least 1919. We're going to go into some real history now. Our uh, our conception of the you know the yellow circle. I, I think a lot of people might think about Walmart now. Uh, the, yeah. the two dots for the eyes and the, and the smile uh, that was created by a graphic artist by the name of a uh, Harvey Ross Ball in 1963. He was an employee of the uh, of the State Mutual Life Assurance Company of Worcester, Mass. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it uh, took him about ten minutes. He got forty five dollars, which is a pretty fair uh, pretty fair shake. Not too bad. No, really. no, not bad for in, 19, in, in today's dollars. It would actually be something around two hundred twenty five. It actually the, the information did say that. So eh, not, not, yeah, not, not 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 bad, not great. Um, yeah. and, you know, this is a very recognizable sign. I think it's one of those that uh, you you know what it means when you see it. Um, we got here garbage men have uh, paid Boss Smiley to dump trash. Or they've been paid by Boss Smiley to uh, dump trash in the river. I'm not sure which way the graft is going. I don't know either. It's it's one or the other. No, uh, he, he he's paying he's paying Boss Smiley. I've got my okay from Boss Smiley. It costs me plenty to there dump is. my garbage in the river. So yeah, he's paying <laughs> yep, Boss Smiley. And uh, cops are taking bribes for Bo- for Boss Smiley. Uh, the air quality is visual visually awful. Is a uh, you know haze. Um, <laughs> a guy saying Boss Smiley wants me to pay him welfare. <laughs> So, so, uh, so the question remains: who, who in the hell is this boss smiling? Yeah, <laughs> we got uh, we got some young people protesting outside of city hall. Cops on horseback. They start uh, cracking skulls, uh, presumably, you know, by direct order of boss smiling. Um, and the, there's a uh, we got the fat cat establishment. They're watching from city hall, and they're they're wearing their very uh, very 1970s appropriate suits there. I mean, they're perfect. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I looked at them and I was just like, this this could not be happening in any other no. era of American history. This <laughs> is 1973, exactly. Yeah, there's you know? no denying it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we find out here that Boss Smiley, he's the meanest, most vicious man in the world. And he's just a short dude with a 
instead of having a head, he has a smiley face. Well, he has a. It's so weird because you kind of see it yeah. sometimes with a neck. It's it's strange, but sometimes it's just there. It's he's he's, he's like a, he's he's deformed, folks. I, I can't. You have to see it to believe it. He, but he has a smiley face for a for a face. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if this was a some sort of a meta commentary where you just fill in your own. Hated politician, or I, I guess, yeah, probably, but it, it's just such a, it's it's a very weird choice to it make. Is. I like it. Yeah, a lot. it's 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 very nice here. Uh, he's a he's well, he's a fan of Batgirl. He's got a Batgirl comic book on his desk. <laughs> he's also a fan of Richard Nixon. He's got a signed frame picture of him and uh, Tricky Dick on the wall. <laughs> he's got a signed framed picture of him and Adolf Hitler. How how old is Boss Smiley now? I mean, what you know? <laughs> but it's like it's it's like you've gone into the cartoony realm here. Like, I know you you half expect to see him with the, like, with the know, devil, like a, a note from the yeah. devil. You know, good job, Smiley. Sign for Satan, golf, yeah. You know? Sign the Asol bomb. <laughs> There's a map of a Central City, USA. It's labeled the Battle Zone map, and uh, he's worried uh, that a surge in youth votes would upset the status quo. Uh, this is, you know, before people realize that that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> young young people don't vote. Only senior citizens. That's it. We know that. <laughs> Smiley says, ain't you hoid that the 18-year-olds have the vote now? They've even passed an amendment that lets the kids run for Congress. Did that? You know, he, and, 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 you know, Chris, Chris is putting on a voice here, but he does actually kind of talk. Yeah. About it. Like for a guy that's a guy that's running this whole city, you know what I mean? He's like the head of a massive wealthy criminal empire. He talks like he's from the Lower East Side. He's I don't from know the what this is. It's, yeah. like a D, it's like a DC thing, you know? It's like if you're a criminal, you got to talk like a freaking bum. you got to be a mook. <laughs> and in his, in his rage, he chucks a dude out the window. And immediately after that... A closed window. A closed window, window. A clo- yes. It's a closed window. So he's shattering the glass here. And another one of his lackeys, let's just, just immediately, he starts taping the window shut. It's amazing. Yeah, it's all very mad magazine. Yes, and uh, you know, Smiley, he's like, you know, if if, if kids are going to run for Senate, he wants to be the one that picks the kid because he wants to pick someone who's pliable, someone that he can, uh, someone that he can mold in his uh, his own way here. So he's got a plan. We're gonna go. Let's go visit my cousin, Misery Marco, the advertising genius. He'll know what to do. So the Smiley Chopper takes off from City Hall's roof to go visit. Misery Marco's tripped out cruise ship in the middle of the oh, ocean. Awesome. in Pollution Cove. And the whole thing looks sort of like it's very psychedelic. And it's in Pollution Cove, which stinks, but it's his private harbor. Uh, Misery prefers it because he feels like it keeps him very creative. Uh, in the water, there's a wrecked car. Joe's diner sign, books, and other junk is just floating around. So, you know, it's uh, real, real messy. And Misery says when they finally get to his office, which is well appointed, of course, in this... Uh, Ship, he says, he sent the last four presidents to the White House and is responsible for promoting Boss Smiley and turning him into the political leader of the entire central nation. Whatever that <laughs> yeah. is. I don't know what that means, what the central nation is, but okay. Uh, he's a powerful man, is the point. Uh, incidentally, those four presidents that he didn't saw would have been, uh, if, in if, reverse if order. this is taking place, what we think in reverse order, uh, Richard Nixon, Lyndon B. Johnson, John F. Kennedy, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Although Chris points out, since LBJ took over for JFK, he may be including Harry S. Truman. Although I would then counter that maybe he engineered the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Perhaps. You see, so he really didn't install him, or maybe he's actually talking about he backed Kefauver. <laughs> he should have. Then he would, 
He, then he, but then he would, you know, then he wouldn't have gotten them into the wire. Maybe he backed them both. Maybe that's how he does it. He plays the middle. Uh, that's an old, an old scam. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, getting down to business. Misery Marco says they need a young whippersnapper that embodies the best qualities of Mussolini, Gandhi, and Lincoln. That's a Venn now diagram that, of <laughs> epic before. That is a that that is a man with a mind that just works like no other. I would never, th- I would never even think of putting those three people in the same sentence. But here he is. <laughs> Uh, and he knows he knows about Prez record because he has a newspaper. He's, he's actually on the headline of the Steadfast Times due to him fixing all the clocks. So Boss Smiley and crew, they visit the quaint town of Steadfast in their double-wide convertible Cadillac. And uh, they go to Prez and they rope him into running for Senate. And Prez explains he was named Prez because his mom said, Someday this baby will be president. And Boss Smiley says that with my help, you will. That's so we uh, move right into Chapter 3, Eagle Free. Now, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, we got Boss Smiley's caddy and entourage. They roll in noisily through the idyllic countryside on the way back to Central City. Yeah, Smiley says that they'll get Prez to cooperate, or they'll just find something to blackmail him with. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, everybody's got skeletons in the closet. <laughs> uh, Smiley chucks a guitar, uh, a guitar, a cigar butt out the window, <laughs> and he says, "Laws are made for common people, dummy, not poor Smiley." Out steps a Native American by the name of Eagle Free, complete with a feather and defringed pants. <laughs> So, the, so there's no mistaking yes, that, you know, there, what this guy's supposed to be. <laughs> and uh, he comes out to beat back the fire caused by Smiley Cigar, but he does not shed a single tear. No, no time. So it's not, yeah, it's not like the old commercial there. Uh, he talks to animals because, you know, Indians can do that. Uh, Smiley reveals his plan to build a super highway from Central City to Steadfast because he figures that people are going to want to visit the home of the future president or the current, when he is president, of the United States. Whoa, he, he already got big plans, big plans. He does, and for some reason the lettering gets a little wonky uh, around here, just just for, just for yeah. a moment. I like it, though. Yeah. It does. It gets all weird and boisterous. <laughs> it does. You can see the excitement. Uh, now, the uh, the youth vote puts more young folk into office, which builds the voting base to elect Prez Rickard as senator of whatever the hell state Steadfast is in. <laughs> uh, we've got to wonder if he'll be the junior senator or the senior senator how many uh, who knows i don't know how it works anymore with the 18 year olds in, in uh, the office we don't know how it works. i know it uh now prez is on hand to christen the new central city steadfast superhighway and he's got he's got like a like a dynamite he's got one of those uh what yeah. are those things plungers yeah. those, those 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 dynamite plungers the detonators that's the word the detonator with the plunger and he and he and he triggers, he triggers the explosion himself. Yeah, I, I, has this ever have, has a president ever been allowed to Just, set off a dynamite explosion? At the, not since pre-Civil War times, I, I think. You'd but. figure, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boy Smiley and his cronies, they're on hand to watch. And one asks, "What'll he do when the dam bursts?" This is, by the way, this is the first we've heard of the dam. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to say, like, it's not like we knew that this was a possibility. Yes. <laughs> Smiley says his, uh, his construction company will just build a new dam. So, uh, you know, the system works. You know, you break. Of course. There you, go. You, you pay somebody to dig the hole. You pay someone <laughs> to fill it back in. That's what we call that's what we call government. Indeed. Uh, the dam breaks just as you figure it would. Eagle Free is leading a stampede of wildlife, which some <laughs> somehow includes monkeys and elephants. I kept looking in this for like any note of like the zoo. Yeah, 
But there isn't. No, nothing. Nothing. No one says anything about a zoo. There are just monkeys, elephants, and later on you'll see that there's a lot of wildlife in this town. It is of, uh, very Stead diverse. Yes, yeah. uh, Eagle Free says, the dam is going. It happened sooner than I thought. Luckily, we're prepared, my brothers. And as the water reaches, uh, as the water's breached the construction site, which is, uh, you know, pretty bad planning, all things said, uh, they see a boat full of animals approaching. Oh. What does that remind you of? Hmm. I don't know. Well, the animals? <laughs> well, if you said Noah's Ark... Oh, I, I, I would I would have followed exactly what that guy in, said in the past. Yes, because right it, gets, it gets referenced right away. <laughs> now the animals include zebras and giraffes. <laughs> I don't know where they picked them up. They jump ashore, and they just, just, they just wreck the construction site. <laughs> it's a terrifying prospect. Yeah. <laughs> he got, I mean, this is the kind of revenge we don't want to see from the animal kingdom, oh. you know? Like, they could, they could really mess us yeah. up. Not to mention, there are gorillas and elephants and bears, you know? This is not just like, you know, uh, mountain lions and uh, whatever, yeah. marsupials. And how do you sue a giraffe for damages? Well, that's a very I good can't. question. I think I think you've gotten to the core of the problem I think here, so. Please. Now, Boy Smiley, <laughs> he's, he's furious, and that's probably why. And uh, he demands someone go after the animals and fricassee see them. <laughs> Our man Prez, he, he steps to and he's heading off. So Eagle Free sneaks all the animals into an obscured cave, but nothing is obscured to Detective Prez Rickard, who now is a detective all of a sudden. Yes. He uh, gets close to the ground, he senses a gust of air near the ground, and it leads him to the hidden cave. And uh, the, upon walking in, um, instantly, uh, Eagle Free takes a swing at him. It, uh, it doesn't look like it connects, but there is a wham sound effect. Uh, then. Prez gives him one right back, and there's a thud sound effect. So even though you don't see any contact, it seems like they actually have hurt each other. Yes. But uh, Eagle Free sort of has the advantage because he can, you know, communicate with and command vicious beasts. <laughs> so he uh, Prez is held fast by a bear hug from a real bear. And That's authentic. Eagle Free says... That's right. Exactly. You don't get a more bear hug than that. The bear's also blue in every instance, too. I don't know what that's about, yes. but I guess that's... There were limitations to coloring back in the day. Uh, Eagle Free says, That's it, Tiba. Cool, cool off his hot head while we explain the facts of life to him. And I mean, come on. He is 18. You know, he probably knows it already. He might. Eagle Free formally introduces himself. And in fact, we have not actually known his name until this moment. But we just threw it in there because I didn't want to keep referencing the Native American yes. when we knew when we knew who he was. Uh, and he reveals a pretty high-tech cave filled with charts, books, and a chemistry set. So, uh, you know, that's that's up there, I guess. Well, most caves uh, in the 70s had that. Oh, is that, is that a 70s cave? Uh, 60s, too. You know, 62. Oh, all right. <laughs> and there, there is, of course, the uh, token melting candle on a plate. you got to have that. Yes. That's, that's, uh, whether you have a cave or a evil laboratory, you got to have the melting candle on a plate. That's vital. <laughs> Uh, so Prez is just incredulous that he lives with animals. Yes, and Eagle Free says, I know what you're thinking, and I'm, I'm little more than animal myself. That's uncanny. It's true. How did you know what I was thinking? Uh, Eagle Free explains he has studied the animals and acquired their abilities. Yes, I am a little, I am little more than animal, but in many ways, animals are superior to man. For instance, they get to poop outside. Lucky without. stiffs. And yeah, I know, really. They get to do it when, whenever. They can do it while they walk, which, frankly, I can, too, if you'd let me. But that's another, that's a, for another day. Yes. Uh, Eagle Free studied at unnamed universities and became scholarly, but prefers to live as his ancestors lived, with nature. I'd like that, too. Not you, Prez. Your heart's not pure. 
You represent oh. all that we detest. That's really messed up to That's say. That's cold-hearted. Freeney, I know, and he tells him Boss Smiley is corrupt, and he will prove it to him if Prez spends a few days in the cave with him. And now we get the training montage. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the very next page, we see that Prez learns to walk with the animals and talk with the animals, and now he's as skilled as Eagle Free. So I guess there really wasn't much to no. it. You just kind of had to, you know, spend four, four, three or four days, and you're uh, good to go. Yeah, I think there's a merit badge for that. <laughs> now, finally, it's time. Eagle Free and Prez go scale Smiley's skyscraper headquarters using the ways of the spider. I think. Uh, we figure. You know, it's, 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 it's something. <laughs> now, they smash a window using the, uh, using the, uh, the ways of the woodpecker. <laughs> That's right. Well, he actually uses a, a real hatchet. I love, <laughs> That's one thing I should have mentioned. He actually pulls out a real... Uh, native, um, Indian hatchet yes. to break a window. Uh, now that summons some of the henchmen to show up. <laughs> now you're gonna go. <laughs> they're climbing up to be inconspicuous. Yeah. And then they break a window. It's like why don't you why don't you just make why don't you just beat the shit out of the guys on the <laughs> exactly. ground floor and take the elevator? Like they don't have know? like a glass cutter. Or, like they couldn't have like a. <laughs> they couldn't have like some bird come and just swoop the window out. Uh, I mean, I, what I was thinking is Eagle Freeze got a chemistry set. He does. Bring bring some kind of acid, you know. Exactly. It, it seems like it seems very obvious, but anyway, this is how they did. I think he was just making drugs. Oh, okay. <laughs> now Prez finds a very convenient, very convenient file that details all of Smiley's corruption. It's it's the corruption file. It, it just goes yeah. into the bribes, the payoffs, and all the swindles. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, folks, if you're thinking of doing crime, don't. Do not keep all your crimes in a file or ledger. It always gets them in the comments. Yeah, I keep them in boxes in different countries. That's that's probably a better way. (laughs) Now, just then, uh, Smiley's men bust in and a a fight breaks out. President Eagle Free, they're overwhelmed. Smiley walks in to see what the hubbub's all about. Now, Prez says he ain't going to be a stooge no more. We've uncovered your whole rotten scheme, Smiley. I'm my own man from now on. And, and, And how stupid is Prez, really? You know, it's yeah. <laughs> clearly. Uh, that's he's my, very naive. He's, he's a very wide-eyed, naive he boy. Is. He is only 18 he for is. three or four years. <laughs> we think. Uh, Smiley says he won't be able to fix a traffic ticket when he's through with Perez. He'll just be another candidate that'll listen. And we didn't even know at this point that he was running for president. Yeah, there was no indication. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, Smiley says, you know, you could be president someday. someday. But he didn't know, you know that was we Tuesday. Didn't know that it was like, as a matter of fact, it's going to be very yes. soon because Prez says, Too late, Smiley. It's election day. Ooh, now, all over the country, young vote voters turn out to elect their peers to national office. Political machines fear that the halls of Congress will be controlled by youth. Now, after the youth controls Congress, now this is where it gets wacky. Uh, youth controls Congress. They amend the Constitution to lower the legal age of president to go from 35 to 18. Senator Prez Rickett running on the new flower party ticket. He somehow wins the presidency. We don't know if this is the same day, the same year, the next year, two years later. Yeah, but he's still I, yeah, 18. He's still 18 the whole time. So I guess it all. I guess it's like there were successive election days. It was like a, they turned into election month. It might have been. <laughs> just bang out three a week. Let's like let's just let's just roll them out. Yeah. Now he won on the Truth and Love campaign. 
which uh, seems different from the usual, you know, lies and fear campaigns that we get these yeah, days. Yeah, I'm, I'm more used to that one. Yeah, uh, I definitely would. I definitely would be uh, taking taking. That back. would raise my eyebrows a little bit. <laughs> uh, Prez Rickard is in the new Funkin' Wagner history book. <laughs> <laughs> Do history books get printed on demand? It's. I mean, it, it's he's in the present. Why is he in a history book? I don't understand. You know, it's like, how long has he been president? What's what? What year is it in this book? Yeah. Uh, but Prez acknowledges that too. He says, "That was a quick history. They sure didn't wait for me to accomplish anything, did they?" So it's like his first fucking day in office, yep. and he's in the history book. Like, what? What the hell's going on? But <laughs> he—I—I I, I was looking at pictures of the presidents, and was he the first blonde president? Uh, he may have been. You know. Yeah. So um, this is this is you know earth shattering. He's not only the first. I mean, a, teenage, lo- a lot of presidents had white hair. Yes. So we don't know what their hair had been. He's the first uh, natural toehead. Yeah, I can't think of any exactly any, <laughs> any other blondies. Now he he's a he's appointed Eagle Free as the head of the F, head of the FBI. Hey, guy, I just met. <laughs> yeah, you're the head of the FBI now. <laughs> How do you like it? And a uh, there's a mystery figure in a silhouette who would be his vice president. Who can it be? Well, we find out it's his mom. And I think he hires his sister to be his uh, secretary. His secretary. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's in, that's in uh, successive issues that we won't get to, so we'll reveal that yes. it is his mother. <laughs> now, there's a movement to impeach Prez, which leaves us on a bit of a cliffhanger here. And, uh, you know, we got uh, that old Crow Simon. He can still write a comic book. Yeah, yep. still leave you hanging with yep. a couple of couple of teasers. And uh, even at the end, everyone breaks the fourth They do. Wall. They look it at is... us. <laughs> Which is strange. They, they even acknowledge that we're reading an issue of a comic book, which I, I always like, but it, it does seem to come out of nowhere. But considering that he he went from being senator to president in roughly 20 eight minutes, hours, yeah, uh, yeah it took just a little short time. So I guess anything goes. So that is the end of Prez number one, as requested again by Mr. Jim Werner of this podcast. But uh, a little uh, housekeeping at the end. Prez ran for four issues. August 1973 to March 1974, bi-monthly. Uh, the fifth issue was uh, printed in Cancelled Comics Cavalcade Number 2 in 1978. Uh, that was a result of the DC implosion, which we covered in our first Weird Comics history on this very podcast. Back uh, in April. Uh, it's, it long, it's a long time ago now, yeah. And uh, it's really almost too much to explain. I would say do a search for yes. DC implosion and you will learn all about it. Um, and you know, there's there seems to be an indication that he's actually part of the DC universe. Uh, right around that time, in Supergirl number ten, September October 1974, there was Death of a Prez by Carrie Bates and Art Saff, which implied that Prez Rickard is in fact president of the United States on Earth One. Craziness. Yeah. Now, if we jump ahead uh, about 20 years, Prez Rickard shows up in an issue of Sandman, uh, Sandman number 54, October 1993, by Neil Gaiman and Mike Allred uh, with Brian Talbot. Um, it's an issue called The uh, Golden Boy, which is a uh, pretty faithful retelling of the first four, or of the only four issues of Prez, basically, yeah. uh, until the end when Boss Smiley runs heaven and tries to ensnare Prez. Uh, luckily, Morpheus saves him. Yeah, it sends him on some kind of eternal. I forget what it is, walkabout or something yeah. like that makes him like eternal president. Uh, he also showed up in Vertigo. Well, it sort of showed up. Uh, the concept showed up in Vertigo Visions One Shot Prez Smells Like Teen President in September 1995 by Ed Brubaker and Eric Shanower. 
Uh, Slacker Teen seeks out Prez, who he believes is his father, and Prez was killed by brain cancer, metaphorically the cancer within America's collective soul. Ugh. In <laughs> uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Strikes Again, that's the one that happened a little after the turn of the century. Uh, a computer program designed to act as president is Rick Rickard, and uh, resembles Prez, but it's uh, it's clearly meant to be a uh, a less than uh, less than loving look at uh, George W. Bush. Yeah, uh, and these were all collected, right? Yeah, all these appearances, as well as the only issues, and uh, I'm not. I think I think issue five is in there too. Uncovered. I would imagine. Yeah, it came out like a, a trade edition for Prez came out. Oh, I don't know, four months not ago, too long something ago, like that. Yeah. yeah, not too long ago. Earlier this year, sometime. Um, Prez re- returns again in Multiversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out in 2015. I think so. You want to say yeah. right or 14? 14 or 15. Prez, Prez was president on Earth 47. He also financed the Love Syndicate of Dreamworld. That's Earth's that Earth's metahuman team, and they are awesome. And I would yes. love to see a series of this right away. If anyone at DC is listening to them, listening to this. I don't know why you have Justice League and JLA when you could have Justice League and Love Syndicate of Dreamworld. LSD. Which includes, which, you know what I mean? <laughs> and includes awesome uh, Sunshine Superman, which is a big black yes. uh, super, Superman with an afro, Shooting Star, Speed Freak, Magic Lantern, and Brother Power the Geek. And uh, he's also immortal. That's helpful. Throw it in there. <laughs> And uh, we just recently had a Prez and uh, towards the tail end of the New 52 during the DCU uh, initiative, and uh, probably should have been a Vertigo title. Yeah. And uh, this is a six-issue miniseries that was what was it supposed to be a 12-issue, then a six-issue, then a 12-issue, then a six-issue, then a six-and-a-half-issue. Yeah. And issue. recently, <laughs> now it is a six-issue. Yeah. It's been yeah, it's been it's been clipped officially. Yeah, and this was in uh, 2015 by Mark Russell and Ben Caldwell. Uh, this is teen smartphone t- sensation Beth Ross is elected president by Twitter in 2036. Uh, I, I don't know where this was supposed to go. I mean, this just seems like such a weird yeah. book for just DC. It, it, I mean, what it is is it ends up being uh, much like the original Prez, a commentary. Satirical, on, yeah. It's satirical, except that unlike Prez, it doesn't have a strong narrative holding it all together of like, Pre, you know, Prez and Eagle Free, they end up being sort of a hard traveling heroes. Yeah. In this, or, you know, it's always Eagle Free saying like, look, Prez, you think, you know, burning coal is great but look at the dead birds and he's like oh i didn't think about that you know and uh that this didn't have that i mean i actually enjoyed this press a lot but like i said this really should have been a vertical yeah. title it's just not a dc title it does it, it was not it did not fit with the dcu and it had nothing to do with like that kind of readership yeah, and uh, apparently it's gonna be this the the, the whole story it, it, i didn't read it so did the sixth issue end on kind of a cliffhanger um, sort of. I mean, she, she becomes president, and now it's like the forces that were conspiring to. The whole thing was actually kind of interesting in that senators and congress people, in you know, under corporate interests, in order to juice corporations for more, more money, were holding their endorsements over their heads. Okay. And so they endorsed Beth Beth Ross often as a protest endorsement because they felt like whatever super mega corp should give them another 10 million dollars but in doing so they accidentally got her uh nominated Ah. and then people elected her because she was the most familiar candidate because she was a a uh, twitter sensation or whatever the hell it was so it, it actually had some cleverness to it and the whole way they handled the 
corporate interests like the smiley faces. It was actually every corporation had a holographic face over its representative. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I, you have to be of a certain sensibility. You personally, Chris, I would say you, you might like it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you would like fall over yourself, but I think I think you would dig some of it. Uh, the art is really, I think, really good. It, the the uh, art is nice. Yeah, Ben Caldwell is no slouch. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if you would agree with it politically, but I think you just enjoy it mm. as a as a somewhat funny story, and you definitely would agree with some of it. Yeah. As for the rest of the people out there in the world, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I don't know you, <laughs> so I can't say. Give it a shot. Yeah, and uh, that whole story is going to be wound up in. Now this is weird. It's it, there's a Catwoman Election Day special coming out. Yeah. That's strange. And, and from what it looks like, it press is going to get four pages to wrap up the story. What? I think I read. The whole thing sounds so weird. I don't really know what to make of it. You know what I mean? I don't understand. Like, he's, yeah, she's not going to be in Catwoman's story. Also, what does Catwoman have to do with Election Day? Is there something I missed? Was she Is she president? She doesn't even have an ongoing right now. She, I guess maybe that's why they're they're pulling around. I mean, I don't mind sure. Catwoman, but it just seems, you know, if I was going to do an election day special, I don't know, Luther would come to yeah. mind, or, uh, you know, Superman doing something for government. I don't know, whatever. But maybe this will. It just it just seems weird, but I have I really have no opinion about it one way sure. or the other because I don't know any any more information than <laughs> what I've sputtered out so far. Yes. Uh, there's a couple of last appearances of Prez. He really is ubiquitous. This gentleman. He appears in a uh, episode of Batman: Brave and the Bold in season three, episode ten, Triumvirate of Terror. He's there. He's that president, fifty years into the future of that uh, episode, and in Scooby-Doo: Mystery Incorporated, a cartoon I've never heard of or seen. He's in season one, episode twenty-five, Pawn of Shadows, and Prez just appears on a poster there, but he's acknowledged in Scooby-Doo of all places. Mm. And I think that is, you're not going to get more uh, Prez than that. No. You know, right? Would you, would you say we've hit the Top level of Prez at this oh, point. Certainly. certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're feeling topped off with Prez, or you feel like you should have gotten a little bit more, you should definitely uh, write to the podcast at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, I'm at Reggie Reggie. No, I'm at Ace Comics. And every week, I'll tell you, you got to go to Chris's blog. Chris is on infiniteearths.blogspot.com. Uh, yeah, you didn't do press. Yeah, you're not gonna do press. No, no. I, I was gonna do. Uh, I was gonna do smells like Teen President, but I, I only made it a couple pages in before uh, Ooh, wanting to set bad, the huh? house on fire. <laughs> but, but this week you did do a comic, a DC comic I've never even heard yes. of. But you'd never heard of uh, Kong. What Kong was the, the Untamed from 1975. The sort of a a. Conan Caveman kind, kind of, of a like a it's kind it's he's a descendant of Anthro. Uh, it's oh, kind right. of yeah, it's kind of Anthro, a little bit of Commandy-ish. It's a uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, it's just interesting to not not even have even heard of the title, yeah. you know. So that's uh, what drew me to it. If you want to be pleasantly surprised by by things like that, or you want to read his complete his run his sorry his review of the complete run of Angel Love by now. DC Comics, <laughs> that website again is Chris is on InfiniteEarth.blogspot.com. So everyone, be sure to send in your requests. We are now again without any requests for the Cosmic Treadmill. Yep. Name your favorite DC comic. We'll get our hands on it and we will talk about it here. Uh, but I think that's it for us, right, Chris? Yeah, uh, just a. Uh... Those requests got to come in or else I'm going to pick some like really long Teen Titans thing again. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we got there's a look, Teen Titans went on for a long time, folks. We got a lot of stories we could still do for that one. Well, we could always dig up another issue of Sugar and Spike. <laughs> what do you think of that, folks? <laughs> we got another hour in us on Sugar and Spike, no problem. Oh, that was that was a blast. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and make sure you set your treadmills to election day. Cosmically. Well, I was fit that wonder why my shit, me and my conglomerate, shall remain anonymous, caught up in the finest shit. Let's get retarded in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and 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 running, running. In this context, there's no disrespect. All right, Eric. Well, I bust the rhymes, you break your necks. That's right, they you freaking over there at that reception going on. Oh, a little dance. Bump it over here, buddy. You guys doing the Macarena at all? Absolutely not. Uh, a little bit of La Bamba. Electric slide other... going on over here, boy. Electric slide, they're doing some fucking line dancing. Uh. Hey, listen, are they doing this? Come on, baby. Let's go. Yeah, any of your friends, uh, big black eyed peace man? Everybody, everybody is, baby. Yeah. Who is it? Here it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Here we go. This should be our theme. Seriously. I know I like that. That's the way. This. This is how we do it. I can't remember. But let's get let's started. Get Boy, that that really spells it out, doesn't it? Seriously, that's the version. We I let's like get it up a little. Right, come on. Yeah. All right, we are back with a uh, book of yours to end the podcast. This I was so end. mad when they changed Let's Get Retarded to Let's Get It Started. They they can't have a song. They, they, they gotta, did, and it you was got to avoid it. You got to avoid freaking. Take a stance, black eyed peas. People get retarded. Yeah, it's Fergie, a good time. Fergie's like, listen, it's it's retarded. Now let's get it started. And, you uh, know, and really, you you listen to that. They weren't meaning any harm, Eric. They no. Just, it was that was my go-to-get-drunk song. You know, and when I was a kid, that's what you would say to people in the schoolyard. But you know, can't say that stuff anymore. No. People, like we said, you can't even have a Texas Chainsaw Massacre nope. anymore because you can't use the term massacre. Nope, too many uh, school shootings for that to go on. How is that all about? Uh, earlier, uh, I think, I may be talking out of place here, earlier we, we would have heard a Let's Get Pumped Up for the Week song that could cause a little controversy. With oh, the God, you played that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This this fucking podcast is jumping around more than that JLA book. Uh. Shit's going on. But yeah, we are ending the podcast with one of your books, and that is... Earth 2 Society Annual Number 1. No, Eric. Uh, no, it's Earth 2. Earth, Earth 2. Welcome to Earth 2 Society Welcome Number 1. Oh, Annual Number 1. Annual, Yes. Written by Dan Abnett with art by Bruno Redondo, Diogenes Neves, Juan Alboron, Roy Jose, Rex Locus, and Travis Lanham. For our first annual issue of Earth 2 Society, we'll become a fly on the wall and watch Dick Grayson be reunited with his now teenage son, John, and watch them talk about Dick's role as Batman and his insecurities, while we sometimes jump around to watch hunters beat the shit out of a teenager. And talk more. And, and have a little bit more, more talk. And then a little bit talk. And then a recap. And then some more talk, Eric. And you know what? I didn't mind this issue. I it's, know that you had an issue. You had a problem with a lot of the repeat. And rinse, that's all repeat. it is, though. I didn't mind it as much. Now, it's weird to me because going into this, we had talked earlier. There are a lot of people who jumped on this. There was not a lot of books to review at DC. Yeah. Talked about this all night, probably. And 
a lot of people jumped onto these books because, oh, you know, I, we've been reviewing books since Reba. A lot of people think that this is a number one issue. It's crazy. And I can kind of see where that might be. It no, is because so it weird. says it's annual a, on the cover. Yes, I know that, but it is a jumping on point. But to me, this is more of a jumping on point for people who had bailed on the series and want to kind of come back. It's not going to fill in the gaps. You get enough of that. But I boy, it, I, how they could think this is a number one issue, I, I don't know. But Honestly, uh, this is the way I love to see annuals played, where we have an extended st- uh, page count to tell a deeper bit of story here that we wouldn't yeah. have normally. Well, you say that, and I will argue with you that this one's extended page count is a little padded. There's it's a little very, there. very padded, but I'm there telling you, I like padding. the concept of what we're yeah. doing here. Eric, there's the more execution's padding. a little There's off. more padding in this. I'm trying to get my joke out. Then in your mom's more bra? More padding than a seventh grade dance, Eric. Boom! I was the trying bump. to say it the whole time. Sorry. You you get a lot of Dick Grayson and Johnny Boy is what you're going to get in this. John this. And it's funny, too, because the way it was spelled out in the actual run of Earth 2 was that Huntress went off to find John. And I thought that that was going to be what this issue was. That I thought it was that just well. going to be Huntress finding John, fighting him, trying to convince him of things. It really is. This issue is daddy, son, let's get to know each other. I'm going to tell you what's going on. And basically the concept of this whole thing is – I was Batman. Dick Grayson's telling him I was Batman. I didn't care what happened to me. I, w- I was going out there doing gone. things because you and your mother were gone. Now that you're back, I'm not so sure I want to deal with this. And even uh, D- uh, John even's like, ah, you know what, Daddy? These other wonders, they should be able to take care of things too. And that basically, but well, you get this in a very some reason, extended story. In Dick's story. mind, just because of the legacy, the original Batman, Bruce Wayne of Earth 2, yes. he died in the Apocalypse War. Yes, he and did. then Thomas Wayne Batman... He died in Convergence number three, where he sacrificed himself to kill all of these like Arkham baddies yeah. to let the rest of the freaking uh, Earth Two Wonders get away. Yep. Yeah. So and, in his mind, that's how you end the freaking Batman yeah, legacy. To Dick, it's weird, and really, he's sitting there. He thinks that's how you end the legacy, but also because of what's happening and what it's leading to, or continue the legacy. For he that seems to just think that this is a given that yes. he has to die. Very odd. If I was now, you get another thing in this whole issue where. John, his son, and Manship had a problem on the society. He is a six-year-old. We, yes. we talked about this earlier. He's a six-year-old genetically modified to be a, a 16-year-old. 16-year-old. And really, to me, this whole time, he is – they're jumping. Dan Emmett's jumping between things here where – at one point, he kind of, he never really acts like a six-year-old. Uh, to me, a six-year-old would be like, but daddy, you don't have to die, right? You know, he's thinking too much into it as a six-year-old. Plus, the main thing I have is when Dick talks to John about, hey, this is what happens. We're going to bring back everyone. We have the Ark, the Furies, you know, we're going to bring all this stuff back. Um, the casket, I, Jim. The yeah, casket. I think that right away, little John would be like, well, does that mean mommy's coming back? Exactly. There is no fucking mention of Barbara and Grayson at all. And I think that would have been a good way. Now, it's funny, though, because Dick mentions like three times he doesn't know how it works, but then seems to know kind of how it works. But in the, I wish that he knew a little more that when John says, hey, uh, what about, you know, what's going to happen? Oh, well, we have this casket. It can bring everything back. It can make the world again. And then little John can say, oh, well, that means mommy's coming back. And we get some real info there about yeah. what this casket can do. I don't know how he would have known. Maybe they talked. Like, this would have had to have been set up before of that him knowing some things. See, all we I know really that, at this because point. Because I want to know. 
is Khalid had a vision because he has a piece of shard of the hel- helm of fate in his goddamn head that yeah. uh the the freaking Pandora vessel it was called then, but the Pandora casket could have the ability to bring back their previous world and everybody on it. And then Batman just took this and ran with it and fucking tried to beat the shit out of Fury to say, we're going to use this. I'm going to bring my yeah. wife and my son back. Yeah, yeah. That's all we get. And the possibility. Just, I, wish, I wish that they would have spelled it out a little more so that we knew more of what was going on. And that would be like, okay, now we know what it will do or what it's supposed to do. Let's move on from here, which we're going to anyway. But in the meantime, this whole time, he's talking to John while making his new suit. I'm telling you, I really wish they would have gone with my idea. Why don't you listen to me, DC, that when Barbara Grayson died, she would have become the Earth 2 Specter. I thought that would have been amazing. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you'll still get some hokey things when the casket works and they bring shit. If it works. Things don't go back. I know. Uh, You would think it's going to work at some level. That's the rebirth in my mind. I have a feeling that, well, here's the deal. You have a casket with memories, right? Yes. Earth 2. Spiritual memories of what's not. Okay. So you thought that the casket would come back they'd hit the casket and you would get barbara gordon back Uh right what why what would happen with dick grayson are they going to come back new and not remember any you know what i mean there's still all these people alive honestly when the pandora like when it was introduced as the pandora vessel it seemed just to have the souls of the amazons in it just yeah i know but if they if somehow they're going to try to tweak it or whatever it doesn't make sense to me no, because it doesn't have the souls of the people. So I wish that this would have been the way where John says, now maybe it we're going to get. Yeah, well, I don't. I, I'm hoping that when it does happen, we're not going to get Barbara back. That, that, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in anything where you would get these dead people back. It should just transform the planet. And yes, the Amazon souls keep with that. They come back. But. Still, Dick's like, you know what? I wanted to save the world. We saved the world. I still don't have my daughter, uh, my daughter, my wife, but I still have my son. But yeah, I wish that it would have been spelled out. I wish that Dick knew exactly. So John says, "Hey, what about my? Oh, we'll get mommy back." No, son, it's that's not how it works. And then we're like, okay, I know because me and you don't know. We Honestly, have no you idea. know what? I wanted to recreate the world and everybody in it. And for some reason, let, let's say some fucking mumbo jumbo happens where only our wonders remember what happened before, but they continue yeah. their lives the like the, the way it was before Earth Two was destroyed Maybe. and yeah. what's going on now. So they still have their secret identities, and we have a populace for them to protect. It would be cool. I just, I it doesn't seem like that would be. I would don't happen, even you know, know what I mean? seems to be happening. But yeah, in this issue, just to tell you what happens, we basically oh yeah, we have a book here. Not, mu- not much happens. Uh, really, if you want to go through the whole thing, it is Dick telling John the legacy of Batman. Yes. Uh, which is, it's fine. And it's that, you know, Bruce Wayne was, he was spectacular. He was great. Uh, when he died, Thomas took over. He was vicious. He was a more ruthless, vicious, more brutal, he was. ruthless Batman. Yes. And now he, Dick takes over. He even says, like, I couldn't walk. You know, all that stuff. It was very good recap to, of the Dick Grayson in this book. It me. was to a degree because then I'm reading this recap about all these things. And like, and then there was Helena Wayne, who's the Huntress. I'm like, would you stop throwing people's secret identities know, out? Of it's but a son. He, it's I'm a son being controlled by Ultra Humanite. What could go wrong? Eric? Exactly. But no, he goes go off wrong? and says Helena Wayne is Huntress. She controls like the Wayne tech. or I don't even remember what it's called here. But she gave me all the, the Batman suit, the uh, – the legal way to run everything and yeah, do what yeah. I need to do to become Batman. I'm she like, trusted me. She let me. And run he's things. talking on and on about Huntress. I'm like, you motherfucker. In the sec- first or second issue, you talked about Mr. Terrific building you this shit. And I'm like, we have not seen Mr. Terrific at all this series. Yeah. Well, Where is he at? 
Here's the problem, Eric. It's a six-year-old. It's a six-year-old. He just doesn't want to confuse. Give me some goddamn plus, Mr. Terrific. Plus it's just, eh, Mr. Terrific. He's been there, done that, buddy. Out of uh, sight, out of mind. Here we go. But yeah, revisionist um, history. In the meantime, you're you're getting a scene where he's talking to uh, John, and then also you're seeing through a narration of him continue talking for the most part. Huntress getting John. Where she has to fight grief, another ultra humanite. Well, we, that... we, yeah, when we start out, it jumps back and forth throughout this. Yeah, it goes when back. John originally leaves the wonders after him and the rest of the humanites attack, and then Huntress goes after him. And the humanite, ultra humanite, is in John's mind trying to say, "Look, you can come back. Just take your punishment." Yeah, and John yeah. is fighting it off. And no, then John ultra... doesn't want it. John says, "My dad is back. My dad's alive. You lied to me, and my dad said everything will be okay. You lied. Fuck you." Yeah. And then Ultra Humanite's like, that's not how it works here. And he sends the other Humanite yeah, kid Grief after grief. him, and that's where Huntress shows up, and that's all we get, because <laughs> I think Dan Abnett realized, holy shit, I only have an issue of John and Dick standing there talking to one another. Yeah, yeah, Where's that's the action at? And I do kind of like, well, I do like the stuff with Huntress and Grief, because, again, I, I keep stressing to myself, even reading this, that John is a six-year-old in this body, and to him, like, this really shows him because he's, oh, my God, grief. He's the baddest of us. Exactly. And Huntress took care. And it's like a, a little kid almost like, you know, my father can beat up your father or my this friend could beat up your friend. It's and very also, cut and dry. It really ups Huntress's status in my it mind does. because when she was in the World's Finest book with Power Girl, she could not do anything right. Yeah. It was so weird the way they wrote her character because yeah. everything and she really, tried, she fucked up. Yeah, and in this scene, if you like this Earth 2 Huntress, it, it is kick. she is kick-ass. I'm and telling you, I read She's book. kicking ass. Dick is telling you how much she kicks ass. I'm telling you, I got done reading this book, and all I realized afterwards is how much I want this to be Huntress instead yeah. of Helena Bertinelli. Yeah, because uh, at this point, she basically she goes to get John. She gets there. Grief attacks, and she hands Grief's ass to him. She beat and the then, shit out of yeah. a teenager. And really, to me, the, the reason why I think that this was just to show – that Huntress is kick-ass, but also that John will think that she's wonderful, is because there is no tension because we already know that John was saved and brought to Dick because yeah. we've already seen them talking. So this is like, oh, and then she did this and that and whatever. And I, re I really do like it, though. I like that exclamation I, point of how kick-ass she like is. I like it. I just found it to be a little bit tedious because it's well, just, it's just thrown just, in yeah, just so well, we have some action. Here's the thing, though. Really, there's the action of that, and it is extended. It, it lasts forever. I know. And in the meantime, there is John and Dick talking. It lasts forever. And it's basically, like you said, at the point where Dick is talking about Helena, it's more of a like, you know what? I don't trust myself. I don't think I'm a good Batman. But hey, these people seem to like me. And yeah. Helena, she trusts me. And she's kick-ass. And she's this and that. And we have all that. But it does – I don't know. Does it catch up people who aren't reading? I don't, I don't think it does for, that. For Batman a little bit, but, but everything else is going on, not really. Now, if you find – if we find out that after this that it is more of a uh, Dick Grayson-centric end, then it did a great job. But yeah, yeah we also have other things. Well, that, going that's on what, that one of the biggest problems I've had with the Earth 2 Society book where they have made sure to say it's society where we're kind of bringing the, everybody together. Yeah. We've got the convergence, jumped into this book, and we have not really had any kind of background on these characters individually since. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's why I really like the idea of this going in, because, all right, we're going to get some background on Dick to see yeah, how it's working. Just, I was looking to see Mr. Terrific being his goddamn Lucius Fox and building shit or something, yeah, he's, but we don't get that. We don't get that. But yeah, and we just have Batman, Batman telling John over and oh. over again that, like, you know, 
I might die, but I don't think I'm going to be Batman anymore because you're back. But maybe I will be Batman. Yeah, because maybe I will. And then he's like, but can't somebody again. else take care of that? But then in the meantime, they also are setting up John to possibly be his Robin coming up. Because I'm telling you, that, they, that last page was amazing where they yeah, run and, off together. And even before that, though, they have to really let people remember and know he has powers. He has been altered, John. Has powers yet? I can shoot fire from my hands. He's like, oh, he turned you into one of his soldiers. And they're like, and it's so weird. Even that he's like, this is, this is John telling Dick, like, look, I'm modified. I'm this, I'm that. I have powers. And then Dick's like, he turned you into a soldier. I suppose. It's, it's, it's <laughs> so, but this it's is kind where... of weird though. Like this whole, like we have father and son reuniting and it seems that Dick throughout most of it is still just working on his bat suit. Like he's not really interested in this big reuniting uh, kind of moment. Yeah, I don't know. He's, reunion. he's doing that. I don't know. And and then in the meantime, you it's have not this weird thing. Enough. Well, you also have this weird thing behind there where it's also uh, John trying to explain maybe to Dick why he didn't search him out because he's like, you know what? We were all orphans and we needed a daddy and ultra humanite came and we were, who wants ultra humanite? You look at the guy. How God are you thinking a- that? Yeah. How is he a daddy? Daddy. But yeah, really it's when Dr. Zayas is a daddy. I, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. You have the out for Dick because when he, Oh, I, I went to find my son. I couldn't find him. No, you wouldn't because he's now genetically altered, age altered to be 16. So if you saw him, but I don't know. The minute he saw him, he knew it was him. Yeah. And so you also have that weird thing of like, okay, John, why didn't you go look for your dad? And they're trying to tie that because up. Because an this. albino ape told me yeah, you were dead, dad, dad, and, and in the meantime, I think that that's what this issue, because you're getting John and Dick reunited and going forward, you do kind of have to spell that out. And I think because of it, that's why it isn't really heartfelt because they're too busy. Dan Abbott's too busy explaining things. He's doing a lot of explaining. Over and over and, again. Yeah, and it's really – there is a lot of repeating. There's a lot of stuff with that. But, yeah, I think that's what leads to uh, not being that heartfelt. Like it's not – this isn't something that I'm reading. I'm getting choked up. No. It does happen. We are jaded fellas. But yeah, I'm telling you, next week when we talk, I've read some issues I'm already. You, father and, and son two of the issues made that me crier. That hits me right in the fucking heartstrings. Yeah, I didn't get does. that here. I'm telling you, next week I got I'm, daddy issues. You're gonna hear from me next week. An issue of yours and an issue of mine made me cry. <laughs> cry, Eric. Tears. No tears this yeah. week. Well, actually, there was plenty no. of tears when JLA actually did come out. Really, tears as I was laughing. But yeah, then you see where the whole thing where Dick was getting the suit together. He's like, hey. That's the idea, Johnny. Here's my suit. And is like, hey, check it out. And that's where Johnny's like, hey, that's badass. And you I, watch I your goddamn that, language, Johnny. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why, I don't care how your daddy ultra humanite played things. It's almost like ultra humanite is the cool dad. He yeah. lets him curse. He, saying, he, he goes, goes to ultra humanites for the weekend and he comes yeah. back. He's a goddamn terror. Yeah. He comes back. He's like, he stayed up until two. He's eating a lot of candy, watching horror. Wait a minute. This is your dad. Yeah. Yeah. My mom bitched every time I came <laughs> yeah, home. I'm sure she did because your dad liked to have fun. Ultra humanite. It wants to be the fun dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also he has like 17 other kids. It, it's a fucking, it's the argument. Room. Over there it is. There's a fucking craziness going over at the old humanite. We don't talk like that here, son. Uh-uh. I'm sorry, daddy. Yeah, there's ultra a lot humanite. of daddy thrown out here. Ultra humanite lets me stay up till 2 a.m. That's, that's whoa, the whoa, only whoa. bit where we get to see that John is still six years old because yeah, he just and, calls him daddy, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work, but I tried to tell Manship they had to do that so you realized it, but it, it wasn't spelled out enough. 
uh, it would be funny if Dick's like, whoa, whoa, just call me dad. I, I know you're six, but you look older. You got to grow up, son. Sorry, it has to be the, right now. Yeah, but there's a lot to- of troubles. Like, what's going to happen later when he looks 21 and starts drinking at the, you know, the crazy age stuff? Well, all of a sudden, here oh. he is, 16 years old with 16-year-old body. He's looking at Huntress, huh? He, yeah. Yeah, there's craziness. This is like one of those houses with all the... Well, the <laughs> There's a hole in the wall. There's fucking a hole in the wall where the men can see it all, Eric. There's craziness going on. But yeah, really, not a lot happens to push the story forward. This is so if you, tight. If if you want to jump into the series, I would say get a couple of the last issues. You know, issue thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and this. This is good. If you want to know about Dick Grayson in, in this book, this is You'll great. Hear it over and over it, again. Yeah, and you get the thing, and you get a little Huntress. You get the best Huntress, I think, that we've seen. Honestly, I have to agree in the with New Fifty Two. Looking yeah, at Dia Genis Nevis's art on this, yeah, I want to see more of her and yeah. her alone because yeah. she's a kick-ass character. It's just that Paul Levitz wrote her to be a bumbling fucking moron. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say it as well, uh, uh, Nieves. I'm trying to say Dia Genis Nevis. Dia Genis Nevis. I don't even know and, that's how uh, you pronounce it. How I, I say it. And Bruno Redondo do the art. They go back and forth. The art's awesome in this book. It's really yeah. good. If you just want a good-looking book, it's this is it. It really looks great. But there's a lot of, like we said, it's a lot of repeating. Now we're now, repeating, sub, repeating that's as re- much as this. Honestly, I did that in my review as well, just to prove a point, how annoying yeah. it is. But uh, we do see Batman or Dick Grayson fix his suit because it was fucked yes. up from two issues yep. ago. And it's bad now, ass, sir. thing is, like, it always threw me off. To, like, it's Batman. He's supposed to hide in the shadows. There was a lot of yellow, bright-ass yellow in his old suit. Now it is more of a Thomas Wayne bad suit where he has re- he has red all over and think, it looks I fucking badass. I think it looks aw- – yeah, it's badass. That's what John says. Little Johnny. Badass. And instead of a cape, he has a trench coat kind of like uh, Damian yeah. Wayne does in the yeah, future awesome. when he becomes Batman. Yeah. And, and he's it looks there, really good. And he's got the – you know, obviously he can't well, – he's got the, the exosuit legs. The exosuit. It's really good. And that's when uh, you see uh, Huntress and them together and then they're like, hey, we got shit to do. Let's go. Can I come with you, Daddy? That's oh, actually, it's funny. At the end, he says, Dad. Yeah. He finally gets it. He grew up through this little talk they had, the father-son yeah. talk. And then it ties in. I grew up Alan, just like Alan me. Scott, yep, Alan Scott's called an emergency meeting. Let's go. We got to go upstairs. All right, I'll be right there. That's when John says, can I go with you? Of course, always. And they're going to go up. And hopefully, going forward, I really do want to see those two as Batman and Robin. I really so do I. I think John is awesome with these powers. I do like the way he looks. It, it's funny that Dad, I got hair 16, in funny areas now. Putting him up to sixteen in age makes sense for that. You don't want a six-year-old running around. He's no Damian Wayne. No, the thing and, is, though, uh, you got a sixteen-year-old running around with the mind of a six-year-old. That's what I'm saying. That's what I like. That's what I want to see. Where it's I a retarded they, Robin. I hope that they remember this and keep going with it because this is going to be a Robin like a Damian with with little control. Yeah, a six-year-old wants what he wants and is going to do whatever. I want that to be. I want Dick to have to train him and kind of dial him back at some points and want to do. And also, just don't want to emotionally scar him as well because yeah and you throw in also the fact that he had lost him at one point he doesn't want to lose him again so there's a lot of stuff involved where i actually if you really if i sat there mumbo jimbo would think that dick will not want him to be robin and it's going to be one of those stories where uh john goes off on his own and starts doing some honestly going off on it too because if they continue as a batman and robin team 
Dick has really taken more to a liking of a Thomas Wayne where he is kind of brutal. Yeah, he and is. you know he does not want to subject his son to that kind of shit. Possibly, no, that's and what I'm saying. More along the gonna... lines of a Bruce. Yeah, and it's going to be yeah. That's when they go together. I think they you know learn from each other or whatever, and you kind of get your Batman. Here I thought we I don't have any more. Overall, yes. he's the one who's teaching along. Me. How can I get to these kids? <laughs> that's all he's got. But I really we don't have a Batman and Robin. No, and I think that this would be a, a kind of a backdoor way to get it back, and and I would really like it. And right, and away, then everything's rewritten. Happens, who knows what's going yeah, on? Though. If if this would happen, I would actually that would up my excitement for this book a hundred percent because I really don't care when this rebirths. I, this is your book; it always will be your book, no matter what anybody says. Eric, I agree. It's yours, and I just I'm along for the ride. But that I would actually play. Okay, I got something I'm enjoying because I really do like this huntress. Uh, so I'm starting to see things that, yeah, I, I might be involved in this. And it looks like we yeah. might have a Huntress Dick Grayson connection going on, yeah. too. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, it says, see the epic conclusion of the Ultra Humanite War in Earth to issue 16. So at least that part, this storyline's going to end, and then we continue another month or so. We, we don't know. Who knows? It keeps really, going. Well, I'm waiting to find out what's going on with this goddamn book. But what did you give it, Eric? I gave it, I fucking just put my notes down, 6.3 out of 10. Really? Yeah. I gave it a 7.5. Nice. I really I, liked it. I, I did I not really like it. Like I'm saying, like the repeating and then the revisionist history, like throwing Mr. Terrific out of it. They're yeah. whitewashing the history. I'm telling you, I don't know that he threw him out of it. He I didn't bring him in. He's talking to a six-year-old. You, you know, and shit's Look happening. your Uncle Terrific oh, over here helping your daddy out. He doesn't want to be associated with that guy. Yeah, he's just telling his son a story. If this was the narration of, and Dick came to here, then I would have more of an issue. He's just telling his son quick while he's building shit. He's just Couldn't talk fucking, enough about Huntress. It's like when my dad would tell me about Mash. He's not telling me everything. He's just telling me, you know, the, you know, here's Hawkeye. There's fucking BJ. Shut your fucking mouth. I'm missing my show. That's all he said. I didn't know about Radar. He didn't mention him. Didn't bring didn't up Radar. Him. Your dad's a monster. Yeah, I knew Colonel Potter. He didn't mention about Colonel Blake. Colonel Blake was dead by then. He didn't mention him, Eric. Colonel Potter. Mr. Triple. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, a seven five, and a lot of that is the art. I thought the art was great. But I'm I, telling I, you, I like Bruno Redondo's normally. I thought his was a little off here, but it the was, Genesis weird parts because, really uh, made it awesome. Yeah, I just he, I did love the seemed, art overall. Yeah, he seemed to do more of a realistic look in this than he usually does in the Injustice book that I uh, love him for that I really think that it was odd. But I think also they probably told him they, they didn't want the two – they wanted them to be a little different. Right. And I think that's why he went with that. But I, I still like that. And even their Huntress, like, we didn't have any action, and all we did was just throw in some Huntress beating yeah. the shit out of a teenager. I'm like, come on, guys. You could have done a little yeah. bit more than this. I just – I think that this whole issue was just to get John and Dick back together and to show you that Huntress and Dick have a connection. I'm saying, that she's kick-ass. And I don't John hate this book, though. 6.3. That's a positive 6.3. I just didn't think seven, the book fired on all the goddamn more positive. 7.5. I am Mr. Positive. You are not, Eric. And you know what I'm going to say to you? This is what I say to you. And it didn't play because ah, of, I win. Yeah. Oh, you son of a bitch. This is what I'm edit back. This is what I say to you, Eric. There you go. The awesome horn. Awesome. Nope. It's no longer awesome because sometime during this whole recording, I'm going to turn that back on you and you won't even know you're at that goddamn wedding. And no, you you're won't. You son of a bitch. I got to yeah. get back to that wedding. Yes. 
I don't have that sound there. You're getting back to what did you just say? I didn't hear you. Oh, I said I have to get back to that wedding. Oh, okay. I'll see you. Hi. <laughs> oh, goodbye, Eric. All right. It's over, Reggie. The it's party's over. over. The party is over. Uh, that is the podcast for the annuals week. I'm sure that it's longer than anybody would ever think that we could have done. <laughs> we knew it, it was going to take a while. Now, I didn't think. Right now, it's almost 5 a.m. I did not think it was going to take us this long, uh, but it did. And That's because you're very naive and trusting. <laughs> I guess. I don't know who I'm trusting, though. Because you're, you're always telling me. You're like, oh, this will be good. This will yeah. take 10 minutes. This will take, you know, it's never taken 10 minutes ever. Uh, it, it hasn't. Yeah, that's like the spotlight. I'm like, we'll be done in 25 minutes. Yeah. Three hours later. Like, <laughs> what the fuck happened? But yeah, uh, that is it for the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. But it is time for the pick of the week. Mm. And I know that Eric, me and Eric only talked two books. And I would say his pick of the week would have been the uh, Earth 2 Society annual that we just heard right before this. Though it's like picking the worst of the the best of the worst but yeah you we had all the books what is your pick of the week i know what mine is right away well by score mine would be the gotham academy annual okay mine, would, oh, oh go ahead okay no go i think i was, oh, I was gonna say after you know we've been talking about it and i didn't get to review it on the site but i really think that probably the suicide squad that is my pick. one shot would be my real pick of the week that is my pick of the week, the Suicide Squad one-shot. And I did enjoy it. It's not just that we had these nonsense books for uh, the annual week. I did enjoy it. I think that it was a good book. If, if yep. anybody's out there and they didn't pick it up and like the Suicide Squad, I would suggest picking it up. It, it's a quick read, uh, but it's John Ostrander. It's something cool. And, yeah, I, I did like it. Um, but next week we have – we're back to Rebirth. Next week we're back to Rebirth. All these other podcasts can join back in. <laughs> they can join back in with us and That's then right. listen to them and we can yell and scream. <laughs> this is what we're going to talk about and review on the site because I do want to mention once again at WeirdScienceDCComics.com. We review every single one of these books. These are actually – I think we're going to be reviewing every one. There is not a one in here that I would say we wouldn't be. And they'll all go up at 12 a.m., at least the Rebirth titles. And we had a pretty good record of them going up at 12 a.m. on Wednesday when the embargo lifts. Eric, yeah. one time, that's the only person ever, Eric had that Green Lanterns that he did not put up right away. Uh, he went to bed. He he quit. That's quitting to me. Wow, that is quitting time. Yeah. Well, there, there, was one, there was one time when we first were getting uh, the comps that I remember – it was when I just got back from Germany, remember? And I just yes. couldn't, I just couldn't get to the books in time to do anything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, got them up, I got them up like Wednesday day or something. You had an excuse. Yeah. Eric just went to bed and then I think it even took him a while. Then I don't even know if he went to work the next day. I don't know why it seems like he didn't go to work, but he probably did. But here are what we're going to have next week and talk about it also on the podcast. We have Aquaman number six. That is your book, Reggie. Yes. I've not really been enjoying it. I saw you on uh, the site or Twitter, I think. Which one was it? Was it, I think it was the site where you commented. Somebody asked what books we would actually drop. It might have been Repairman Jack. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was, and yeah. He asked, like, what books that we are made to read and review would you drop if you didn't have to? And you did say Aquaman, correct? Oh, by, by now, if, if I was not reviewing it, I would have dropped it. Yeah. Uh, but this is the conclusion of The Drowning, these yep. six parts. So this, and if you remember, this is when uh, Superman showed up at the end. That's right. So it's going to be great. Uh, also, Batman number six, 
This is coming off of that awesome issue that I love where uh, Gotham Girl actually killed her brother Gotham and it ended – that issue ended with what it said, uh, Gotham Girl Year One coming yeah. up. And yeah, it kind of is. I have read it. I think it's fantastic, but that's all I can say. Spoilers. Fantastic. Spoilers. Yes. Batman Beyond number 16. This is uh, – I don't know. It's It's great. <laughs> I God, I mean, it's going I, I'm actually it's weird too I'm getting so tired but I'm also looking at this and for some reason I was getting it mixed up with Earth 2 which we talked about tonight and the <laughs> next issue of Earth 2 is the end of the Ultra Humanite story and I was just about to say oh Batman Beyond number 16 we end the Ultra Humanite story it would have made no sense we have Batman Beyond a Rebirth is coming up so you're going to get this book into uh, it'll lead into Rebirth so we'll see what goes on. We have the end of Bloodlines. Bloodlines yeah. number six, which we have really enjoyed. So I'm sure that will continue. We have Cyborg Rebirth number one, which should have really come out this week. Would have really benefited that book. But that is the startup of that. It, uh, I, I actually paged through it. We did get the books already, and I paged through it, and I, it looks pretty cool. Uh, Green Arrow number six. That is a start of a new arc. Uh, Harley Quinn number three. There you go. Harley Quinn number three for you. Justice League number four. Brian Hitch continues his nonsense. It's also Jesus Marino on art. So it's another artist as well. And I really like Jesus Marino. So I, I hope that that well works out. We have Nightwing number four. Huh? We have All Supergirl right. number one. We have Superman number six. I read that and really enjoyed it. And you get the Flintstones number three. And you miss Green Lanterns too. No, that's the thing. It's not showing up on the app. It oh no! Have no that me and Eric talked about this. That it was odd because he was looking at his. He has a different app that I do, and it didn't have it as well. So I'm going to look. I'm going to look right now. You tell me what you think about those books, Reggie. Well, I look up. On, I'm going to look up. I on think I think it sounds like a spectacular, spectacular a spectac- week of Actually, books. It, it probably will feel very spectacular coming off of this annual's week. It really oh, yeah. will. You got um, Batman. You got Superman. You got uh, yeah. Bloodlines. I mean, there's a lot of books that we like in there. Yeah. I'm looking, and the site is very wonky right now. I want to look at next week, but it might have all... No, it already did. I'm going to see, because it's weird. Even Eric said, what's up with Green Lanterns? And they haven't announced anything as being delayed. But if that if that doesn't... Yeah, it does not come out. Mm. To me, that's a delay, right? I would think so, yeah. It really does seem that way. But yeah, it's not coming out. So I would wonder how they're going to do this, because you're not going to want to have that come out in the same week as the cool. Hal Jordan, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking now. I see the flash. Let's see the next week. I'm seeing the week after that. We have Red Hoon. We have J. Oh my God. We have JLA coming out in a couple weeks again. JLA. I don't know what they're saying there. Nope. Uh-oh. You know what? Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps and Green Lanterns are both coming out September 14th. Mm, there That's it is. Weird. It's got a Why delay. Why would you do that? Why would you put those together? Well, I, I guess I guess the problem is so if you if it didn't make you know next week they'd have to wait another yeah, two weeks know. and that would put them on a weird cycle. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but it's a weird. Yeah, that is weird. I know I, one I, thing is coming out next week though that's going to preempt everything you're talking about, and that is the trade paperback of Poison Ivy: Cycle of Life and Death. So yeah, yeah. we're going to preempt all other books. I think next week you, you want to preempt the that? whole episode. You want, for to, that. you want me to take a picture of that baby? Because I already got it. 
They oh, sit yeah? there with the books, and I'm like, it is very exciting when I get these the the actual physical copies uh, because there always is something extra in there. If it's a trade, I actually got the Lois and Clark. Superman, Lois, and Clark trade a couple weeks early, uh-huh. and sometimes I get real excited about it. So I open it up. I'm like, "Oh, there's a trade, uh, Poison Ivy." <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I have all these, and eventually I'll probably end up. We had talked about it. I'll probably end up giving them away as like a contest or something. And the contest will be uh, write a song about Eric, and, and <laughs> you're in. Or write a song. You need a song now. Now Eric has a song. You need a song. Chris needs a song. We all need songs. So, yeah. yeah, eventually that'll be the only thing that you have to realize is when I say this, that means I got to get my lazy ass to the mail. Uh, you know, the fucking, the, the fucking, what's it called? Post office. Post office. Them, yeah. The mail shop, I almost right, call right. it. You know, over there at the mail shop there, we, we get the mail shop going there, governor. But yeah, I, I'd have to go to the post office and actually send it out. I'm lazy. I actually, just in general, I have a bunch of the print copies of bombshells that I'm meaning to send you. At some point, I will ask your address to send them to you. But I keep thinking like, yeah, I don't want to go to the fucking mail shop again. I'm going to say, hello, love. Let's go to the mail shop. Down the the mail shop for a bit, oh, eh? let's go down there. You get a little satchel at the mail shop and put a little posted air on there. But yeah, I, I keep meaning to ask you because I do have like the print issue 12, 13, well, 12 through like 16, whatever just came out. And I'm like, Reggie, you'll really like these. I also have your uh, loot crate harley quinn that i have with these i have them all in this spot I'm just gonna grab them and yet i'm too lazy to go to the mail well, shop. you know when, when, we're shop. Done, when we're done recording send me an email at reggie at jim and you know i'll send you my address <laughs> and then you'll be good i will do that <laughs> I, I will do that and uh yeah everybody go to our site also email us at weird science dc comics gmail.com go to itunes rate and review us because we like to win and that's about it. We, we've had a long enough podcast in a week that really did not deserve it. So uh, that is about it. And you want to say it? You want to say Eric's line? See you in seven, everybody. See you in seven. Mail shop. <laughs> Hell am I, I? I still, even after you said it, I still keep thinking mail shop. The mail shop. I have not been to the post office in a long time. All right, we're going to talk about a pull list. What'd you call it, Eric? What'd you say this was going to be the called? Weird science do or die pull list. The do or die pull list. Now that or goddamn it, I'm broke. I only have twenty five dollars yeah. a month. Now you're making fun of people because we've heard a lot of people say that the big uh, problem with rebirth is that they don't have the money to buy all the books. And I'm sure and they're that, saying, goddamn it, I only have twenty five dollars yeah. a month. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> like, goddamn it, this guy's making fun of me, and I'm going to kill him. His name is oh, no. Eric Shea. He oh, is no. America's sweetheart, so watch I out. Uh, but yeah, we decided because we have heard this all this time. This was something at work that me and Eric just made up as a goof, and then we decided to do it for the spotlight because there wasn't a lot of books coming out. But it is now. I mentioned the spotlight. I told you I would not mention the spotlight, <laughs> and I did. Yep. And now I keep Holy. talking about it. But yeah, we we came up with twenty five dollars. I just actually we got lucky. We just kind of came up with that number. And it does work out that if you would have four of these bi-monthly books, it would come out just under $25. Yeah. So that is like, that's like the golden ticket 
But because there's monthlies where you can mix it in and say drop a, you could drop a bi-monthly and add two monthlies. And where you'll see with me is that caused a problem because I really like one of the monthlies. And then I kind of have to add another one just because, because I don't have, it, you know. It messes you money. up. Yeah, it, makes yeah, it, it very did mess tricky. me up, but I didn't want to lose that. Also, you will see that I said to Eric, the biggest thing about this list to remember is this is not my top books list because I am not including a book that I really, really like. But because I had to kind Justice of pick and League, choose and go, yeah, no, it's not Justice League. That that didn't even, it's funny, I'm going through these books when me and Eric first thought about it. And I'm going, and I didn't, Justice League is so out of my <laughs> mind now that I didn't even think of that until after. And then we're like, boy, Justice League should be the first one. That really yeah, right. should be one or two on the well, list. Well, Eric Shea would always pick that up. Now, it, well, you'll see in my list, my list kind of starts with, making my own Justice League book through the other books. And also, I don't want any sort of shenanigans here with Wonder Woman with the, well, I'm going to buy the lies part and not Why the... Not? Oh, no. yeah. I, I'm telling you, that's shenanigans. It's but not we'll shenanigans. See. We'll see how it goes. And I am going to start. And right away, I think that probably what everybody, all three of us did, was you have to think of like the big book that you want, like the biggest yeah. one, number one. And for me, it's Batman. And it's Batman because I, I've been loving Tom King's Batman, but it's also, it's Batman. It's fucking so, Batman, you're damn right. And anything's going to come through Batman. Any big event and things like that, which we see uh, the news coming out or whatever. But I've also really enjoyed Batman. Uh, so that, that was pretty much an easy pick for me as my number one that I had to have. Um, it's kind of going to screw up my other picks, though, because I... My picks, if I really had my druthers, I'd probably have all Bat Family books. And I don't want that. I want to have a diverse thing. And that leads to yeah. my second book. Get more bang which, for your DC buck. Yes. that My second book then is actually Wonder Woman and because it's been so good. Now, it's weird because it is one of my favorite books, but this is also going to push a couple out of the way. Uh, but, yeah, about the Wonder Woman, I think I said to Eric as well at work, you do get bang for your buck there because you get two separate stories. Yeah. I have enjoyed yeah. them both. The art is incredible on both. So right there, it's pretty much a book that I can say, and Greg Rucka writing it, it's a very safe pick. Like I don't think that I'm going to get to a point where I'm pissed off that I have Wonder Woman on my pull list and then well, I don't drop know. Honestly, it something if we, else. If we would have done this list right away about it, I would not have had yeah, you Wonder were, well, Woman you at were all confused. because I didn't care for it at, yes. at the beginning. But at, from what we've gotten so far, once we got to the year one and then back to the lies, this whole yeah. convergence we're working on, I'm like, I'm really digging this. Plus, like you said, the art is fucking fantastic. Yep. Oh, and this, and really to me, uh, just personally, that these two picks were the givens. Like I say Batman was my number one. Wonder Woman's only slightly below. Like, these are my yeah. two big books. Oh, no. This is where I have problems. Because with my third book, I'm going to pick another bi-monthly you know, bi book. And I have a lot of picks here. I really, really love Detective Comics. This is the book I was handing out before. I, I'm not going to put it on my list. Because I already have a Batman book. And I have the main Batman book. And it's just, I don't know. There's other books that I, I want to diversify a bit. But the problem is, is that I have... Uh, between two books that I really like, actually one I like, and one I don't like so far, but I think should be on my list, and that's <laughs> Superman, 
and Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. It's tough. If I don't take Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, then I pretty much I'm done with Green Lanterns because I'm not picking the Green Lanterns book as one of these books with only twenty five dollars. So it's almost like and it does. Yeah. Then why support it? You know. Well, here's the thing though, because the the Green Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, to me doesn't blow. No. Just nothing is going on. It, so it hasn't it's really almost, kicked off yet. No. And this is place to make an interesting lo- story. Yes. The way the solicits are looking, it looks like we're going to be spending a long time dealing That's with the not problem. having the court. And this is the problem, yeah. is because of that, it's tough for me to say, you know what, I'm going to devote you know, $6 to this title, hoping that it gets better and hoping something happens, because to me... It's just it's killing me, and it would be it would be something that I'd just be pissed off at. Green Lanterns is just it's not doing it for me for something. It's, if I have a limited pull list, I, I just can't we were, do it. When we were talking about this before, it's just so weird not to pick pick a Green Lantern book. Because and that's what that, I'm saying. It it almost opens kills up me. your whole DC yep. universe right there because we leave Earth, we get to go to all these different places in space and have all these adventures. But now we're just limiting ourselves yes. pretty much to Earth. And what I want to do is, if I'm going to have these this twenty five dollars, I do want to diversify. I do want to be able to go each. You know, each week yeah. when I'm getting these books and have something different, I don't. And unfortunately, yeah, you have more like a space book, and you yes. have your, you know, detective but book, your vigilante book. book. Yes. Well, this yeah, is yeah. why detective comics to me kind of gets pushed to the side because I'm already getting Batman, and also you'll hear later with my monthly uh, that I'm going to add on at the end. Um, but so because of this Green Lantern Corps and the Green Lanterns not really doing it for me. I'm going to have to pick Superman. And again, Superman, I loved. It started out so strong. And I I have loved Superman's. I've loved Lois and Clark. It kind of got wonky at the end. I think it got forced. Overall, it was good, though. All the way oh, back no to Convergence it, yeah. Superman. Yeah. Uh, Convergence Superman was my favorite Convergence thing, and that's where this whole Lois and Clark thing started. But I also said to Eric, this book, to me, is where you're going to get the Super Sons part of it coming out because this is where yeah. you get John. And I want to see John turn into Superboy. I want to be involved with that story as well. Plus, if I really want to go to the nitty-gritty, one of the things coming out later that I really like is when Batman and Superman seem to cross, like an unofficial crossover where you have Batman, uh, yeah, you have Batman, uh, Damian, John, and Clark. And I think that's going to be pretty cool. But I really do like the whole. I, I like the story anyway. I really do like Superman. It's just right now it, it's in this wonky area so connected. Well, and it's even sort of connected with Action Comics. I hope that it actually breaks itself away from that, if that's possible. Uh, and like yeah, you want the this to be the Super Son, like this, the Father yes. and Son book, and I want this to be, be the Superman else. and the Boy of Steel book, like we yeah. talked about last week on the podcast. That's what I'm hoping it does become. It does seem they're really pushing John. I and love this John. Hopefully, Action Comics become Super Lex. Yeah, yeah, and then I might even have to change because I really do like Lex. <laughs> but yeah, so there's my three. Those are my three bi monthly. Now my monthly right away. I thought I I really really like Red Hood. And um, because even what what we're getting now, I love, and it really seems like it's just going to be more and more fun. Now, I have to say, we haven't got Bizarro yet. Yeah, no, Bizarro isn't even an Artemis; just arrived, really. So the problem is, though, is that Eric, you're a big Scott Liddell fan. 
his track record, he gets a little wonky. Things could go. So I'm telling you, this is on my list, but it is it. He's got a short leash with me with with this limited amount, and I'm getting this. But the problem is, is if I yank him out, you know, I say no more Red Hood. I have to pick another monthly, and and really all the other monthlies are the the only other one. Now I'll tell you my other one that I'm going to pick with this would be the new Superman. And okay. I really like it. And the reason I'm going to pick that is because it's just something new. And it's something fresh to me. It's something new. It's fun right now. But again, those two monthlies, Scott Liddell, he's on a short leash. And really, new Superman, because of what it is, it's also on a short Asian? leash. And I think, I think, well, no, I'm not Asian, just, you know, it's like doomed. Me and you like doomed. But boy, yeah. we knew that was not going to be a big hit. And God, I why really was it do not think, a big hit? that could have been so much fun. Yeah, well, I really do think as well that, uh, some of the books like a blue beetle and maybe the new, so they might be the ones that would be canceled first anyway. But yeah, I think that what I would have going forward is the, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, that's the Trinity. The Trinity the big out the books. way, yeah. So I'd have those. I do think that these monthlies would have a short leash for me. And if shit starts going wrong, a couple issues, uh, I might bail when a new, you know, one of these others, like a, a Batgirl, which I have enjoyed. Uh, but yeah. the, the thing, and there's two things that or I even thought a mini, when I was doing you know, this. got that Raven mini coming yeah, up. Right? Yeah, that's a here's the weird thing. That's a lot of stuff. Batgirl to me... I don't know about you guys. Batgirl to me seems like a book that this is kind of like a lost weekend going on. And when she gets, you know, the story is not that important right now. It's right. going to become something different. Either it's when she ends and goes back to Gotham and it hooks up with the, the current timeline, how this is back and forth. Whatever it is, it just seems like this is not that important for me. That well, like, saying, I from, wouldn't have to pay from attention. From what we've seen in Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, she didn't really learn anything new while she was overseas. You no, know, like, and we I, got I really, it's just back to business. Yeah, I, and if you want to talk about it, I really do think that this thing in Japan is their idea to bridge the gap between the Burnside Batgirl into something else, hopefully, that it's going to be a little different. A little bit. And I, yeah, because you still have that. This is Burnside Batgirl in Japan. Yeah. And it's okay. I do like the issues we've read. It just doesn't seem as important to me that I need to read it. And Birds right. of Prey, I like it, but it's it's not that big to me. Uh, but the other one, though, that and I really like... doesn't really have a great track record lately. No, anyway. and, and it's just that the, the team you doesn't interest me fully. But um, the other book, though, and I just said I really like it. I can't say I really like it. I do like it and it intrigues me, is All-Star Batman. The problem is it's four ninety nine. Mm. And, and yeah, you right you screw your whole pull list with this. But also, I said to Eric, I, we read one issue, and already I can almost positively tell you it's going to be better in trade. It seems like a story that would be better in trade. And Eric was yelling at me, well, you don't have the money. That will be a Christmas present <laughs> that I asked for. That's my birthday present later. Or I even figure, I think I'm like a dollar eight left over each month. I only have to save for you know a year and a half, and then I can buy oh, the trade overtime. And really, the way the way uh, DC goes with the trades or whatever, I'll probably have that money saved up before that fucking trade comes out. Oh, yeah, they're, they're pretty they're pretty behind on the deal with that. But uh, I do like that story. But again, I already have the main Batman story with Tom King, and it really does seem to me that the All Star Batman it's too much to put on the pull list, but it does seem like something that would be better in trade. Um, I'm trying to think of the others. Uh, uh, the one, before I picked New Superman, 
Constantine almost made my list. It really Which it is was crazy so, to me because you hate it, that whole magical world. But it was world. so close. But again, because I wanted to diversify and I didn't pick Green Lanterns, I'm like, you know what? I'll have the magic, the, the, the dark universe sort of thing. And I really, really liked that last issue. I was listening to some mm. podcasts and they really didn't like Mortet's art on that. And they're complaining. And I'm like, I can't see how you're complaining. Well, I loved it. I thought it was great. It, it, for the first time, how many – we've probably talked about a Constantine book now for over – almost since the podcast started, right? For yeah, a year and a half, yeah. almost two years. And I've never had one issue that I said to myself, you know what? I, I'm interested in this. I, I can't wait for the next issue. And it, we finally got that. So – that well, might especially be. since we know this Constantine does rub up against the DCU. You know, yeah. we've already seen Swamp Thing and Wonder Woman in it, so like you, you do have a chance of yeah. it actually. And it just—I don't know counting. what it was. I don't know if it was just the way the story was told. It just—I liked the the bit of humor in it. I like, but yes, that is the book that's that's waiting in the wings. That's the relief picture. If freaking <laughs> if, if Scott Liddell goes a little wonky, freaking I'm, I'm tapping the left hand and fucking Constantine. Come He's a lefty, hell, right? Yeah, Hellblazer's coming in because yeah, I, I really, really like that. And I'm I'm sure there's some other books that I thought of and I can't think of right now that I'll mention when you guys start telling yours. Uh, but Eric, you go next. All right. Well, first off, we're getting Batman right and then, on the, by way, the you know? I did mention first off, uh, I came in at I think it was twenty three dollars and ninety two cents is what I ended up yep. coming in at. So that that was uh, I have either Eric, like he said, he he can eat candy. I can, can buy a little bit of candy. I can buy some stuff. Twizzlers. I hate. You gotta I, save I'm up telling that All Star Trade, bro. Yeah, well, that's what I'm gonna do because I hate <laughs> Twizzlers. I think Twizzlers are the the devil's candy. You're a monster. I can't stand them. I don't like. I don't like red vine. You're I, a red fucking, vine kind of guy. Oh no, I, I don't like any of them. I don't like fucking shoelaces. You can take those shoelaces from. right up your ass. You? And I'm not blading it and using it as a straw. You know what I use as a straw? A fucking straw. How about that? Yeah, that's what you do. You get some milk, you get some chocolate Twizzlers, you no. bite them in half there and fucking stick it in there. Yeah, yeah chocolate there's milk, not Twizzler enough. Time. First off, the chocolate Twizzler does diabetes. not taste like chocolate, and it, you don't it even get suck. a flavor. It's fucking nonsense. When are we going to have just for the hell of dead. it, just for the hell of it candy podcast? I told you, I wanted Apparently to do never, that. Because you still eat, you still eat like you know penny candy from the turn of the century hey. and like liquor. Black Peanut Peanut juice has, is his yeah. top candy. I have, uh, yes, I have you know, wax, wax bottles, uh, circus <laughs> peanuts, and those fucking dots on the paper. <laughs> what are those called? Buttons or whatever? Dots, I don't I don't dots yeah, I thought they were called dots. Yeah. But they're called um, buttons. Yeah, I don't know. Call them was... fake acid. Yeah. And then I, the uh, we used cigarettes to... Jim likes, too. I used to call those fuck you. I, you know what I do like, though, is the fun dip. I'm a big fun dip fan. And I would just eat the fun dip itself and then suck on that goddamn stick. And then when I actually got one, you remember when the, the remember when all of a sudden, see, Eric probably wouldn't even remember before it, but at one point they didn't have the ones with the two sticks, the big ass pack. Oh, they right, only yeah, had the sure. little. Boy, when I saw one with two sticks, whoo heaven. Heaven. That was my thing. That means that your finger wasn't going to get as sticky with uh, trying to get yeah. the last no. of that sugar Do out of Do you ever try to make a drink with the fun dip uh, stuff? No. No. It yeah. is not good. Not I a good drink. And then, and then I go to Twizzler. And then I yeah. drink it with it. I had a good childhood. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard about yours. It was fucking wonderful. Your yeah. dad, wait, was it candy cigarettes your dad went out to get, or were they regular cigarettes uh, when he left you? <laughs> Daddy! <laughs> All right. What's your good. goddamn last, you it's son of a good. bitch? 
Batman is top of the list, obviously. Back in the day, like if I, when I had this actual almost cutoff point with my freaking uh, pool list, I would always want to pick up a Justice League, a Batman, and then after Kyle Rayner was introduced, a Green Lantern book as well. Yeah. But Batman has got to be the top of the list because who doesn't love fucking Batman? Sure. That's, that's honestly my Reggie. whole argument right there. You go in, you're going to get a goddamn Batman book because no matter what's going on anywhere else, besides from maybe the Justice League, his is going to be the most important. Yeah, and if, if you're I not agree. reading Batman, just walk away from comics. You know, yeah, you exactly. Thinking. And yeah, if you want to go to your comic shop and talk to that fat asshole at our comic shop, he, the guy knows Batman. That's all he knows. He hates all DC, <laughs> but he he knows Batman. But yeah, everything yeah, goes to. I'm back getting Batman. I'm getting Spider Man. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> but now, like I was saying, moving on from that is the Wonder Woman series because, like I, we already said, you get more bang for your buck there. You get a freaking year one story. You get this freaking lie story, which is really starting to intrigue the shit out of me. I just found my subtitle. It was my first 9.5 of Rebirth, I think, overall for the yeah. last issue of Lies. And I'm like, yeah, I need to see what's coming next. Yeah. Well, I remember. I don't know what's going on. I, I did know. not know what's going on. I and we even said, though, we said right away, like, we hope that Greg Rucka is going to, you know, kind of grab everything that he did and, and explain it and kind of shed light on it. And all of a sudden, the light bulb went over your head. Went over a little air chase. Trevor was getting some panel play, and I'm like, this is badass. Yeah. Get that fucking you Superman know, Rucka, out of the picture. Rucka was tapped to write Wonder Woman for the new 52. Oh, yeah. And something mm-hmm. happened. He back. They basically stuck Azarello on, like, kind of almost last minute. So I, I think he's had this story going for a long time. Was that way back? Was that to do with the freaking sexual harassment that he wanted no parts of? Because that's the only way he came back then was because. That's what it was. That's what it was, actually. I think it was Eddie Berganza. That's exactly what it was. was I I don't know. A lot of it, too. See, this seems like almost a uh, response to him not getting that job initially, like saying, all right, all this stuff that we dealt with before that you may have liked. Might be lies, so we're, we're going to yeah. take this journey together. See what happens. Like I said, yeah. I thought I thought that it was a pretty good way of him doing it because we we've talked about it a bunch of times. Wonder Woman has for a major character, and really, Wonder Woman is in the top at least the top ten of all comic characters, if not the top oh, five. Yeah. And yet, of say. all those, she has probably one of the wonkiest fucking origins. Oh, it's, that, it's yeah. all over the place. You have things that are crazy. Hawkman. Things, yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's not in the, any top five. Hawkman <laughs> alone. Yeah, I mean, some others like you know, you have your Spider-Man that just has so many different varieties. But just as one character, it, she has such a crazy, and I like the way he's doing this, where he didn't tell us like he could. I said this when we talked about Rebirth. He could came out and said, "Listen, this is what's going to happen. This is my origin. Where you're going to go with my rules," and he's kind of. Mixing and matching in a way that I think he can because he's saying, like you said, this may or may not be what is true. And he can, I don't know, it's funny because he can just sit there and listen to, you know, responses and stuff and boom, he can go with what, what everybody wants. But I, I really enjoy it. I, I think it's really good. And at and, this point, there's nothing not to enjoy. And the one thing about the Wonder Woman that I really, really like as well is we have those two stories. And because they have two awesome artists on both, but they have such different styles, it really does seem like two books. It's not it's two like comics, one, yeah. yeah. It's not like one of these, you know, it's kind of hokey, like, oh, yeah, you say it's two, but no, it's two. But we're also already getting to see a little back and forth between the two. They that inform each that we'll other. See. It's really, yeah. really clever. Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, if if people aren't reading it and you only have twenty five dollars, just go buy every copy. Got buy freaking eighty copies of it with your twenty five dollars. Go mug somebody. That. <laughs> you know, don't you don't do have that. Ladies in your town. What's that? 
You don't have old ladies in your town? Just knock one down. Take yeah. a purse. It's probably got the cash in it. And then say, excuse me, excuse me, Mrs. That. Werner. That's what I do. I, I'm <laughs> supposed, you want me to go hit this, and I ended up uh, you know, rolling my wife. <laughs> Grab her wallet, knock her out. That'd be good. I'd have to wake her up first. Boom, boom. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to do that. No. But that, that's right. it for my uh, bi-weekly books. Okay, I so you only there. have two. Like, telling you, I wanted, I'm telling you, Superman has, I like the first two issues, but then it just kind of went off the rails for me for what we were dealing with, with the whole eradicator bit because of how mm-hmm. over the top the storytelling's been. And action comics, I was right away drawn to that because of the 90s feel of it. But we dealt with fucking Doomsday a little bit too long. And whatever Mr. Oz is doing right now, I don't give a shit until it gets really interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's a book I, I, I didn't even, I wasn't even on, on the first one. That would have been something yeah. I think I mentioned on the podcast a couple episodes ago that it would have been a book that I would have already have dropped if I was actually buying it and reading it. Yeah. But Along yeah, that, this, so this is the thing though. That's what's cool about this and, and about Rebirth as well, that there are a bunch of monthly books. And I know, I know what's coming up next for Eric. Well, say along those lines, though, like the, the Green Lanterns, though, I could not. I'm telling the, the biggest book I was looking forward to going into Rebirth was the Green Lanterns, but with the quality that's been doing, I cannot yeah. justify picking that up every goddamn every other week. Yeah. And how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps, like we stated for your pick, there's not enough happening. Yeah, and I that might, might come be back one to it later. I don't know. Yeah, I'm telling you, around November, December, the core gets fully back into the universe, and they're doing. Green Lantern core stuff that might yeah. change. Uh, if we right. when I think we have a November five month uh, or five week thing. Yeah, we and do. It wasn't in November, and if we yeah. do this again by then, I, I would love to uh, put the Green Lantern core, how Jordan the Green Lantern core on my list because I really do. Like we said, it's one of those that's so different. You get that cosmic bit going on, and that it just. Yeah, I can't right now, like you said. It's just I'm nothing saying, going on. I have on. seen how Jordan fight Yellow Lanterns for fucking years and years. I don't need to keep seeing it now without yeah. something interesting Legacy, happening. Legacy, Eric. Legacy. Legacy. But like, even going back to the Superman thing, it's like, I would love to pick up a Superman book and love it, but I have not had a good like uh, record with picking up Superman books since I was a child because, yeah. you know, he's overpowered, it's hard to write good stories, and a lot of times they just become nonsense. Yeah, that's why so, I hope, that's why I like, and I hope that they continue doing this whole thing with John becoming Superboy, and that it good. does put a little angle on it and makes it so that it's just not, like you said, it's not Superman throwing people into the sun every guy. And, <laughs> and, and a lot of other people are like, oh, pre-Flashpoint sure that's it's my Superman, but it's not mine. Yeah. My Superman, unfortunately, for all these people who yell and scream and say that everybody wants my Superman's the new Fifty Two Superman. And dead, Jim. But he was a dick too. So it was one of those. It's like, yeah, fuck you. He was Superman to me in the new Fifty Two was that friend that nobody liked. That, but he's still your friend because yeah. he always has been your friend. But every time you're like, oh, hey, oh, and. Not. It, yeah, and with my friends was always a guy who, uh, and it was his name was Jamie. Uh, fight, starts fights everywhere you go. So you'd say, "Oh, we're gonna go here." Oh, great, Jamie's coming. Well, let's get get on the boxing gloves. Freaking, <laughs> the guy, the guy would show up. He, I don't. He's the Superman, the new Fifty Two Superman. Jamie would show up and say we were going to, I don't even know, something stupid, an arcade. He would say, "Here, I got these. Hand me brass knuckles." Or his other thing was, I don't think you know, we, we're, we know what we're doing here, Jamie. Yeah, or we're going out somewhere. And his other big thing that he's like, hey, I learned this. And he had rolls of quarters. You put the rolls of quarters in your we fucking hands. We're doing laundry, hands. Jamie? Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? We go to arcade. You see me fucking using the quarters? He's like, no, this is to beat up whatever fucking minority I see because I'm a piece of crap. 
That's what he did. <laughs> he was. That's I'm what he would do. Better friends. He's such a jerk. No, and <laughs> it was because. No, I'm telling you, this was not even a friend, quote unquote, friend. It was just a guy who we were friends with since we were five. So we've been friends with this guy for 12 years, and you yeah. seem obligated. So fucking this guy's always calling. Oh God, where is this going? What's anyway, your what's your dude, butt, uh, diver- to diverge off of Jim on a second? I'm saying the next pick I have is Red Hood for my first monthly pick. Mm-hmm. Because I have always, like, actually, it's not even true. I have not always loved Jason Todd. It took the New 52 Red Hood and the Outlaws title to get me on the Jason Todd trolley, especially because the New 52 kind of killed Tim Drake, his character at least. Yeah. And I really found myself enjoying Yeah, there was a lot of stinkers along the way, but when the freaking stories really hit, they hit hard. And I can't wait to see what we're doing with the New Outlaws title. Fucking Artemis and Bizarro, get the hell out of here. I'm yeah, on board sounds with just, that. That's, that's like the same with me. That's my fun title. Hopefully exactly. it maintains that. And so that. far, it has been fun, and it has looked yeah. amazing. Yeah, I really like it. So my next monthly pick, now I get to diverge from Jim's list a bit. Yeah, here Where we I go. go to the Titans. Titans. Titans, Ooh. my first. A second monthly book because yeah. right now I've talked. I think I talked about this last time we talked about Titans on the podcast. But right now it seems like this has the power to get people to buy it because it feels important. But for yeah. all the shit that we dealt with, Wally West coming out of Rebirth, we have him in here. We have all these great characters joining together and maybe getting some answers. Who knows at this point? Right now they're fighting Abracadabra, but it might go somewhere. We might. No, that sounds it. important. It might not. It, I, I, I'm going to reach be. out and grab you. To me, yeah. to me, Titans, uh, it, again, it's one of those not enough has happened for me. That's that's why it didn't make my list. But, yeah, I'm, I know I'm you saying, loved it. You've loved I'm it saying, since though, the I first I'm not the picking the just. I'm not picking the Justice League book because that's been no. nonsense. But here I get a Justice League like light kind of book going that's on where true. I get yeah, yeah, just get a team I, going, right? Exactly. I love team books and I love younger characters. Yeah, these guys aren't tight, uh, teen Titans, but they're still in their early 20s in my mind, and I love that aspect of it. Yep. What's next? Next we have Blue and Beetle. This would be your last one, right? You, th- no. This would be really that that matches up. Yeah. I don't know the the. So freaking... you have two monthlies. I have two monthlies and two biweeklies. All right. Let's do the math. Okay. Well, that's ahead, what I mean. So this this next one is the last one. The Blue Beetle. No, you I still said get blue... one more. Oh, you do get one more. Okay. The math seems monthly. wonky to me then. <laughs> I did. I don't have a calculator, and I'm terrible at math. Okay, so Blue, Be- Blue Beetle? Blue Beetle, yes. The oh, first my goodness gracious. as strong as I would have liked it to be, but I like the character a lot. I'm telling you, like I said about the Titans, I love young characters, and I really like the new 52 Blue Beetle series. I want to see this one shine, and hopefully it does. But if it doesn't, going in you know, three or four issues, I can drop this and pick up another book possibly. Yeah. I, uh, that's the only reason that I'd grab Blue Beetle is if I had some extra money and I knew it, I, that book is. I hope that the first issue is good. So uh, do I. But, that's I'm telling you. I'm picking it up right now out of hope because of how much yeah, I like the character. Yeah, I just oh my god, it it just for something that we said had to hit a, a fucking you know home run and up to the plate home run as you say. Right, right. It certainly did not. Uh, what's your last one then, Reggie? You check that math. Is that math I solid? It, it's it works out. It works out. How much money does he have left, though? He has uh, $4.07. Really? That Okay, yeah. so he yeah. has four, going in now, he has $4. Okay. 
So what's right the now. last one then? Oh, last right now. I don't know if you're going to call it shenanigans, but I'm yeah, voting out for Teen Titans. No, you can't put that. We said that beforehand. I'm <laughs> that holding out for Teen Titans. Or is that a no, monthly? I believe it's oh. a monthly as far as we're going into this right now. That's I believe like it's me monthly. putting Super Sons on my list. Okay, right now then, if I'm not doing that, I'm putting – I am I got Supergirl because I want a super character. And like okay. I said, I like the younger – like I love Superboy and Supergirl more than I love Superman. So I would put that on there like the Blue Beetle, not a strong rebirth in my my mind but i have high hopes especially with the high school angle they're pulling i want to yeah. see this book shine as well so if i can't use teen titans i'll be getting supergirl until teen titans comes out then i'll be dropping that to pick up teen titans yes i'm, I'm actually trying to see when actual teen titans rebirth comes out i think it's in um, two weeks no i mean the actual series because All that right. might not even be till the end of september and you're putting it on you thinking but yeah i'm, I'm really looking forward to that book yeah, I, I, I know I you've been saying it all the time. That's because I review Teen Titans now. And, you know, there's some other ones that there's Cyborg comes out this week, we had already said, but uh, also uh, Batman Beyond uh, Rebirth comes out and, and whatnot. But, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm Of course, I'm looking now and can't find it. But, eh, and I know. And the Trinity book comes out pretty soon, too. So yeah, I that comes out drop, soon. I, I just Blue Beetle at that point to pick up Trinity. Yeah, I, I don't know enough about it. Uh, Teen Titans, say. the new the new series is uh, uh, monthly. Okay, uh, but so, the, yeah. and, and it does it does come out in September, and then the probably comes the next out the one, very end of September nine twenty eight. So the next one will be in October. You're picking a crazy yep. book, but I know you. Eric's been yelling about the Teen Titans. I know that uh, Ben Percy's writing it, so we were kind of uh, a little sketchy on, fence, on that yeah. a bit, but we'll see. But that's your whole thing, and then you have a. a some money for candy. You got some candy. I got money some money for end. some penny candy or a yep. soda pop. A soda pop. I don't have enough money for soda pop. That's why I'm saving up for the for the trade. Not with yeah. prices the way they are these days, right. guys. What <laughs> is your What is your pull list, Reggie? Well, when you gave me this task to do the pull list, uh, the first thing I thought in my mind was this first book, and then when I did my initial list, I'd forgotten it, but I put it back, and it's the six pack and dog welder hard travel and heroes six issue mini. Uh, I know it's just been one issue so far, but I loved it a lot. In it is three ninety nine. Yeah, that, that, that throws, a, right there. throws a wrench in your in the mix there. I know. Right out the gate, I am like Rockefeller around here, just spending on a big, big yeah. comic. But three ninety nine on one I book. Don't know. But, My math's so bad. I I think that that book is twenty five dollars somehow, and I we're done. Right. And that's it. I, <laughs> I have I the worst I, math. One no, but I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I really think that if I if I was you know, limited, I would definitely, this would be uh, one I would definitely pull every month. Yeah, for at least uh, then six months, right? That, yeah. Yeah, it's well, just yeah. six months. And then, it uh, is funny, that, too, because a lot of people, when they listen, if this is the first time, that it shouldn't shock a lot of people that you, you've loved this book, but you also always love these quirky side books. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm me and Eric are weirdo. like, you have to pick Batman number one. You're, yeah, six-pack <laughs> of the hard-traveling heroes. And I'm a, yeah, but I, well, I really liked it, too. But the three ninety nine is what threw me off anyway. And plus, just, again, it's a six-issue deal, and it just, maybe I'll get around to it later. Yeah, but then you never do, Jim. And then I you're sorry. You didn't that see Bueno Excelantes Excelantes. Believe me, I, I, I could just imagine Wait, no. him in his goddamn fucking trench coat chuckling Wait, and no. then six pack throwing <laughs> up on himself. Now, I really yeah, liked see? it. That first issue was great. Now you want to change your list. Now you're like, oh, damn it. Now, there, there's a lot of, I mean, I don't even have a list of the books, but me and Eric even said, too, before you go on, 
Like we love that Suicide Squad book, and and love I know it, that yeah. people got mad about Jim Lee only doing half, but again, maybe that's giving you more bang for your buck in the long run as well. But we really liked it, but because we only have a limited amount. But if I had to pick my team book, like Eric picked the Titans, it probably would have been Suicide Squad. But yeah, I, 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 I it was like, on, it was on my list at a, a time, and I had to you know when I was juggling things that. around for other books, I had to change it. So I had to change as. You guys did also have to change some things around. Yeah. But Time to get a second You'll be glad to right know here. my second book is uh, Batman. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I mean, it's uh, just know. that's the that's the big book. That's almost. Would you like to go with Batman Beyond? Uh, Batman Beyond, <laughs> would you? Earth Two Society. That's another thing. We mentioned it earlier where because of this, this would have meant that Eric pretty much he's the only one I think that has remaining uh, now you do reggie you have like a harley gang of harleys and stuff like that but eric you have yeah. uh, earth 2 you have dr fate Batman you have some continuing things that you're just gonna have to walk away from uh because I'm okay of this walking away from dr fate yeah you, you don't want to see what's happening point, with though. khalid no, yeah i'm good i hear um next issue he buys a new hoodie that, oh, yeah? That's the big thing, yeah. yeah he buys a new hoodie, kind of learns some of his powers, and then goes around and flies around and, and gets threatened by some ancient Egyptian gods. That's what I think happens. And it I rains. I don't need it. Yeah, yeah, I know. But Earth 2, you've invested a lot of time until. Oh, so much, God. Every I fucking mean, issue. so much. Yeah. yeah. It, I think it's you're crazy. the only one in America still reading it. Uh, it might I be. Don't, I don't I know. I don't know. It's, it could get good again once Rebirth hits. It, well, they and, not even announced the Rebirth like launch no. yet. And that's yeah, one of the annuals that came out this week was the uh, Earth 2 Society annual, and it made me laugh because Eric uh, sent me a message. There's a reviewer out there, and actually I read a lot of these reviews, and it seems like this is their first issue they ever read because there's not <laughs> much coming out, so they grabbed it. They, it's like me with this bombshell. So like, hey, I'll give this a try. And the one guy, yeah, this is a great start to a series. I'm like, start to a series. Eric has been reading the this iteration of this goddamn book for five years now, and it's just yeah. getting angry. Ay, ay, ay. But what's your next book? My next book is The Hellblazer, which yep. would be two times a month at uh, $3. Yep. Is that twice a week? I mean, twice a month? It is. Oh, is man, it? I only thought that was a monthly. Oh, I thought uh, it was thought a monthly, was. too. Am I wrong? Uh, wow, that I means, don't that means know. I have a whole other three bucks <laughs> I messed up. Man. Oh, my goodness. Research. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I thought, thought I, that I it... I'll look. Let's see. You keep talking. Talk about the Hellblaze. You tell That's us about right. that Hellblaze. Well, uh, one of these uh, bi-weeklies coming out, I have a hard time remembering what is what. I know. because I, I do, too. I get so invested in the story that I'm, all right, then two more well, weeks, and then something gets shifted, or that, or it is a monthly, and I just have not realized well, it because we're still relatively new in the rebirth. The, the weird thing about myself isn't even just there's an added thing where because, like, a Batgirl, I hear Batgirl, to me that screams bi-monthly for say, you know, that me seems too. like it's supposed yeah. to be an important yeah. book, and then you're like, oh, it's only monthly, and things like that. And, like, a Hellblazer seems to me like it should be monthly, and I'm looking right now. Like, with you Nightly have, being bi-weekly, that means that Batgirl will be bi-weekly as well. It's monthly, Reggie. It's it once monthly. a month. All right, yep. that's all right. I have another book I can jam all in there right. that I actually took See? off before, it, so that's... Look at this! I'm I'm gaining books on and this really, one. And so. really, if there were more monthlies, you'd really kick ass. If you really yeah. liked the monthlies, uh, though, you would guess that the monthlies wouldn't be as important as the bi-monthlies. But like I said, they have Batgirl. is a it's a big character. It's a big book. Yeah, but um, I mean, you know, like as you guys pointed out, yeah, they, they may be important, but there's nothing in the Green Lanterns we want to look at. There's nothing no, really. That's what know, I'm I, saying. I had the yeah. Same feeling as Eric putting this together. I was like, well, I gotta have a Superman. Mm -hmm. You know, and I really looked at it. I was like, I don't really want 
either of them. You know what I, I mean? I, I like I, Superman. I don't really hate them. I like it. I do like. Uh, no. I like the main Superman. I decided that if I was going to have one, if I had to have one, it would be uh, the regular Superman title. But if I only have twenty five bucks, I really yeah. don't, I don't like either of them enough. Uh, you know, yeah. more than exactly. other books. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's uh, it, it does make me feel weird though because I, I do want to get a Superman, but I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I would walk away from it. But and for I would some reason, get... I say for What's some it? reason going into this list too, I really thought about like if I'm getting some of these books, I'm going to want to be able to try out new books later on. So I want something that I like enough, but don't feel bad about dropping as well. Yeah, like well, that's, that's just me. I'm crazy. That's why you pick Titans. No, that's why I pick Blue Beetle. <laughs> You actually added you know, what Supergirl on your list? Holy moly! I mean, I mean, you know, the six pack and Dog Welder. You pick another mini. You know, that's definitely yeah. going to run out. You, you got another opening slot, so that's well, always a and good it'll idea. end around the time. Then you can grab uh, Apollo and Midnighter. You'll yes. be right in. There you go. Or Raven. Well, you know, we'll <laughs> check back with me in uh, November. Yeah. We'll see okay. where I put that. Actually, you uh, want to throw you want to throw a real wrench into your shit, Reggie. If, if Eric's going to go ahead with his Teen Titans, what happens to your list when the Young Animal stuff comes out and there's Doom Patrol? Yeah, your oh, whole list, your list gets obliterated. It, it's done. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it gets it, it's it's wrecked. Uh, yeah, you know, it gets destroyed. Truthfully speaking, truthfully speaking, I probably wouldn't get. Uh, all four of them, but I definitely would get, you know, Doom Patrol and yeah. probably another one. And those books, I think, are four bucks, right? Oh, yeah, Jesus. I think they are. They you, are. They are up. Are you so. looking forward to uh, Shade the Changing Girl? I am. Yeah. Because that's the one me and Eric are both like, boy, that seems pretty goddamn cool. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, one. yeah Shade we, the we Changing wanna... Man in, in Vertigo, at least the original one, like the one from the '90s, was awesome as hell. Yeah. It was so I was good. I was upset as hell when Shade the Changing Man was in the first six issues of JLD and then was gone. Yeah, and, and left. then I'm like, was God gone. Damn it! Yeah, yeah, they didn't use him too. It was like they never knew what to do with him. He they was, used him in that first cool issue. Hell, yeah. All right, but uh, what's your next book? My next one. Did I say New Superman already? Is that no, how I say that? You anyway. didn't. So New Superman would be another one. That would so be that the closest the, I come to. Crazy Superman. that that made me two of the three lists because yeah. I that, like it. So that is I your really Superman like book then. I know that would be my. my yeah, my that's your Superman, Superman book. That's crazy. And actually, uh, you want to go with Eric Shea, little Eric Shea there. You are getting a Justice League there. It mm -hmm. might be the, the yeah, Chinese true. Justice League, but you are getting the Justice League, and maybe that'll be fun. But yeah, you little Eric Shea would never go for that. No, Asians. little Eric Shea. Yeah, you'd be like, what? You know, no, no back then, little Eric Shea called them Orientals, and then offended everyone. <laughs> <laughs> offended Orientals. every single person. Thankfully, I've grown as a person over these years. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. You've grown into a uh. piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, really, you same with me, Reggie. That you know, I with me, I said that's one that might be on the you know teetering. Uh, but I've really Absolutely. liked it so far. I thought We've it was a lot of fun. Two issues of it, and you know, it, it, Eric said this also. You know, we're really early in a lot of these books, so yeah. a lot of this has to do with the potential. What I think these books could do, especially the last one I'm going to mention, but that isn't the next one I'm going to mention, which is Wonder mm -hmm. Woman. Which uh, you yeah. know, yeah, uh, I would. I to be honest, I would say if someone were to ask me what's the book I should read from DC yeah. right now, I would say Wonder Woman. Yeah. Definitely. You no, know, I would say jump in on that one. I think it's more, you know, universally, you know, something people can enjoy. I probably like Batman better, but it is sort of more specific, you know, and you really got to yeah. be in the in the zeitgeist of the of of Batman. So and last I heard, freaking Eric Shea over at Weird Science gave the last issue a nine point five out of ten. Nine five. Yeah. I don't know. I was, the last I heard, uh, Jim Warner over at Weird Science gave the last Batman a ten, Eric. Ah, ten well, out of ten. I win. Well. 
I Last win. Last I heard, Reggie okay. at Weird Science gave Sugar and Spike a 2 out of 10. Oh. I did hear that. <laughs> and I also, actually, you know what? I heard that Reggie over at Weird Science gave the six-pack dog welder uh, Hard Traveling Heroes a 9-5. So, boy, things are going good. I heard I love Rebirth. Yes, but, uh, I, I do, too. I, I've been enjoying the hell out of it for the most part, but, you know, there are some books that are suffering. You know? Well, here's and the I thing. Have, but that's why I think that while we're doing this now, like you said, it is early for some of these books. Some of these books, and this is my whole argument about everything coming out at once or not, you know, the, the way they're trickling them out. Uh, but there are some, like Eric just called the Green Lanterns. I, I've almost seen enough. I, you know what I'm missing? I don't really need yeah. I think I have a, a large enough sample size to say at this moment I, I wouldn't take it. And yeah. I, we've had yeah, people have, who talk to us. four issues of, of, yeah. of Leonard Core, right? And four or five of uh, yeah. Green, Green Lanterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are people who we talk to that are huge Green Lantern fans. When, when somebody on Twitter has a Green Lantern symbol as their thing and then they're like, I really don't like this book. It's tough because usually yeah, people yeah. try to convince themselves that they like it, and it's just not. Green Lantern's my favorite superhero, and I don't want to read about him anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's odd, well, but yeah. Go on, Reggie. We keep interrupting you. My last <laughs> book uh, is really uh, it's what I'm very into, but I also I know it'll make Jim mad, so that's, that's nice. a double plus, and that's Superwoman. Yeah, uh, that's uh, my, it's okay. You mean Superwomen? Ooh, what? no, Superwoman, because one's dead. Oh, yeah, I, again, yes. that that is another one that you have to be going with potential, and and you Absolutely. know you're intrigued yeah. with the deal. I just, to me, it was just too much thrown at me. I, I mean, as well, what was the things you didn't like? A lot of the things that I did like. Yeah. So yeah. It, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a taste kind of thing, but you're definitely right that I'm looking at it as potential because we yeah. haven't really seen shit yet, except for no. the you know. And it's weird too because who are the superwomen? The new 52 Lana, I love. I, I loved her in Action Comics. Yeah, great. And so that's with her going, continuing on in that book. Uh, that might be what hooks me in eventually. Because, yeah, we're talking about, about this. That, I was thinking then? about this title before I went to bed last night, and I actually got mad all over again about Lana being forced to be a reporter in the series. I was like, I'm just lying there. Like, Iris West is a reporter. Freaking Linda Parks is a reporter. Linda Lois Park. Lane is a reporter. Now freaking Lana Lang is a reporter. I'm like, what the fuck Lana? is going on? Lana, it upsets me. Yeah, and it upsets me because uh, Lana used to have to tell you three times an issue of her as she was an engineer. <laughs> and now she just keeps she's telling you. Now she's just going to keep saying she's also an engineer. She's both things. She gentlemen. mentioned it again. She did mention yeah, it in the Superwoman. <laughs> uh, but boy, and that uh, when Greg Pak jumped on to Action Comics, uh, he really used her a lot. And yeah, that was awesome. every issue, like she's issues. flying. The one point she's flying the spaceship with fucking uh, steel, yelling yeah, that she's that an engineer. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I really liked her, though. At one point, she was dressed like Laura Croft. Yeah. I thought it was cool, too. I liked it. Yeah. I hope that's still going on, too. Yeah, it's weird. You don't see anything of that now. And that would be really cool well, if he shows up. because we they were. Once, you know. Yeah, it seems like they were dating, though. And then when they went back, when Lois went back to see her at Clark's house when she was selling the, the farm, uh, there was no steel there. I think something no. happened. Something I, happened. Want a, I want a red Superwoman, and I want a steel all in together in the same book. I think that sounds fun. Yes. I was trying to think of something like once you go steal, you can, and I couldn't think of anything. You, never, <laughs> you know it's you never for real. Reveal. Yeah, that's, that's you okay. You know once you go real. steal, you know it's for real. Okay. So anyway. Once you go steal, that's the whole deal. Yeah. Once you go steal, you, your area hurts so much that you can't have sex anymore. How about that one? 
Wow, hello. Hello? <laughs> Anybody there? <laughs> to go steal? To um, be real. To, to be real. All right. But uh, anyway, real just man. to let you know that altogether I get the least candy out of you guys because my whole list costs $24.92. Really? So you really, boy, you nitpick. I, I just grab books. I'm telling you, I'm head. just like, okay, I do this, this. Like I said, I'm not very good with math, so I'm like, okay, I could pick four four bi-monthlies, and if I take away one of those, I can pick two extra books. That's all I did. came up with it really quick. I got so I'll tell you, for mine. What, yeah, when I, I think mine came to 23.92. That's what mine came to. Yeah, you guys so get an extra I, um, dollar. Yeah, I, um, when I did my list, I actually completely forgot about New or uh, New Superman. It, it dawned on me today. I was like, oh, yeah, that, I like that. That's fun. Well, originally, I had two chapters of Wonder Woman 77. Yeah, you here. did. And then as, I reminded a, you of six-pack. Because right, when me and Eric came up with this, yep, when me and Eric came up with it, we said right away, I said, he's going to pick Hellblazer and fucking the six-pack. Oh, yeah, and, those are Reggie yeah. books. Yeah, those are Reggie yep. books. And then I did say right away when those fucking, when Doom Patrol and that stuff, Young Animal stuff comes out, he's right on it. But Yeah. But, yeah, that'll be it. There's, there's books. Of, nobody mentioned Justice League. No. <laughs> now, again, y- you all of a sudden announce, you know, Mark Wade on Justice League or freaking uh, Hickman or some crazy ass whatever. That might all change. We might all have that on the Absolutely. list immediately because it's just and right actually, now you know it's a mess. Come to think of it, we could have put JLA on because that comes out so infrequently. I was going to oh, say, yeah. it's, it's only like a couple of pennies a month. Yeah, you really would have had to figure it out. JLA came out of retirement, I don't have enough money to buy it. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> you, you're so upset. Actually, can you include the money that you would have had five months ago in that that came out now? Because <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm getting extra books. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> That is uh, the spotlight, right? That is it. That is it. it. So you mentioned it again. No, I'm, I did a little pause. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut uh, that I'm out. Sorry. But I do want to tell people what we are going to talk about fully on the podcast. Now, we usually have an eight-hour podcast. I really do think we're going to be pushing the limits of of maybe five, six hours. I think the last time we had an annual week like this, me and Eric had like a five and a half hour podcast but we're also we're going to have what are you guys talking about on the cosmic treadmill this week right oh well we're talking about prez number one from 1973 a jim Warner suggested yeah selection yeah yes so right there we have that but also here are the books the the books we're going to talk about listen to these classics earth two society annual number one all right (laughs) gotham academy annual number one Right, that's Reggie's. Me and Reggie will be yes. talking about that. Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys, number five. That, that'll be fun. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. Justice League sure. of America, number nine. I, I guess I'm supposed to fake the funk and claim, like, Justice League of America, number nine. Holy moly, oh, I've been right. waiting for oh. months for this. It's like uh, oh, the God, best. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. people oh, yeah. People were already talking on Twitter. Uh, the people who were mentioning on Twitter about uh, the podcast in that book are right on board with my problem is it's going to take me an hour to remember what the fuck happened in number eight. <laughs> so really, this podcast may be me sitting here reading number eight to everyone so they're caught up. It's funny, too. I said to Eric that when we really, really thought this was not going to come out. Like, it yeah. was on the, we saw the solicits, we, we saw We were joking the, about it two weeks liar. ago. Yeah. I and was like, oh, it, JLA, you. <laughs> yep. And me and Eric then, it got down to the nitty gritty where we really wanted to know. So I, I got a hold of DC, and I'm like, hey, is this really coming out? 
Yeah, 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 it's coming out. So then we started talking about it. I say to Why? him, and I go there. Yeah, you know what? They should have a, a a recap page on in that book. They should. And Eric, for some reason, thought I meant in his review. And he's like, they always do. I always do. I'm like, what? No, a recap page. They don't have that. And yeah, yeah. I almost got in a fist fight. It seemed. But no, I, I actually I do it all the time. Yeah, he started saying that. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I don't even care if this was a printed insert that they just a little flyer, put it in there and say, this is what happened in these <laughs> issues. Here you go, because it's so, not only so here's, the, here's the best part. We, the we laugh about this, and Eric didn't mention it. This issue was delayed five months. The one before that was, I think, three-month delay. Something so like you that. have eight, two issues in eight months. And who the hell remembers well, shit like also, that? I was I was going through it today, just looking back at the other issues to see what happened, because uh, I actually thought we were talking about this for the spotlight tonight. But um, remember, no, issue number five was that Martian Manhunter one-shot. Yeah, didn't so have that didn't even... Story for that oh, book. Right, right, I forgot all about that. that. Yeah, that didn't even matter because it was delayed and they couldn't... Oh, my God. It's such a disaster. So rails, Why are they... And and yet we're gonna see it'll probably sell eighty thousand. Oh yeah, uh, it'll drive huge. me nuts. If it does, I'm jumping off a fucking bridge. I I promise you. Find we're also gonna one. talk. We're gonna talk about what I believe is probably the biggest book of the week is uh, Suicide Squad. No, Suicide Squad War Crime Special Number One. Uh, John Ostrander back on board for this uh, special. Did you read that yet, Reggie? I haven't read that yet, but I will get to it probably okay. tomorrow. I liked it. I, 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 I haven't read JLA either, and I will get to it. Yeah, that's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That That is all the books we're going to be talking about. And it's going to be a little disjointed podcast uh, when when it comes out on Sunday because part of it's going to be me and Eric, part of it's going to be me and Reggie, and I can't wait for the mail. A lot of mail, Reggie. It's, it's all in support of you. I really can't wait. I might even uh, call in the rent and rave line to yell at you so that people can yell at me. Also, I, I will tell you, it, they're mad at Dancing Mike because he badmouthed you, but the worst is that when people heard Dancing Mike say, I'll be on the podcast with you to talk about Scott Snyder, that's when people flipped out because, number one, I think they thought he meant that, you know, that's Eric's chair. You don't yeah. get in Eric's chair. <laughs> and it really, it was like, it was going to be, I think he said, because I already had said it would be me and you, Reggie. So I think he's like, it could be me, you, Reggie, and me. And people are like, you fucking son of a bitch. You should hear these emails. <laughs> people, Mike, if you're listening, people are after you. They're on to you. And they, yeah, they really think they really think because it also goes hand in hand with him bad-mouthing Eric and all the songs. So now they think this is his ploy. As all along, he's been trying to get Eric the fuck out, and he wants to sit in. So That's everybody's yeah. ploy. He's the heel. He's the wrestling heel of the show. Yeah. He is, yes, yes. And, and Eric yeah, is the uh, – he is Ed McMahon. In the show, hey you know, hey yo, he's yeah. freaking uh, Andy Richter. We like Andy. I though. go with Andy Richter. Yeah, I like Andy. And I could be the band leader. Who's that? What was that guy on that show? Doc Severinsen. Uh, Doc Severinsen. Doc there you go. Severinsen. That's me. Now that yes, was uh, the yeah. Mark. Uh, God damn it! Now I can't remember. I, the freaking no, so, something seven. No, you're you're no. It's Doc Severinsen. He's an Doc old Severinsen. guy. Yeah, yeah, that was him. The Max uh, Weinhold seven. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's you're. We're talking about Johnny Carson. We're talking about I thought way, you wanted Andy Richter then. I'm sorry. No, no. You, you're off. You're not in tune. See, you're not going to be I mean, really, out of tune. Really, if I'm going to be any of them, I want to be Paul Schaefer. But Paul Schaefer is the best. And what is Paul Schaefer's uh, go-to move? Do you know his go-to like, move? He points. Look look That's all he does. Yeah. No, he points at people. Point. That's all he ever it's did. Cool I thought he laughed. No, he points. He's Canadian. 
Yes, he is. He's Canadian, all right, eh? Hey. But yeah, that's it. That's the uh, that's the spotlight. I that's what we're talking about. Enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about all these books this week, and hopefully, you didn't mind us ranting and raving and rambling on about these rebirth titles. But in general, I have really, I have really enjoyed rebirth. I'm glad that uh, you know we're involved, and I'm glad that you're here, Reggie. I just want to tell you that. Oh, shucks. 